popcorn down and put your listening shoes on because you're going out with us tonight. We're going to paint the town red with DC Comics. I don't know if that made any sense. We'll just go with it. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're about to dive in headfirst into the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. And this is episode number 144. 144. Six more. Six more. Hello and welcome one and all to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of October 7th. 2017 eric we finally made it october 7th Woo-wee. all right i love that october 7th we're proud members of the comics podcast network the weeby geeks network the batman podcast network and the tangent bound podcast network if you want to wow. find us we are all over we have our stamp our little grubby fingers in everything eric including the cookie jar everywhere oh my goodness luckily they had our digital footprint so that they can have flash get us arrested eric uh, we got rid of Christ. all the physical evidence though but it's we are on facebook at weird science dc comics we're on podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com we are on the twitters at weird science dc we have an award-winning website that we mentioned already which is weird science dc comics.com and we're on itunes at weird science dc comics podcast and if you want to go there and rate and review us we would really Please appreciate do. that we also have an email weird science dc comics at gmail And if you do want to email us, you will be included in the podcast. The star is you, is what I like to say. We put the spotlight on you for the night, and we read everything that we get. So if you hate us, you can can let us know. We don't mind. Uh, I get upset off the air. And may yell and scream to you about it, Eric, but I don't let that seep through into the podcast. But we also have – I know I am. We also have a Patreon account, which we would appreciate if you like listening to our podcast and want to support us for all the hard work that we do or pretend to do. You can go over to Patreon at patreon.com slash weirdscience and go there and check out all the different things we do. We have a weekly spotlight that is Patreon only, usually always one at least but sometimes yeah. two. But we have other shows as well that you can check out. Now, this is part of the Patreon. If you are a badass, which is the top subscription level, support level, I don't know what you would call it, you get to vote on the book or books that, and basically everything that we do pretty on much, Patreon, yeah. you, you pretty much get a lives. vote. So you actually, th- those badasses do get to pick what the Patreon-only spotlight is. And this week, the big spotlight pick was Batman the White Knight number one. But because they also, the badasses also had a lot of votes for the second place book, we figured we'd put that on as well. And it's something that you really didn't want to talk about. So me and Reggie got together and we have two Patreon-only spotlights this week. And the second one is Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica, number one. Now what I have done occasionally is play clips, kind of commercials for what we did. And this is a little snippet of the Patreon only uh, spotlight the review of Batman the White Knight by Sean Murphy which shows that Eric Shea was not as fond of the book as I was and here's a little clip we talked about it last time in Nightwing New Order number two where yes. we were really into the story and we're thinking to ourselves maybe it's these you know Elseworld stories I that we need right is. now we're not bogged down with continuity things making sense because they are setting up the world from the ground floor up and we just have to see what they give us in the long run and I agree with that but going into this, you know, I re- like, you know, I read this after we just talked, like, you know, dealing with Batman number thirty-two all goddamn week and people talking about that. And then I read this for this podcast, 
Now I'm seeing a lot of goddamn stuff that reminds me of Tom King's War of Joe Yeah, it, this it doesn't remind me as much, only because I do like the concept of you know, and you're gonna we're gonna get into it. This is a very Lego Batman esque story. And there it is, Eric. So if you want to see if Eric changes his mind, if I can convince him to like it a little more, but we did have that you know thing where we did say that it was a lot like the Lego Batman story. So if you want to hear all that, you can go over to Patreon and listen to that. But we also had that bonus, which was me and Reggie talking about Harley and Ivy meets Betty and Veronica, number one. And the clip here is going to be a surprise to you, Eric. It's going to be a reveal. This is not necessarily about the book itself afterwards shit this entire time afterwards me and reggie started talking about something and i don't want to talk too much about it on the air tonight because it was part of this ending of our patreon only deal but this will make you laugh and it's gonna make it's it's really gonna make you laugh but here it is afterwards me and reggie were kind of bullshitting about stuff and this came up so we were in the you know the video game section eric like walked by and oh jesus christ and then i was gonna have ethan go up because he had the shirt on and eric has seen rafe a lot he's probably only seen ethan once so i was gonna have him go and if if you saw him with his glasses off and yeah well yeah and that because eric shea is not wearing his glasses at the walmart you know out and and about but also the last time he saw ethan was probably a year and a half ago ethan's grown probably a foot since then so i was gonna have him go up but ethan was just giggling too much but i was gonna have him go up hey oh my god you're eric shea america's sweetheart and i wanted to see and i was gonna film it i was gonna sit there with my phone and film it from the background to see what what he would do Uh, but then i said he'd be like how the fuck there's there's no shirts out and about so how the fuck but yeah that is that, Eric. I, <laughs> it is the reveal. Like I said, don't want to go too much into it. Do you know what that would be? What that I just was talking about. That would have been last night. Going to Walmart. Eric, yes. that would have been last night when you walked by and almost ran me over at the Walmart. You had a toy of some sort, looked like Legos to me, under it was one a, arm. It was a Transformers Megatron. Jeff. There you go. Under one arm, you almost fucking stampeded over me. And I just looked up. I'm like, the fuck? And you walk by. You walk by, and I'll tell you. Just think of you going by the video game part of the Walmart last night. You had that thing under your arm. You went, and then you took a right, right into the movie section. And we're there. And then I was like, we were gonna say something. And then I was like, ah, just talk to him. So when you were telling me before we recorded that you got those pizzas, and I said, yeah, I got, I got some too. We got it at the same time. Then we went around, and we were like, oh, and we were gonna. I had Ethan was wearing the weird science dc comics podcast shirt and i was i said you should go up to him and just go oh my god you're eric shea america's sweetheart and i'm like ah it's gonna freak him out and then i'm looking and you're you're fucking trying to look at these goddamn movies i said it was like you were making out with him you got to get so close then i got mad when he's gonna yell at you you got the stick the fuck are you looking up movies for i, I was just looking up. to see if they had the code of chucky dvd out okay. and where it was and what it looked like honestly yeah, yeah we saw you and that then we went by and then we were like we were gonna talk to you and then we're like ah we're gonna get going and you didn't want that nonsense with with us plus then i saw jess was out and about a little further down it looked like she might have been heading your way and i'm like yeah i don't need jess yelling at me at the walmart so i was gonna the, say because i thought you were going to walmart too oh no, we did said, i'm like oh i guess i missed him because no, honestly no. I, I don't even you almost ran I, me like, over. I would have ran you over no, or anything so like that. It was so funny. Like, 
I just imagine it's because I have tunnel vision when I'm at Walmart. I, like it's Plus all about getting see. the job done and out as soon as you can. Yeah, and you can't see. And yeah. you didn't have your glasses on because Eric ah, Shea is not going out and about. He is not going out and about with his glasses on. And you almost stampeded me. And this was, again, this was last night uh, at around 11.30. Probably around 11.30 yeah. it was. And, yeah, we were there at the same time. Then I'm going. Now I get into the whole deal where it, now I saw you. Rafe was convinced you saw us. And you didn't want any parts. I'm like, you that's thought fine. I was just snubbing you? Yeah, you snubbed me. So I'm like, that <laughs> motherfucker. No, then we're going and i'm like okay eric's gonna be coming up with jess and you know he doesn't want jess to get involved and stuff like that and then we have the weird so i'm like hurry up kids let's get the fuck out of here then we go out and i see what down the deal i see jess's car we were gonna leave a nasty note and kind of fuck with you but i, I couldn't find paper but that was the story i was in walmart at the same time you were and to just show everybody how awkward both of us are you almost ran me over and then i avoided you and ran <laughs> <laughs> I said, and the thing I, is, too, if I would have almost run you over, I think I would have apologized or something like that. No, it's like because that. I don't even think you ever saw me. And don't say anything about me being a small fella. Uh, I was coming out from where, right where they sad. have the video game console set up. I was at yeah, that yeah. very far one with where all the games are. And as I came out, you were walking and you were just, you had your head forward and you were just going. And I and almost ran right into you. And I looked up to the point where I was going to be like, Jesus Christ, what's up with this guy? And then I see and I stop and I'm like, here's Eric. <laughs> it's Eric. And then Ethan, aren't you going to talk about like, Listen, I just worked with the guy for eight hours. We just talked on, on a podcast for, for like four or five. five. Hours. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, we had enough of each other. Let him have his fun with these movies, even though he has a and got that. And my freaking action figures. Yeah, but yeah, you can go on the Patreon and listen to that whole story and listen to Reggie just laugh. He's just like, you guys are fucked up. Yeah. Every time something like this comes up, Reggie's just like, why the fuck did I get involved with these guys? It was funny. But now, speaking of the badasses who did pick for those Patreon deal, we do have what we like to call, Eric, the badass roll call. Sure do. Uh, uh, come on, are you smoking like a badass now? You I'm smoking like a badass? You getting there? Well, this is the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. And we're going to start off with Lone Wolf Marv. And I'm going to actually turn this down a teeny bit, Eric. I don't want to get railroaded by that song. We also have Andrew in Belfast, Dave J, All New Dave, Rob Lewis, Richard Richardson, Simon, G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, T. Werner, she likes to go by Eric, oh, Ian T. Job, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, B. Murray, Swanee, Anthony G., Josh, that's Vermilion to you, Missy T., Bobby Bain, Jazz, Haviland, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, and Eric the OG, Christopher Hyden. And they are the badasses. We always salute you and appreciate you guys, but Love we you. appreciate everybody. We, we appreciate every one of you guys who do support us, and we hope that we actually give you something back that's worth supporting as well. We're not just throwing it out there and saying, hey, just support us just to support us. We yeah. like to try to make it well worth your while. And if you aren't supporting us and just want to see what's going on and maybe get to that point, just go over to the Patreon. You can go there and check out what's going on without obviously you know, doing anything. And I will remind, like I do at the beginning of each new month, because October has just started, if you do go and support us, you don't get charged right away. You actually no. can. 
can you know get all the benefits you can see and if at the end of the month you're like eh, it's not worth it you can bail but if you do like it you can stick around and get more and more shows and we're gonna have a bunch of shows coming up uh with reggie with me and eric and stuff like that at the end of the month i do believe we're going to continue i did have the jim has issues with his kids podcast at the end of the month i think that we're going to keep it as i have issues with my wife tanya mm-hmm. loves the praise you, you think i like praise t uh, you should hear her I'm gonna uh, we, her we had the, from now on we, that's that was her nickname when we went to school that up, and t? other things that whoop, i can't whoop. mention but as she she was so excited and nervous that people were going to hate her because she was on that podcast with me <laughs> last month and everybody seemed to like her more than me so now yeah, i'm jealous and like I'm, high school all over again. high school it's life this is all I ever deal with in life, unfortunately, but that is the badass roll call. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. But we also have a rant and rave line. You are aware of that, right, Eric Shea? We have a rant and rave line that you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension as I try to get to this, 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric Shea. It's just that easy, folks. That is Dancing Mike, of course, uh, singing one of my favorite bands, uh, Cinderella. You know I am a big Cinderella fan. We're going to start I the right you like the story. I like that, too. I love the, the thing about you and the hoodie and you're a slob. That is one right. of my favorite things. This is the first rant and rave. A little shout out to a man, Eric. Here we go. They call them an American girl. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. Tell them it's petty. Boom, Eric. I see. I, That's I've got. funny as hell. Yes, they call him the American girl. That's not what I they call I saw you put this clip in the Dropbox yes. earlier, and I'm like, it's a Tom Petty. I'm like, I know who this is going to be. And I'm like, I sat there thinking to myself, like, they, he always starts out, they call him the whatever. They call him something. So you like, were trying to figure out what would they call nickname? him. What is he going to say? No. I would never have gone. They don't call I, him the American girl. No. I would have been like, they call him the petty. How about they call him the free faller? Would yeah. that be good? That would have been better. You got that? They call him the last dance with Mary Jane guy. That's All a right, weird Pete. nickname. 
But yeah, now I can understand right, those, Pete. and I, I know, and actually when somebody dies uh, of the magnitude of a Tom Petty or whatever, I wait for that rant and rave. I'm like, I know it's going to come. Why yeah. would you put it in? Mike? I know exactly what this is. I, do you know anybody who uh, Tom Petty is their favorite musician? No. I don't either, uh, but yet I think that he is awesome. I think he's great, and I really do think that he should be very well respected, and it's sad that he died. Uh, but, yeah, this Tom Petty's one of those guys that we were at work, and a couple people went up, came up to us of younger people that we work with have no idea who Tom Petty is, and it just you know, every time it just throws me off. It really does because Tom Petty, it, he's up there. He is an icon. I mean, that, that he's huge, but – not to the younger generations, Eric. And I but, hate them. Yeah, I do too. Here is the next rant and rave. Somebody we do not hate. It's Rob Lewis. Oh. It was the best of times. <laughs> it was the worst of times. Okay. Two books this week. Yes, two books, Eric. Deathstroke 24, I'm going to say, was my best time for this week. I'm really enjoying the direction that the book is going in mm -hmm. this may not be a book for everyone but personally for mm -hmm. me i'm having fun with it i'd agree it with was that. really uh, a wally west kid flash issue yep heavy kid emphasis fat. on him and i'm just all around enjoying it I and like i'm really flash. interested in the direction this this uh book is going now for my worst book of the week as everyone knows I'm a huge Batman fan. Yep. And Man. as far as I'm concerned, whenever Batman and Superman are good, it's good for the entire DC company. I think it's good, good so, I'm having a fantastic time Jinx. with the uh, Detective uh, Comics. I'm really loving the family, Batman family atmosphere there. And for the most part, I'm somewhat enjoying some of Batman. But here's my problem. Since June, we've marched through this Joker versus the Riddler storyline. And I'm going to tell you, it's been full of juvenile jokes yep. and asinine riddles. And I'm saying to myself, my give it a chance. It's going to pay <laughs> off. It's going to pay off. Somewhere along the line, it's going to pay off. So then we get to issue 31, and we find out Bruce is telling the story to Selena that guess what? She's already participating in it participating in yes. so why the hell is he telling another story i got no idea that's filler then we get to issue number 32 and this is the one that was a slap in the fucking face <laughs> who cares yep yeah who cares <laughs> he's Man. mad who's was mad too after all of this crap that's going on since june thousands of people getting murdered in gotham city kite man's son being murdered all of this crap, and we get a who cares. It all boils well, down to who cares. Mr. King, here's my answer to you. So oh, here we go. Who cares? I tell you who cares. <laughs> the big fat fuck you five that I'm giving you. <laughs> that's who cares. That's who cares. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what I gave it. I well, there's a spoiler for you, but yeah, okay. it, well, I guess it was on the spotlight as well, but yeah. Hey, who cares? It's weird where a writer kind of sets up his own freaking joke against him, but it really, at the end, it just seemed like filler to me because, like thing, most it's people, like it's, it really felt like Tom King was speaking through the Riddler at that point. It's like I'm not a Riddler, freaking uh, Selena, but it's like, yeah. you know, you have all of these people who are fans of Batman invested in the comic book, and your whole thing is who cares? Who cares? And it really but just also, felt like. The, he yeah, doesn't care yeah. about the fans. I don't know if I'm taking this wrong or just personally. But Here's it really the thing. Came just go back one issue before that when he punches out Kite Man and says, I'm so sick of hearing you. 
You know, yeah. you're annoying me. And on that, again, that was like, yeah, all of a sudden he's talking to, you know, through me. Because, yeah, at the end, most people, even people who liked it, I, I've seen a bunch of people who's like, yeah, you know what? I really liked it, but kind of could have been two issues. You, you didn't have to have this whole line. It seemed to me just a bunch of it was filler just to get this anticipation, which I didn't see anyway, of no. what Selena would say, if she's going to say yes or no. And really, uh, while we when we talk about it later, we will mention that that's something that we, both of us, didn't really care. And I actually think that it doesn't do anything good for the character of Selena Kyle anyway. So that throws me off. But if all of this does lead to a better story going forward, then I'll, I'll go, okay, at least we got that. But I just – there is a trend that has been set up with Tom King where he just – he'll throw shit at people and he does things to impress fan you know fan service stuff but never has the details to get me and no, may get really. a lot of other people and if you like it you know god bless you you know enjoy yourself but it's the details that i need to make the bigger story and the bigger picture work he's just not very good with that and it, it's just maybe it's like i said me and you maybe that's the thing our podcast is just not a pro that kind of thing but i'm just not having that much fun with it but the next and thanks robin the next Thank rant and rave is from across the pond it is toby who is uh, gonna tell us about new jack swing eric all right what up, Weird Science and the Get Fresh okay. crew? Whoop, whoop. It's your boy Toby Hagen calling from the UK. Just going to keep this short and sweet today. I'm not drunk, so hopefully like I'll be me. able to make a point before I uh, hang up. Um, I really, really like the sound of uh, that, that genre of music that like came and went in the, in the early 90s called New Jack Swing. And um, <laughs> today I was on YouTube. And I was like, I really need to listen to something while I do the housework. I wonder if there's like a New Jack Swing mix on YouTube because it wasn't really big over here in the UK. So I'll pop it in. Sure enough, there's a playlist, the the 90 greatest New Jack Swing songs of all time. So I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I'm just going to play this. I'm going to hear like stuff I've never heard, stuff I do know, all this kind of thing. Anyways, after about seven tracks, I'm realizing why this genre died out. It's because it's the same fucking song over and over and over. It's the same kind of music, the same three black dudes jumping around in like blazers or whatever they call them sports jackets in america yes um all these hot women one of them has to be white um you know there's not not saying that there's anything racial going on but it's just awesome like looking at all these music videos is a real snapshot into what was popular in america over here i wish it was bigger over here because i probably would have donned some parachute pants and joined a new jack swing band myself but anyways that's neither here nor there i'm just gonna say guys have a great week and uh, have a great show Uh, (laughs) love you and i'll see you guys later i I would tell you i want to know if uh if toby agrees i actually like the song New Jack Swing by Rex and Effect is one of my favorite New Jack Swing uh, songs. But also, I don't think I've ever heard the term New Jack Swing? Yeah, before. I would actually. Uh, I don't know. See, here's there's you know back and forth of people talking about what would be uh, New Jack Swing. I was a fan of uh, Club Nouveau, Eric. But if you want to know the New Jack Swing sound to me, 
it would be Belle Bib DeVoe's Poison, which I know okay. that you well, love. Well, I do love me some Poison. Yes. Also, Do Me. I like that song as well. But yeah, uh, a lot of the things, a lot of the songs like in House Party and stuff like that would be New Jack Swing, Johnny Gill, I believe, or Johnny Kemp. Uh, remember when I thought Johnny Gill in the pop culture, I believe it was, that sung that song, Just Got Paid? It was actually Johnny Kemp, but that's all in the whole deal. But yeah, there. That's the thing. I, I know the era and the freaking, you know, the songs that accompanied that early era of the 90s, shit like that. I just never heard the term New Jack You never heard that? Oh, my God. That, that, no. that, was, that was a big term. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that. And so thank you, Toby, for uh, – edu- So I could, educate, I could educate Eric along with you. But the next rant and rave is from your man, Richard Richardson, Eric. Uh, Richard Richardson <laughs> here. Yes. Richard Richardson. Hi, Richard. He's back. He's back. Yeah, Eric. everybody never loves gone, Richard. Richard Richardson. You begged me to come back, and I'm back. He's back. Yes. <laughs> Eric, you love me. You, you know do love it. Him, I've got your love letters. You can stop with the love letters. No, no. He'll right, keep man. going. Stop. I'm back, okay? He's back. If I don't no write him to you, i got to write him to Jess. I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're not writing him to Jess. So Richard Richard is back, and tonight... There's going to be a special segment with Richard Richardson. Oh. And tonight I have an interview. Yes. Richard Something Richardson tells me grandma's will be interviewing there. somebody. And tonight I will be interviewing Eric my teddy bear. Yes, oh, it's teddy it. bear. It's going to happen live. It's going to be real. Is teddy? And I'm going Tea to bear. interview the teddy bear. Here so, the first Maybe. question that I have in our relationship, Teddy she is the bear. Is, Teddy, <laughs> do you listen to Weird Science DC Comics podcast? Yes, I do. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I Very hate Eric. This is like what when our studio hall interviewed Jason Voorhees. Yes. I really like the way Eric Shea talks. <laughs> You're the only one. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very I like interesting. the way he yeah, plays with himself funny. on the <laughs> air. Well, yeah, that's is, sexy. Uh, a laugh a minute. Yes, he is. Give, give a round of applause for Teddy. Yeah. This is there you Richard go. Richard. That's how many hands going right now. We will see you. In. We will see you <laughs> in. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Thank you, Richard, and thank, thank you, you Teddy Bear. I want to know the teddy bear's name. I would like to know that. Eric. What was That's your like, teddy bear's name as a child? Did, you think I had a teddy bear? What do you think I am? A little kid? What do you think? Yeah, my, my, my as a fucking child. Father, you think my dad would buy me a teddy bear? You're no. insane. What do you think I am? Some broken dad? I don't know. I didn't have a teddy bear. I had an Ernie doll that I had, and, and his name was Frank. Now his Weird. name was his name was Ernie. I loved uh, Bert and Ernie, but I was always a big Ernie fan, so which I. most little boys would be. And, I had that uh, doll as well. I had that doll, and one of the stories that I have with that is uh, one of the early times that I went to the dentist, I would go, and anytime I'd go in any stressful situation, I'd take the Ernie doll, and so I do. would kind of talk through the doll 
Like, uh, like they yeah, like, Ernie hey, Dell is your best man at your wedding. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> I, I want to blame him. Not a very good bachelor party. He he didn't throw a very good one. But I I go and they're like, okay, we're gonna do this. Day. And I'm like, show me what you're gonna do with Ernie first. And I ended up getting this dentist so riled up with this thing that he actually grabbed it and threw it. And then oh I started God, crying. Yeah, he started crying, and I was very upset. And uh, that was when I had this doctor that legitimately. I would get caps like all my teeth were capped but they were all silver and I had I look like Jaws from James Bond I had all silver teeth at one point and people really made fun of me and really and it was like one of those things that I think that they found out terrible I think that they found out later that these were not very good things to have either no I had I have I still have a silver filling yeah Uh, these weren't fillings these were complete caps so there was no there was no whites of teeth they were just complete caps and they were all silver and people made fun of me and stuff like that and uh, yeah it was then you went home and took a brick and bashed your yeah, teeth out. Yeah, I oh, didn't have – no, then I started playing hockey, and that took care of them. That and my mom's sweets, her sweet tooth, Eric. <laughs> my mom – she might say she has a sweet tooth. That woman hasn't had a tooth in her mouth in fucking 50 years. So we'll, we'll go on. And the last rant and rave, Eric, is a desperate plea for you. And this continues huh? where we had a call that was from He-Man. This oh, is, He-Man. This is similar, Eric. <laughs> Hello, Eric Shea. This is Man at Arms. It's Man at Arms. AKA yeah, I know Duncan, AKA Master of Weapons. And I'm one of the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> and I just wanted to let you know I'm in love with you. That's Ooh, right. I want to be your friend. You'll be my Batgirl, my Begarden, <laughs> and I'll be your. I don't know if they allow that in Terry. I don't know, man. He's going to be man at arms. I'm going to be his man of fist. So, let me know. I sent you a note. It's under your chair. But he does have a sexy mustache. Under the question, do you like me? Question mark. Okay, let me know. Bye-bye. He does. I'll tell you that's the answer. Just like that man at arms when I meet him. The man at arms I have here is on his back. I might just have to kill myself. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, nobody wants over. that on their conscience. No. Ooh, what if Man-at-Arms <laughs> killed himself? Ooh, that would be dark. What am I, Jim Carrey? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We were talking over Man-at-Arms, Eric. I'm sorry, Man-at-Arms, for well, doing that. I'm used to that. doing the voice for him. I don't expect him to talk back. Hey, that, that was what he was saying, and he is going to kill himself if you don't answer yes to liking him, Eric, and I, I you better do it. Arms. I know you do. Is he is he a given in your collection? Like you, you don't ever say he's your favorite. Oh, but no, but he's, no. a, he's given. a given. He's like he's you know one of those guys, especially the way he looks for the old action figures, because you know Men in Arms always had a mustache, but the action figure yeah. didn't. So it was almost like you know you can make a bill like an army of them to say they're the Royal Guard. Yeah, yeah, that's nonsense. That's like somebody getting a lot of stormtroopers. My buddy Joe would buy everybody. The, he would get wanted those. a bunch of stormtroopers. Oh, I'm telling you, my buddy Joe would you. have thirty of them, and yeah. you could have the whole deal going, Joe and was it was lucky. pretty cool. And I was like, "You son of a bitch, Joe!" He had all those things. But do you, if you would say, because you're more of a action figure guy as well, when you would sit there and somebody would say, "Is He-Man your favorite?" You would actually be like, "Well, no, but." Battle damage, He-Man is my favorite, or He-Man this. Like, there's always that, you know, aside, right? The thing is, I, I I hate variants. Battle armor, He-Man was badass. So I would always just go for the plain He-Man, even though, like, you know, Mechanek, even though how silly he was, it was one oh, of my favorites. Oh, Mechanek, huh? It was his power. He had big feet. 
possibly. Mechanism. Yes, that, that's exactly right. Jim. Is it? Okay. Give me some more, and you I'll tell you exactly best. what they do. Get, tell me some more. What, what is Ram Man. Ram Man, he is a guy who drives a, uh, a sled. A Dodge Ram? Right? He, no, he has a sled, right? Yeah. Is that what he does? Give me Buzz one more. Off. Oh, Buzz Off. I would say that Buzz Off is a guy who is very particular with getting the job done so he doesn't like to be interrupted. Is that what Buzz Off does? Is that Probably. Him? Ryoblast. Ryoblast. That is a guy who actually is very pissed off because he had plastic surgery and it went wrong. And he's very, very mad about that. that he's is very a, ryoed up over it. I would think that's Rhinoblast, but that'd be okay. There you go. Rhinoplast. Rhinoplast. That'd be a good figure. We sit there at work and try to come up with figures, and I just throw the most goofy things at you to just piss you off, right? And you that know. Is, that's my lot in life, but we're going to go off. No more He-Man talk, Aaron. Right. We're going to go uh, probably until the next Nightwing New Order where we'll see the Cosmic Key again. Then we'll talk that's about right. it again. But we're going to go off now to mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. Right, it's Mel with Jim and Eric. You're here with me as well, aren't you? I guess. Aren't you, my friend? Here we are at Mel. Section number one, if you want to be part of the mail, email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and you will become part of the show, Eric. You'll become the star, as oh. I said earlier. And the first mail is from Comic Book Guy. Eric, you know Comic Book I Guy. I do know he Comic says, Book Guy. Hey, my wife stopped having sex with me Sunday because there was a new episode of Weird Science. Can't say I blame her. You guys are just that good. Thank you, comic book guy. And, and yes. I, I just think to myself, in my mind, like, <laughs> my wife stopped having sex with me. And that, there you go. And, like, just because there was a new episode, like, all of a sudden, no more sex. They put out a new episode. No more sex for you. You can't do that Ever. one. It, because once he hears your voice, Eric, he goes limp. That's what That's happens. That's happens to me. That's why I try to shut my mouth. I that don't even make is any true. That's what Jess told me as Ball well. All goes but right in. You do remember who his wife was, correct? You trailer remember Park it Mom? is Trailer Park Mom who's the next male says Trailer Park Mom says, Me and my husband were going at it hot and heavy Sunday, if you know what I mean. Then I stopped and told him, I can't do this right now and he said, What's wrong? And I told him it's time. And he said, Time for what? And she said, It's time for the new episode of Weird Science Air. Woo wait. There's the first two males. They were going at it hot and heavy. I, li- I like to think that there was penetration, but no like. Yeah, that's completion. what I was going to so say. That's, that's still sex in my mind. Yeah, to me, I, I'm telling you, you you bat an eye at me, and I don't know. It's getting to third base right there. Third base <laughs> is a handshake, right? And, you know, that's what I say. Actually, third base to me is them not running away screaming. And True. there you go. Then I'm right. Uh, that's at least I go with my wife, of course. But the next email, and thank you both thank comic you, book guy comic and book trailer guy. park mom, if you are in fact real people but the next one is all new dave and all new dave says hi jim eric reggie and the entire get fresh crew god damn it jim is the quote-unquote devil's hand important or not (laughs) damn right it is you don't want to mess with the devil's hand i went into work 
I went into work slightly hungover on Monday, asking if anyone's heard the phrase used in movies or music. Why's that, boss? My team asked. Because I think the guy from my favorite podcast is trying to send me secret clues about action <laughs> comics. You need to realize that when you mention a phrase several times and put it into the title of the podcast, it is like me are going to take it seriously. It's you just like should. trying to find clues in Tom King's writing to try to find out if something means something Johnny, more than it does. You better, you better take it seriously. Your words matter, Jim. I don't want to start thinking of this podcast as a load of nonsense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've treated myself to the oversized dark side special this week. I'm going to enjoy reading it Sunday night with a glass of ginger wine, and then I'm going to listen to the Patreon spotlight. Can't wait to hear what Eric what makes Eric so angry. And he's talking about Batman White Knight. Mm. I wouldn't call you angry. No. Maybe disappointed. Maybe. I I don't know. The way right that now, Sean I'm more Murphy disappointed at these bastard children fucking yelling outside of my goddamn yeah, apartment. That's true. I actually you say that, I actually think I may have set something on fire when I went in downstairs between breaks, but what the we'll, fuck? Do, well the future Jim will deal with we'll that. Deal with that. The, the thing though is with what you were upset about, and if you listen to the Patreon only spotlight, you will hear Eric was upset because he thought that Sean Murphy was kind of dealing a little too much with other Batman properties, and what he said was Really is playing the devil's hand, yes, Eric. But won't yes, stop and he, playing the devil's hand. He's got to stop doing that. Uh, he, and all new Dave continues. Can I give a quick shout out to Toby, fellow English drunkard? Yes, you can. Yeah. I also I love at points where they have on the radio because I listen to a lot of like sports radio and things like that. And I love when somebody's like, "Hey, can I give a shout out to my man Toby?" And then the person will go, "No, yeah. eh, it's a little too late." Yeah, but yeah, did, and. Though. And Dancing Mike, the American drunkard. He, he has the affinity to both Toby and Mike because of their drinking habits. That's kind of – I won't even get into what that is there. It, it might be the devil's hand. While I managed to chat with briefly on Live Mixler before falling asleep last Saturday, I'll try to last longer this week. Hope everyone has a good week. All new Dave. And I will tell that's Dave – That's what he says who, to his wife. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the funny thing. All new Dave right now is in the Mixler chat. And I want to tell you, Dave, that the reason why we went live is because of you. Yeah. We were not going to go live tonight. And I actually got your email, and I was like, you know what? And Eric can sit there and tell you. I said, hey, Eric's like, oh, we're not going on Mixler live tonight, are we? And I was like, no, no, we are. All new all Dave new fell Dave asleep. I said he fell asleep last week, and he's all excited for this. So, yes, Dave, we uh, we did this all for you. And the next one is from Haviland. Ooh, Eric Shea. Hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh Coop. Beep, 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 beep. What's up, it's Adam? been a long time since I've written in a combination of work correct mm -hmm. laziness uh, that's yep. my main thing and the lack of a decent wonder woman book saw to that D this is this is surprising here diana is far from being my favorite character but yeah. she is the primary reason i have a pull list as small as it may be and that shocked me i actually thought that Haviland was a full-out wonder woman so woman and it, it kind of explains later who her favorite character is, why that would not include a pull list. But we'll get to that. Since then, whether I'm interested in Wonder Woman has kind of been a determining factor of if I read my comics or not. Uh, that, that The Shea Fontana run may have uh, made Haviland put those comics down for a little. Yeah. And even the Rucka things at points. But I've come to resent this because I don't like listening to the podcast if I haven't read my books yet. 
I just don't like listening to podcasts. I wanted to upset you. (laughs) I've tried to keep up with everything else, but I have inevitably fallen behind. In the hopes of keeping myself focused on books that I actually like, I decided to create my do-or-die pull list. I wasn't planning uh, on ever doing this, mostly because I was scared of looking at how much I actually spend on comics (laughs) per month. Uh, But this is a do-or-die pull list, so you kind of go with that. I shouldn't have worried. This is my actual pull list right now, and it's not that long. And I also like I like how Havlin is not thrown in the twenty five dollar caveat nope. so that you would scream and yell. You, you'd I'm be not there screaming yell. I I'm just telling you, like the minute I start reading these rules. books, yeah, there are rules. But the minute I start reading these books, you get out the abacus. I, I hear it going. You got the freaking yeah. you got the hat, the banker's hat going. And, then they, and uh, the minute that I get over, I'll be like reading and I get to the fifth book and you, eh, you know, but she only has five books. And one is Wonder Woman, number two, Teen Titans, number three, Aquaman, number four, Jessica Jones, and number five, Defenders. And why I think that's pretty good pull list, Teen Titans, eh, mm. I don't, if, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this run so far. Yeah, and right. I think that if I was kind of like a Teen Titans person, we, we talked about this at work, you're more of a Teen Titans guy i am am not uh but if i was and i was getting teen titans i think i probably would have switched it over to super sons for a little i I think i would have but that's the thing is in my mind the whole idea like if you're a teen titans fan oh i know what you're gonna say teen titans book a long time i would just switch it to titans at this point that actually wouldn't be that bad an idea. I, I get the thing that if I was, and I think that one of the reasons you're a Teen Titans fan and also a fan of Titans, but also a Justice League fan, that is the book that little Eric Shea would read. It is. Uh, it's because of you You get a bang for your buck. You get more bang for your buck. You get a bunch of characters you that you all like. All these great heroes. Problem is, say I'm a Raven fan and I say, <laughs> you know what? I love Raven. I don't really have many options. I got to go Teen Titans. You're not getting much of Raven. No. You're really not. Or Starfire. Starfire there is like eye candy. Eat, not even is, that. Not I don't even know anybody no. in the Teen Titans, which is a weird thing. You know, I you know. are getting some Damien from like you know the Gotham Resistance tie-ins when you had that whole thing start up. But yes. even though you have a whole bunch of characters in the Teen Titans book. You don't get a lot of no. Any of you them. don't, and it's a shame. But of all those books, what do you think is the one that intrigues me the most? And Defenders. I say intrigues me. It's got to be one of the ones we don't read. So I set it up. It is Defenders. And I told you, that was one of the books that when I was a kid, the the one kid that I was friends with, Chad, that his dad looked like Gene Simmons and bought mm-hmm. him like horror stuff. And the, the kid had the crate. Like, this was Eric Shea's dream, yeah. you know, childhood this kid had. Though his parents were divorced and that led to his father, who would come. I think his dad was probably like five foot two, it seemed. I was a, I was a small kid. But he had... Long black hair that was kind of slicked back in the front. Again, this is where I got the Gene Simmons thing. Plus, he had a, he spit blood, had a long tongue, and wore makeup, Eric. Yeah, that is weird. not true. But he would always show up in a full leather trench coat and have black pants and a black shirt. He scared the shit out of me. I thought I legitimately so. if there's been anybody in my life that I ever thought legitimately was a vampire, it was him. If they said to me, if I saw on the news that vampires are real, I would immediately, well, not immediately, I'd immediately stay away from that kid. (laughs) But, you know, if I was a vampire hunter, I would go immediately to his house and wait for his dad to show up. But he would come, like, every other weekend, and he would show up with a pile of comic books, all Marvel. It was all completely Marvel. I don't know the particulars. I don't know if these were new, if these were something 
something that he was a big fan of so that he would, you know what I mean, like, hey, I'm done with these here, take these. And this Chad would just put him in his closet, and then we'd sit and pull him out. And basically, little Jimmy Werner, his comic uh, deal then was just looking at covers. And the Defenders covers were always pretty cool. And I'd look at it. This is why when I was a kid, I was fascinated by Silver Surfer, Ghost Rider, anything that was a cool look and a cool cover. Never really gotten involved with reading them. I didn't have time for that nonsense. Probably at that point, I was probably six or seven. I probably didn't even know how to read yet, Eric. I, I was a imagine dummy. too. It's like <laughs> I can start reading these comics, but I might have to stay at Chad's house longer than I wanted to. Yeah, really. It got. And I'm telling you, he had black light posters. He always kept the light off. He had the black light on, but it was yeah, dark. Yeah. He'd have lava lamps. It was crazy. And this kid again. This was six or seven. This should have been a 22 year old smoking pot or, or something in there. Whatever the hell he do. But yeah, he was little. He had like the creepy crawly set. Like all oh, the things that those. all. All that stuff, if it makes Mr. Mondo, he had that crazy-ass puppet. It was crazy. And in fact, later when I saw Pee-wee, a lot of the stuff in Pee-wee's stage show, right. he, he had. Because Pee-wee had a lot of that shit. It was just crazy. That, that kid kind of scared me. The, the man of a thousand disguises that you know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it's not a very interesting pull list, to be honest. I'm hoping to add more books. But until then, I can keep up with this lot. Then he says, she says, I mean, that's not really why I wanted to write in this week, though. In my effort to catch up as soon as possible, I listened to this week's Spotlight, Batman number 32. I was one of those suckers that grabbed that Batman proposal issue because I thought it was actually going to be something. I jumped ship after the first issue of Jokes and Riddles. So she read You're the lucky. first Jokes and Riddles and said, you know what? Nonsense. And, and she did the right thing. And because it seemed like, you know, she said she was a sucker, but so was everybody else. Grabbed the proposal and then probably said after that first thing of jokes and reels you know what this isn't what i signed up for no nope. this isn't what i want listening to you you suggest that number 32 might be good for someone invested in the batman catwoman relationship i stopped listening to read it first but he, she went and read it now here's the thing she goes on and says she was not impressed i i do want to add the whole deal that i didn't mean that people would love it what i was talking about is most of the reviewers that i saw were just centering on that so i said i don't know if you're going Going into this just for an answer, I guess you get a better, you know, you, you feel better about like it. Like when we're talking about, like the whole review system is you had the entire finale to the War of Jokes and Riddles, and all anybody talked about was her saying yes to the proposal. Yeah. Is like yeah. you, they, they skipped all the stuff for the main story, so it seemed like they were only invested in it. Yeah, you know, and, and just that, as I said, there was obviously when that was at the end, it was to kind of wash away a lot of shit that, that wasn't explained or done or whatnot just to get that answer and even then it was so convoluted to get to it all just to say yes but yeah she says this. she goes on i'm actually stepping reason, on I her toes to here she said yes to the dress yeah she may have she wasn't wearing a dress i hated almost every choice made with the character in this issue and here is why i like tom king's choice to anchor the bruce and selena scenes in silence i wish the whole thing would have been in silence but my yannon cannot sell it uh yannon's body language is okay but look at selena's face does she ever look concerned for bruce maybe i'm more sensitive to this because i am a woman Hear me roar, Eric, but I want Selena to look like she actually cares about Bruce's pain. I said, this is where I think that at the point they thought, oh, God, you know what? We got to make her cry. 
because also she's not really saying anything, make her cry to look like she cares. We were confused about what was going on with that I'm anyway. Saying at this point, she doesn't look concerned because she's pissed because Bruce just kept her up all night. Yeah, with this bullshit kept her up story. all night. She's tired. She's crying because she wants to go to sleep. That's what she's doing. She's like, listen, this story has taken fucking three months. All you have to say was, you know what? I regret. I almost killed the Riddler. And I say, this is when Catwoman would say, what do you, is the regret that you didn't? Because you should have. He's a pain in the ass. She, I, I heard one thing, though. Tom King writes these and just confuses people to the point where I think that, I, I don't know. He, he has a spell. Over people. I Goddamn Warlock. Heard one review. They were talking and seemed to, to suggest that the uh, the Bruce Selena stuff was taking place in the past and the jokes and riddle stuff was in the present. Made no goddamn sense. Oh. She has the same expression on her face the entire issue. Yeah, boredom. Look at it. It does not change at all. I'm telling you, it looks like boredom. Bruce is in pain and here she is with this neutral runway model smile on her face. So she says a smile. Uh, kind of like the smile of, you know what, I'm so hot. You're just going to, you know, go with your nonsense. I say but that's the smile of, I'm dead inside, but I don't want to put on that face. That's a fake smile. Yeah. That's the smile I have anytime I have to talk to anybody. Yeah. So you come up to me and say, well, actually, I don't smile at you. You know yeah. when I, I actually care for somebody, when I don't fake. I just sit there, and then you say something like, hey, you know what? Uh, I think that Leatherface should be there, and I just tell you to shut your mouth. It oh. means I care. I care. <laughs> Speaking of runway models, when Selena stands up and actually starts to talk, I yell bullshit right at my screen. Her thigh gap is almost as wide as her arm. <laughs> I am partially uh, more of a Tim Sale Catwoman, and maybe I should be happy that Yannon doesn't needlessly sexualize her, but come on. Batman trained for years and sculpted his body to be able to do what he does. Selena is not supernatural. Her body should look more stronger than that. I don't need Selena to look like a WWE fighter, but she should at least look like she wouldn't snap in half if someone hit her too hard. Yeah, that's true. Then so It reminds me of, what was that movie that Selena... Or, uh, Angelina Jolie was in and I think that Tom Cruise was going to do it and then she ended up being in it and it was like she was a full out action star and she weighs like 10 pounds I, I don't forget recall which all one I can think of now is Tomb Raider but I know no, it was after that it was some crazy thing that it was supposed to be a bunch of guys turned down the role and then she uh, took Wanted. it and every now it was actually before that I don't know why I bring up stuff I don't remember but then Selena starts to talk and it's the most uncompassionate and dismissive speech I've ever read bruce spent all night i'd say all month pouring his heart out about what he thinks is his biggest regret in life the one thing he wanted her to know before she commits herself to him for life forget for a second that the whole jokes and riddles storyline was bullshit imagine bruce exposing his greatest shame to you and your response is who cares Bruce cares. Weren't you listening? God I don't know. When guys it. come up to me and expose their greatest shame, I usually look down at their cock and say, who cares, man? No, on, what you do dick. is somebody comes up and like, oh, my God, this happened, this happened. I'm like, Puh. That is a tragedy. You know what I'm feeling for you, buddy. Then I run over to you. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Why are they talking to me? This guy over here to Actually, to Eric Chase sits there and says, let's keep it professional. And the weird thing is, is that's what he says to Jess. So I don't know anything of what's going on with your relationship. But I hate that Tom King makes Bruce and Selena call each other cat and bat out of costume. I guess he thinks it's cute. But wouldn't it feel more intimate if in this very emotional scene they called each other by their damn names? Lastly, the 
cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Now I'm getting hungry. Selena asking him to ask her to marry her again and claims it was dem- uh, demand at first. I, I'm telling you, I'm right with Avalyn. I didn't understand that that whole reasoning anyway. What is she talking about? What I would have thought it meant was Selena's like, listen, let, let's do this right. Ask me again because all this stuff between and all this misery and all the stuff that you told me, I don't want that to be involved. I want to kind of wash that away. Ask me so I remember this moment as a positive one, not one that, you know, I have to accept you and all this nonsense on the side. But it, did it read like a demand to you? What? You, will you marry me? No, that didn't seem like a demand. It didn't to me. Also, I'd still like to know what she said the first time. I guess she said yes, but this issue seems to suggest she didn't. I thought that Bruce interrupted her right before, but it was weird why he will. Uh, it's weird. Bruce didn't know. seem to know what she was going to say. This scene makes me even angry about the cliffhanger all those weeks ago. Maybe Maybe what happened is she said no, and we didn't see that, obviously. And then he thought, listen, if I give her the sad sack story and mm-hmm. act upset, she might say yes. I can fool her into it. Maybe that's what happened. They, I haven't even been reading. to pull a Jerry from Rick and Morty? Yeah, that's what it is. I haven't even been reading Tom King's Batman, and I already hate it. Well, Havlin, you read this issue number 32, and, and I would love to say, hey, if you read all the jokes and riddles, it would have made more sense and all this no. other things, but you pretty got a microcosm of, of most of the runs. So if you don't like it, it it's, not, it's not a lot of people's cup of tea. It's not mine. So And she says, whatever. I wish she said what evs, Eric. That's what, what evs, my kids Jim. said. What evs? I'm still interested in seeing what a Bruce and Selena marriage would look like. Does she even know Damien marrying Bruce? That, that is interesting, but I just I don't know we're going to get everything that we want from that. Marrying Bruce would make her a stepmom. I'm very curious to see her in that role. I don't know how many other people would be interested in a Batman domestic life storyline like they do in the Superman books. I, I'll tell you, that's a little interesting to me. I hope that it doesn't end up with her getting her hand caught in the drain, Eric. You oh, don't God. need that. You do not need that in this book. Don't also, you, does this... I, I <laughs> also really do want to see this whole thing where they do get married, and I want to see her try to transition herself as, you know, stately Wayne Manor kind of, oh, you know, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Bruce Wayne now. And yeah, like, because everybody knows who she is. That's the, and shit yeah. like that. I think it'd be hilarious trying to, like, you know, deal with Alfred and all this stuff. Like, you know, like, you know, Mrs. Wayne. Hello, Mrs. Wayne. She stole the night, Alfred. Okay, uh, just not seeing Alfred through this whole thing really threw me off as well. So we'll see what goes on. He's hey, he, he, no, he, he's in the blimp, and then he went and went right to that house in Cuba. He's, he's out. He doesn't want this nonsense. Also, does this make Catwoman Batman's partner as well? Bruce and Selena have never committed each other to any kind of official relationship status. They're basically going uh, from hooking up to husband and wife. I completely expect Tom King to basically ignore Selena from now on. He hasn't demonstrated that he knows how to write her beyond using her as a prop. Bravo, Eric. I'm taught that I, that's exactly what I think as well to play Bruce's I also, pain. I also want the story where Bruce has to go around to all the Bat family and tell them the oh, news. Yeah. And like, well, that's what you would think. I think that that is. Goes to Duke Thomas. He's like, Duke, me and Selena are getting married. Who the fuck, Selena? <laughs> you don't even talk to me, guy. He's like, I don't know who the hell this is. He's like, I, I'm the goddamn signal. Uh, uh, you know, th- th- fill me in on some of this shit beforehand. Seriously. I'm supposed to be the signal. Eric Shea said that I show up before Batman. Let me know. Right. Give me a little heads up there, buddy, to play Bruce's pain against, and I am going to find it very hard to get excited about this book with him writing it. And maybe this is uh, me and Havlin actually, in the long run, something will 
end up happening that we can say, you know what, thanks a lot, Tom King, because I want a Catwoman book again. I, I always do enjoy a Catwoman book, and we don't have one right now, and maybe they'll use this as a way to think, you know what, this is the time. The iron's hot. Let's strike the iron. But the I think even book out, The Bat and the Cat. The Bat and the Cat. It's just, no, it's, it's Catwoman domestic horror. And she's just there. They fired Alfred because now ba- Batman is now making her clean. That's oh, all she's doing. That she stole the dust. I don't know what to say, but yeah, she cannot find any bit of way to get excited about any book that Tom King is writing. Anyway, I hope the rest of this week's comics weren't as disappointing as this. My hopes, my hopes aren't that high. And there's, there's always a, a few good, bad, you know, column A, column B, and that is from Havlin. And thank you, Havlin. And Thanks, that Havlin. is the end of mail section number one. And we're going to go off right now to hear us talk about Batman. I'm not even going to mess around tonight. We're not going to talk about stories or nonsense that happened with wrong turn or whatever, Eric. We're going to get right to it. What are we talking about? Batman number 32, written by Tom King with art by Mikhail Yannon, June Chung, and Clayton Cowles. It's the finale to the War of Jokes and Riddles, and while we do see Joker, Riddler, and Batman fight a bit after a bunch of pages of no dialogue, the story finally gets started and immediately ends when Riddler says that he started the war and set everything up with Kite Man, even the part where he beats him. Also, the Joker would laugh. Yeah, this doesn't work, and because of Kite Man's son dying, Batman tries to murder Riddler, but is stopped by Joker, immediately making him laugh that he actually stopped Batman from killing someone. All of this, and Catwoman says yes to Bruce Wayne's marriage proposal. Yes. See you in seven. (laughs) That is about it. There's not a lot that happens in this. And I said to you, there are a lot of people that are on Twitter, especially on Tom King's Twitter account, that are going gaga over this issue. I do think, number one, one of the things that you have to go into and think, if you are in it just to get an answer from Selena, I do think that you'll be positive. Because I've never that been just... in the war of jokes and riddles just to get an answer from Selena. No, I haven't either. Well, that's our problem. That's what I think we're going to have a problem with. But I see a lot of people that are centering on the final page with Selena. Obviously, it's not a spoiler. We're going to spoil everything. Uh, she says yes. And I think that a lot of people have been waiting all this time just to get that answer. And because of that, I don't think Tom King's a uh, dumb cookie. 
Uh, I've never said that. I, I'm not very fond a lot of times of his storytelling. I, I don't think he's dumb, and I do think that he knows how to dangle people around with these comics and to leave that as the cliffhanger with Selena saying yes. I think it washes away a lot of the stuff that happened for a lot of people. A lot of people, that's all they wanted to see. Not Eric and, and not Jim Warner. That's the problem. When we get to that point, I am already so distraught. And sad of what we have gotten over these past bunch of issues through this jokes and riddles that the answer to me is, number one, anticlimactic because I don't really care either way. And we'll get to that at the end as well because you, Eric Stray, you're not a huge Catwoman fan. That's not one. And I'll say not a huge Catwoman fan as a solo character. You yeah, know, you know like, what I mean. I like Catwoman in, in the Batman book. You like Catwoman as Catwoman. As a Catwoman title, it's never been something that I've really yes, appealed to. I me, like Catwoman. I like Catwoman. I think that this does not help her character. People can say all they want. I don't think this helps her character at all. Maybe it helps Batman a little, uh, but to me, it doesn't do anything for Catwoman, and it really does upset me. Plus, I want to know, does the GCPD still think she murdered all those people? It's never been resolved. That is one of many questions out there in the open that we'll never have any answers to. No, and there's a lot of things, and this is why I think that I get upset with this finale. And the jokes and riddles. The jokes and riddles has been playing so loose with everything. Tom King has been so loose with things where things are just pushed aside. Things. I mean, just today I was talking to you about at the beginning of this arc, you had the Riddler break out of whichever prison or, or you know wherever he might be or Arkham, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. He could be in like three different goddamn places. But and, he and out of yes, that. Yes. If you if you think that me and Eric are crazy, you go back and read the beginning and you try to convince me where he was because yeah. and. And it didn't even make sense. And this is where we go back, and I had arguments with people where they're like, Jim, you're nitpicking too much and doing this. And I just said, we're not getting things resolved before moving on to anything. And that, that things were just thrown things, in though, there. Like where the Riddler was and where he broke out of, yes. that is just like the smallest of all the questions oh, yeah. that we had. That like Throughout the entire arc now, it has just gotten bigger and yeah. bigger with no answers in sight. Yeah, and I, I want to tell everyone I'm not going to get that angry tonight. I, I don't want to, and a lot of people, maybe you're listening for the first time, and it's because of that. I really don't want to get too crazy because I don't want people to think I'm just insane. You can only make a first impression once. And, and, and it's just like I think that if I get too angry, I'm going to try to maintain an even keel here because I think that I have some valid arguments. When I start yelling – that's all people center on. Oh, listen to this guy. He's yelling. Oh, he's negative. All oh, this and that. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to keep it even killed because there's one point where I think everything falls apart from what we got at the beginning to Issue where we end up one here. Of this no, no, you. I'm telling oh. you, when we get to this part, I'll talk about it. But it does start off, and it is a uh, – all of a sudden, we have basically a silent issue for a little bit, uh, and you have thing. Bruce like, there. We, we got done the last issue where it's like, you know, like Bruce is sitting in bed talking to Selena about, you know, his biggest yeah. regret. He's gone on this yep. long, drawn-out story. He's taking all goddamn night, I believe. And he gets to this point like, and then Kite Man was no more, and it was just the Joker, Riddler, and me. So now we're going to sit here in silence so I can contemplate and, and now, how I'm going to tell you yeah. about what happened it, next. It makes but it first, seem like it's let's so think about big. about all the people who died. But even that, that's not even for him. That's for us. And because of this, it, this is nonsense. The art is incredible. Yeah, I will not tell. So I will not say anything bad about this art. This art 
is awesome. And where you have, at one point, you have Batman with his goddamn head in his hands. It's just about, you know, and there's Stop Selena comforting him because he's going to tell you that he almost killed the Riddler. I mean, basically, at this point, Selena has to be thinking in the back of her head, okay, he pretty much was the guy who pretty much got a kid killed. Boy, I don't know what the fuck he's going to tell me next because Seriously. this this has got to be nonsense. He and let, over, he let hundreds of people die in Gotham, got yes. his kid killed after yep. because he got his father involved in this whole goddamn mess what yeah. could he possibly be yeah what could he next? possibly do and you do get the bunch of people including charlie brown he's right there in there the kid charlie brown uh kite man's son you have all these charlie faces brown and, Jr., I'm gonna and again him. it's a spread page and michael yannon it's awesome i mean every every little detail of each person is great i mean each individualistic looking deal and all that it's great the problem is is this is tom king trying to he has to throw this in here because this has that this whole story has not shown us enough of what's been going on with this war so instead he's got to give us these pictures you know what i would have liked to have seen now i'm getting angry i I would have liked to have seen the only time we ever saw anything was deathstroke and deadshot and we didn't see it we were told we were told through news reports five days like 105 people died and a a splash page where batman's pulling somebody out of a fire and things like that so you can't you can't go and and say oh my god look at all this this has no weight to it i just pass it by because i have not seen anything in my face i really don't think there is any weight to it honestly if you ask me I say that this is just there because there was not enough story to fill a goddamn full comic. So no, I think that he has to try to remember to two pages out of the way. There's Batman almost crying. You have to show that yes, yeah, there was a lot this. of people. There's a lot of shit on his head. There are all these people who died. But again, when it all wraps around. Batman is still just as bad as everyone with all this stuff because he didn't stop it. And when it comes around, it makes it seem like he was just duped into letting it all happen, which makes it worse to me. But yeah, you continue on with these silent pages with and again, if you're a if you're only in it for Batman, you know, Bruce and Selena, you're eating this up. You're sitting there and look at how gentle they are with her. Look at this, but me and you are not here for that. We aren't. Well, I think that that's a prop. Uh but basically it's a prop to to a prop because yeah. I think this whole jokes and riddles actually seems to me as if it was just a filler arc to to get this answer you know down the line that's what it seems because then you go and we did leave last issue where you did have Joker, Batman and Riddler in the room together. Kite you do Man have Kite Man. Yeah, Kite Man's knocked out and that poor guy who got his arm cut off is just yeah, there he's bleeding. Dead, he, he's, he's dead. dead. He's, he's dead. dead. So, yeah, he's dead. Another guy just dead there. And uh so they're fighting and they're Wait, fighting his Batman. Picture? Yeah, yeah, really. They're fighting Batman, and they hit him over the head with a lamp, a chair. It's all going down. And then finally, Batman kind of, you know, gets the upper hand on the Riddler. He's beating him up, and Riddler asks for mercy. This whole thing where we had this showdown between the Joker, Riddler, and Batman. We have Batman, who is one of the greatest fighters in the world. We have Joker, who is crazy. He has been formidable in Batman and Patch just because he's fucking crazy. You can't anticipate what he's going to do. And Riddler, who has been working out but has no fighting skill at all, as far yeah, he's as he's got some abs, I'll tell and you. And it just go. Yeah, guy's got some great. Just facts, punch so. him in the stomach. The guy a couple well, weeks ago just got shot. Exactly. Punch him in the but stomach. The thing is, this this fight goes on. Like besides for pals and ass, 
Yeah. It just goes on and well, on. Like, and and this is the problem. to the point it's ridiculous to me because it should not be going on yes, this long and, and, and it there, doesn't matter. And this is the same thing when you add that dead shot death stroke issue where you were supposed to get this. Oh, my God. For five days they fought. Saying, they that's, fought that's until that's Batman had to end it. stroke versus Batman. Now, that sounds yeah. like an interesting And then like what happened? See. He showed up. After five days, finally, cu- and one punched them out. And this yeah. leads, uh, again, you want to keep going back? What? How did I Am Bane end? Headbutt oh, to headbutt. Bane, I am done. Batman. Bam. I Am Batman, headbutt, out. Th- this is what keeps happening in-, in these things where it seems that Tom King does not want to have Batman have any skill until he does. Yeah. It- and it happens here. This yeah. is a or fight where Batman <laughs> Batman should have just fucking knocked out the Joker in a second and then and then jumped on the Riddler. It's nonsense that the fight goes on this long. And if you want to say that all those faces at the beginning were filler, uh, no. This oh, is where the real filler is. And now we are we're halfway the first, through the, the issue. The first half of this book is all just filler yes. to do like, you know, till we can have enough space where he knows that he can freaking tell the rest of the story in the limited amount of page space yes. he has and yep. get to the end of it. And yeah. that's it. And all, all this is, is to get to Selena saying, yes, that's mm-hmm. all this is. This jokes and riddles. We had the issue where we'll get into it right now, really, because we wanted to know where the Joker was at this point in the story going towards. And this is where it really throws me off because this is where uh, Riddler asks for mercy. And then Batman says mercy. And then that's where Riddler says, yes, I lose. You win. Fine. Marvelous. Now tell me, I can't see over your thighs. Is he laughing? And Batman's like, what? And he says, the Joker, you twit. And I I can't even stand how many times he said twit in this whole thing. But he's like, he should be laughing. Is he laughing? Obviously, he isn't. He has a scowl on his face. Batman stands up and goes, I don't know. What do you think? And then that's when Riddler freaks out and says, it should have been enough. I wage I wage a war, take you, the city, the bat, all to the brink, only to lose because of what? Kite Man? This should have been where Joker... Why would Joker laugh at this? The reason why this was set up is that the Joker... And it goes on because that's what the, the Riddler says. Listen, I saw that you weren't laughing. The guy who laughs at everything isn't laughing at anything. That's the perfect riddle. Number one, when this started, the Riddler went to Joker and said, I know why you're not laughing because Batman makes it too predictable. Yeah. Why then would Joker start laughing because the Riddler's taken down? Why, why would that be? Why would be- Riddler being defeated by anybody, Kite Man, and, Eric Shea, Repairman it's, Jack? It's, it's that Batman has defeated both Joker and the Riddler like he has done to make him too predictable because he's too good as we started this thing out. And now we're back to where we started where they are both defeated again. Yes, the Riddler didn't beat the Joker in the Grand no. War. Nobody won. Batman won. This is the same thing. But this that's what right. and I'm saying the, the whole deal is where is what would, caused apparently the Joker not to yeah, laugh. Where would Riddler ever get the idea that him losing a war would make the Joker laugh? Because it was all set up that it was Batman who kept winning. Again, like you said, he's now set up Batman to win again. So yeah. why would this make him laugh? Why would this I, I ever know. make and him honestly, laugh? The whole thing where we come down to the whole idea where Riddler is like the whole jokes and Riddler's everything we've been freaking reading for months now. It was all set up by Riddler. At what point was it yep. set up by Riddler? Was when he figured yeah. out what happened with the Joker while he was still in the police station prison or Arkham, wherever the fuck he was. Or was it when he got out? And freaking went to the Joker and said, look, let's kill Batman together. And the Joker shot him. Was it well, after that point the, where he decided? Because now, I want to know where this all takes place. How do you freaking realize, all right, I'm going to take some guy, Charlie Brown. I'm going to make him turn into Kite Man because okay. he joke somehow. Well, we'll get I'm to that in a second because on he my didn't. Side. That, that's the problem is, is he 
wants to make it and, and and when he goes and he says listen you the man who laughs at anything but who can't laugh at anything that's an opportunity that's a riddle i want to solve that i did solve by making this war and losing it but you never that's not the riddle the, a no. riddle isn't making him laugh a riddle is figuring out why he didn't and if what we think it was why he didn't laugh was because what joker said at the very beginning of this arc batman was making it too predictable batman has won again this wouldn't make him laugh this wouldn't make him laugh this it's all nonsense and then he basically says listen i set it up and all this is is to wash batman's hands clean of any wrongdoing and all this by riddler saying oh i was fooling him the whole time this was all a ruse i made batman do that i did this no that means batman's an idiot and that means batman is even more responsible for letting the riddler do it i'm telling you at this point i'm getting this explanation too like pretty much every issue since it happened i'm just wondering when are you going to explain who Bruce Wayne gave that billion dollars to so they could yeah. win the war? Like, was yeah. that did he never do that? Everybody never went from that dinner. Everybody went from that dinner with Bruce to the next issue. Batman being on Riddler's side, just assuming that that meant that's what Bruce picked. That's make a any different thing. Sense. What, is that's he a different Batman thing. Off of the billion dollars. Yeah, I just think that that was just smoke and mirrors to have that yeah. dinner issue that everybody seemed to go fucking nuts about. And even that, you have this whole thing. He's like, you should be laughing, and then he says, "I set it all up." Kite Man's son Charlie. I, you know, all this when when Riddler actually says it. If you remember, though, the first. First thing that happened, the first thing that got Kite Man involved with any of this is Batman went to Batman. him in that bar and fucking threatened him and fucking roughed him around a bit to because say, where to is the Joker? the Joker? Was You're the only one who has a connection with the Joker because you helped make the Joker mobile. You're going to set up a, a date with him and we're going to go. Riddler found out about that and intercepted him with Clayface and then went. So if anybody's to blame from the beginning, it is Batman. Batman yeah. got Kite Man involved. It, yeah. Then Riddler took him and fashioned him into kite man but batman was the first one to get him involved and that's nonsense and, and you seems can't like a whole thing where you know riddler knows he's beaten he's trying to fucking do whatever he can to come up with a fucking you know a reason not to be beaten anymore he's like yeah i meant to do all this this yeah, is that's all, all it is. everything yeah, guys. and it seems like that but i think I'm that it's basically that smart i'm, I'm telling you i already had people message me and say that all of this, what Riddler says, wipes Batman clean of any wrongdoing in this whole jokes and riddles so that he can go forward. Because, yes, the, the biggest regret to me is that he allowed a little kid to die. Not that he almost killed the Riddler. I'm telling you, oh, by the end when he says to Selena. thing where he, just, he let a kid die. That is fucked up. That's not the only thing that really, should be weighing this goddamn soul. It should be everybody else everybody. that he let down in Gotham. Yeah. There's no way in everybody. my mind anybody in Gotham, like from this point on, even the five years later, whatever, uh, four, three, whatever, yeah. how many every yeah. years we are in the present – would say that Batman is their hero for allowing the Yeah, but here's the thing. If you wrap it around to him talking to Selina and him saying that, okay, we, we have it. All the way up to here, we have the same thing. Riddler says, I duped you guys. I, I fooled both of you guys. Yeah. You should be laughing. Bat I played Batman like a goddamn fiddle. And then even says, because you also go back, I want to point out, that if you are still going with the concept that, the bat that uh, Joker can't laugh because Batman's too good, Riddler spells out that he isn't. Riddler says, it's not all about you. Every story isn't about you. I could kill you any time I want. You'd yeah, be in a ditch tomorrow. And, and that is basically saying... You're nothing. You're a joke. So how can it be that what you know? At one point they want to kill Batman because he's too good. But here, basically, he says this isn't about you, you idiot. Talking Riddler to the to Batman. How did you ever? Not every story is your story. Number one, I want to say. 
the Batman book should be his story. That's an aside. And he says, you really think it bothers me you're alive? I could kill you easily. I could kill everyone you love. If I wanted, you'd all be in a ditch tomorrow. So basically he's throwing shade at Batman saying, you know what? You're a joke. You you are a complete and utter joke. And and everybody will say, well, Jim, it's only been a year since he's in Batman, so that makes sense. But you've set up the Joker as being this guy too, yes, that, like, that he's Batman too good. Batman has taken down the Riddler and put him in prison for the last year. Yeah, and that the whole thing is set up. This war was originally supposed to be set up as a story that Batman was too good and makes too, everything predictable. But because we have this wonky timeline of trying to figure out where the Joker is at the point when the story starts. We have the Riddler getting out of prison from zero year. We don't know what Joker's been doing. It would have been nice to know. The other thing I want to tell or say to you, I'm getting winded, Eric. I'm getting angry now, is that through this whole jokes and riddles, do you ever, did you ever get an idea that this was a big war in the Joker's mind? Because half no, the time he, he, he was on his couch suburban house watching, watching TV. TV. So this whole thing of him setting up this war, the Riddler, I set up this war between us to make you laugh. Blah, blah, blah. For the most part, the Joker seemed to just be going along because I'm it saying, was something to do. Once he took over the Falcone crime family and killed Falcone's mother and shit like that and had the yeah. Penguins start working for him, he checked out of this whole story. Yeah, he checked out. He was watching TV most of the time at points with Kite Man. And then he was sitting in that theater where Kite Man was the only one watching when he was yeah. giving the speech and stuff like that. Then there's the, the whole thing of, listen, uh, you know, I was the one, Riddler saying, I was the one who made Batman. I, I convinced him to leave the, you know, Kite Man for last so that we could do all this stuff. Why? Why did you, why would Batman go with that? Because the whole concept of that whole run of, you know, logic was that they needed Kite Man to be last so that Kite Man would buckle and tell him where the Joker was. The problem yeah. is they had already told him that before. And any of those villains that that they were scooping up, like, Especially you know, Clue Master, Clue Master, yeah, all of them, freaking, you know, Mad Hatter, all these guys, each one of them would have told them. Each oh, yeah. one of them would have said something, but no, it's all led to this, oh, I, we left him for last, and it was my idea, and all this. But even then, that's Batman being duped again. I don't like my stories I, I with Batman I, I'm being duped. I'm trying to figure out how this all proceeds, because, you know, the war of jokes and riddles, besides for this whole convoluted explanation that the Riddler set everything up now, just out of nowhere, it's not even convoluted, it's just an easy out that doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, it's just, it, it wipes the slate clean set, to we me. We set the thing up. We're going to work to, like, I want to work together so we can kill Batman. Joker shoots him, and then the war begins to see who can kill Batman first, Riller or Joker. Yeah, but we never even just, got that. We never, never that came was back never even that. said, and, and, like, though. You know, bring me Batman. Batman would not go. People died, and then Batman was working for the Riddler. I'm like, the, it the just biggest problem jumped with the shark it, though. To this point. At the very beginning, Riddler did go, hey, I know why you're not laughing. I've been watching the signs. You're trying to get Batman to go here or there. You're going to kill him. Let's kill him together. Joker shot Riddler, never said a word, and walked away. He never even said and he wanted even to even do thing, that. Getting shot, is that part of his plan? Because as Batman yeah. even said when he came in, if he thought He's it was not a fatal blow. There's no way that anybody could have yeah, lived. And how, so right how there, did that go from there? I mean, he got I, shot point blank and then in the stomach. He was freaking immediately fine because he went to a doctor and somehow that wound was just a scar now and healed. I don't know what happened. Yeah, remember that basically that gunshot was all just a, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors because they wanted that to be the dot the in the question mark. Yeah, the question mark symbol on his chest. Nonsense. Nonsense, but yeah. As and half this the story is, going is on. just a way for Tom King to freaking throw Batman movie references in each yeah, issue. Yeah, Batman like, movie this references, one, the whole thing, but I. Even the whole thing where Bruce is upset and telling Selena, like, 
The Joker made me. It's the whole thing for Batman 89 as well. You, I made you. You made me first. And shit well, like and that. Well, and this is what happens then is that Riddler's yelling and screaming about all this. Batman gets pissed off uh, as Joker and Riddler are just looking at each other. And you have Joker giving you the knock-knock who's there nonsense. And uh, as that's going on, Batman picks up the knife that looks now like a machete that Joker used to cut off that guy's arm. And then goes after Riddler and says, and that's where you get another. You have Riddler, no, hell yeah. I'm like, really? Really? That's hell what yeah. you're going with? That's what you're going with? And then that's where Batman says, it wasn't an accident. And this is his biggest regret. It wasn't an accident. I, and he's talking to Selena. I didn't think I'd fail. I wasn't out of control or insane. No, I, I think you're angry enough that yeah. you can go with that. I knew who I was. I knew what I was doing. I understood the choice I'd made. I thrust the knife out to kill the Riddler. And that's where the Joker stopped them by putting his hand out. He put the thing through, and that's where Joker sees it. I just want to know he who saved kills somebody Riddler. by stabbing him in the face. I, I know that I shit just well, he, fucked up and yeah, sounds really. funny, but who does that shit? He ended up Joker stopped him, and then Joker says that's funny, and then laughs it up. And that's where you have a dejected Riddler there. It looks like Kite Man has actually woken up at that point. He's kind of yeah. sitting up, and so then Batman's down on, on his Batman's down on his knees, all upset. And that's where he says to Selena, I'm "Who he's I not just yelling no into the yeah, air?" Yeah, really. Now uh, I want to point out. I love Selena. I am a I'm a Catwoman fan. I always I like her solo books. I wish there was one right now. He is explaining to Selena why this is his biggest regret. I don't think Selena would care one bit. I no. don't think I don't know why he ever would. Now it's nice he's getting it off his chest, I guess. But he's like, you know what separates me from them? I have lines, right? I can stop. I have limits. I wish that after all this, because he goes through this, uh, they can't control themselves. I can. I'm good. They're bad. They don't. Kill. They kill. I don't. But it's not true. Uh, you know what separates me is basically the Joker. The Joker made me and all this. But I'd love Selena to say, okay, listen, I was there. I saw a lot of this. I didn't see yeah. this obviously, but I was there. You know what? Uh, let's get back to you being duped. You know what you have to do, what you should have done from that point on, which I think you did. You went and tried to be better. You went from this to try to make sure nothing like this happens again. You know what? That's good. That's what you have to do. That's all he has to do. And I could say that the past history of Batman, from what we're getting here to what we have now, Batman has tried to be better. Yeah. And I'm fine with this. But this is the biggest regret. What about that little boy who died because he got he got his dad involved originally? That, that's who got him involved originally. How about all those people that died when he couldn't get to Deathstroke and Deadshot? All these people. Yeah, you can wipe it clean because it was. But he was the guy who was trying to stop it and couldn't. All these people. But yet his biggest regret is that he didn't kill or he tried to kill the Riddler. Yeah. I, I wish Selena said, you know what? I wish you would have killed that motherfucker. I'm so sick of that guy. I wish you would have like, killed the Joker. He's caused way more problems. Yeah, yeah, all these guys. You know, and that might be where you don't even get that whole thing where I like when you have to kind to look this is why the injustice book i thought was really good and the video game but the book especially by tom taylor because you did have that idea listen bruce you don't kill maybe that's the wrong thing to do but this never gets there it never gets to the point where selena's like well maybe it would have been better if you did kill him or you know whatever but when it all wraps around selena has done some bad things so he's trying Non-stop. to convince I, – I really think that this is where Tom King, because of this marriage thing, he has to get them in more of an even 
plain so that people because when Selena when he first asked Selena there were people who flipped their lid like oh my god how could he marry a villain I know that they have relations on the rooftops Eric but to marry her oh my god that this almost seems like he's trying to make it an even playing field so we can say oh well Selena had to accept his faults too that, that he's accepting hers and it just seems so forced and yeah he's just talking I'm not the knight in the dark he is what I made him and, and then he says I love you i have to love you but that doesn't mean that you have to love me and he also says Honestly, when he I, went I to just hung up on this whole thing i am what the joker made me and i'm thinking yeah. to myself like you're the batman the joker did not make you then the 89 like you know film jack napier did kill his parents he made him in the film that made sense yeah. in that context the whole idea where the joker stopped batman from killing somebody before that we had a year or two i don't yeah, know I how know. many months where Batman had a no-killing policy. Ever since that, he's had a no-killing policy. It wasn't because the Joker's... Yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm saying that he's saying that the only reason he has never killed anybody in his life now is because of the Joker. That's why he made him. I he's know, saying, it's, it's if it wasn't for the Joker, I would have killed one guy, and then yeah. my whole policy's done. I get it. I just, I really don't care. I, I really don't think it's that crazy. And uh, that's where he also says, I went to see Joker afterwards since then. And asked him, you know, and he always said, he said, why did you do that? And Joker responded with, don't you know the difference between a joke and a riddle? When you figure that out, you'll, you'll understand. And then Selena says to him, you know what, the difference between a joke and a riddle? And she goes into it. The answer could be clever or funny, political or deep, but it could also be who cares? That's what it is. Who cares? Honestly, and, that's what it is to me. This entire yeah, arc is that's, who cares? And it's so weird to throw that in there because that's yeah. what if, – if you haven't been enjoying it, you're like, okay, you just slap me in the face. Who because cares? And then she starts whole, crying. The whole arc, you know, they keep throwing – this whole thing at us what like what's the difference between a joke and a riddle and like she said you assume it could be this political thing it could be a clever thing it could be a funny Deep thing political. but in the end who cares it's pretty much like they're summing up this entire arc because yeah. who does care it's yeah. almost like saying it's one of those things where people say to you all the time jim like man what are you worried about it's just comic books yeah and it, it, that it belittles the media that, that to go it does and of. that also connected with riddler saying this every story isn't about you batman it just – it rubs me the wrong way. It yeah. really, really does. It rubs me. And, and at this point when she says who cares, she's crying now. Why is she crying? And then she's like, listen, you know, you've earned – you know, this is what we're made of. Basically, all of these bad things that have happened to both of us, this is what makes us us. This is what's going to make us as a couple. This – the pain that we have is, you know – and honestly, at the end of it, who cares? And they go with that. And then he says, Selena. And then she says, Bruce, say it again, but this time don't – don't demand. Please just ask me. And it was funny because I wanted to say to you, I thought that she might have forgotten what he was asking because it's been so long at this boring story. You, that's why she's crying. She was tired when she came to bed. He's kept her up all fucking night. And, and for this, this is the end where it's like, oh, I was duped. And, you know, the judge, I, I wish she would slap him right in the face. But he says, will you marry me? And then you have her look, smile, and she says yes. And again, the art's incredible. It really, really is. It looks is. great. It, it I'm looks telling great. You, I cannot fault anything with this book on the art because that is the best part about this entire arc but, as a whole yeah. is the art because it stays consistent and it always looks great. And if, if you are in it for just that, if you don't care one bit – and uh, well, before I say that, what – if you read the story – I like stories and this is in the past. Obviously, this yes. is a story in the past. Does this to you make the Joker a better character? 
the, no. this this whole does it make a Riddler, the Riddler a better character? And they Actually, make him a little it, more sinister. It makes him like freaking sinister as hell now that he's this straight up just a freaking like slasher yeah, murderer. It, and he a may have done that. Jock guy out but, of nowhere. But did it make honestly, Batman it better? It the character in my mind. Okay, does it make Batman any better? No. No, it made him worse. He he really seemed like just an idiot through this whole Entire whole arc. Thing. And uh, so if you're going with that, I don't think that it was very good. If you are only in it to see if Selena says yes, then I guess that you got through a lot of story that you really didn't care about to get to the end. And in the end, you're probably like, you know what? I like that. I'm glad I read it because Selena said yes, and I got to read it, and I can tell people later that I was reading it, whatever. But if you're in it for the jokes and riddles, I think the jokes and riddles completely falls apart. It doesn't stay together. If you go back and read it again, there are so many loose ends that are just left out there. I mean, when we were talking on the podcast, but like, but right as the summer was starting, like actually before the summer when it was announced, the whole war of jokes and riddles, just the name alone got me excited because. Yeah. You could do so many things with this. The whole idea of the Joker versus the Riddler and freaking all-out Warzone and Gotham. Yep. It sparked my imagination, and I actually couldn't wait for it to come because I was not a fan of the I Am Suicide arc. I was not a yeah. fan of the I Am Bane arc. So I'm like, going into this, I'm like, this could be amazing. And I, this is one of my least favorite stories I've ever read in the like since we've been doing the website and the podcast. Yeah, I I actually wish that with metal going on and somehow I know that shit's gone wrong in Gotham, so it doesn't make sense. But if somehow metal had taken Batman out of the game for a little while instead of going back, and that's really why we're doing this in the past as yeah. well, so that we can tell that while that was going on. You don't got to well. deal with your timelines. Yeah, and all that yeah. Shit. So I actually wish that Batman is out of the picture in metal, and somehow you did didn't have a Gotham that's gone to hell, and we would have had a war of jokes and riddles. Get yeah. Batman out of it. I think that this this whole concept of it, because Tom King said he went to uh, DC, he went to the editors, whoever it may be, and said, listen, has there ever been a story arc with the Joker versus the Riddler? And they said no, and there wouldn't be because the problem is – you have Batman involved, yeah. and he st- and this still did, and I think that that actually was the you know weak part of it. I wish that it would have just been Joker versus the uh, the Riddler, and see how that went, and see how the different things with Batman involved. What you did was you ended up getting Batman too involved, and I I said to you, okay, you go from this. There's Batman. Batman was going around Gotham with a Riddler armband and at Riddler's side throughout this. How in the hell do we go from here where the GCPD ever deals with him again? Seriously. This is a guy who has broken out of prison and should be there should be manhunt after manhunt for this guy because he was a terrorist in Gotham during zero year. He broke out of prison, but yet there you go. Your big vigilante of Gotham is walking side by side through the streets with him and fighting alongside of him where people would see this and how do you ever go from there any sort of way in the future and have this and plus i want to say this whole story i told you it's very insular Eric. it's it's a story that you never yeah, really that get word of me i don't like it. we never get a scope a grand scope the gcpd yeah you had uh freaking commissioner gordon at one point but then they just disappeared they, yeah. they left the whole city, so it doesn't even seem like anybody in the city is well, reacting the, except the city, on the, the TV. City, like, the city reacted, the police reacted to the whole thing, you know, they got killed. Commissioner Gordon went in the freaking pe- talk about peace negotiations and like that. In his undies, and in a freaking, you know, all locked up. And it up. didn't work. And then they, they wanted they the Batman. And freaking, you know, special forces, they were all killed. Once they were all killed, all right, GCPD, we're out. Yeah, and Can't even then, remember it was that Gordon went in. And said, uh, you know, what do you want? And he came back out and he said, both of them want the Batman. 
They yep. want Batman to go in. That will end it. Didn't seem that way then. Everything twist and turn. Where are these bombs? Where's this booby traps all in, in that oh, yeah, freaking Joker skyscraper the freaking that the Joker's in? Then. Like, yeah, why isn't he pressing a button up. and blowing up bombs now? Then he'll laugh. But yeah, it just seems. But I, I just, I can't get past the fact that Batman was going around with that Riddler fucking armband, armband and, yeah. and fighting people when who the Riddler was up to this and getting involved where nobody ever would. Be able to say Batman's our hero because he wouldn't be. He'd never be able and, to and deal with the, the GCPD you know, going You could say forward. that Batman was, you know, he was duping the Riddler by joining his side because him and Kite Man had a plan no, that's all what along. They, but that's it was what they all thought. them being duped by the Riddler for them. And, some, and it doesn't matter. It's perception. This, out of the future and realized, I can make Batman join my side even after killing a child because somehow yeah. that works. Yeah, and just the fact that he's there, the people, you know, GCPD, the news people, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know the connection between Charlie Brown and Batman yeah. and all this, but they, uh, it's perception, and all they would see is Batman going around with the most vile criminal that Gotham at this point has seen and dealt with because of Zero Year, which yeah. was a year before this. That's why he broke out of prison, so I, I think it's nonsense. But at the end, Tom King seems to be able to write these stories where people just don't think of the facts that happened before and don't put – and I said – I even was talking to, on Twitter where Tom King is really good at these big moments, but I don't think he gives the you know little things that tie them together no, very well. They, he, he doesn't just, have them make sense in the long run. No, They're just so. there, and you're supposed to take them at face value. Yeah, so there you go, Eric. There you go. That is Batman number 32. We're done with the jokes and riddles, and we're going to move on to see the repercussions of the answer coming up. And I'll tell you, I hope that it's good. I want to see it. I, I hope. I loved the Gotham, I Am Gotham Oh, I Am Gotham deal. was my I favorite arc of this whole series. And when I Am Suicide started, I was all in until I was left with things <laughs> in my I hand afterwards. Until I realized it didn't make any sense. Yes, and we were trying to figure things out. And then maybe, maybe if I'm just along for the ride and I go with the flow. Uh, it would have been a little better, but yeah, we were trying to. We were actually a hundred percent in and uh, giddy with trying to figure things out and punch. Oh, punch his left hand and this and that. There was nothing to figure out. It was all no. face value stuff that didn't make any sense. Yep. At the end of the day, Eric. At the but end yeah, of the day. At the end of the day. Any last uh, comments, or you just want to give your score? I'm going to give my four out of ten. I'm telling you, Mikhail Yannin's art is amazing. I have, I'm telling you, I love this artist, and he makes everything look great. Yeah, I, I think that, like, he elevated the story. I'm telling you, if you had a shitty artist on this, I think people would have came around and realized that it wasn't much of a story. But since it was such great art throughout, people yeah. hung on and thought that they, that they really it's liked incredible. this just because it looked great. Because there's not much of a story here at all, and at the end, it doesn't make any sense no. and makes no. Batman look terrible. I give it a fuck you five. I, I said I even told Anthony Jackson that he he said it would be a six, and it's funny too, where he's like, you know what? I'm not as negative as you, but he's not going further than a six. Yeah. Yeah, a six is not great either. But I said, yeah, I'm a little more closer to you than uh, you know Eric, so I am. I'm one point higher. And Eric, the I'll thing fuck is, you I wanted to give it a fuck you five, but I've given so many of these issues fuck you fives that like you know the Get Fresh crew knows what a five means when they see it. For yeah. anybody just reading my review or anything, they like just that, think you think. I I didn't want to give it a five because it wasn't deserved in normal people's thoughts a five in my mind because this is a finale. Not only this issue, but this freaking has to tie up everything that we've come before. This has to be the goddamn anchor to the story, and it failed. Yeah. It's just this – I don't know. We have another story, and Tom King gets away with it because everybody – oh, this is the beginning of his career. But I want to know where Batman has been. 
I, we haven't gotten a real Batman in a while. Uh, it just, I, I want something different. I want something that I like, and I'm not liking well, this. You, this right jokes now, and riddles this... made me give up the book to you. This, uh, entire, made a this entire arc, though, is like, you know, like, not even the arc. This entire series so far since Rebirth began is what we have mopey Batman who wants to yeah. die, and then we have Batman who wants to have, get married, but first... He has to tell her about how terrible he was. So we've had terrible, mopey Batman yeah. this entire Yeah, that's run. the problem. It's because he is telling about this. It is still mopey Batman. And now it's, you know, we still seem to be coming up with dealing with the Batman who doesn't want to be Batman anymore. I, I know there's people who are like, oh, the Bat God. I'm sick of that. I uh, just want Batman. Just give me Batman. Give me something. Give me a capable Batman who's badass and who can fucking solve the goddamn day because of the yeah. skills that he has spent his entire lifetime accruing. I agree. And next up, we got Superman number 32, written by James Bonney, with art by Tyler Kirkham, Arif Prianto, and Dave Sharp. Deathstroke is in town with a few days to kill Lois Lane. <laughs> and with this weighing on our Man of Steel's mind, he's not about to let his wifey out of his sight. Deathstroke isn't about to let that bring him down, though, and after almost getting the big blue boys got to cross the line and kill our favorite assassin, we find out that this whole thing was set up by Amanda Waller to see if she could get Superman to cross the line for something that she has planned down the line. Yeah, that's about it. I yep. liked it. I, I did so like I. it. And it's funny because we had this – it wasn't a bet, but we had a, an idea going into this uh, because the last issue we did have Deathstroke firing the gun at Lois. And, you know, you kind of figured all he wanted to do was get Superman there. But yeah. I also remember I had the idea that – Possibly one of those guys from Czech, like the Czech Republic, or you know, they'd be behind wait, and he'd actually be killing them, and we'd go off and be friends or whatever. But as this ends, now the other thing that I like this did ha this does take place before I think it calls out Deathstroke yes. number twenty one, so it's before his whole epiphany Defiance and all this and all stuff. stuff yeah. But what I do like about this, and I hope that they actually use it to their advantage, is the fact that Deathstroke at this point in his book that we'll hear about later in the podcast is has a Stroke Squad, the Defiance Squad, and he wants to be a good guy. I hope that maybe this is one of those where Superman will never trust him. I, there's no way he'll ever trust him again, even if he knows that Deathstroke was kind of playing him a bit or, you know, checking out things like that. But You put his that wife was, in danger. You crossed the line Yeah, right yeah, there. you have. And this is where I said where I think that Deathstroke is going to be a good guy in his own book until the point where they, the world and the other heroes and everybody else pretty much drives him to be what he always has been. They're not going to accept him as a monster, hero. I'll give you the monster. And, and it really goes through a whole deal. And this, actually, this issue on why I say that this issue deals pretty much with that theme that James Bonney's doing really well here is that in this world and these heroes and especially you know you have Superman I'll throw Wonder Woman but Batman especially you kill a person you're a killer. Yeah. You can't have – like Superman and Batman, they, they're not going to look at Deathstroke. That's, that's one thing though. Batman has been a little lax on that lately where he's he like, has all right, been. Killer Frost, you, we'll, we'll redeem you. I know. You. Well, he's trying to we'll redeem, redeem because you. it seems like he thinks that Killer Frost, I think that how Steve Orlando's playing it, it it's more of a – 
she is a victim of her. Yeah. I mean, there is no victim here with Deathstroke. Slade no, no. is a killer. He does it for pay. So it is one of those things where I like this as Deathstroke and Superman, because really this whole issue is just Deathstroke pushing Superman, you know, to the point where he wants to see how far he can go. Now, in the meantime, supposedly he's being hired by Amanda Waller. That's not yeah, supposed, but supposedly to Amanda Waller, thinking that they have set Slade up to not be hurt. They have, oh, we did this, we got you this. And it's a badass moment near the end where he's like, all those things that you set up, those fail safes and things, those things were gone oh, way yeah. before. I mean, it shows that's, at that's the, the end. That's one cool thing because while we do have the gravity sheath in action here, you know, which allows him to take the brute strength of Superman, yes. it can only take it so long before yeah, the actual mechanisms so actually are damaged yeah. and he's just Deathstroke again. But when we have the reveal at the end, like Amanda Waller gave him the special like heat coil to be in yep, his the suit coil. that was yep. supposed to freaking and that was save for the, him yeah. from the heat vision. Which they thought out, he would go to town with. They, exactly. If really Superman thought. crossed the line, that's how he would cross the line and just yeah. burn Slade alive. And and it's so funny, though, because I say that heat coil does not help you when he throws you in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and even Deathstroke even says at one point, like, you, you can just take me up into space. You don't want to kill me. And I like that whole deal. And I like how y- you kind of think in, when thinking back at the Defiance and all that, where these heroes and the main heroes in the, in the DCU and all that, they're never going to accept Deathstroke as no. a hero. He's a killer. And, and he like, always with, will with, be to them. With that in mind, though, like, you know, James Bonney has said that this will set up a story that he has yeah. later down the road a bit. I don't know when we're going to pick back up to that, but you know where Amanda Waller tries to get Superman across the line or whatever she has planned. Yep. I I really hope that's in enough time that we're still dealing with the defiance Deathstroke and he has to team up with Superman to help him. Yeah, that's and, and what I really even, hope. yeah, and even with that, you have the idea that you know we'll we'll get to it at the end, trying to think of what she really is trying to do. But at the end of this issue, to me, I'm like. Yeah, Deathstroke's uh, he's a hard ass. He is a fucking badass because he could have died. At that one point he says, all of those failsafes, they have gone down, but he's also a man of his word. He has made a contract. He fulfills his contract. So yeah. to him, there's no nonsense like, "Oh my god, you know this heat coil, that's down. I'm out." I, you know, no. He he will he'll die to fulfill a contract which we see uh but in and this plus, too, i think he just really likes the challenge of going yeah, up against i think Superman he does because well. in this i think he's just playing around he he seems to be having fun and you have that whole deal where he doesn't care if there is collateral damage and knows for a fact that if he, everything if the shit hits the fan what he does even in this is you know you throw a grenade you put other people oh, that, in danger that, and you, that collateral always damage you're talking about i thought that was a really great thing because it shows you what you know the the, the ways that Deathstroke will be able to fulfill what he wants to do. Like, you know, when yeah. Superman has him down, he needs to get away. He just chucks a grenade in the oncut, like in, you know, yeah, traffic, in the traffic in the road, yeah. and it blows a car and up, Superman it over, and a woman's still inside. He has yeah. to stop to save this woman. Deathstroke's yep. gone. I'm like, that's Actually, awesome. it's a dude. He has a beard. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. But he's like, don't worry, I got you. Hold on tight. Uh, that guy's got some uh, chin deal there. He's got some scruff. So I so know, what? The, so I know you're blunt. Scruff, no, I'm not, not saying. Maybe the circus is in town. The yeah. bearded lady is there. Though this circus is not is a classic. for a few days to thrill. Thrill. 
but yeah, the whole thing is he, we, like we said, we start <laughs> off and he, he does shoot at Lois and Superman shows up. And even Superman knows, like, he hesitated. He waited. And Lois is smart enough to know this. And you get a little, you don't get a lot of Lois in this because it's mainly Superman and Deathstroke. But Lois continues with what she's here of being a badass herself. Like, everybody here is a badass. Superman may be a little overprotective, but again, she is in big trouble. And so they they get away. Deathstroke gets away by throwing that, you know, bomb there. And Superman has to save that car. Deathstroke disappears. They don't see him for a while. And then there's a fire down at the propane factory or whatever the deal may be. And you know right away that this is all a setup. Yeah. This is a setup for Deathstroke. But Lois and, isn't about to. Like, she's been putting her no. life on hold to a degree. Like, Superman has been all He wants her to go away. And she he, has a yeah. job to do. She gets set on this freaking, you know, to go report on the propane factory fire. And, you know, she's tired of just waiting around for her life to end, yes. if that's the case. So she's like, I'm just going. I'm going to go Now, I, I, I will say, do. I don't know why maybe James Bond, just didn't want to cross the line. Because you would have kind of thought that he would, you know, Deathstroke would have been following Lois. Kind of don't know why he wouldn't have gone after John. But that seems like maybe that's, you know, there's some honor to Deathstroke that he's not going to screw well, around with a little is, kid. the thing is, you know, like, you know, in his mind is at least like the way I took the book. Superman is in love with Lois Lane. Yeah. John, you know, Kent, while it's her son, it's not, you know, Lois Lane. Yeah, but it would have been like, for you know, Deathstroke. He has kids as well. It's the whole thing as well, like the jackal slicing freaking jaw. No, yeah, yeah. But back. again, it's, it's a little too close to home, yeah. I would think. I- I'm telling you that where he was probably following Lois around and with Amanda Waller wanting to know exactly what would push him to the limit. Uh, I know that they're just centering on Lois yeah. and, you know, they wouldn't know the connection, but it'd be funny. Actually, the funniest thing would be, okay, you know, there's Destro thinking, you know, Superman, obviously this would lead to, yeah, I think that Clark Kent is Superman because yeah, there's honestly, nothing I like. Freaking, I thought the same fucking thing the entire time because when we get to the next page where they're like, they're just waiting around, John's playing at the park and uh, yeah. Clark and Lois are talking to each other about what they're going to do with Deathstroke in town. There's a scene where it looks like a dude who's in the background just watching from behind a tree, and I'm like, so is Deathstroke going to put this together or what? Yeah, and then I thought not only that, but also of the boy, is is she cheating on her husband with Superman? Like, he is going out and about. So it would have been a funny deal if if it wrapped around and this was kind of – it would get kind of comical, I guess, if it would have wrapped that – he grabbed Clark thinking that Superman would come and then maybe Lois would save him. But that's not this type of story because no. it is all set up for Amanda Waller to find out. And, yeah, this propane factory is set up to make Superman decide. One of those, you know, are you going to save Lois? Are you going to save this factory? This is all going and things like that. And Superman, like he usually does, he tries to save both. But at the one that's point, the, the Lois one point, pretty though. much almost dies. Yeah, you know. that's the thing, though. Like if I'm Deathstroke, he didn't play. It exactly had because he did light the fire at the propane factory, and Superman does go off to stop this one section from exploding for the flames yeah. getting too close to the tanks. You should have just waited a little bit longer for him to deal with the rest of the fire yes. at the freaking place. Yes. If it gets, it gets to the main tanks and blows, almost yep. causing Lois and himself to die. I'm like, just wait a little bit longer. You would have been cool, but no, that first one he like, you know, Superman goes off to stop the one section from blowing up, and that's when Deathstroke makes his move to grab Lois to freaking make him look. The only way to stop him, he's gonna, you're gonna have to kill me, big blue boy scout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna do that. And what ends up happening? They get knocked into the water when this blows up. Superman's trying to put that fire out. Deathstroke has the brunt of it as a freaking yeah. blanket. You know, oh yeah, thing. yeah. I think he's actually protecting them with having his body in the way. But yeah, still I think pushed he is back too. By the force. Yeah, and they go, 
And then they're in some sort of warehouse type garage thing where a Deathstroke has Lois and Lois gets out the stun gun and says, you know what? Yeah, he knows exactly what it is. He's like, you know what? I'm going to miss you, Lois. You know, all this fun we're having. But I saw that stun device back in Prague and I know that it sends out a homing signal that only Superman can hear, right? And she's like, yeah, that's right. And then he says, you better use it and you better use it now. And that's where Superman hears it and comes. Deathstroke's gone. He's gone. He has a, a thing carved in he's a badass he game over, in, boy game scout. over boy scout and then that's a pretty kick-ass knife there uh but yeah that's where superman's like oh it was all a game to test me to see how far i would go to protect someone he knows i care about but was it Deathstroke's over and over game? again deathstroke was just telling him look you you are gonna yeah. have to kill me and that's all he kept saying over yeah. and over again in this issue and yeah. superman was like you know there was times it looked like Superman might have actually gone and done it, but you know yep. we know Superman. We know he's not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, we know he's not going to. A completely different and weird series if he has. Yes, yeah, yeah. But again, it's one of those two. You know, Deathstroke got him to a point where he was very close, so they he know what's himself. going on. What, but yeah, about at this what point, he would do at this point, you have. Superman kind of wondering, was this just him playing a game or was somebody wanting to know something else? Again, I if I was Superman, I'd be thinking, boy, why he seems to want to know who I am. You know what yeah. I mean? I would have been completely, you know, fooled into thinking that why would Deathstroke want to know my, you know, identity and stuff like that? But then we go and we do see that an armored car is driving away and you do see in there is Deathstroke saying, you know what? Uh, this danger, I was in danger, that coil, because it's the person who ends up being in Amanda Waller says, you know what, you were never in real danger. Don't even pretend that you were there. You know, we had that heat coil and things like that. It would protect you. He's like, that crept out during our street brawl. I mean, that was the beginning of this issue. And he's like, at the docks, my armor's defenses were, shields were useless. And we saw at one point, he knew that it was getting close to the point where he couldn't take it. His, it does recoil back any kinetic energy that's hit, but it it only goes to a point exactly and yeah and, and that's where she says then you were vulnerable why did you go through it and he says i always finish a job even for you and then she's like i know we had our differences in the past slate and it is he he was part of the suicide yeah. squad so yeah but we, he, she says we just needed to see how far superman could be pushed in case i need to do some pushing myself and that's where you see it's amanda waller and you see deathstroke's like eh, job's a job waller i don't really give a damn about your reasons and like you said, I actually hope that when this ties in, because James Bonney did tell us that eventually we're going to get back to something, I do hope that it is Deathstroke joining up with Superman this time just so to kind of let him in on what on. the hell is going on. Like he's and, the exposition yeah. filler there. He lets her, like Superman know what the hell is going on. But I'm telling you, the last lines of this is like, you know, Deathstroke's narration as we go through. Killing changes you. It changed me. No. Deep down, I hope Superman is right. But when you blink in the presence of a predator, it can be suicide with the whole no. idea of like, Going through, like going past that point of no return. Like, imagine that, you know, Superman, he crosses that line. Everybody, like, we've seen an injustice. Superman Mm -hmm. crosses that line. The whole world is fucked. So, even again, it goes to, yeah, does not want him to do this. And it goes to the point where, yeah, all of a sudden, Deathstroke's about to slice Lois's throat and Superman kills Deathstroke. And it's one of those. Then you have, you've already done it. So the next time something pops up and it's, uh, you know, Lex is doing something not not even that bad or you have, you know, Parasite show up. Next thing you know, Superman's like, what's holding me back now? I already yeah. killed. Play, you know, there it goes. Parasite's head's ripped off. We're, we're out of Superman villains in a minute. 
and yeah. yeah, there's trouble. So yeah, it's it's a bad dark path to go down. Uh, where in the Deathstroke book, Wallace he's trying to come the back out. I think the devil's hand trying to do this. She might be playing the devil's hand, my friend. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. But yeah, I, I hope that we end up tying around and that he joins up with Superman. And if it would be, I know this would be stealing from the actual Deathstroke book now, but if this does happen, I want Deathstroke to show up, say, Superman, you got any change on you? Superman gives them a quarter. They have a contract. Boom, we go in just like yeah. they did in the regular book. But That would be funny. But, uh, yeah, there's it's very quick moving. Uh, a lot of it is that whole dialogue between Superman and Deathstroke about what it is, you know, stepping over the line and you don't want to do it. You do want to do it. Or are you going to do it and stuff like that? But I enjoyed it. And the art's sure, great. It's a quick, intense story that very really quick. just grabs a hold of you, though, while it does. And the art freaking helps it out so goddamn much. Yeah, and, and this is, I yeah. love Tyler Kirkham's art. I'm telling you, I, I want to see him on more goddamn things. Yeah, I do, too. And uh, yeah, I'm telling you, as Amanda Waller's great at the end. That, that panel with Amanda Waller and Deathstroke there is awesome. Uh, and... This is where we had talked when James Bonney was on with Tyler Kirkham on Deathstroke yeah. in the end of the New 52 that we said sometimes I just like an action book and especially with Deathstroke involved and having Superman here where you can just have fun. Not every book has – and this does have that whole you know underlying message with the you know you don't want to be a killer and stuff like that. But it's also some fun action where I can read and I can ch- just enjoy myself. And, and, and after we don't the get week a lot I was having with my books, I was happy as hell to have – have a good time because I saved this book for last like I always do when I review books and I was yeah. happy I did because I could at least go to bed not being miserable yeah I always go to bed miserable I, right. I don't know I always end up I played the devil's hand on myself Eric where I do this and Is then that I'm miserable having children oh, no okay. that's called not having children I, I end up and then I just trouble but yeah what did you give it I gave this book an 8 out of 10. I love the art, and I actually had a lot of fun with the story. The only thing that brings my score down to an 8, because I wanted to give it more, is that after Deathstroke and Lois were blown in, like into the ocean off of the docks, so, like he just got away, and I didn't really yeah. understand why. It was just way too quick. He's just away, and Superman is just hanging out waiting well, for the Well, he's hanging out trying like to look for him. He does say he uses X-ray vision, but boy, yeah. they skedaddled quick. Uh, yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I like the the fun and the art. I had a good time with it. I I like these sort of issues so uh, more than just people going around being grumpy. So that's where you get it. But or we're gonna mopey. move on or mopey. Where we're gonna move on to the next book, Eric. Which there is some guys. They might be a little mopey. But I still liked it. It's All Star Batman number fourteen, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque, Jordi Belair, and Steve Wands. The first ally story is over, and while Hussein saw that, and Hussein was the one who told me right away. Hussein, he actually emailed into the podcast and told us this. He, he saw fucking the, mumbo jimbo. He shit did. Out of this. He mumboed Hussein is what he did. He figured it out. He saw the Black Knight was Alfred, uh, an Alfred clone. Uh, I was presently surprised, though I thought this art could have dealt with one more issue to explain things a little bit more. The art and story were pretty damn good. And even the backup, which we've kind of been glossing over, uh, wrapped around to set up a possible sequel. So I actually like that, that in this one you read the entire deal and you actually get a wraparound that sets up a sequel. And that's cool because up to this point, you know, I've been treating these goddamn backups like they don't mean a a damn thing at all for what we're dealing with the all-star Batman. All of a sudden, it wraps around where it does, but I'm happy I read them now. Yeah, and that I'm happy as well. I always said that I thought that, and I don't know how they're going to play it. I don't know when this is... The story is put into trade if they're going to have just the All-Star Batman deal and then the backups in a row together or whatever. I actually now hope they don't. 
I hope that it goes the way it played out because it does kind of, when you end up, you're like, oh, man, that's pretty cool that it ends up being a tie around into this Genesis engine and maybe a sequel of what's going on. But it starts off, and you have the the back and forth between then and now, where in the past, Alfred was chasing Briar's plane, like the Learjet taking off, because it was uh, where Briar was going off to kill Alfred's father, Jarvis. Alfred had figured out that the, you know, to be the Black Knight, the Briar thought, listen, to be that, you have to be your own ally. You can't have weaknesses. And what we had been led up until this and, and really stressed the last couple of issues is that Briar's son had been the guy before Alfred in this program and ended up sacrificing himself to save Briar. And Briar thought that this is just a weakness. And really, yeah. you have this whole thing where throughout this whole story, this whole arc, you've had this background narration about pirate novels and pirate stories and things like that. I know that you're not very fond of that narration. I, I'm telling you, I don't mind it. First, with what we we're doing with, with the pirate family, yeah, you had the Miami pirates, and shit yeah. like that. But just the over, like you know, the over narration of the entire yes. thing, just dealing with that. Like I loved pirate stories and all that stuff. It was just a little too much. I'm like, yeah. if we would have gotten rid of that, I think. And just dealt with more of like just the Alfred narration about, you know, his love for his father and like, yeah, you know, I, the that's what his I father want. dealing I, with y- back yeah. to the Waynes and like Bruce himself. If we just would have dealt with that, I think it would, the story would have been a little bit more powerful than Yeah, Pirate I think thought. that how this whole story wraps around and ends here, to me, it's more of a story of what is a weakness. Is love and caring and having a good heart a weakness? Because yes. Breyer seems to think it is. Is uh, you know, he has made a clone that does not have any feelings or whatnot, but that's a failed deal to me because without caring about anything, and in the end, the clone even shows had feelings. So yeah. it's not like you can take them out of the person. But I think that what this really was stressing or could have stressed is the fact that Alfred went from this bad you know, thing in his youth where he was going to be this dark knight, this black knight type deal. And then he went and used this experience, used the experience of pretty much missing out on a lot of his father's, you know, life as well and being angry all the time. And then seeing Bruce lose his parents and he's the one who has to raise Bruce. And I think that that's where he thought, you know what? Briar thought that all of these things were a weakness. They're not I want to raise Bruce to be a good person first, and even as we've gone in the last issue, especially it started out, where Alfred blames himself still for not stopping Batman. I, I just being imagine Batman. though, it's like, you know, by the end of this when you see that Alfred does take over his his father's role as the butler yeah. for the Waynes and shit like that, you know, it's uh, Bruce is just a little boy, and then when the freaking, you know, they like the Waynes get killed, Bruce has this whole determination and when he comes back, like I'm going to be this Batman. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, is somebody punking yeah. me? What, what are you doing? Yeah, to me? really. This is it's my like, life. But, Don't do but, this. Yeah. And again, it's almost like if you're Alfred sitting there and this happens, you, you, you want to stop it, but you, you really can't. It's not, it's, you know, he let Bruce kind of decide like Alfred did himself, but he ends up getting in, in the past. He gets in this plane where Briar was heading off to kill Jarvis and he has the gun. He shoots the control panel. And I'm telling you, this whole back and forth we have because we have this duality going on because we have, you know, Batman in a plane with Briar and the, uh, the Black Knight. And then we have, you know, Alfred in the past going after Briar to stop from killing his father in the plane. He just keeps shooting the planes. I'm like, people die from this, Alfred. Yeah, he just likes to shoot planes. And I think, obviously, when we this wraps around again at the beginning of this arc, when Briar does show up, 
Alfred thought he was dead. I mean, there was no way Alfred thought he survived this because they start fighting. Briar, and Briar's like, you know what? Your father and your lover, your father's your weakness. You know, you hate him. I'm going to do this. I'm helping you. And that's where Alfred, in the first time in the past here, says, no, I love my father. You know what? I loved you, too. I mean, he thinks of Briar as a father figure. Oh, yeah. He's a totally and a surrogate father again, figure. Again, it gets to the point where even when Briar comes back with this clone of Alfred trying to do this, I think that Briar forgets that you have to have something to fight for. He thinks that this clone and all you, you get, you have no connections. You have nothing to care I'm about. You, you don't have Briar anybody to love. somehow comes back from him, like, you know, getting yes. impaled at the end of this issue, next one, all right, next Black Knight, it's a goddamn robot. Yeah, yeah, just do that. An android of a, a Martian. Do something else because, yeah. And that's where you have Briar like saying, no, I want you to be, you know, I, this is larger than yourself. This is larger than life, than even death. If you want to be a legend, you need to take the crown of thorns upon yourself. You've earned it. Be your own best ally. And Alfred's like, no. And that's where he pretty much hits the Darth Vader mask, Eric. He, he hits the side <laughs> and says, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm not going to do this. And then Briar is just like, again, yeah, another failed attempt. And, and then, you know, they're fighting. And that's where you have Alfred just hit and him over the, the head with that. And this is the most badass thing, too, out. because it started off – Alfred shoots the controls for the Man. plane, making them so they don't work. The plane is crashing while this entire fight is fighting. going down, and I'm yeah. like, this is kind of badass. Yeah, they're just fighting, and he jumps out of the plane with the you know, the parachute in his hand. It's not even on at that one point. He has to put it on as he goes. I mean, it's badass. Uh, this actually, if for the start of this comic, this would be an awesome start of like an action movie. Yeah. I mean, it would be incredible the way it, it's This is a Mission Impossible, out. and Tom Cruise would do it all is. this stuff. Yes, yeah. Tom Cruise is dead if he does all this, but yeah, he ends up, and then he watches as the plane goes. But then we also that guy just keeps escalating those things. I know he hurt himself recently, like doing a stunt. But I'm telling you, the next one is he's going to jump out of a plane without a parachute and have to put it on. He's like, oh no, I want to do this myself. Like Tom, just stop. You're an old man now. Yeah, yeah. You get, you know what? You you've done your due. You know, go with the deal. He can start playing Alfred, possibly in a goddamn movie. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah. Really, he is getting old. But in the meantime, in the you know, the current time, the present, you do have Briar, the Dark Knight, and Batman in the plane that they were in. Uh, you have Briar with the Genesis engine that now looks like like a bullet cartridge. I, yeah. That has been it looks kind like of a shotgun show. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, he's talking about things, but that's when uh, Alfred shows up where he was with the deal. We saw and at I, the, end of the, the end of the last issue where he went to the pirate He went to the pirates. Help. Yep, and they have flying it. You see it. You have the pirate, you know, airplane comes. And then, you know, Alfred's just like, you know what? I, you're, I'm you not like Batman. You know, we have a saying in this country, always be yourself unless you can be Batman. He's like, sadly, I, I could never be Batman. I do. You see those memes all the time. Like, yeah. that, would, that would be a funny thing in the DCU to everybody actually be. says that because yes. it makes sense there. And he's like, sadly, I'll never be Batman because Batman doesn't use guns and shoots up the plane shoots like the he plane did before. Down. He just shoots it down and yeah and at this point you don't think he doesn't know that he hasn't killed batman he doesn't know because when he, he does doesn't go know that he hasn't killed everybody oh i know you, it's crazy it's like his whole thought in my mind going this all right briar survived the last plane crash and you know harrison ford's crashed a bunch of planes yeah he planes always survives Look at crash him. Him, apparently yeah yeah everybody can you know do that but he shoots it up he actually jumps out of the pirate uh plane tells them listen go around if you see me and batman hanging out on the shore 
you know, come and pick us up. If you don't, just get the hell out. Don't ever come back. Just don't look back. Just go. You'll get your money. Everybody gets their money. Well, all of you'll be the happy. Pirates here, they get their money. All right. Down and down. Yeah, they don't care. They're like, that's the all pirates. I need to say. Uh, it's funny, too. I, I like them. Like, how are we getting this money from you? You know, oh, I set up a wire chip, whatever it would be. They don't care. They they trust him, I guess. But that's where Alfred goes to the wreckage of that plane that went down and Batman's laying in there. And he's like, please, you know, be alive. And then Batman, he wakes up. He calls. And he's like, uh, you know, I scared you because he's like, oh my God, thank you, God, you scared me, Bruce. He's like, you scared, I scared you. Shut down the plane. <laughs> I was in the plane. You shot it down. You son of a bitch. But then he's like, you know what? I'll fix you up. This will be good. And that's where the Black Knight comes and it's like, no, you won't. Now the only thing that kind of gets me in this whole issue is the fact, and he's Batman, so you know he's a badass. This is what he does, but. They all just crashed a plane, and yep. they are all everybody's just fine. ready and to rock. Like, everybody's fine except for Batman, but he has yeah. been beaten the hell in this entire but series. But then he gets though. up anyway and fights and he gets anyway. Up anyway, a, yeah. I mean, they all should have I'm just broken bones. But I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. The way the time frame of the story works, where well, didn't the goddamn Black Knight like slice him open yeah. and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, he did like, all that. He did. That's where crash. they grabbed him because he was bleeding Batman. out. Remember, we thought that when the Dark Knight, the Black Knight slashed him and they put him in the plane, when they got him in that plane, we kind of had the idea that what they were going to have to do was use that Genesis yeah, engine to put him back up. together because he was destroyed. I mean, really, if you go through this whole thing, I know that a lot of people will talk about a character like, oh, this guy writes this character. This guy writes that. A hotel and, that was demolished. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of times you'll hear this, boy, like Eric Shea, you write, you know, Johnny Danger as the you know your new comic and i'm like and i'm like god damn it eric hates johnny danger every issue ends with him almost dying scott snyder has almost killed batman every single cliffhanger possibly twice in every issue (laughs) Uh, but it's fun and i like it and that's where you have this you know the dark knight he comes out and he basically is going to face alfred and that's where you have briar in the background he's encouraging him you know what listen and through this whole thing batman and Alfred both think that it is, I believe it was Matthew was the name of Briar's son. But they do think it is Briar's son under there. They keep saying that to Briar, and Briar doesn't tell them either like way. It's like a dark version of Star Wars, too, in my mind, where Briar's like the freaking Obi-Wan or the Yoda, yeah. like the Yoda figure trying to say, like, you got to face your father. And essentially, this since uh, Black Knight is a clone of Alfred, Alfred would be his yeah. father. So you got to face him and you got to kill yeah. him. Like, this is the Emperor now to say, yes. Do yeah. it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden Dooku has got, he's beheaded. Because he's basically saying, you know, you listen, yeah, what's that? Don't you bring up the prequels, you son yeah. of a bitch. Well, he, he, that's what it reminds me more of when he's kind of pushing him the edge. But yeah. to Briar, this is like. I was like going the, Jedi. God yeah, this is, the, you know, this is like the last step for this clone because as they're fighting, Batman comes behind and hits him, kind of saves Alfred from uh, the night, and then that's where they see it's actually Alfred. It's an Alfred Pennyworth clone, which makes sense because and Briar kept saying. And clone because them eyes are red as shit. Oh, yeah, I think that he's just fucked up. And yeah, he uh, ends up before, like we said, Briar had continuously that's the, that's said that Alfred was the best. That's clones and shit like that because we have a younger Alfred here who is the Black Knight. I'm sure Briar has put him through hell to fucking train him and do all this shit. But like yeah. the red eyes and then the lines coming down off the blackness coming out of the eyes kind of thing down the face. I'm like, 
either you know he was wearing some mascara or some eyeliner. Oh, I, I think that he's like, a, he's this is Goth Alfred, and somehow he was writing dark poetry in the plane, and it was making him cry a little. He, he didn't want to admit it, but you know some Goth of that dark Alfred poetry. With his eyeliner, he's and his like red writing contacts. it. He's, he's like, okay, scene, the Batcave. Batman sits at the computer. Alfred, she stole the night. <laughs> see it all it all works out but yeah you're there and you have them looking and this is where both of them realize like holy shit it's a clone of alfred it's, it's not change. it's That's not his son too, because when they have the reveal it's like you know batman's been pushing it's the son of briar resurrected somehow and alfred's been, son of briar resurrected when it's the goddamn clone of alfred did not see this one coming <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna have to shit. turn in my world's greatest detective card what's going on and i, I got the idea that this could have been from anything but we all we did see Briar take blood, even though that virus was in that blood. Yeah. I'm getting that that's where the DNA was originally taken because so it does say, "Yeah, I got his some eyes are fucked up." Because yeah, he's maybe a, because a he's got that virus. virus. Yeah, it might be because uh, he did say, "Like, oh, I got a little bit of DNA from you before." I'm like, I don't want to know what that story was. That involved a, a, a freaking bathroom or something. All but, right. Yeah. Part two of becoming the Black Knight. You got to freaking. You gotta let Tap me do your what foot I want three times and wink. But yeah, and then this is basically, like you said, it is like a Sith type deal. You know, you're going to have to do this. This is your last thing. Like he, like uh, Briar said to Alfred of getting Jarvis killed, yeah. this is the thing. And he says, listen, I see you when I tell you these stories. And he's just been pushing this clone of, you're not good enough. You're a clone. You're not even the real thing. You're not as good as him. He was the best, not you. And it, it has led to him trying to get this whole thing. And I think it was a setup. That's why he got Batman. So that Alfred would follow and then the the Dark Knight the Black Knight can finally just take care of Alfred and that's his last step to becoming what he is and this whole thing is you know do it kill you know kill your heart kill the one bloody thing you could possibly care about on this planet do it now and this is where I think that that was a little bit rushed because you have this whole thing and then in one panel he basically just turns around and kills Briar because that's who he cared about he cared about Briar he still even though that's the one thing too that really like you know he says to alfred at the one point i'm nothing like you and then walks away i'm like you know what you're just like alfred because you know alfred tried to kill briar he killed he thought he killed briar and briar was a surrogate father figure to him as well yeah yeah i think that that he just you know he's he's a complicated fellow you saw him he was that's what we talk about that one more issue i would have liked you know if we could have had a little bit of like you know uh, the writing was changed a little bit, so we didn't have this reveal like at the end. Right away, if I would have had out the... about the life yeah. of the Black Knight, the clone of Alfred, and how. Yeah, he had I would have thought that the like way that, it would have progressed, where you, like where you would have seen this, like the glint in his eyes when you know Briar would tell him stories yeah. about Alfred and all this other shit, and actually get this whole thing where you know he isn't exactly what Briar would have. I would have liked that one yeah. more issue. Well, I would have liked it if if my progression would have been at the very end of this issue, you would have had the reveal that it is the clone of Alfred. They would have like, oh my God, your son, and. And then all of a sudden the helmet gets knocked off. Oh my God, it's it's Alfred. And then as the next issue would have started, you could have had in the past and shown some of the training and what he had gone through and all this, and also show that this clone might have been, you know, wanting Briar to kind of be a father to him right. and, and more of a confused deal. But that's where the the knight puts his helmet back on. After he kills Briar and then just walks away. And they said even before when it was first revealed, Bruce uh, uh, right away says, listen, 
Fuck this shit. Let's go. You come with us. We're going to make things right. You deserve better than this. You Alfred's can be getting a, a little real bit person. older. I'm going to need another butler. Yeah, really. I bit. mean, this. we all win. You are now the the <laughs> same age as when I first met Alfred. And you know what? We could just car- go through this cycle and then start thinking, huh, you know what? This kind of reminds me. I was thinking about making an AI protocol, the Alfred protocol. Maybe I I'll get, do I that. I get that Genesis engine. I'm yeah, not even making an AI. Yeah, really? I don't need it. Yeah, I don't need an AI. I'm just going to make a whole army of Alfreds. They can fucking wax the Batmobiles while I, you know, have fun. But they go back, and the like you said, he says, One "I'm not like you." One of them wax the Batmobile, the others wax it intellectual with me. Yeah, and that's where, I, yeah, Alfred's like, "You can, you, you can come back with us." And he's like, "No, I'm nothing like you." And then I, Alfred should have been like the next panel, but but you're a clone. Yeah. <laughs> you are. But now he walks away. And I I also think it's the pain and suffering you went through as well yeah. uh, that he's going. And he goes off. And I'm telling you, Raphael Albuquerque, I think this is his best issue so of the whole deal in art. When that knight puts on his mask and walks away, I'm like, that is a badass fucking look. I, even just the armor and all that, I'm like, that is pretty goddamn cool. But yeah, they go, and this is where Alfred ties it in about how he did realize after this in the past. He went back, he went to see his father. His father had passed, so he missed that just like Jarvis missed his wife, you know, her, her funeral and stuff yeah. like that. And that's where he decided, and you get the idea. You know what? He decided to follow in his dad's footsteps. He didn't want to be, you know, this angry guy or whatever. He was going to take care of the Waynes, and obviously. Obviously, that's when, you know, later on the Waynes died and he had to take care of Bruce. But while he's looking at this clock and it's the whole thing that started with, you know, and and remember, yeah, and that was the whole thing. Like, you know, he loaded this clock just for what it represented to him, like not having his father in his life. Yeah, because at the beginning it was that whole deal and it was so stressed of like, I fell in love for the first time. My dad wound that clock. My mom got sick and my dad wound that clock and it went. So he's just there. He's getting and he looks at the clock and he, he gets pissed and he smashes the clock face. And he's like, I reached in to kind of think if I could fix it. And he found letters. And the letters were to him, kind of his dad talking. But his dad ended up not sending him the letters. And you get through the narration. It's more of the pirate narration. But it's one of those where, you know, his dad wanted him to make his own way. His dad wanted him to, you know, deal with stuff I don't like that the letters were in that goddamn clock. Yeah, I don't either. It just seems why he would put it there. It would have been really nice – if he just had the idea and didn't have to smash his clock, because now it's his first day on his job, he's already broken a fucking <laughs> price antique. He's getting fired. Yeah. Well, he does this. He looks around because then somebody says hello, and he looks around, and there's Bruce and his Zorro off. And I'm like, God damn it! Right now, Alfred, you know, if I could go back in time, like get him off of that Zorro. Yeah. Don't need him to do this. This get is what's going to end. Rogers kick yeah, really. Just do that. They ain't going to have that fucking film festival going on. And, then, you know, <laughs> people are going to live, please. But, yeah, it's a pretty cool deal. And right there, that little Bruce with the sword and the and the getup, probably the best art in the whole entire series to me. I love it. I think it's so great. And he's like, you want to play a game out for that? Don't play Zorro. Please don't. Play don't. Stop it. But, yeah, and that's where, you know, you have the tie-up where you do have, like, an emotional deal between Bruce and Alfred. Alfred's looking at the clock again. This is in the present. They're talking, you know, Bruce is like, hey, Hush and the Black and Whites are recovering at Gotham Press, and I have a tracker looking for the ne- for Nemesis, but the Genesis engine. I still haven't decided what to do with it yet. And he says, I know how you feel about it. I hope you're not upset. And Alfred just looks and hugs him. And I'm telling you, I'm getting a little choked Crazy, up now yeah. just saying that. It's so good. And then he talks about 
about, you know, what he's done and how much, you know, Bruce has built and this pirate story all his own. And he did it, you know, complete with caves and flying ships and magic cars. And he says, you know, I, I, I don't remember them pirate story. stories with magic cars. Eh, you know, those magic car stories. But then he says, you know, he wants to know, did I do the right thing? Am I an ally or a dark captain? Because of that whole narration. Yeah. And he's like, all I know is that I love him with everything in me. And right or wrong, good or bad, whatever this crazy story takes us, we'll sail there together. And that's the end of the, you know, the all-star deal. Uh, one other thing that I really did like, uh, we didn't even say it, when uh, Bruce and Alfred were fighting the night and they knocked Alfred, he knocked Alfred into the ocean and then Bruce went to get him, they kind of both apologized to each other for all the shit that they've yeah. gotten into. And I really like that. Like Alfred's like, I'm sorry that all this is my fault. And then Bruce is basically like, <laughs> I've gotten you into so are much you, what shit. What are you talking about? It'd be I'm so funny. Remember that, remember that time I made you dress up as Batman and you, you would have been <laughs> you hilarious. Had skinny little legs and it was hilarious. <laughs> your skinny legs and your mustache. Remember <laughs> that? But it, it was good. And I really like that ending. It, it's a really good ending for if you're a fan of Bruce, but also if you're a fan of Alfred, which I am. I always love Alfred. I really do. But then we have Raphael Albuquerque writing the backup, and it's more of Lady Vic and her father. And we'll just go through this pretty quick where they're fighting the Pushkas and all these things while Batman's trying to keep the weapons from going to Gotham. But it ends up being a pretty personal story where Lady Vic finds out her dad was actually the one who killed her mom, not this rival gang. And also that her dad's pretty much a piece of shit. That he's, yeah. you know, he, he's got explosives that they're he's doing all this stuff. He's going against the freaking code of yeah, their he's the organization the and like shipping explosives when they yes. only do guns or not because in their mind you know they are gun runners they're not terrorists though so the, yeah. all these explosives go against everything this family believes in and when he crosses the line you know slapping her and saying like look you stay out of my affairs your mother did the same thing and guess what i killed her she guts that motherfucker right yep. there yeah and uh that's where you have Batman even saying, because she's just there, and she's killed her father for yeah, doing all that. Yeah, Batman's completely secondary in this backup Yeah, issue. yeah, yes. And then he even says, this you know, she can't be redeemed. Vic. It is. And he's like, she can't be redeemed. She's dangerous, resourceful. She crossed all the lines, killing her own father. And it's, again, you, you have that tie-in with the father. You know, now it's oh, father-daughter, yeah. but it ties in with that. And he, he says, I must be vigilant if she tries to reach Gotham in the future. And then it ends where she does and it's years and that's later the thing, it's cool because i didn't realize this was a story this going was on in the, the past. past yep i didn't either so now it seems like now years later would be around the present yeah. uh if not when they have this whole thing that starts the whole story but well this yeah, gotta be now, in my mind it's not even like in my mind the deliver like the the destination is, for delivery that is where like the story's end. that's how it started up. engine's gonna go is that yeah. how it started up yeah okay. i think that that's how it started off is how it ties in because it ends with Bruce with See, the I Genesis actually, engine. For some reason, I thought the Genesis engine for like I I don't know maybe I just thought otherwise. But for some reason, at the end, I thought the Genesis engine was still out and about, and this is where like the yeah the it was black where when I first read it, it, I thought so as well. But then when I read it again, I'm like, wait a minute, Bruce does say to Alfred, "I have it. We'll figure out what to do now." Maybe see that's why it doesn't say present; it just says years later. And yeah, I'm yeah. getting the idea that this is what started the, beginning the, of the story entire got him on the story track that. Of it. Got yeah, him on the track, and that's why the black that. and whites. But I love the wraparound that that is Batman saying, you know what? I hope she never gets to Gotham. I'm gonna have to look, and that's what caused all of this shit uh, where they show up. And she has, to, I'm sure, if we looked at the coordinates, I bet you that would be somewhere in Miami or that you I'm know not that doing one that. deal. 
I am not either, but I really liked it. I really liked this whole deal. Uh, I love the art. I think Raphael Albuquerque's art, and we had even said at one point, we're huge fans of Raphael Albuquerque. And some of the, we were like, I don't know. It just didn't seem it like his full deal. And maybe yeah. it was like when it first started, he, you know, oh, we're going to do this. And he jumped in, and they, but boy, this issue looks great. I think it looks fantastic. And I, I like the story, and I like how it just ends with basically Bruce and Alfred hugging, and, you know, Alfred saying, I hope I did the right thing. I think that that's really cool. And I liked it. I gave it a 9 out of 10 is how much I liked it. And, and really, I gave this and White Knight that was on the Patreon spotlight the same. But this is my book of the week. Even though I have the same score for both, this is the book that I enjoyed the most out of all the books this week. What, what would you give it? I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I'm telling you, I really enjoyed this last issue. Like I said, though, I really wish there was a, like one more thing to really give us you know, that extra yeah. Black Knight push. Besides, Yeah, I, I wish, it I wish there was as well. And but also, yeah. the, just the letters in the clock just kind of threw me off because it just seemed yeah. really kind of forced. It didn't need to be added. And just being there, I'm like, eh, just kind of took away from it from my yeah. mind. But I tell you, it's my favorite issue that Raphael has done. And I really like the wraparound with the backup as well because it made the backups where I think they're, they were pointless before actually come around. I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah. glad I did read that because it did work around and it made its point. So eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yes, indeed, Eric. But we're going to go off now. To mail section number two. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah. It's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. Let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no. Boom! Eric, it's mail section number two, and we're going to start with Ian. And Ian says, hello, Jim, Eric, and everyone in the Get Fresh Crew. zippity zoop Having moved to Las Vegas from San Diego and having no friends and family here, it was then I kept to myself and just listening to this podcast and working among other hobbies. What I'm saying is it's been one whole year since I found this podcast and site and I've been with you and supported you every step of the way. Thanks for the content, Jim and Eric, and the hours of entertainment and insight. And that's from Ian. And thank you, Ian. And I hope that you have found some friends because you don't need me and Eric as friends. idea of moving away from friends and family like, so, so you're not bothered by anyone that sounds amazing yeah that that does seem crazy that, that seems pretty cool but yeah yeah i i can imagine that in my dreams eric <laughs> there's me just sitting there by myself with a big smile on my face but hopefully ian uh sits there and smiles listening to one eric shea talk about continuity that that keeps him going right I don't think that keeps anybody going. It okay. barely keeps me going. Well, the next mail <laughs> is from you. Mad Marty. Good day, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh Crew. Whoopity whoop. Doopity doop. The reality of my being a less than mediocre, mostly white guy is laid bare for all to see as I have nothing interesting to say this week. So I'll just jump straight to my opinions on the comic books that I'm getting. Batman the Dawnbreaker number one. I am enjoying these dark multiverse Batman tie-ins, so I'll be interested to see how this Batman rests the Green Lantern ring from what I assume will be a dark multiverse Hal Jordan. So he has not gotten it yet, and that is now. Maybe Batman proving to have the strongest will on Earth will lead the ring to abandon Hal Jordan on its own. I'm telling you, I would like that a little that better. Cool. 
But I am not a follower of the Green Lantern mythos, so I might be mistaken on how rings work. Uh, you're right there with Sam Humphreys. Honestly, your ideas are even are better than Sam Humphreys. Mad Marty has just put in his application to write the Green Lanterns books in DC and is on top of the pile. He really is there. Green Arrow number 32. This will actually be the first time I'm picking up a print copy of Green Arrow. A shame it is the conclusion of this meaningless tie-in storyline. And, well, obviously we're going to be talking about these books later. I will say that one of the reasons I liked it is it, it actually showed that it was a little more important than we thought. Yeah. So, yeah, I would think by this time Mad Marty has read his book, so he's he knows what I'm talking about. Wink, wink. Motor Crush number seven. If anyone was a fan of the Batgirl of Burnside run, like Eric Shea, like I, I was, he says, he was a fan, then they would enjoy this original story by the same creative team. I heard that that's good. I actually heard that that's a very good book. So I think I was going to read the first issue. I think you might I have not. actually read the first issue. I may issue. have. I don't remember, Eric. I do remember the cover. I do remember getting it uh, and even getting it as a review copy. And then yeah, never... I remember us talking about it for yeah. a little bit when it first came out. Yeah, but actually, you know what? I know. I don't remember reading it. I know nothing, but I do remember looking through it like, in and my telling mind, we're you. In my talking about it at work, and you got yes. the review copy or something, and you ran off to the bathroom to sit down yes. and read it for a little while, and that's how I remember it going yes. down. I actually remember looking through it after I was ready to drop you off, and we were sitting in the car, and I was slipping through, and I said to you, you know what? I think that Babs Tar's art style, when it's away from Batgirl, I really like. I do remember oh. thinking that or telling you that. Whatever. Astonishing X-Men number four. You going to get to that one too, Eric? No. Astonishing X-Men number four. You, you working on that Scarlet Spider, are you? I, I read that Astonishing <laughs> X-Men number four when it came out years ago. Oh, did, have you gotten to the uh, Scarlet Spider, the Ben Riley comic? You have you what? gotten have to that read one? everything that they have so far, and it's oh amazing, my, how, You love it, don't you? I don't know why. Love There's it. one guy out there reviewing that book and gives it like two or threes out of ten. Oh, I hope it's not that bad. I have not read it. I'm a liar. Drives, drives Aaron insane. I think it drives Brandon insane as well, and obviously it's not a ten out of ten, so it drives you know somebody else insane but with an x-men team that includes rogue gambit mystique phantom x old man logan psylocke bishop and angel this book Sounds is like one that i team. look forward to reading every month that does that seems like a bang for your buck i, I, I was going i know who a phantom x is though off the top of my head oh phantom x you don't know do you no. i i i heard that he or she <laughs> was in scarlet spider <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know nothing about it, so whatever I say is wrong. He or she, Eric, you didn't realize that Phantom X, that the properties are normally it's a woman and then turns into a Phantom that is a Mexican fella. Phantom X, that's what it is. I was going to say that I hope you guys had a couple of books, good books to read, but I went and had a look at all the titles that came out this week. I am so sorry. Cheers, Mad Marty. Yeah, oh, they they weren't horrible. Uh, my books, I was very positive with. I actually, I I really liked my books as a you know as a whole. But how'd you feel about my books? Book. Your books sucked. Your books were terrible. This is where I I get the whole thing like, oh right, I'm doing the thing, and I'm like, yeah, and it, it goes back to that whole thing where we we're not gonna fake the funk. But there are times when I'm like, I, we just need this week where we love every book. Every book is a nine, so then people could get off our goddamn backs about being Amazing. negative. I'm like, yeah, take that, you you jerks. I don't know what I call them. Everybody else is sitting back. Whoop! They changed up their business. Yeah, plan. yeah. Well, then I go. I'm like, ooh, yeah, All Star Batman. I like that. We got the White Knight. All right, we got this, that. Ooh, Deathstroke. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then I'm like, oh, Eric Shea's done doing all these books. I'm like, let's see what he thinks. I'm like, click. 
Four out of ten. And go to the next one. And cl- oh, 4.8. Oh, my God. God damn it, Eric, you miserable <laughs> bastard. <laughs> and then I go through the whole thing because I don't read your books right away. And I get messages all the time like, hey, what did you think about this? I'm like, I am not going to read that book until Saturday. But I'm going. And all this time, you know, and you, we'll go into work and you talk about it. We have our almost like a dry run of the podcast yeah. where we actually fill each other in about things. And then you're – and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. But maybe Eric's just a retard. I, I've really? known him to be sometimes. And so then I go to read your books i'm like god damn it you, you know that four eight he was positive <laughs> one book to, yeah there's one book tonight that I, I give a score lower than i've given scores in a while so but the next email is brandon so sup fellas sup, long brandon. week over here in new york it's funny too some people don't like to consider pittsburgh part of pennsylvania they, they almost figure it it's almost like part ohio part pennsylvania it's like its own little thing buffalo to me is canada don't give me this, New York. Buffalo's Canada. Get out of here. Get out of town. Long week over here in New York that included me having to go do Daddy Donut Day at my daughter's school right after work. Long story short, you go and continue. That has nothing to do with his daughter. It's just another day of the week where Brendan has his Daddy Donut Day. He just buys a box of freaking donuts. He just buys donuts, eats it in the parking lot of her school and cries. <laughs> Tears of shame going down. Oh, I, I wish they had cronuts. Long story short, you go with your kids, eat donuts, let them run the sugar off as you mingle with the teachers and parents. Yeah, that sounds, sounds awful. Terrible. Yes, it was as awful as it sounds. Two interesting things came up of this adventure, though. First, we got a picture with our kid that included a typo on a sign that that held that she said, and it, he sent me the thing. His daughter is holding the sign that says, "Donut, know what I do with you." Yeah, that's not what it's supposed to say. Uh, how many people went through this? What are they? These teachers that, that teach his daughter, they, they moonlight as DC editors, it seems. It just, things just go through. Pretty sure that should say without, right? No, no. I, they I, said I that don't they, know what they're doing up there in Buffalo. Canada. Eric, it's Canada. Canada. I, maybe when he, he actually had to cross the border to go to this Daddy Donut thing. The, the thing is, maybe the – I don't know. Have you gotten any reports back that she's like a terror running around? I mean, this is private school. Ooh, ooh, Eric, I don't pay for this kind of treatment. Oh, my goodness, the fancy thing. I, I'm sure he was drinking tea with those donuts. That what public school in the teenage years are for. Then we also got this questionnaire handed to us of answers from our kids about us. The teachers asked them these questions and wrote down their their answers. Here are the interesting answers that followed. How old is your dad? 46. He's really 35. I guess the occasional binge drinking night out is not your friend. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of Brandon. I'm with Mikhail. Uh, You know, my my dad's job is to sit at work. (laughs) Yes, I mostly sit at work. My dad says, do you want a smoothie? This was a scary one that could have been any number of swear words or even the goddamn Buffalo Bills. But my kid hooked me up there. I think that what she really meant is, do you want some lean? It is time for bed. Do you want the daddy-daughter drink? It's bedtime. And, you know, that he always has – he says that. I get messages like, it's supposed to be bedtime. And I don't know what I'm going to do. She's freaking jumping off the walls. That's what it is. My daddy's favorite thing is – what do you think she said? Football. Reading comic books. 
Right. And he said, nail it. She got a few other sweet ones in there, too. I didn't share which were nice. They'll drive you nuts and cost a ton of money. But at four, they're still sweethearts. Yeah, just wait. Just wait till you get to the point where you're like, hey, you know, me and her, we used to go this. or we, You know, she would go shopping with me. And when she's like, I don't want to do that. And it gets you so sad. It, really, it breaks your heart. It really does. Then what happens is, like me today, you end up going to a store. They opened up a Gabe's in town. It just opened. And I don't so my know kids what that are like, is. My kids are like, hey, you go over there. It just has like – it's like a Ross or, a, you know, that sort of thing. It has huh. some clothes and things. So they haven't done – Zach hasn't done much with me recently. Ethan doesn't. But everybody wanted to go. So we go over there. I buy – I bought a uh, a skillet and a spatula, and they Ooh. needed headphones for school. So I got those. So I get – I'm like, okay, everybody ready? Yeah, we're just about done. I go and I pay, and then I'm standing there. Rafe and Logan are with me. I like, go get them. Where the fuck are they? I, I want to get going. I, I'm already bored in this place. I, I don't have my attention span. This is not good for these sort of things. So I'm like, go get them. They walk off. The store isn't big. I can see most of the store. I don't know where any of them have they gone. They've disappeared. And I've already paid and have a bag with my shit in it. So I don't want to go walk around because they. I'm telling you, there's 800 people working there right now, including what appeared to be plainclothes cops, Eric. And they seem to be checking things out. So I'm like, I'm not a, I don't want to go in there. I have a bag. They're going to think I'm up to no good. So I'm sitting there waiting and waiting. I'm like, this is, when, why didn't they just tell me they didn't want to go? I would have been so much happier. Jesus Christ. I was so mad. I think it was funny, though, because while you were there, I messaged you, and you're like, oh, I'm over at Gabe's. Like, oh, is that that new store? What do they got there? You just write back to me, junk. Junk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said it's a bunch of junk. <sighs> Add me to the list of people. Creep the fuck out when Jim whispers into dancing like songs. Yeah. <laughs> really throws my singing along off. I got to insert myself in anything, Eric, and I mean anything. You do not want to eat any fruit in my house. I don't house. like it when he tries to insert himself into me. That is true. No, you like it. You, you tolerate it. You may not well, like I, I gotta it. I got to keep up an act that I don't that's like. That's true. It. Yeah, that's the thing. That, well, that's why face. I like it. I, if you give yourself to me, I'm done. And then the, the thrill is gone, Eric. I thought my <laughs> headphones were echoing the first time until Eric called you out. It makes me giggle so much when I do it. I'll tell you, by the end of this podcast, I get back to do it. I just did it before this mail, but I forgot all about it while we were doing the books for the most part, but it comes and goes in here. I like it. Books, Batman, hashtag whatever the hell. I haven't kept much track while jokes and riddles goes on. However, if Vegas was taking odds on whether or not Bruce and Selena ever actually go down the aisle, I bet they're heavily in favor of no fucking chance in hell side of things. What did I tell you? It, what, the Jim cried what? Because I cry it all the time when shit like this happens. Selena's dead. Remember oh, I said, fuck, she's yeah. dead. It's, she's done. She's going like, to die. One of your favorite characters just because of this. Oh, yeah, she's dead. She ain't coming yeah. back. That's why I'm mad. I'll avoid repeating everything said on the Spotlight Review because you said everything I'd bring up anyway. But I do have to say I'm at least mildly excited to get back to just a regular timeline Batman again. Hopefully his break got all the sand out of his vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's not appropriate. I doubt Batman it. Green Lantern thingy number one. This issue felt like one of the quickest reads of my life. Regular Batman also felt that way too. It helps in the Batman issue when there's not a bit of dialogue for fucking 15 pages it seems. Yeah. My excuse for continuing to buy these is I do like the way they've all looked art-wise on the pages. And, and oh, the, the Batman, the Dawnbreaker look great. And they all have hella sexy covers, but in hindsight I'd wait it all out for the Batman who lasts one and call it a day. Although with their horror film, I'm surprised Eric doesn't pull more enjoyment out of them than the rest of us. What do you think of that, <laughs> They Eric? gotta make sense, still. Keep going. I have to cough, Eric. Keep okay. going. 
I, I'm just saying, it's it's pretty much a rudimentary goddamn formula at this point. You know, you have Batman, he combines with another version, like a person of the Just League, destroys the world, and then destroys comes to our the world. world, the end. The end. You like that? I'm back here. I'm back and better. Actually, I'm not. I don't know what hit me. I got some crazy thing in my throat, Eric. Gotham Resistance Part 3. I might be coming full circle on this book with it entering the territory of being so bonkers and crazy where shit just happens willy-nilly. While uh, that I'm enjoying it for its zaniness, like Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. Shark repellent, Jim, shark repellent. Yeah, fucking skip to my Lou Bane. That's what it needs. Hate on me if you must. There's a few moments each issue that are just so nuts. I love them. I mean, crock barfed ice. Heroes riding in a school bus of doom. Fuck it, why not? I think that the best part of the heroes riding in the school bus of doom was, again, how crowded in crock was. It made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Plus, I don't think I've ever seen a more detailed and creepy fingernail than Juan can draw. That finger at the top of the page in the corner freaked me the fuck out. I love that. I bring that up where it's kind of like, to me, he has spread out the cards, Eric. He's laid the cards out. But the Superman. Wins, Jim. Superman Bonnie edition. I really like this two-part story a lot. Nice little game of psychological warfare there between Deathstroke and Supes, filled with callbacks, placing in the perfect timeline, with nice references to both characters' past stories. I like to see this pair on a real ongoing title instead of just having a trade-off of the same thing like the Sealy Humphreys thing is going on. Where, where have they been hiding Tyler Kirkham? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, wh- why can't he fill on in Detective? Which, actually, that's a really good idea. He would It'd really do awesome. well on that when the regular guys are off it. I don't ever want to get that chicken scratch back from a few arcs ago if he's on the payroll ever again. Still, got All-Star here to get through and White Knight sold out by me, so I eBayed it waiting on it. But listen to the review already and sounds pretty decent. He would have said sounds pretty great if you wouldn't have been a fucking negative Nancy. The Bills fuck, are I on the road. I thought about it. Yeah, I told you, we have a new way of doing things. You, I'll talk to you about it afterwards, Eric. Oh, you, know, okay. you remember that talk, right? Bills are on the road again, so no, ta- no tailgating videos. Picks this week. Sorry, Toby. All right, gents. Brandon at Beamier3660. And Brandon says, Spirit of Vengeance, number one. Is that about Tanya? Is that a book about my wife? Uh, you and he Wait, says you. He says yes. You may have to double check me. I've had a long week and my brain is shot. Yeah, I'm shot too. So I'm not checking you. I'm going with it, Brandon. If you're wrong, you're wrong. It's all on you. But we'll go off and listen to Brandon and Trevitt talk about Spirit of Vengeance number one. doing everybody this is brandon i'm coming at you guys solo this week with the marvel minute Uh, we had the vote up on twitter this week and you guys chose spirits of vengeance over two books that i can't remember so we're gonna move on from that part because i don't have 
anyone help me remember what it was? And we're going to move on to the creative team here, which was writer Victor Gishler. Uh, this seems to be one of his first Marvel comics. Uh, he's mostly a, a book author of humorous crime fiction. He did some Boom Studios title called uh, Victor Lavelle's Destroy. So uh, th this looks to be his first mainstream effort. And we got art team of David Baldian. Andreas Mosa and VC's Corey Pettit uh, doing letters. So again, this is Marvel Comics, Spirit of Vengeance number one. We'll get into the blurb. I'll sum up the book uh, and tell you guys to buy it, borrow it, or forget it altogether because Trevit is still sleeping. Uh, and I have a Bills game to watch, so this has to get done. Anyway, uh, one of the few number ones of Marvel Legacy dropped this week, Spirit of Vengeance, featuring some of the darker heroes not seen too often lately in the Marvel Universe. Uh, this is all kind of new to me, because for all I knew, Johnny Blaze was dead, uh, and after seeing the other Ghost Rider in Legacy, I was more than intrigued to read on here to figure out what's going on. So let's get right into it and see what the OG Ghost Rider and crew are up to. Uh, so things start off here on Route 66. Um, movies and comics and, sh and shit. Love to reference this road. I, f I totally forget what state it runs through, but that's where we're starting. Uh, Johnny Blaze drinks some coffee in a diner, um, and then the server is just kind of giving him some facts about coffee and how it's pr probably not great for you, I think, the amount he's drinking. Uh, so this uh, scares the shit out of me about how much coffee I drink, but we move on. Uh, an unnamed, mystical, sexy, long-haired dude comes strolling through the door. He takes a seat next to Johnny Blaze, uh, and he hands Johnny something. Uh, he, it looks like really just a, a bullet that he was shot with because he's bleeding. He tells Johnny to get it to Hellstorm. He'll know what it is. And then this dude looks like he turns into an exploding angel and, and kind of really disappears. Uh, so we move on from there as Johnny takes this bullet, sneaks out the front door, um, says bye to his coffee-serving buddy, and he is confronted by two creepy-looking super troopers outside. Uh, these are some weird-looking cops. Anyway, there's a reason for that, uh, because they are telling Johnny Blaze to hand over what he has. Or they're really not naming it by name, not telling you what it is, just saying hand over what you have, it belongs to us. Uh, Johnny's like, yeah, hey, you're not getting, you're not getting this, whatever. Uh, they're again just talking around in circles about it, not referencing it. Um, and Johnny turns into Ghost Rider. The cops turn into demons. They have a quick little battle, and Ghost Rider takes them out. Uh, for the most part, the art looks pretty good. There's, there's really the bottom reveal of Ghost Rider where he looks a little funky. But other than that, it, it looks pretty good throughout. Um, anyway, we go back to Johnny and his adventure as he arrives. At Damien Hellstorm's place of residence, I guess, is where he lives. Um, and they discuss this bullet in question. Johnny's looking through this book. He points out these demons who came after him. Uh, Hellstorm mentions how they're just really fetch and carry demons. They're not big guns. They were just hired to kind of get this bullet and bring it back. Uh, they ponder what to do about this mysterious item uh, that Hellstorm really has no answers for. So they head off to a different place. Uh, they go visit this, I don't know, weird-looking dude. He is a fat ass. Um, so they, it's in the Bronx, just kind of some secret side door. Uh, this guy's name is Curtis. He's not a very good-looking guy, as I said. He is blind. And he prefers to eat over all other activities. Uh, he appears to have once been a big, a big effing deal, uh, but now he's been cursed to this life on Earth, uh, just being a fat mess. Anyway, Curtis doesn't tell them much about this bullet. Uh, he he tells them he's getting a strong vibe coming off of it, and so many old things are resurfacing. Just again, kind of talking around in circles, not giving you much information. 
and he sends them off to the clucking hens of Wall Street. Uh, so we check in on the bad guys at this point, take a little break from Johnny. Uh, it just says elsewhere, doesn't really tell you where that's at. I'm not sure if elsewhere is an actual named place or they're just being coy about where they're going. But we visit Necrodamus and Razan. Uh, they discuss the events we've been watching occur on Earth. And they appear to need this lone bullet back badly uh, that everyone keeps referencing. They call it the silver. Uh, Necrodamus sends Razan off to Earth to retrieve what this, uh, what the cop demons they could not. And she is on a time crunch. They need this item quickly. Uh, Necrodamus, being the nice guy he is, sends Razan off with this thing called the Blood Bloodhound. Um, and and this this Bloodhound will lead her to where to where the item is. If you're wondering what this Bloodhound looks like, you got to think of like a, a hairless Damien's Goliath without wings. Or think of like the dogs that uh, dog thingies that attack Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters. Uh, they're they're it's an ugly looking guy. Anyway, next stop uh, we go with Damien and Johnny, and they have arrived at the Wall Street Club. It appears to be a restaurant, and this is where Curtis had sent them. Uh, it's mostly empty. It appears it's it's kind of like off limits right now, but but they're let in. They sit down at this table, uh, and it seems to be like a place for gossipy dark heroes and anti heroes. <laughs> Because they sit down by the two people who are there and kind of get a little bit more ominous information, not telling us much, but uh, saying that everybody who has any magic connection is basically, uh, they're getting the hell out of town. There's something bad coming and and they're all trying to stay safe. Uh, The the one lady mentions how there's really no place to hide, so that's why these two are here. Uh, Damien places one last call as they leave this restaurant to somebody uh, that he knows. and that's who we start finding out uh, who this is. We get um, a new scene. We see some robbers. They, they seem to be attacking this blood bank, trying to rob it. Uh, they look like just normal robbers at first. Uh, but as we zoom in on their faces, we see they got fangs and they're obviously vampires. Is this hero tra- tracking down this van? Uh, he ends up jumping on top of it, killing the driver and flipping this vehicle. You can't really see who this hero is yet. He chops the head off one of the other vampires. So now two are dead. And he's left with this last one who he's choking by the throat. As we see some narration just going over the final scene, which is Hellstorm leaving this message for what looks to be this individual particularly. Uh, or it could be the fourth member of their team we didn't see at all yet in, in the first issue. But uh, uh, this is revealed to be Blade killing all these vampires, obviously. Uh, and he 100% looks like Wesley Snipes, and that's 100% okay with me. Uh, but that's how this book ends. That's our cliffhanger. Um, so you know how I do things solo or with Trevit. I tell you guys to buy, borrow, or forget it altogether. Uh, overall, I thought this was a, a good introduction to the start of the comic, and, and it meandered a little bit in the little, uh, in the middle. I'm sorry, um, as the two quote unquote heroes went on their goose hunt for inf- information and, and didn't really come back uh, to find out much yet. Uh, we just really got introduced to all the characters this issue, and the final reveal was pretty cool. Uh, with, with Blade around, um, but it looks like yeah, they still got one more member to hunt down, um, and that'll probably be next issue before we get into the things for good. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a fun introduction to a uh, reintroduction to Ghost Rider. The art was was very good. A few hiccups, things looked a little weird here and there, but uh, yeah, I, I suggest you guys check out Spirits of Vengeance number one. Uh, came out this week, and one of the few again number one legacy titles uh that's a fresh start so it'd be a good jumping on point for you guys 
Uh, so again, I suggest bye. But that's all from me. Party is over. Uh, you guys can hear us talk a little more Marvel. I'll get a hold of Trevor for the, the Marvel Madness Comics podcast, and we'll discuss that later. Uh, but you can find me as always at bmer3660. And I will talk to you guys next week. Adios. As I always say, each and every time I hear that ditty by Dancing Mike. Hello, Eric Shea. But you're a liar. Nobody wants to hear I Eric Shea. I am a liar. You. Oh, my goodness. I hate the sound of that jerk-off voice. Hey, here's the thing. I I'm thought that I wanted to hear you until you opened your mouth and proved me wrong Ruined once again. <laughs> once again, Eric. But this is the green section that we know and love, don't we? Don't we, Eric? It is the one section, <laughs> the real mainstay of the podcast in my it mind. It is a mainstay. I, I would say I love having it because it is one section that we never have to worry about. Once so, we figured to put Justice League in with that section. It all came together, baby. It, it all came together like a recipe for a meat cake. That's I, what I like. Meat, meat cake? cake. It has some liver pate in there, Eric. I don't want ooh, it. I don't ooh want la it. la. I loves it. But no, you yes, don't. This you hate liver. liver. Oh, I can't stand liver. My mom and dad would make me eat liver all the time, and they would. My mom would cook like eighteen pounds of bacon, thinking that I would, you know, shove the bacon on top. It's still liver underneath. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, you eat, you make a, a big a goddamn birthday cake and have a piece of shit in the middle. You, you get to the shit, it tastes like shit. It doesn't That's matter the if things. there's frosting. See, you tell me this story, and like you know, growing up, that you'd have had these sitcom tropes where they, the family would be like a family sitcom, and they'd make liver. Yes. And the kid would be forced to eat liver, and it would be yep. terrible. This whole thing. You tell him this story, like you lived a real life family sitcom growing up because I, the, I never had. Liver. I still have haven't ever had liver. No, I've the never idea, made the, my the kids idea eat liver. Terrified me as a kid, like thinking, "Oh my god, are we going to have liver one day? And I'm going to be forced to eat it." Because well, honestly, and here's, all of the yeah. knowledge I had as a kid came from TV, like that. Like I was afraid oh, to go worst. and be like on stage and do a play because for some reason, watching the like the family sitcoms growing up. Yeah. I thought at some point I was going to be forced to do a play as a kid, and the idea terrified me. And oh, like and I was, so you're telling me you're retarded. Is, yes. is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm telling you, my mom, her, my mom and dad's generation, especially, if you had any sort of thing that they thought you were deficient in iron, you had an oh, yeah. iron deficiency, you would have to eat liver and organ meat and shit. Like, oh, it's disgusting. It's fucking nonsense. Well, story. Don't be deficient in iron. It, yeah, don't be, please. No, now they'll just give you shots or a pill. You don't have to eat, eat that fucking nonsense. Don't I, eat that I'm tough you, fucking iron muscle. Is, 
iron is te- it's terrible. Thing. It is. It's Gross. just it's awful. <laughs> and my dad would try to convince me that it was good. And I told you he would have me, uh, you know, close my eyes and he'd make up this story. Oh, oh yeah. you're going through the woods and you know the jungle and you haven't eaten in seven days. And then you come and there's there's a table there Jesus with Christ. steak Dinner laid out. And I'm sitting to him. I'm thinking, well, what the fuck is this table doing in the middle of the jungle, Dad? And then he'd get <laughs> mad at me. And then he get continuity, and, daddy. Yeah, really. The continuity kid is in town. My father. And, and then when he, I would eat it, I would gag. I couldn't yeah. stand the taste. It was terrible. Well, that was the same and thing for me with Scrapple was, growing yeah. up. And my there father was tried to tell me how great it was. And I, oh. I still can't even t- take the smell of Scrapple because they I forced like, me to eat it I like one Scrapple. weekend. <laughs> and I vomited all over the yeah. table. Yeah, I like Scrapple. Well, I, for some reason, now I know the reason actually. It's not for some reason. There were some times I would eat, and my dad would make me so nervous. I'm telling you, my dad would, he was very good at eating with one hand with the fork, and the other hand raised to hit me. Like, it was like there, ready to strike like a cobra. See, my uh, father was like this. Like, he'd be eating with one hand with the fork in one hand. He had another fork in the other to take the food off the other kids' plates because yeah, he always yeah, wanted my more dad food. Do that. My, see, that's the problem. That's why I with, eat like I'm from prison. I I eat as yeah, fast well, as I that's... can because in my mind, my father's going to steal my food if I don't. No, here's the problem with you. That's better. At least you had the opportunity to eat. My dad was so big that if there was, you know, a meal for six, he'd have five of those meals. <laughs> and the rest of us would just have to split. You'd be able to eat yours very quickly before he got done. But he was a big guy. Like, he did not want to waste any food. So if mm-hmm. I was eating now, when we had the dog, I would do the classic, you know, under oh, yeah. the table stuff. But one of the other things. Again, TV trope. Yeah, well, they would figure out the other thing I would do is shove shit in my mouth and then run upstairs and just spit it out in the toilet and say that I had to go to the bathroom. But uh, I I, just. We have to get Jimmy's prostate checked. He has to keep going to the bathroom. He keeps going in the middle of eating. Uh, But also, I would just try to eat it and I would gag and my dad would hit me. And one of the things that I had the most problems with eating makes no sense. I only think because I was nervous was mashed potatoes. I would gag <laughs> on mashed potatoes <laughs> constantly. I think the because I was just trying food. to eat I them think, quick. I think it could possibly be the easiest dinner for yeah, the no, eat No, I ever. would gag all the time, and and my dad was furious at me, and he yelled and screamed. Want to hit me and yell and oh, this deliver though, and it, it was every attention. You can't even eat mashed yeah. potatoes every Tuesday. Every Tuesday was liver. We'd have it every Tuesday, and my mom would cook up all this bacon. I like bacon, but it was bacon, and the smell of that liver, though, was in the house. Oh, it was the worst. I hate it. Once I was old enough to kind of ditch dinner, I ditched it every Tuesday. I didn't mind some of the other dinners, uh, but that one was awful. Friday night was pizza hut night, so yeah, I'm going to go fuck that. But even then, when I was a little older, I didn't even you know partake in that, but still. I'd eat cereal then. That's when I got old enough to not have to sit and eat dinner. With with my mom and dad, I would just eat cereal. Smell that liver and be like, and I'm like, nope. I'm Captain Crunch. Here I come. But this is the green section. Yeah, really. You better. I'm going to throw it out in the front yard, you (laughs) bitch. That's what I said. But we're going to do the green section here, Eric. Yes, yeah, so, oh, I was such a re- only to my mom. Is yeah. I'd be all Mister Tough Guy to my mom. Then I'd walk out and pass the door into the real world. I wouldn't say a word. I'd keep my head down. Freaking try to get through life without any attention on me. Everybody else outside the world would talk to you like you talk to your mother. Yeah, no, they wouldn't talk to me at all. That's the problem. And then you know, hey, I learned how to play the game. If somebody goes to make fun of me, I just make fun of myself worse, and then they can't do it. But then some people would get mad at that. But whatever, whatever, Eric. Whatever. Uh, but we're going to go on now to the green section, and we're going to start with a Green Lantern book. So, B. 
because of that, I have to go with the decree oh, yeah. of one Luke Hollywood. And here's the lantern oath. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Oh, wrong turn. Wrong turn. I wish that I would have thought ahead. I would have had him do the Dawnbreaker Oath to oh, see God. how he could butcher that one. But I think later in the podcast, we might hear that oath one more time. But, Eric, tell me about this Green Lanterns, will you? Green Lanterns, number 32, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Scott Godlewski, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. Now that our Lantern heroes are back in their own time and on their own planet, they intend to live it up a bit and indulge in their favorite pastime, eating pancakes. But reality sets back in when an asteroid monster lands on Earth and the two are forced to fight it. Yeah, it turns out that the sucker originated on an, uh, another planet within their sector. And you know what that means? They have a party to go to, Jim, where Simon makes up with his brother uh, Nazir, his brother-in-law Nazir, while Jessica yeah. and Simon's sister eat desserts. Eventually, though, the two take off into space to be the Green Lanterns of their sector, not just Earth. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, Sam Humphrey saying goodbye to the book. I guess it was very important for him to get Nazir and Simon back together. It also seemed like he was throwing shit together uh, at a, a board and just wherever things landed, he went with. Because I'm telling you, it took me a long time to get through this goddamn issue that meant nothing. And it infuriated me. And also, there were times where there's progressions in this where you go from one page to another. And I don't think if they had page numbers, I I guarantee you some of these would have been like page 12, page 17, page 8, page yeah, 6, page 22. I, I know Reggie was freaking messaging you and me at one point because he was reading the review copy. Yeah. And it's really hard to read that sometimes, especially yes. if they're spread pages. And we, I thought and maybe it, it the just spread. jumped all over the place, it seemed, while reading that. I eventually you know, got my head around what they were doing, but – for, it's it's not the easiest book to no. read if you decide. Well, you know, I'm telling fun. you, when they're at the party and then all of a sudden they leave the party as Green Lanterns yep. and then come back, that is the worst and most disjointed panel progressions that I have read since Rebirth. You you don't even know really. It, they don't even. I don't even get how they left. Because all of a sudden they're just gone, and yep. then they come back, and and Simon is back in the bathroom again with Nazir for no reason. It just it was so off to me. But even at the beginning when they're talking, but they go to get pancakes, and this whole thing it, it's been set up through this whole deal where they love them pancakes, Eric. So when they Can't they're done. Enough. And they go to the, to this diner, and they're eating the pancakes, and right there it's okay because yeah. even Jessica says, you know what, they have been doing a lot. They have been through time and all of these certain things, and Jessica's tired. You know, she I don't know. It, it, it seemed a little out of character for her. For her, I would have thought she wouldn't have – she would just be waiting for those goddamn pancakes. That, that's like her deal. Uh, but even I don't know. Then, Honestly, the thing is they have a throwaway line later where apparently she does not care for the pancakes in Detroit. So maybe she's like, yeah, yes, yeah. I like pancakes. Don't necessarily like need these pancakes. Yeah, so but I she's even like, yes, pancakes are here. And then I came from the beginning of time for this. And they go and they're eating them. All right, we're having this. And they get a call and they Speaking they of that, Jessica needs to shut the hell up about things because yeah, she says yeah, goddamn really. things in here about oh. knowing aliens and shit. I'm like, yeah, you know the, what? It's that, well, that's the other thing Jessica. is when that goes to that party and she's trying to talk to that guy. Why is she talking about aliens? It doesn't she's make an sense. idiot out of nowhere. Uh, well, 
well in this, then it is funny because a lot of people even saw them, they didn't pay their bill. They just no, go off. No, you're that's a Green Lantern. Dining and dashing, Jim. Yeah, you're allowed to dine and dash as a Green Lantern, but they go off, and this is supposed to give you that whole idea, like John Stewart said. They have their sector, 2814, uh, that they. Which I was that's happy not they just got the sector right in this issue. Yes, yes. And it's, it's the entirety of the space sector. Yeah. Uh, that is something that's, you know, often neglected, especially in a book with Earth Lanterns, and they are to protect the Earth as well. But this didn't make any sort of difference to me. Just because this monster is from the sector, it it still has invaded Earth. It's yeah. still an Earth thing, so they're protecting Earth. And I really don't need to be reminded of this. It's almost like Sam Humphreys in this. He thought that he had to remind everyone that he knew. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, oh, guys. Honestly, I forgot that he even brought it up. Honestly, I thought this was something like the panel where John Stewart says, you know, yeah. go out there and protect your sector. I don't actually remember that from anything yeah. in this book. It could have happened. It could have been just a repeated thing to, like, you know, make sure that everybody remembers it. I'm just, just I think that it's Sam fun. Humphreys uh, still going with people giving him shit, and he wanted to kind of throw that out almost well, like the Manhunters in the last okay story. Because, yeah, do it because we're, you know, like even Hal Jordan at the beginning of the series, I think it was the Rebirth issue, you are yeah. now the Green Lanterns of Earth and shit like that. Stay here and protect your homeworld. No, you got a lot more to protect than just Earth. That you is true, but this is his last issue. It's not up yeah. to him what they fucking do going on forward from here. So it just seemed like something where he is still trying to convince us that he knows about the Green Lanterns, which we know he really doesn't. And he, no, he, he really can, he screwed up a lot wants. of things. He will never convince me he knows anything about the no, Green Lanterns. No, that's what I'm saying. So they're, He's they're fighting. He's playing everything loosey-goosey and is coming up with his own way that the rings work yeah. and shit like that. His entire uh, he run. continues later in the podcast on that Dawnbreaker. Oh, my God. But, yeah, we're going here. And they are protecting, uh, you know, Earth from this. It, it's asteroid like a monster. molten asteroid monster kind of um, uh, automaton thing, whatever it is. Yeah. And Cyborg says, hey, do you guys need some help? We got Wonder Woman and Flash on standby and Simon's like no 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 tell him to go catch a movie we got this it's nothing but a big guy but with fire in its belly yeah, it's okay I don't mind that then you have Jessica and Simon right next to each other they're fighting it they they find out it is an automaton so they can go to town yeah. on it they don't have to worry it's not a you know not a, a sentient, sentient being form yeah so like they that. can so go they, and I like not that not going against any kill protocol or no no like that. so they're going and they're they're fighting it and then Simon seems to have it in like the stockade type yeah. thing and you find out what the they say trajectory origin is the the verduga system in their sector and then he's like huh jessica remind you of anything she is off she has gone off and i don't even understand what she and is even, doing this was the first bit of dialogue and progression that i actually found confusing because yes, this is like, my first huh, as jessica, well remind you of anything and she's nowhere to be she's nowhere yeah. near so don't look at me like that what do you Look at you like that. What are you yeah, talking and, about? And like, he, he you can't even, even says, see me. Where are you anyway? Yeah, like, so they to a panel before they were right next to each other. They were two feet from each other fighting this thing. And then he says, you know, hey, does that you know, don't look at me like that. How how could I? You're not anywhere near me. You just were where'd you go? And then like, hey, I'm just working on something. Remember what John Stewart said? And they go. And then he's like, Hey, I can really deal with what you're working on. And then she comes up. Here I am to save the day, and I don't know what she's doing it looks like she is dumping snow on it from before so actually i kind of get she went off to collect snow the thing is this the, thing. the construct she has when she goes to collect snow it looks like a ski lodge so i don't know what actually the hell no if you is. look it's so it's a bulldozer 
It's a it's I a dump truck. Thing. I see a ski lodge with a That's the problem is it's a dump story. truck with something in the front if you look at it as wheels. So I, I kinda get it now. She went off to get snow right. to dump it, it, but the like, progression huh. right, you're, because you're the snow. Yeah. why not make a ski lodge? It's, I, I don't know. It. Why not get a big shovel? But yeah. Even then, they have it where there's no thing like John doesn't say like, okay, hey. steps there. It's the second floor. Uh, there's a balcony. I don't know. And he says <laughs> – he could have said like, where did you go? We were right. We were fighting this. And she just like – she's just off. So he does come. I didn't know what was going on. Now I look and she is dumping snow yeah, on yeah. And then she's I like, oh, that, right. But I just, I, from what I'm telling you, when I looked at it, I'm like, all right, she's going to go collect snow for some reason. She's doing it like, you know, with a ski lodge yes. construct, but whatever. But what's weird then is then when she's dumping the snow, it seems like Simon still isn't there. He was right next to it. It was a uh, nice one. No collateral damage. Jessica, we were just in space for weeks. And then she's like, I'm terrified of space. Oh, really? Jesus Christ. And then they're like ready when you are and they're going to attack this thing. And they do with these constructs. And it's funny that Jessica's looks like some goddamn fucking, you know, Planet man. of the Apes caveman type deal. And, and, I think it's more like Simon, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. And Simon's got this punk rocker with the guitar. It just didn't seem – I guess that is supposed to show you a little of what Kyle had worked on with Simon with his constructs to get a little – it just seemed a little odd to me. Uh, but they're like, hey, you know what? Emergency crew's got that, Jessica says. And hey, Lennon Bass, remember this way? It's, ta- you know, pancakes this way. Time's a wasting. And he's like, oh, we got to make a stop first. And, at this and po- off they uh, go uh, at this off point to Michigan. Story, I'm expecting to turn the page, and we're out in the space going to see where this monster originated yeah. from. When I turn the page party. to see that they went to a party, I'm actually yep. furious at this point. I'm like, really, you guys are newbie Green Lanterns, and you can't even do your goddamn job. Yeah. You're actually going to go take a stop what you're doing, being Green Lanterns, to go to a party that Jessica and this is where, nothing about, yeah. Simon has said nothing about, and now you're bringing Jessica no. to a place that's going to just cause her so much goddamn stress. And it's weird, too, because it seems to cause her stress. We get that. She's like, any party more than you know two people is officially a rager to me, and she's going but then she really doesn't have problems i know that she goes off with nazir's sister uh or nazir's wife simon's sister but uh it's still it just was weird and then all of a sudden she's going to town on on donuts and they end up putting simon and nazir in the bathroom to work things out you have a thing where you see a picture of them when they were growing up they were best friends we know this and they have those you know stupid shirts and things like that but that's where you know uh his sister's like, hey, come on, let's go into the. We got pan, you know. She says we want pancakes. Hey, let's go have some fun. And they go in and just all of this and is nonsense their, to me. Their thing of fun is they're gonna hang out in the kitchen at some point, you know, like maybe try to set Jessica up. But for the most part, yeah, hang out in the kitchen and eat donuts. Yeah. Yeah, and he donuts while Simon and Nazir are fighting about, you know, and and it really is. It's everything we've seen before. Nazir's basically like, listen, you're a hotshot Green Lantern. I get it. You don't have time for me. Plus, you saved my ass that one time. I got to deal with that. And, you know, and 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 it really all boils down to, in my mind, it really feels like Nazir is jealous of this whole thing. Yeah, that's all it seems to be. whole thing is like, yeah, you're this hotshot Green Lantern, but you're never there for your family. Me and your sister, we could use your help, but you're out being Mr. Hero. Yeah. All of this takes a turn where Nazir and him become okay again because he sees on a video that somebody took that after he fought this asteroid monster, he went and made a snowman with some kids. This point makes everything okay, it seems like, and Nazir and Simon are best friends again. Yeah, now the problem is is we see this where they are at this party still. The the girls at the party are trying to set Jessica up uh, with this guy, which I'll tell you – 
why are they doing this? Especially Simon's sister knows that Jessica is not around all the time and is out and about and stuff like that. And then this guy comes over and Jessica's like, hey, you know, what's going on? And he's like, hey, Tina says you've been visiting Dearborn. How do you like it? And she's like going on and like, yeah, you know what? I saw a lot of aliens. I did this with these aliens. And then this is where you end up seeing where they do see this video. These people at the party are watching this video. video of them fighting the session. Monster now it's yes. a big hit on YouTube and everybody's watching videos of it. The problem is, is that when did this happen? Because I see this picture. We watched the whole battle. The battle yeah. was pretty quick, and at the very end, they didn't stop to play any snowmen. Well, they, they ended they had up to go leaving. make a stop first, and maybe yeah, they that went was, and walked but over no, and did a snowman thing. I'm telling you, the stop seemed to be the party. That's where they were going to go pancakes. We're going to go do a stop. No, no, I, so, I understand that the stop was the party, but in between the pages there, where he says, "Oh, we have to make a stop first. but hold on. There's some kids yeah, over there. Let's just, go make a snowman. No, that's nonsense. It, it is it, nonsense. This is but where, it doesn't bother me. And this is where Je- – uh, All of this is nonsense. The point is that this issue for the most part, you know, we're going through this, is nothing that needs to be read because, you know, Sam Humphreys goodbye. He is tying up loose ends and his loose ends seem to be fucking pancakes and the fact that, you know, the, the lanterns aren't protecting the sector – but it's, and also, you know, Nazir and Simon having problems, but yes. it, this is a nothing issue. That It's not even that fun. The thing is, they, they try to make it fun to make it that, that the point to go and pick it up, but it's yeah. not even that fun. Well, and then you have Nazir coming out. He's looking at the video, and then his sister, hey, you and Simon better patch things up for good. Where is Simon? All of a sudden, they're out flying around. Yeah, Simon what? took off. Yeah, but and what's weird is that now they're flying around. They're flying around all over the world. They're flying around. They're, they're going to change time, Eric. They're flying like <laughs> Superman around that world. So you got to watch out when you do that. But they're doing it, and she's like, I win. You coward. You can't face your own best friend. Come on, Jaybird. Can't we just go get pancakes? What do you think? And now we're back in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and now Jessica's back. Now Jessica's back talking to this guy again, who now is still looking at this video. And, and now says, he's enamored with the freaking yeah, female but, green lighter. It doesn't even seem like, you know, he's like, okay, hello. Again, where were we? Why did they go and fly around the world? Why did they fly around the world for, you know, three panels and then go back exactly where they were? And and Nazir, I love Nazir who came out of the bathroom, looked at the video, and must have went back in the bathroom to pout because Simon comes in there in the bathroom again. It doesn't make any sense the way this progresses. And then this this guy is still there looking at these videos. And, and yeah, she even says, I screwed myself out of this because of how kick-ass I am as a Green Lantern. And now that guy's in love with the Green Lantern. Plus – it, what does this guy think he's going to go meet the Green Lantern? It's just very odd. Uh, but then you dreams, have, Jim. I think I'm going to meet Green Lantern one day. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, and then basically we said Simon and Azir make up. And, and it's nice that they do make up. I don't know if Tim Seeley is going to even deal with Nazir and Simon. I have no idea. But then the girls, they have fun because this asshole comes in. Hey, where's the beer at? And they're laughing at yo, you too pathetic. You, I like you're to so imagine funny. this guy as Jimmy Olsen, but Jimmy yeah, Olsen looks like on Jimmy Olsen. Persona, he's at a metropolis. Yeah, yeah, he thinks that he's Nobody a tough guy. Nobody knows me here. Guy. I can be whoever I want to be. Yeah, hey, yo, like, bitches, where's the beer at? Hey, yo, bitches, where's the beer? Hey, 
But yeah, and they're like, hey, you pathetic. Come back here and say that again, you ugly-ass random. <laughs> what is going on? Jessica makes a construct of a scorpion that goes up the guy's leg. He rips off his pants and runs out and humiliates himself. And they all have a fucking, you know, a laugh at that. And that's when Nazir comes up and like, know, oh, no. When I was younger, it wasn't a party until I took my pants off. Until And, and you know, construct uh, fucking scorpions are going up your goddamn deal. But yeah, and that's where they end up. Nazir's like, oh, no. You, you let her eat donuts. My wife, I got to get her the hell out of here. You know how it is, Simon. We're going to leave. They make up and they're all right, bro. And, and then they're going to go get pancakes. The donuts, you know how she gets when she eats donuts. I'm like, this is like saying like she's an alcoholic but yeah. was sweet. So now it's a cute, like adorable thing. I'm like, this, this is just kind of stupid. Yeah, it's, it is stupid. It, it's very stupid. And then they go off and eat pancakes. And there they are eating the pancakes. They're like, oh, this is great. No rings, no emergencies, just pancakes. This is heaven. And then and then that's when Jessica's like, hey, thanks for taking me to the party for real. I actually had a good time. And they're like, hey, so you're talking to Keith. I don't want to talk about it. And then Ooh. they just start talking about, you know, the things. And then they get an emergency on the planet, Kyberuth. And they're like, damn it. And that's where they're like, hey, you know what? We do what we got to do. We're Green Lanterns. You ready? And like, you ready, partner? You know it, partner. And off they go. And it says next, the Green Lantern's toughest challenge yet, job hunt. So we'll see what's going on. It just, it, this is fine for a final issue, but it, it's not. It's not even there, fine nothing. for a final issue because it doesn't do, I'm telling you, where it tries to be fun, it isn't. And like, well, you know, the silliness that they add to it just kind of makes it dumb in my mind. Does, and well, I here's the thing to me, though. That much with here's Scott the thing. To me, this just points out that he did not know that his run was coming to an end. It would have ended in, you know, he doesn't get an arc. He has a different artist. He has all these different things going down, it seems. I think that they just basically said, hey, listen, you're going to end with one issue. He's like, oh, shit, I gotta, I'll gotta, i tie this shit up with Nazir. I really don't have much to say because you're, you can't set up anything. No. You can't start an arc. You're not going to be continuing. So you have one issue, and I think that he just threw this out there to finish up, and, and his big thing was probably going to be getting Simon and Nazir back to being best buds again, and that's how he did it. And I don't mind because his big thing throughout this whole, you know, especially the beginning of his run was Simon and Jessica hating each other so at the yeah. end i mean they be in this they are best friends i oh, know they've been yeah. through a lot but boy they really even spell out hey yeah how does it feel getting beat by your best friend when she, uh, jessica says it to simon so i do think that this kind of does show that he didn't have much time to kind of they didn't give him like hey you got a three issue arc to finish up whatever stories you want to do you got to do it in one issue and get it done now and it's it is nonsense it really is you don't have to read it it does nothing uh you would just read it just to and uh, you know Sam Humphrey's run, but other than that, I would say skip it. But uh, yeah. what did you give it? And because it's a skippable issue that does nothing, it's not even fun. And I didn't like the art. I had to give it a fuck you five. I give it a five point five. Like I said, I actually like them being friends now, and I kind of I don't mind them getting the Nasir thing because if he didn't do it here. I don't think Tim Seeley's doing it at any point, so at least that's tied up. I'll give it a 5-5 five, five just to be nice, Eric. But we're going to go off to the I've next. I've given this entire run a chance to just so I can I be know. nice, and it has not given me a goddamn I, thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't really like this book, and, and I'm not – We people who listen know we're not huge fans of Tim Seeley. Uh, but I hope maybe this is his, you know a book that he goes with. We see it yeah, all the time. It. There's some guys that we're like, oh, we're not really that big of fans of, but 
but somehow but he might be they good get over here. Yeah, somehow they get a you know a character that they can really write. So hopefully that will be this, and and we'll enjoy that. And then in the in the flip around, Sam Humphreys is going off to Tim Seeley's book Nightwing, That's and maybe crazy. that'll be his you know golden character that he knows how to write, and then we'll all be happy. We'll see. But the next issue, well, you can just is, make up nonsense for Nightwing and do the exact same thing he's doing over fucking Green Lanterns right now. Yeah, and Tim Seeley can come over to this and start trying to pretend he's coming up with stories that we've already seen a hundred times. Oh, there you God go. Damn. I, I just maybe he'll Goldface back. You, you know what I would say? If I was going to give each of them some advice, I'd say, I'd wish, and it'd be funny, it's almost playing one against the other. I'd go over to Tim Seeley. Hey, Tim, you, you going on that Green Lanterns book? He's like, yes, I am. That's how what? he talks, what? Eric. All right. Yes, I am, Jim. Somehow he's also from Australia. But I said, listen. I mean, I think that's an Australian accent. <laughs> it might be. He said, hell, yes, I am, Jim. I'm like, I don't know where you're from, but I like the way you say it. And then I say, listen, just don't talk anymore. You're freaking me out. But Tim... Don't really bother too much with reading what you know Sam Humphreys did. He kind of had his own way of doing things. Maybe you should just start with what you know. And then I'd go over the same thing. I'd go over to uh, Sam Humphreys. I'd say, hey, Sam Humphreys. Yes, what is this? What's up, guy? And then I'd say, hey, uh, that's a pretty interesting voice as well. But I'd say, you know what? Don't really bother with what Tim Seeley did. That's good advice. That's what you know. You see? That's what I imagine Characters. mother sounds like. And see, my mom's like, Hello, love. What you doing now? It's time for me to go see the Thunder Down Under strip show. That's what she says. Hoo-wee! I'm going to go see that strip show. Hoo-wee! Like, I I never heard you talk like that, mother. Green Arrow number 32. I just, I, I hope that both of them just start anew. Pretend it's Rebirth starting over and that's your book that you're on. And just I go really it. hope it both works out because I want to love both Nightwing and Green Lanterns and I just haven't. The minute that Tim Seeley says that the willpower is spiking and, I, and we never see a ring being charged, then we know shit has gone wrong. There yep. you go. And if we have some sort of Grant Morrison-esque thing in the first issue of Sam Humphreys in Nightwing, it's gone wrong, Eric. Green <laughs> Arrow number 32, written by Ben Percy and Joshua Williamson. Oh, crazy. Art by Juan Ferreira and D. Ron Bennett. It's the end of the Gotham Resistance, and while I haven't been the biggest fan of these tie-ins, this one wraps up in a way that leads to medal number three, and I do like that. Juan Ferreira's art is great, and he had less than two weeks to do it, Eric. It's crazy. Holy. Yeah, he, he told a bunch of people. He even said it on the site. I think that he is very proud of that fact. I, I would be as well. I would be. The one thing the, is, that I, like him saying that, I can see it just because, you know, his usual kind of like, you know, panel yeah. layout style. Oh, I, I actually – because think he went for that he... a more... Like, yeah. a, like a more generic kind of, well, not generic, deal. but just straightforward kind of thing. Like away from his normal flair. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, he had to. But like, Yeah, it, it I, I'm actually, good, I think you're right. I think that he, in his mind, he thinks that he has to apologize for some reason. It still looks no. great. And the second half of this issue was my favorite part of this whole Gotham Resistance ongoing story. Still not great, but it ended better than I thought it would. Because I, I will I give have you not... that right away. That second half of this yeah. book is way better than that first. Because we, I'm telling you, we, this first part starts out are you done your blurb yeah 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 okay just well, what do you care oh wait eric what you doing I'm sam you, humphreys what is he this, doing here all of this goddamn <laughs> shit though like you know the progression of the rings of in gotham yeah, city yeah. all it's these just weird ass really fucking, out of nowhere we're still we're in wonderland where we left off i guess yep. last time but like I don't know. We have a gigantic, you know, bodybuilding Zaz, Penguin, freaking yep. uh, Ventriloquist, and a living bodybuilding Scarface. Living. I'm like, yeah. how, what does this have to do with fucking Mad Hatter? 
Well, again, I think that they were pushing that more than the big guys that we saw before got. And I here's the thing. I do think that they throw it out there for a little bit where it's when you get closer to Challengers Mountain, you're seeing that people are dealing more with what they think they want in their mind. They, it is thrown out there. But I will tell you what I thought that I saw as well, like you said with what you saw, but also the fact that really these rings kind of get thrown aside. Yeah. It, you start to, you know, what maybe this isn't the greatest kind of story with these rings instead it's never been the greatest kind of story with well these yeah rings. well i think they finally realized and instead you have this mecha spider craziness with the people on it heading towards challengers mountain and that becomes the big deal and yeah the rings are still there but they're really thrown aside uh once harley yells it, we're the Gotham resistance. To me, that's the end of Ben Percy, and Joshua Williamson jumps in right after that. That seems to be almost a clean break to me, right. and that's when things get better, and that's where things definitely lead into what we'll see in Metal Number 3. Which, you know, uh, we've been wanting this to tie in very well with Metal. You know, it's this yes. whole tie-in. Obviously, you want it to tie in well. The whole thing with the rings, it, it felt so like, you know— Outside of everything we're dealing with, because yep. you know we want to know what's going on with Batman, the Dark Multiverse, and this here's a few co- like you know costume vigilantes yeah. in Gotham dealing with nonsense. Once we get past all that and start dealing with what we're going to deal with in the future yes. of the freaking Metal series, like all right, now you're talking to me. Yeah, and I like that because when we were doing this, and it's the tie-ins, this Gotham Resistance tie-in going on, and we were talking like, do you think it's going to be mentioned in metal? And I said to you, if it's these rings, all that I thought was going to be mentioned is, boy, Gotham's gone crazy. Oh, did you hear about those rings? And I'm like, I don't think that this is going to you know, really be in it, but by the end of what happens and where they go and who's going, I do think that it's fully involved and that we're going to see them. Uh, but yeah, it starts off and we're there, like you said, they're in Mad Hatter, Wonderland type deal, and I was a little confused by the end if that's exactly where they were as well. Now, the other thing I do like about this, I do think that Damien kind of, this is one of his better issues yeah. that we've had in, in a while in any of the books he's in. He does, and I thought that that was – yeah, he does. I thought that was really good. But in this, you have – you know, they're talking about what's going on. You know, you have Oliver who's supposed to be looking after Damien for Batman and all this stuff. you know, uh, Metal Number 2, was it? Yes. No, no, it was the Green Arrow freaking – No, you're right. Road the freaking I can't even think what it is. Hard traveling hero now. Hard traveling hero Batman? at the yeah. end when Batman said when they left, Hey, can you take care of Damien? And it's funny at this one point he even says, I don't think Batman even knows his son <laughs> because <laughs> he, he is a dick. But he's a lot better here. But like you said in the background, you just see Penguin like a roided out penguin, you see Zaz, you like, see I Wesker, you see all these like, guys. You know, like- not all of these guys were given rings and cards. No. So, like, why do we have a freaking roided out Zaz, Penguin, Ventriloquist, and a living roided out Scarface? Yeah, and that's where they're fighting. And then they're basically like, Mr. Terrific's like, hey, another rabbit hole. Quick, follow me. And it looks like they jumped through a portal. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, really. But, yeah, there there is a overall narration of Green Arrow saying, you know what? When I was on the island, I made a compass that kind of got me – 
set and I kind of went from there and I could know where I was and things like that. If I had the compass here, it'd be spinning. It'd be spinning out of control. I don't know what's going on. And they're, they're trying to do this. And that's where Mr. Terrific even says, uh, before all this insanity started, Batman tasked me with investigating an unknown region beyond the known multiverse. And this was seen in the forge and the casting. So that that's pretty good tie in there. And he's like, you've encountered these cards on your journey through the ring maze of Gotham. And he opens up like a pokeball and the cards are in there. It's like, pick a card. And then he says the metal they're made from emits an incomparable energy. They are, are incomparable energy. Yeah, yeah. I can't read. They are what has changed Gotham. And then you go and you have one of Juan's. Now, this is where I'm like, Jesus Christ, Juan, you had two weeks and this looks fucking incredible. And it does kind of spell out what has Happen. So you have kind a little of, recap. And that's the thing is that these cards are kind of trying to play out everything we've seen go down yeah. from the Gotham Resistance where, you know, the, the Batman who laughs there, him meeting these villains, him giving yeah. them something, them using their freaking, you know, like, you know, imagination to transform the world, all this different stuff. I'm like, how does this really play into the what we've had, though, with these cards? It, it's such a weird thing. And also the idea where they spell out that these are nth metal and the stuff like that, yeah. even the weapons are nth metal. I'm like, yes. well, they were, the nth metal was supposed to be freaking, you know, destroyed for the most part or just gotten rid of by freaking um, yeah, Lady Yeah, it's thrown Black in Hawk, there. It's Hawk weird, Girl. but I think that it's forced in there just but, like, so that they do the, figure I, out what is going to kill these things. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. We do you, find you out which is the biggest you know, part. The idea that the nth metal is this thing, like, you know, from the dark multiverse and, like, it is this thing that can, like, you know, I can't. I can't even figure out what I'm saying. The fact that it has the ability to do everything that they're talking about, and it's like, yeah, it gave Hawkman the ability to be anti-grav. He could fly around, but everywhere else, it is a goddamn magical talisman that can pretty much yeah. do anything. It's just it's such a weird concept I to know. throw out. At well, you. and this is why I think they get rid of it. I think that they ditch it because it really doesn't make sense, and it only mattered for this this crossover tie-in stuff. That I don't think the cards. We're not going to see those again, and all that though. Mr. Terrific at the point should have the, you know, the metal in them. Yeah. But that's when Dick, all of a sudden, he's like, ah, oh, and they're like, Nightwing, you're still having those visions. And he's like, I don't even know. And there's music. And I'm like, okay, this is something that I, you know, it was spelled out that there was a music in the multiverse and it's the yeah, vibrations. Yeah, we always did that, like the, the whole thing with the, the ship that goes through the multiverse that they have at the freaking, the, uh, I can't even think what the hell the Justice League's called the freaking uh the ones that you know from all the different universes that make up the freaking big multiverse Justice League. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They yeah, I remember ship. what you're saying. When they, they had that the ship, ship that in the, the yes, and it can freaking use yep. the whole you, you play and that was in the Superman multi like that, and you can go different places. That's how the multiverse works, you know, by doing different frequencies. God, I wish I remembered places, what that ship was this, called. Yeah, and I, that was I, in the I, multiversity. I my goddamn tongue, and I can't. That was in the multiplicity story as well when they had that ship, and it is. Uh, yes, the Ultima Thule. That was driven by music that yeah. a allowed you to go through the multiverse. So this makes sense where well, he like does. This whole explanation where he talks about that, you know, the multiverse has its own frequency, and they're trying to get our frequency to freaking jive with the dark multiverse. But I'm like, you know, each universe has its own frequency. Yeah. That's what separates them with the vibrations and shit like that. So it's the saying that the whole multiverse has a frequency when there's frequencies within that separate the universe. It's just a weird concept. For, I'm talking, well, it's, it's I, actually, I didn't even 
think is. that all I think that he's saying, he says, you know, it our vi- we vibrate at a certain frequency, the frequency of our multiverse. If they use their metal and change the frequency of enough people, our entire world will tumble out of existence as we know it and into the dark multiverse. Yeah. I just think I don't think that the dark multiverse has its own. I think that once you change an entire planet's frequency, that's what they're kind of saying. What that's what happens when a dark multiverse world is created. That it it's that the whole frequency of that planet changes and tumbles into Yeah, I can see it. that. It's just when they said the whole multiverse instead of just one universe, it really threw me off because, you know, you want to separate the multiverses because all the universes make up a whole yeah. of a multiverse. They're so saying the whole multiverse has the same frequency. It's weird yeah. to me. Well, we'll see what what that means. Yeah, it was just I a just weird think, line. It really means. I just think, and I room. think that a lot of these things are a little more important than we realize at this point. Like that seems to be something that's oh, yeah. going to be a big deal. Uh, but yeah, they're they're still trying to figure out, and they're talking about the bodies and and going, and they're all heading towards Challenger Mountain. But I do like this too because you have one where we said he, he this isn't exactly the most intricate panel layouts that he does, and that's what he's known for to me. But this is pretty cool because this whole page is a bunch of He's cards. He's me for putting anchors out of jobs. I don't yeah, know really, too, and making everyone look like <laughs> fools, Eric, and putting two sexy podcasters in That's books. Right. But I love this where it basically looks as if if this is one being able to tell part of the story with them, they are talking about all this while you see the Batman who's laughs his finger in the top corner, and all of the things are cards. The panels are actually shaped like cards that are all set on a thing that I think that it is kind of giving you the hint that the you know the Batman who laughs is kind of playing them he's laying out the cards so that what they think they they think they know what's happening isn't really happening and I may be that might be jumping to huge conclusions he's he's dealing the cards out but everybody knows the house always wins that is but the real problem is is right now who's playing the devil's hand Eric we We don't know we're gonna find (laughs) out who's playing the devil's hand Uh, but at this point they're they're trying to save their friends and especially damien who says you know i i'm not just gonna run out on my friends i i don't want to prove them them right i fucked them over yeah and he says like you know i everybody thinks that i'm just this selfish kid just lashing out at my father i'm not gonna prove them right by running out of them and then that's where oliver's there and he's like i'm with you kid but we need a plan and then that's where damien like and it's funny because oliver puts his hand on his shoulder he fucking knocks it away but he does say you know and alice in wonderland lewis carroll says imagination is the only weapon against the war uh, in the war against reality and he says the rogues have imagined their realms let's imagine their destruction i'm like it's not much that's of a plan, a plan. Damon. No. so basically you're wishing that you do well you know, I'm like that's not much they of a imagine plan. These worlds, and I'm going to imagine destroying them. Well, we're right back where we started. Then everybody's and just fucking imagining yep. shit. And this is where he says to himself, he's like, "Yeah, Batman don't really know his son." Uh, I get the idea, and it's funny because Damien seems to have made some. Sh- strides here to me he's like listen it's no man left behind and they're his friends he even says later they're not kids they're my friends so i really like all this shit is tied up and we get the teen titans out of metal things better change yeah they better change in that and at this point it has been percy i think still writing this so that there's a lot of hope with that but the funny thing to me is 
Green Arrow dismisses all of this by saying, like, who, you know what? I know how to speak teenager. No matter what they say, all they want is the illusion of being in charge. So basically saying that Damien isn't growing up here. He just wants to pretend he's in charge. And, uh, okay, you know what? I'll play along with him. And he's like, Robin wants to be just like his old man. But it's not uh, only now that he understands. And I I like that going towards Teen Titans, that he doesn't just work. uh, He does more than build teams. He works with them and that's where you have Damien say it's simple we're going to stop these machines we're going to get our friends we're going to save our city we're going to kick in the face whatever gets in our way I'm like Again, Damon, not much of a plan. And, and no, it's that's funny pretty much too because you, what you were doing the entire way through. Yeah, here. and Damien himself, he's more, you know, he's got some strategy and stuff like that. This is basically a let's go kick some ass deal. It didn't seem as much Damien as I wish, uh, but I'll go with it. And the weird yeah. thing is also is I I know that that Dick's back there with these you know vibrations and the music playing, but he, he kind of should be in control as well. Agreed. And in the lead, he's just. Standing Standing behind and hardly just wants to hit things. Uh, but yeah, when she says, now you're talking, kid, we're the Gotham resistance. I could almost say that's when that's when Ben Percy stops. That was his thing. And really, in the normal deal, if it would that would have been a kick-ass fucking cliffhanger right there. Yeah. You would end with that. And then it goes with later. And again, I'll give Juan some really big credit here because for the most part, I would guess that at points you would even have an artist change. If this is, in fact, when Joshua Williamson jumps in, I do think it is. But Juan just does the whole goddamn thing because he's a trooper, Eric. Right. But they go and they're chasing this you know, behemoth spider thing that yeah. – has spider thing that everybody's attached to that's just kind of like sucking the life out of them and yeah, changing yeah. their uh, frequencies. Yep, and heading them, uh, heading towards the Challenges, Challenges Mountain. Mountain, which I still don't understand as well. But you know, I talked yeah. about that before about the whole Challenges Mountain we'll being there metal three when the Justice out. League actually went in there and yeah. found you know the challenge and all that. So I don't know what's going on, but yeah, you're going and they're passing. They're looking for an opening. You see freaking you know Wesker fighting with Scarface, Scarface and, yeah. and going and then to Sumo town. shows up. Yeah, sumo is funny. In my review, I didn't want to say like everything that was going on. Some people would say I'm like it's it's the craziest three characters to be fighting, but they're waiting for a break, and that's the break. Sumo comes and jumps on him, and as they go, you have Green Arrow. And it's weird too when I was reading this issue because we had this, you know, this hulked up, you know, Arnold Wesker, and yeah. we had this hulked up living, you know, Scarface, and I'm looking at these, and at first I had no idea who I was looking at. I'm like. Who are these yeah, characters? Because the idea of these other characters just being there and just being a roided out fucking versions of themselves within this ring, it didn't make any sense to me. But I'm like, yeah. it, I actually spent most of my time, you know, looking at this issue, just freaking trying to figure out who these characters were. Then I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Scarface and fucking yeah. Ventura. Fighting like, each shit. other. And that's when uh, Scarface is, is punching Wesker. And he's like, like idea, you, ain't, yeah, you ain't ever laying a hand on me, Arnold. I'm like, oh, there you go. And then Sumo just shows up and just lands on him. But this is the break they've been waiting. But right before uh, you have the whole kind of, uh, you know, forced kind of thing, foreshadowing where Damien's like, hey, how many shots you got left, Green Arrow? And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm running low, but I still have that one from the Owl's Armory. And then like, arrow. Oh. Not yeah, and then the electric. No, it was the nth metal. It's the nth metal that we we find out. So it's there. We thought it was electrum because we thought it was electrum because of the owls. Yep, yeah, that's what we thought. And uh, yeah, that's where Damien's like, all right, Uh, and and then he's like, ah, you know what? I'm a better archer than you. But right now, I'll just punch things. (laughs) Damien. 
baby in each year. Yeah, but they're going. They get an opening, and they run through, and that's where the bad Robin shows up. The bad, you know, Damien's kind the of crow, dark multiverse twin. And he's that's a big thing where he's going to confront Damien. But right before that, you do have Harley go and want to, you know, get her crockpot out, which I thought was a funny name. And this is probably, to me, the best part of the issue. And one of the I love the art there as well, uh, where Croc says, listen, just this is my favorite part. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's like. Call Amanda. Call Waller and tell her to blow up our heads. Blow up this just, whole thing. Just blow, blow us all up. up. Everything. Just get yeah. rid of all of it because it's yep. life's not worth living. They no, like Barbado no. showed me what's yeah. gonna happen. I, yeah, I I'm saw done. the worst things. And then he's like, "Oh no, that's his music. The other." And we have music pointed out again. This issue, it's really stressed. This yeah. music. And in comes, you know, here comes goddamn the Batman who laughs in this souped up heavy metal fucking. You know, it, it's pretty cool. It A looks dragster. like straight. Yeah, it's like the dragster. It looks straight from like Fury Road type deal, and it's shooting. It has Raven and a hamster ball in the back and things like that. And you get this weird connection where you know the Batman who laughs sees Harley. Harley is intrigued by this Batman slash you know Joker type deal. Uh, but in the meantime, the big thing is Robin and this dark version of him uh and at this point again i said i think that these rings are kind of thrown aside because all of a sudden we're in bane's ring and you have this whole thing and pain yeah yeah and it's like a big you know it's a big tournament type thing going on but in this you do have a funny little thing that dan didio is in this and talking about the final death of nightwing because that's something if you don't know if you just jumped on rebirth dan didio has been trying to kill off nightwing for years upon yeah. years and you have this thing where it, it is kind of dan didio could it be the death of nightwing and he's going <laughs> because they're all fighting and i asked one and one laughed at it and he didn't deny it so i I do think that that's what you got there. It's kind of a funny deal. Bane really doesn't have much to do here. No, he, uh, he's it's, a spectator in his own goddamn room. Yeah. He is not about fighting. He just wants to hang back and yeah, watch death matches, hanging. it seems. And in this where you have this dark crow, the the big crow, which but would be the Damien. I love that Bane Damien. mask he's wearing in this Yeah, one. I know. I love it too. And it's he basically says, Bane mask. you know, I don't want to fight you. Uh, I don't want to do this. But if you go with us, this is where, you know, you can be loved. Uh, you know, my father, you know, the Batman who laughs or whatever, he will make you feel loved and you know this is the right way. Well, at the point – Damien yells for a green arrow to shoot that nth metal arrow, and as it does, he you have the dark Robin pull him in front, and it actually shoots Damien. You think Damien's going down, and that's where you get the real big monologuing by this crow, this other Robin, where he's like, see, they all turn on you, brother. They don't trust the father. They don't trust you. They never did. Now you see. And as it's going on, he just keeps saying, you know, look inside yourself. You know this is the right way. Just come with me. Come with us. You can join us. And it's a weird deal because we've never seen this where they really asked anybody to join them. But no. Damien, I mean, it, it is a weird – I hope they actually explore the whole deal where Damien wonders like, am I that bad? Exactly. This the dark whole, like, you know, he has that sons duality between them where he has the darkness and the light, you know, but he's yeah. been fighting the darkness back. You know, am I still this dark inside that these fucking evil yeah. things think I would go over? Yeah, these are the most evil, vile things, but yet they're asking, you know, hey, you like, can Even join Raven us, says in the one part talking to Harley Quinn about the Batman who laughs, don't trust him, don't listen yeah, to this guy. Don't listen. He is void of all emotions except for evil, which I think is a weird line, but that's yeah. all this, that Batman who laughs is, is just plain evil. Just and that's plain all he cares evil. about. And then you can tell people what Robin does because 
I told you, and you you even said. I'm telling you, in my mind, this is freaking John McClane from Live Free or Die Hard. We're freaking uh, he he takes the arrow and shoves it through himself into the heart of the freaking. Yeah, the, he the shoves main that arrow that's already in his kind of upper chest. Him. Yeah, and it just kills him, and he just, you know, all of a sudden the spark goes, and he just, you know, dissolves, and that's, it's funny, too, because then Dan Didio's like, that's not what was supposed to happen, and then Ben's just like, the battle's over, now it's turn to, you know, it's time, to, or, or now it's my turn to fight you, little bats, and then that's where the Batman who lives is like, oh, no, the battle's just beginning, Bane, now watch closely, Mr. Terrific, I'll show what those cards can do, and then, boom, all of the Dark Knights show up, and in a way to tie in the continuity that's really good they have cyborg where they you know you have the because apparently uh, dr fate hates cyborg yeah you have the murder machine with cyborg yeah yeah that's the problem is dr fate keeps saving everyone but cyborg but again he does say it's not that he comes and says and even later in dawnbreaker he doesn't come and say like hey uh i i didn't want you guys to die it, it is more about their fate and we said and you pointed out when cyborg said and they said he had that medal in yeah. him and he did obviously his fate is along a different path it's going to be a his path fate that is, tied is with that. dark knights right yeah, now what so, will be the freak, but still you know, it still makes you laugh you have all these one shots coming out. All right, the Flash. Dr. Fate saves the Flash so he's not defeated. Then we have the murder machine. Cyborg is ripped apart. Then we have the Dawnbreaker. How Jordan is saved by Dr. Fate. I'm like, what do you have against Cyborg, Dr. Fate? <laughs> really? You son of a bitch. Um, you but like Robin wants to stay. Duty? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Well, they, yeah, really. They have, they actually just have one of those drinking, uh, fucking birds that go up and down that taps on the key. That's monitor duty now. They don't need cyborg. Uh, but yeah, they go. And I, again, I like it because Robin, Damien's like, no, no, my friends are here because of me. I won't leave them behind. You know, I'm not getting out of here. I want to stay. And, and one thing, too, that's when you when... look at that page, though, where all the Dark Knights show up and you see the dark silhouettes of the, our heroes with the yeah. freaking the light, you know, awesome. because the light's all in front of them as the freaking the uh, Dark Knights are coming yeah. The blurry aspect that freaking Juan added to that, though, like yeah, to make it look awesome. like it makes it, it, it looks 3D. Amazing. I'm telling you, it adds so much to the yeah. goddamn page. That's it's crazy. Ridiculous. It's crazy. I want to give – I say one next issue. I want to see what he would do with like two or three months I'm for just an you, issue. I, I just blow our mind. Just take his time and do the best job Holy he ever moly. could. Here's the problem though. I'll tell you, Juan, if you're listening, this is like what they say when you're on a union job. You start doing too much like this. Now you're going to be – you're tagged as the guy who gets 12 <laughs> days to do an issue. You have really set yourself up, my friend, to do this craziness. But man, it's so good. You can't look at this and say, oh, it was rushed or anything. It's so no. good. Even when Dr. Fate, you know, the the whole lighting and things like that. And I, I said, I don't want to be insulting, but his color work is fucking great. So, you know, it might be even better than, I don't know. I don't want to go down there. Okay? He's one of my favorite colorists as well. But they, they do take, Dr. Fate takes him away, says to Damien, no, son of Batman, you know, you this isn't your fate. Your fate isn't to die. That's the thing. You, you say you us. die and you're not destined to die. Right? You're not, not your fated destiny. to die. Yeah, and then they go, and Damien's still pissed. And you do have Dr. Fate talking to uh, Mr. Terrific, because Mr. Terrific even says, you got my signal. And they're like, hey, you know what? The future in the world hangs in battles, and even my tower isn't safe from Barbados' dark influence. And he says, Zatanna has arranged for a secret rendezvous elsewhere. Obviously, I believe that's where we'll probably pick up in medal number three. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, the parties are assembling now. And that's Mr. Terrific's, like, you know, is Plastic Man there? And Hey, is Egg safe, Mr. 
just a terrific. And that's where Damien just like a badass rips out that fucking arrow again. He doesn't even and rip then, it out. He freaking just breaks the freaking point yeah. out of his back. Which yeah, it's true. Yeah, to try to grab hold and get the leverage to break because you're just you're just pulling on that wound. Then and that is true. So he gets Here's that off. arrow. Take yeah. this. Take this. And he's like, hey, you know what? You're feeling doubt, hate, fear. I feel it too. And then that's where fucking Nightwing out of nowhere decides to play. You know, chime in. He's punching walls. I'd like to, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Fate's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is my house, my friend. What the hell, dude? I invite you to my home and you start punching the walls up? Yeah, why are you punching walls? What a dick. And then Damien says, it's it's all my fault. I I took us there. I I fucked up. I got everybody captured because, really, we didn't even really go into that fully. Everybody who was on that spider thing walking towards Challenges Mountain, they're still there. They didn't save anybody. Uh, Yeah, they're there. And so we're going. And, it, and the other thing is Harley isn't there with them either. She's She was off with them, so she's not there. And we're going, and that's where they say, you know, you didn't fuck up. Green Arrow says, you didn't mess up. You figured out a very important thing. We know how to kill them now, and it is yeah. with the Nth Metal. He says, you saw that arrow, what it did to the Dark Robin. It was Nth Metal, Damien, don't you see? Too bad Those that things- Kendra's been going around and getting rid of all the Nth yeah, Metal really. around. Now, I'm telling you, now. right now it's become the goddamn freaking you know, Game of Thrones with the freaking, what's it called, the dragon glass that you need to freaking kill these, uh, the White Walkers. All of a yes. sudden, there's no dragon glass to be found. You need to find some goddamn shit to kill yeah, these they better because find winter it, has so. come, Jim. Yeah, winter has come, and he says we, we know how to kill him. So uh, I actually like this. I love the art. I thought that by the second half it really picked up. Oh, like I said, it's not perfect. Together. Yeah, it's not perfect, but I did like it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. What would you give it? I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. I'm telling you, like like you said, though, the first half, it's the same nonsense that you've come to deal with in this whole goddamn, you know, the Gotham resistance tie-ins with the rings and nothing makes sense. But, you know, once we get to Bane's goddamn last ring, it all comes together because even though we're in the last one, we don't get the challenges mount. Well, you know, Batman will laugh, show up. They freaking start throwing all this this, uh, uh, exposition at us. We find out what Nth Metal kills them. It all starts coming together at this point. I'm like, all right, now we are yeah. set up to go forward with our story. You know, like the rest of metal, all our heroes are lined up. You know where they need to be. I'm like, I am all about that, and I love the art. But that first half and just these tie-in ideas in general have just been rough to read. Well, that's where I, you know, this is kind of hoping and and praying because of what was said and what they lead to. But it finally seemed to me like, okay, these were kind of important enough that it tied back into yeah. metal. I thought the we've had these events where you get these tie-ins and they and don't mean nothing. shit. You could just tune out from these. And again, you, you have this where Scott Snyder did say you don't need to read these tie-ins or whatever if you don't really want to. But I think that if we go off and this is how we continue in metal, we would have gotten a little more of the story. So I did appreciate that. So by the end, I'm sure I metal think- number three comes out if these characters do show up and talk about the nth metal killing you know these freaking dark multiverse people i'm sure they're going to kind of explain it again yeah yeah i believe that everything that we saw here will be explained again uh quickly and you know easily so you can go moving forward but we'll see next week metal comes out next week so we'll see how that and i look forward to it yeah i do too so we're gonna go off now and i'll say i i was gonna say i didn't finish my thought that i probably gave it even an extra half a point just because i think that it finally looked like it was gonna deal with some important things and tie into it and kind of give us a little more of a advanced look at what's going on 
I, I freaking really center on the stupidest stuff with this thing because like all these other issues where I center on one thing, the thing that I've centered on with all of these tie-ins since the Nightwing one is how the fuck did Green, La- uh, Green Arrow's hair grow to the point where you could have it braided down like that? They like- said the quicker you go, the, the further you go to Challenger's Mountain. I was going to make a rhyme, but I don't know what would rhyme with Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> when Why you get to mount- when you get to the mountain that is a challenge, you grow long hair like Johnny Farallange. Remember him? We graduated oh, with that oh, guy. Yeah, Johnny Farallange. Remember Johnny Farallange? <laughs> he had now. a that guy had a very long hair, but uh, unfortunately, it, it was loved so long heroin. it got. Well, he was he loved heroin. He had long hair, and he was out <laughs> riding his motorcycle. His hair got caught in the wheels, Eric, and he died. Essentially, he, he was his beheaded. whole life was like leader of the pack. Yes, it was. We're going to go. I was just going to sing. We're going to go off through Justice League number 30 right now, written by Brian Hitch or by Fernando Passer and Andy. Here we go. This is a long, sitting down. We got a long art team. Fernando Passer and Andy Owens, Mick Gray, Bat, Scott Hanna, Brad Anderson, Richard Starkings, and once again, Eric, Comic Crafts Jimmy is in Ooh, the house. Comic Jimmy, but yeah, the there is a lot of inkers in this in this book, which is is crazy. It really, I don't understand why you need that many inkers, but I I don't know. The legacy arc is getting close to ending, and this issue lines a bunch of things up. We find out who Sovereign is, what happened to Aquaman, and kind of what the darkness is planning to do here and now. It is a bit confusing by the end, and even though this is my least favorite issue of the arc, I'm still looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up. Uh, this seems to be like let's get some things in order. Yeah, and we got to dump row. a lot of heavy exposition. Yeah, there's a, there's time a lot of dumping, out. and I don't mind it. Uh, the problem is, is that what me and you have both loved about all this has been the kids. And And these last two issues have put them, and really in this one, really thrown aside. They are just there to be there, and you don't get much of them. Uh, Obviously, Batman is showing up, so you still don't really get a a heavy dose of Batman either. It's all setting up the pieces. Batman in a plane talking to Genie, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't know. I saw a lot of people saying they didn't like the art. I did not mind the art. I, I thought did the not art care was pretty for the good. Art this issue. I I'm didn't mind you, it. It's the same at art. Steve Trevor's jerk off face actually made me angry. Yeah, that's the same way you look before. I'm telling I you. I know, that's, but I just he, don't like it. This issue. Fernando Passer and he draws very collagen lips. We said it before. They they have a lot of the guys have liver lips. And he's going there. But we start off like we did how we ended last issue where Simon had let the darkness out in Midway City. And you have Diana there and it's kind of going there. And from there we even learn because it's telling her, you know, kill them all. No, tear them apart. Feel them bleed. Feel them die. Uh, It's weird too in this – with that, she's saying no. She's the one who's telling them no. And you finally get the idea. It's not just consuming her. She is keeping it at bay fully. So yeah. for her, if she lets go, if she lets loose, it is going to consume the entire world. And, you know, Steve Trevor doesn't know what's going on. But the kids are like, do you see this, Hunter? That uh, Cruz says that. And he says, I see it, Cruz. I can hear it. The darkness is already here. And that's where Simon, you know, yells for Steve Trevor to go back because he's still seems to be possessed a bit as well remember he is fully possessed he let it That's go the thing is i really never understood the whole thing with simon and why he would be possessed and Tony, we had this really weird exposition like you know like explanation later on where you know we had the darkness that was on earth it was like at an infancy stage or whatever it was still yeah. here 
But when the kids came back, they brought some of the future darkness with them, which mingled with the past darkness, which allowed it to become what it is now and have, you know, the, yeah, the knowledge learned of the, the future. The whole deal is, yeah, the, the basic premise is when the, when the kids came back, the fear, which I'm still saying this is the fear thing we saw before, and That's it is morphed think. into. That was the infancy of it. It has morphed past the stage that it should have been at this point because when the kids came back, it kind of learned a little from them. I just it's, don't it's know a little how wonky. It, like, I just don't know how it really got a hold of Simon. Is it more that Simon heard it talking? Because in my mind, these little black tendrils have to get a hold for you for you to be in Well, you did, but he was – I mean I think that what he's going with because he did have it encased in his construct. Yeah. I think that somehow it wormed its way into his consciousness that he was there. I think that that's why they pointed out last issue that he was there and hadn't slept for, yeah, 24, he was there for like hours. 24 hours. He, he was kind of – you know, his, his resolve was wearing down. They were kind of working their way into it. It. Now, when he let it go, though, it is it does seem to be coming out of him as well. Oh, so yeah, at this point, he's fully point. infected now. But yeah, before it just almost seemed to me trying to figure out why he got infected in the first yeah. place was just weird to me. Yeah, it seemed like he Brian Hitch was really pushing that he was keeping it at bay and he just couldn't do it anymore. And they he just kept got just saying, and, it got yeah, and he was mind. exhausted, but also it just kept saying to him, "You let us out, let us out, do this, do that." And I think that it did kind of infect him. But I said there is a little bit of wonkiness in this issue. There is still enough for me to enjoy it. It's just my least favorite issue of this of oh, this arc. Well. Uh, and you have Steve. Steve trying to, you know, he's desperate trying to figure out what the hell is going on and trying to get everybody in order trying to get people away from diana simon's there he's and while this is out. all going the darkness is kind of trying to reach out while it has a hold of simon and wonder woman it is reaching out as far as it can go with the freaking words it's using yeah, like, kill yeah. them it's trying to infect anybody it can yeah so it's kind of influencing people to act like aggressively so freaking steve has to get the kids in order yeah he they, he's got to get everything in order, in order. She's and like, then he's it's trying yeah. to keep a goddamn sane head over this whole goddamn mess. And it's even stressed even more when Hunter says, "This is the darkness. We know what this is. It will want us to kill each other. This is what it does. It's what it did to our whole world. This is what destroyed our world." And then Steve's like, "Right. And just who the hell are you kids?" And this is where I think the biggest thing that I had a problem with is it's a nitpick, but it's the biggest thing I've had a problem because Brian Hitch has been very careful in not messing up, and I. I been looking for mess ups to me this kind of is though you can say that steve trevor is a dummy because he's like when the kids crew says we're we're from the future the justice league are our parents and then that's when steve's like oh that makes it today a whole lot better and then he says i'm guessing what you're wearing your flash's daughter and these two light beams are related to either baz or cruz that doesn't make sense i don't know maybe it's because steve trevor he doesn't know, but you, you don't get born just because somebody's a Green Lantern doesn't mean you're related. And it's just it's a little nitpick, but it well, did kind of you know, get. They were the the kids of the Justice League. I think you can make a wild guess. Yeah, at that but point. I don't know. They can, they could be. You know, maybe they're Batman. I, I see Batman with a lot of willpower. I don't but he, I just think that he does go and jump to that conclusion because he doesn't really know. But I just, is, I, like I it hate too because that. he does mess it up a bit too because it's either Simon or Cruz doesn't think about it being flashy. Yeah, he doesn't kids, know. So I but like it that just, as well, though. I just, or why well, can't one and be the one Nora or the other? Says, close know. enough. Yeah, close enough. And then that's when Cube's like, hey, I'm Cube Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you, are. you are, buddy. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, and that's Hunter's mom. And this is great. Where Steve Trevor's like, Hunter, huh? Diane's your mother. Uh, who's your father? This is like, it, he has the look. I watch Maury. 
Earth. This is the look where the guys are sitting on the stage waiting for the paternity test to come Honestly, back. And it's even, like, even, even though I hate the way his face looks, this is the way I imagine him looking throughout oh, the yeah. new 52 when Wonder Woman was dating Superman. Yeah. Oh, and he he's like, so I'm telling, you, he's like uh, I'm telling you, though, to me, he's like, uh, who's your father? And it's like, Steve Trevor, you he are not, not the, the father. father. <laughs> and yeah, to me, he would be one of those guys that just starts crying. He's not doing backflips and dancing. But there, there's Hunter, not you. And I can, I'm telling you, I said to you, I can only think that the father is Batman. I think that it's going to be a messed up future, and but that's why? where we're going to get more and more where you know things aren't well, that was the way the, they like, should cool, be. Cool, fun things though in the animated universe that Batman and Wonder Woman were kind of a couple. Yeah, so, I like, actually, I always yeah. like that aspect. Yeah, I actually think that Batman's his father since we haven't seen Batman yeah, with Batman's these been kids aside yet. Completely from these kids. Yeah, I, I think that maybe that's what we're gonna get because really we're we're coming to an end. Who else could it be unless it's like something out of like that? It doesn't mean anything. It's so. Blake Cooper, the fucking the lawyer. For <laughs> that, that lawyer, that that dumpy guy, Blake Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Hercules. Wait a minute, that's your brother. Gross. <laughs> it's Jason. Everybody but he's been watching a little too much Game of Thrones lately. Yeah, really. But yeah, they're they're trying to think, and that's where Hunter says we think she's involved with what happens to the future, but it shouldn't be happening yet. This is all wrong, and this makes sense. I didn't even think of this because then Steve's like, "What do you mean?" And Cube says. We were born years from now and grew up a bit before any of this started happening. It's all fucked up. Something has accelerated all of this, and we have to figure out what's going on. And that's where Steve Trevor's like, huh, in my experience, folks coming back from the future to fix things usually makes things worse. And then the kids are like, what, you think that we screwed this up? It's like, yeah, you all tumbled out. You might have done it. And then that's where you have Hunter's walking away and Chris is like, are you okay, Hunter? And he's like, I can hear it so loud. I know what it's saying. And it's saying, kill them. Not that one. Not Hunter. Our child. Nurture him. And that's where Wonder Woman is just there. And again, I like the art. She looks all whacked out with with that deal. Turns out that Hunter's father's the darkness itself. It might be. But yeah, and then you go and you go to Amnesty Bay. Wonder Woman just like Evil Dead. Right. Right now she's getting impregnated uh, and you have where you do have uh, Mount Olympus that you know newly off the coast of Amnesty Bay and you have Sovereign where like you have found her talking to Aquaman because she's there and we find out she's there to get Wonder Woman and this is now, the whole how deal. How do you think I, I was worried about this when I was reading this issue and I didn't think about it previously how do you think that Sovereign and Aquaman got back in time because we saw the kids go to Infinity Core and they access the Forever Stones and all that stuff. Do you think they did the same thing? Like, yeah, I think that they did the same thing because if you remember, like, they like, had you know, to go to almost Olympus to do that. Yeah, and I like, think that know, she was planning stones, on it already. I could see them, you know, taking the kids and sending them back inside yeah. because they're inside the Infinity Go. Bringing back Mount Olympus itself, it just seems odd. It's it's odd, but I think remember when they they ended up at the very beginning when they made their move, they were almost like we got to go now, we got to yeah. get through here because I think that that they already knew the plan. Uh, Sovereign was going to go back or do something you know maybe they thought that they were going to destroy the stones or whatever uh but yeah the, the obviously this was the plan and sovereign has come back and we'll just say she's come back for her daughter which is wonder woman she has sent aquaman ahead Making to sovereign kind of hippolyta 
Yeah, she is a politist, so she's there. And you have a whole thing where, you know, you have Sovereign there and, and says, and you get a little more background. I don't know why we really needed this. Why? Only because the only way this is needed is because Aquaman does turn kind of good then. So right. you have to find out exactly why and how and that he didn't kill Cyborg. What happened is after Mara died, Serenity, him and Mara's daughter, ended up banishing him from Atlantis and then doing like a aquakinesis like type deal. Curse. Yeah, it's like a curse that he could not deal with any water. I mean, he was banished where he couldn't even drink water anymore yeah. and he was going to die. He ended up getting the parts of Cyborg, who was already dead. He scavenged I them. I wish at this point become... they would have said something about that Black Lantern ring. Yeah, yeah. So he has scavenged things, and maybe that'll play out. But yeah, and they just... He is, you know, in league at this point still, it seems, with Sovereign, who says, we're going off. You know, we're going to see my daughter. We're going to go get her. And they're going off. And in the meantime, Serenity and uh, yeah, Mara especially is like, I'm going. I'm going yeah. to. It's funny, too, this, like, boom tube opens up. I go where that man up. goes, too. And Ooh. it's funny. It's like this This boom tube opens up, and Sovereign and Aquaman go through. They boom tubes. And they all have boom tubes now. And when they're going through, like, you would think that they would realize that they're coming, too. <laughs> It's like, you know, close that boom tube. Then you get Batman heading, and this is just to get Batman there where he's looking for Cyborg Tech. You do have the whole call out, oh, we just had something with Cyborg Tech, but that disappeared. But that was Aquaman, so they're facing And we got something else with Cyborg Tech, but not quite Cyborg Tech. Talking yeah, not about quite. Cube over at Midway yeah. City. Yeah, and that's where Diana is then. You go back to Midway City, and Diana's trying to get everyone away and trying to say, like, I am holding them back. I can't hold it back for long. When I do, the whole world is just going to be violent. They're going to destroy each other. This is what's going to happen. And this is where it does get wonky, where even Wonder Woman kind of because of this and because of what they know and the darkness knows a bit of the future showed you she and, and she's like, I've seen with it. Her, so she yeah, knows and she's what's like, coming. I've seen the future. It's my own future. It's stronger than it should be. I already try. I can't kill it because that's where Steve's like, can we stop it? It's like, no, I already, we already tried. And in the future, we all died. So she knows what's going on and they're just trying to figure out and steve's like what can i do and that's where wonder woman says keep hunter safe just keep hunter safe and he's like why because he's your son and then she says no because he's the only one it doesn't want to kill and i'm like does that mean that she's afraid that it's going to use him to destroy more and honestly the one thing that the the bad guy doesn't want to kill i'm not saying you know we should have our heroes kill anybody but go after a hunter, maybe. Put her, her That's piece what down I'm saying. That, this is what's does. weird because it doesn't want to – because it's, you know, that he's important in the future. Whatever it may be, it has a reason. And you find out then when Sovereign does show up then, and it's a battle royale, Sovereign is not involved with the darkness. That's the craziest thing of this, that you think that she's the one she's who's involved. She's a bigger bad than the darkness. The yeah, darkness that's can't the thing. even affect her because she's worse than it. Yeah, and the darkness, that's the whole point of this. I think the darkness – the darkness wants to control the world. The darkness yeah. wants the world to destroy itself. Sovereign actually was better than that and controlled that, got rid of them, and then controls the world. So like it the seems like is just hanging out in a freaking parking garage. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Sovereign, you ain't bad. You ain't yeah. nothing. You ain't nothing. But yeah, <laughs> you don't know. But yeah, they they have it where it looks like even the darkness now's plan was to come back in the you know in the past and try to destroy things before Sovereign. Now it's all there. It gets very very convoluted the, a bit. Idea, I can kind though, of follow it. Thing but, because the entire like, when we started this arc, all of Midway City was affected by this darkness. So it's like, and then the kids came out like 
Yeah. Was the darkness got there early? Was this the infancy of the darkness? Yeah, I think it was the infancy. I think it was and trying like, to do this and we, then did, that. Did we see the darkness anywhere when the kids came back? Or is it like a, just no. an invisible force and that it's was weird because to be there? The, the way that they spelled it out to me, the darkness was there. It was doing its thing. Erica was hanging in the parking garage. And then when the yeah. kids came out, something allowed them to see the future and what would happen. And then they realized, the darkness realized it had to step up its game. And when Sovereign comes out of that boom tube the darkness actually steps back and says and it start like you know learn you know learn what's going on see learn and so wait watch learn it says when she comes out and they're all fighting and that's where you know the, it is a battle royale they're all just fighting aquaman obviously doesn't want to fight he's like damn it i don't want to do this and then you have the whole thing do you remember our future do you remember after we spread darkness across the world that she came do you remember the brutality with which she ruled and there's wonder woman i remember because she must know the future and no compassion no mercy she had no need for our strength she had a darkness of her own born of pain born of loss she inflicted that pain upon uh, you know what was left of the world now she's here to do it again watch learn and it just keeps going there is a connection to make combined we can bring so much pain, and now what, so once much we have the whole idea though that you know Hippolyta is sovereign, and she became yeah. this after Diana died. And I'm, I'm just trying to think about it. It's know, kind of a never-ending thing because it seems like the darkness did kill Diana. Yeah. That's what Sovereign freaked out and controlled the world because of that, because of her loss and pain of losing her daughter. She couldn't take it. She didn't want anybody to have any sort of joy or whatever. And so the darkness is coming back, but it's – But I, I, it I'm trying to think. Like Do you a, think that Brian Hitch was thinking about Greg Rucka's run of Wonder Woman where it turns out that Diana can never go back home and Hippolyta will never see Diana again? So if Diana dies – how would Hippolyta ever know? Yeah, well, she she wouldn't. And I again, this is an alternate future that we've already yes. seen. A little fucked up thing. So I don't think that he was and thinking of that at all. Any time in the future, it could be written that Diana. I don't think Brian Hitch. He has his own the Hitch universe that he's yeah. doing the Hitch verse that he's going with. But yeah, as they're going, and as this darkness is kind of you know looking and watching what Sovereign's doing, Simon actually sees a break and actually realizes, and then uses the light to kind of dissipate the darkness around him. And then starts to coordinate the attacks with the kids. But that's when we go and see what happened to the rest of and the again, Justice Simon's League. And again, Simon's a badass. Once he gets his wits about him, he is fucking yeah, headstrong. He is. He's just he's going awesome. right in the battle telling the kids yeah, what to he, do. He's fucking going right after Simon. Yeah, like, I like this it. is the Simon I like. Yeah, this is the Simon. He goes right out. He attacks freaking, you know, Sovereign right away. That He hits hard with that. But then they go into this pocket universe. Bella screams, shut up! But uh, you have them uh, where the other Justice League uh, members that got taken by Aquaman. I think that everybody's come back. There was a football game tonight where Zach was singing the national anthem beforehand. So uh, I bet you they have come back. But they're in uh, – the other Justice Leaguers are in this pocket type. It's not a pocket universe. It's a pocket deal of the fold and the boom tube. I'm telling you, this this is some convoluted sense right here because even on Cyborg, he's like, I didn't even know I could do that. I'm getting a folded boom. Yeah, and it looks like they were put in there, and that's the thing. I I was so confused because we have darkness. They're just encompassed and like you know, enfolded in darkness at this point. And then when you see that cyborg on the next page, looks like he has a whole computer system. I'm like. Where the fuck are they? Yeah, where'd you get that? But it's like his. Yeah, it's all his projecting thing. It really threw me off at first. 
Yep, and he says he had a message in him that he didn't have until right when they got captured, and it is Aquaman talking about what he had to do. He's like, I came back with her sovereign to kill you guys. She wanted you out of the way. Obviously, he didn't want to do that. He put, he kind of, you know, probably said, you know, hey, I killed them. They're gone. She can't sense them. They're in this yeah. little deal. But he's like, you know, I, I need you guys. You, I'm not the man. Hey, I learned this trick from Merc yeah. during the Crown of Thorns arc where he told everybody that he killed me and buried me, but guess what? I wasn't really dead. Well, and I like it because it's one of those where he has lived a fucking horrible life. I mean, look oh, yeah. at him. The guy can't drink water. He's all fucked up. And he he's said, I came back. And I like what Hitch says. You know, he, he doesn't say, like, who I had this plan the whole time. Aquaman's like, I came back to kill you. I was going to kill you. I'm not the man that you once knew. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm a fucking, you know, an atrocity I'm now. A monster. But when I came back and saw you guys again, especially Mara, I felt something I hadn't felt in so many dark years, and it was hope. And I'm like, okay, I get yeah. it. And he's like, she has to be stopped. There's only one life on this world that matters to her. That's her daughter. Obviously, this is Hippolytus, so she cares about Diana. And he's like, wherever I am, you know, come and come to where I am because that's where she'll be and just come out and kill her. Please, just end this. This can't be the future that, that we have. And as this happens, they do bust out of a, a boom tube. It is funny that now Superman somehow in the boom tube has changed into his costume. They all are in costume yeah. now. But Superman, I don't know, he had it with him or whatever, but he no. comes out. It looks like Simon has been fucking mortally wounded at this point, too. Oh, Jessica's my God, that freaking, crying. like, when uh, Sovereign hits him with that axe yeah. or whatever the hell it is, that big old blade, I'm like, Holy shit, Simon! How are yep. you gonna lift this? And how did she go through your goddamn protective shield on yeah, the green lantern? Yeah, I know. you gotta, you gotta get that shield up there, Simon. But this is where we kind of get the whole story. I'm like, okay, this is kind of like Jarrell. It actually yeah, comes no, it's, because it's exactly like yeah, Jarrell yeah, at this point. because this is basically Apollo saying, you know what? I'm gonna take you. This world deserves to die. And they don't deserve you, you. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve you. Let's get out of here. And that's where the darkness Heck is like, shit. you know what? And, and that's the problem is now you have all the Justice League there and the kids where you get the the darkness is like, huh, this is kind of a pretty good idea right now. I can We can infect everybody here and just destroy Sovereign, which I do think will happen. I think that it's going to be one of those things where you, you both get destroyed, obviously. Well, that's the thing is, though, like, I still I started thinking too with the whole idea where the darkness doesn't want to hurt Hunter. Like, yeah. is it this whole thing where only Hunter can kill Sovereign because he is part of the bloodline and like Maybe Diana? That. Like, I don't I know. Actually... Like, it, Diana wouldn't kill her own mother, but Hunter, like, not like you know, knowing it's Sovereign, he yeah. might. So I, I don't know. It's the only like, to me. I get the I idea get with whole, all the Hunter not killing him thing because of Hunter hearing the darkness talking i get the idea that hunter has and now realizes that it really isn't his mother that was the cause of all this and if they could stop it it's going to try to be stronger with him and i think that that's going to be where the kids decide to sacrifice themselves because i don't think that they're going to live after this and it's a future that is going to be changed anyway yeah. so they won't exist anyway and you'll have if you if i would guess you'd have the whole thing where diana says listen i'm sorry whatever you know i didn't this it wasn't me i i would have been a good mother i would have loved you and then hunter will say something like you know what that's all i ever needed to hear i love you mom and then goes and they the kids just end up sacrificing themselves i i don't think Which they'll live i don't after want this. because i like these kids i don't either but i, I, I just them in the future i don't see any way for it to end any oh, way else and it will be sad and i'll tell you we love hunter and cruise right yeah those little green lanterns 
I think that they're the ones that'll upset me the most. If this happens where each of them, like, and they each get their own, like, panel space to kind of sacrifice themselves, I think the Lanterns will be the ones that I get the, the most upset. Is, the Lanterns, I'm not, because the thing is, they are the Lanterns, and I know I don't care about them the most because those are the two of the kids. Yeah. I don't remember their names. I want to say they're uh, Jesse uh, and James, and I Jesse realize and it's from Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think, because <laughs> I can't remember. I'm telling you, though, just imagine. The darkness comes, or so whoever it is, and they're about to get him, and the boy, he's yellow because he's in fear. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the, his sister holds his hand, and all of a sudden, they both turn blue again. Dead, Eric. I will cry like a baby. I will cry <laughs> like a stupid baby baby i will i'm telling you right now i'm thinking about it i'm getting choked up making my own goddamn story it I better happen somewhere right now just calling you a pussy god damn it yeah yeah she's listening still he's probably like what a pussy but yeah if that happens but yeah this i do like this and like you said we find out what happened to aquaman so that he can have kind of he can redeem himself which he's doing here but we also find out the whole deal where sovereign but i do think that where brian hitch has gone a little off the farm a bit is having this darkness not being connected to sovereign and yeah. kind of explaining that it gets a little wonky and it gets a little more confusing than it should have been you just need one enemy. That's and all that's you thing. need. Like in the future, you got the idea that Sovereign was the big bad. You never really thought about the darkness. The yeah. darkness is something happening now. I thought in the, the darkness time. at the at the point where I was going with. I thought that the darkness was kind of what she had made, and yeah. that it had come back and things like that. So having it being its own entity makes sense with what we've seen up until now in this yeah. whole run. I think it just gets to be confusing by the end, but we'll see. But I gave this a seven out of ten. I. I I said I didn't mind the art. I I thought the art was pretty good. A lot of people, Trevitt was even in the the uh, the Slack chat saying that he thought the art was a little off as as well. But I All like. Right, where, I mean, where are you in the book right now? Because I want you to say that to me as you look at this one panel where Jessica's holding Simon after he got slashed. I was right near there. Uh, I'm, oh, Just geez. stare at Jessica's face I'm and tell me this again. Look. I'm chatting now. I'm past that because I was actually looking page, at Hippolyta's face. 20. I'm getting there. I'm see there. There comes the boom tube. She's there. Yeah, it looks a little odd. It's just, a little weird kind of angle. Tell me what you're saying. Yeah, I don't mind it. She's upset. She, she's you know. a melting mongoloid monster. She, maybe she is. She's that, that isn't tears coming out, Eric. That's molten lead. No, no, yeah, that's that's part of her face is coming off. That's, that's tears. mercury. Oh no, that's tears. She's crying. She's no, upset. No, that's part of her face just falling off. No, that is not. But yeah, you go from there, and then the next one with uh, you see Apollo in the next great. couple pages. Right, I'll looks give great. you that. I'm telling you, Hippolyta and Diana look great in this issue. Yeah, Diana All looks the men really look good. Terrible, and when you okay, have, like, how no... about this? Right. When the Justice League comes out of the boom tube, they all look good. Superman looks great to me when he's right in the middle yeah, there when they come out of that right boom there. tube. That's it probably looks the really best good. male face I've seen him draw. Yeah, yeah. It looks there are some points where I like. I actually, I know a lot of people don't like it. I really, really like the look of Aquaman with the cyborg out. He looks yeah. very, the age is very appropriate with him and that. So I'll give you, there's a couple of wonky panels, but I think it looked pretty good. Even when Diana, when she's like, because he's the only one they, that doesn't, that it doesn't want to kill, she looks great. I'm telling you, perfection, Eric. No, it's not perfection. No, it's not perfection. It's just the same. I'm telling you, it's the same that we got all along, and there's a couple panels that I really like, but I give it a 7 out of 10. I thought before that maybe I was like, you know, 
getting used to it and like it didn't bother me anymore because yeah. you know we've had the same artist the entire time. But yeah, yeah. Here it was a little off to me as well, so I think I'd give this a six point five out of ten. Okay. Well, I I had been giving most of these like eight eight five, so a seven is down from what I thought yeah. it was uh, leading into this. But I still like it. I still want to see what's going on. And it's, it's those Green Lanterns it, or Lanterns are not Brian. just it's Green don't Lanterns. Don't downplay these kids. These are the solid gold of your arc right now. Those little Lanterns when they start going through those colors because they're scared, Eric. And then they turn yeah. hope. They turn blue as Mommy, they're getting killed. I am going to cry. Uh, I'm tearing <laughs> up again. But we're gonna go off now uh, to some mail. I respect that song too much, Eric, to whisper. <laughs> I was actually going to join in for some background vocals in that one, but I did not. Uh, this is mail section number three, and we're going to start off with Maddie D. Actually, start off and end with Maddie D. Maddie D says, so, you guys were reviewing Batman Beyond last week and talking about Crown Point, and that no one cares about Crown Point. I'll have you know I care about Crown Point because oh. I live there. Crown Point, Indiana. Made famous for holding John Dillinger as well as having John Dillinger escape from the courthouse. That's a, that's a big story. So don't go throwing shade at Crown Point, Eric. I wasn't throwing shade at Crown Point. It's funny. He, it's funny. You say that. You didn't even think anything of me, and he does say, so don't go throw uh, throwing shade at Crown Point, dot, 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 Eric. Ha, <laughs> uh, just kidding. On another note, this part of the email isn't designed for the podcast. Oh, Jesus Christ. This isn't for the podcast. So I'm looking if this is – actually, I will throw up for the podcast. He says it's not part – I actually read this, and I, I forgot to get back to him. He has a, a bunch of comics, and he wanted to know if anybody was interested in this sort of thing, and I'll tell him. I, I actually was all – I was going to get this going and ask you about it, so I'll ask about it. But, yeah, if anybody's interested and they want to get a hold of Matty D and try to figure things out, he wants to – ask us first and things like that but we'll figure it out and i should have read this earlier <laughs> i did not uh but i did read it earlier but then i put it and forgot all about it i i've had the worst goddamn week i've ever yeah. had in my life this is nonsense but this is going to be i'm going to add another email i was this was going to be in the next section and thanks manny d and i'll get a hold of you thanks, i'm manny sorry d. that i started reading that uh but luke hollywood is next cool ass luke hollywood says what's up jim eric reggie chris brandon trevick josh andy and everyone in the get fresh cup pro so you might remember last week the hollywood kid was super pumped for the release of green lantern kyle rayner volume one he was yeah. so pumped that it even got my book of the week a whole week early remember he did he said that he spoke too early not that he didn't like it, because so you can imagine my excitement once New Comic Book Day hit and I raced down to one of my favorite local comic shops, Big Bang Comics. Though I hear it's no Golden Age 1942, Eric. Didn't I call it Golden Age 1941? 
this yeah. week when I was talking. So I arrive at the register and they pull out my stack of comics for the week, but with no Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume 1 to be seen anywhere yeah, what in the sight. Fuck, dude? Turns out that some of their orders for this week got delayed in transit. Yeah, so they say. That, that, that's what happened with Eric's buddy Tony. Yeah, yeah, some were lost in transit. That meant that nobody's paying bills, including my beloved Kyle Rayner. It's not the end of the world, though, as they reassured me they should have it in next week when they pay their bills, Eric. This whole exactly. fiasco. That's what Tony would say to me all yeah. the time. This whole fiasco got me thinking about waiting in comics today. Now, thanks to sites like Comixology, people are able to get all their books downloaded directly into their devices instantly without ever having to leave their the house. Future. Now, that is that is a world. That's a brave new world, Eric. Uh, now I can fully understand the advantages to this, especially when it comes to space or if you aren't located close to the Golden Age 1942. <laughs> Eric, but for me, nothing beats cracking open the physical copy and turning the pages through the story. See, I like doing that too, but it also means I have to go to our fucking you get over store that. here, and I hate those goddamn yeah. people. Yeah, I'm telling you, you get over it. Y you really do. So yeah. I, I plus you know you, you start smudging it up. You're eating chicken wings and then you're you're messing Stop up the eating book. Chicken wings. Eating chi what what happens is usually I sit down and if I do I actually have a physical copy of a book which I have some. I looking over my shelf right there in my fancy podcasting room. I have a bunch of trades. I have a bunch of single issues. When I usually sit there and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna get done the podcast. I'm gonna edit it and then Sunday night usually is a time where I decide. I'm going to kind of read some other things, go. What I do is I get my stack physical copies. I go out, I make some ribs and some chicken wings, and then I start eating while I'm reading my comics. It's the best thing, Eric. That's all I have to say. I eat ribs I just, and chicken Here's wings. me. I freaking set it all up. You know, I have a no-spill water bottle. I'm eating dry cereal. One hand with a glove yeah. on so I can turn the page. Yep. That's what you do. Have a big old glass of uh, rotten milk, sour milk with it, Eric. No. Uh, no? Okay. So I don't mind waiting an extra week for my Kyle Rayner trade. Throw away. I, I have a problem, too, is uh, even with the tablet, when I'm reading shit on the tablet, I, I have to get this. I'm, I'm an old man, Eric. I'm getting to the point where i got to dangle it like a little away from me, and I have this weird thing. At one point, I'm on my bed, and I have it propped against the bed post, and I'm like halfway down the bed. <laughs> I have to move to turn the pages. I'm like, you know what? This ain't working for me either. I don't know what I have to do. I need somebody to just sit there and read to me. Imagine I need to be like Selena show yeah i like to be i'm gonna be selena and bruce is telling i need somebody to just sit there and tell me yeah with a big slideshow and then i yeah, see the next slide i'm like oh that looks good but yeah because just like eric waiting for a new package full of old he-man action figures or jim waiting for a story arc on batman he might actually like good things come to those who wait but I that, that is waiting, true luke I said that. Well, I, I told my son this. My son Ethan got a job. He actually finished his first week of, of work, uh, you know, last week. But it's one of those he doesn't get paid until the end yeah. of this week. But since he's already worked, he seems to think that that means I'm going to lend him all this money that he'll <laughs> mysteriously pay me back later. I said, that's not how it works. You have a job now. You actually have put in hours. You are going to get paid. You have to wait the week. This is what you have to do when you have a job. And I and then he's like, oh, I just want to get a hat. It's six dollars at the Q Mart. So then I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, here, I gave Tanya the card. She goes and gets twenty dollars out. I said, get twenty dollars out. Let him get this stupid hat. He can pay me six dollars when he when he gets the job, or when he gets his first paycheck. So then they come back, and he spent all twenty dollars. He also got. Of he has actually got the uh, Duck Hunt uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, deal uh, twice. 
He has two cartridges now. I don't even understand what's going on. He has a bag, and I'm like, Where, where's the change? Oh, I spent on this, too. Uh, going to kill somebody, Eric. This, this is part of my week. That's just, it's killing me. P.S. Since I wasn't able to pick up the Kyle Rayner trade this week, that review, I promise, will be delayed until next week. Maybe by then. Now, just say roller coaster ride of emotions. The art is a perfect complement of story. And uh, 10 out of 10. There you go. Boy, this Maybe. really takes me back to the 90s. Yeah, you'll pay for the seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah, there's all those. Uh, you know, yeah, takes it back to the 90s. That would be good. Uh, the They really know the, the characters. <laughs> yes, that's all you need. Then done and done. Maybe by then I'll figure out how the review formatting works. Or maybe I'll just go spam Jim with lots of questions about it to make sure someone is keeping him on his toes. I feel a lot of people keep me on he's my toes. He's always on his toes. He's trying no, to I'm always on my ass. I'm lazy. I'm just sitting around. I should really get around to showing my face in the Slack chat more often, too. Back when I first started mailing in, Jim sent me a link, and I set up my profile and everything, but didn't actually have the balls to start posting in there. It was like looking through the window and seeing the most radical party of your life, but <laughs> then sitting outside alone because you don't have the guts to kick down the it's front Jim door and get cracking. Yes, but I just still me. Yeah, I, it's weird, but there's still high school parties. Who's that old guy <laughs> out there in the bushes? The Who's that party? old guy in shorts and a hoodie? Get call the police. But I know that nobody gets left behind in the Get Fresh crew. No, they do not. So I should probably get on that. Your boy in lick slip. X O X O X O. That's a lot of hugs and kisses. He's coming wow. away from Lick Slip. But yeah, you got in the, the chat. People like uh, it's been very Marvel centric. Uh, lately, which I like. I like that people are talking about other things. I just don't know what to say. I just pop in with a, you know, a quip. A little fucking quip. I was telling people there. about sliders this morning. Oh, I saw. I actually, you must not have been up by then. And I think it was Wheezy who asked yeah. about sliders, correct? So he asked about sliders. And I'm like, who? I, I don't like to see things dangling. Because I always think that people are like, oh, that Eric Shea. What a dick. And I was going to say something. And I actually started talking like, eh, Wheezy. Uh, from what Eric told me. And I'm like, actually, I don't know what the fuck he told me about what he asked. No. About sliders being a complete series and all that. And I was like, there's a part where they go to some alternate fucking thing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Every episode. Yeah, I'm just saying when you said there was like the other versions of them and uh -huh. all that nonsense. But there we go. That is the end of that mail section. I was we talking about Cold off. of Chucky. I asked oh, Cold of Chucky. Now you're boring yeah. me. Stop oh. it. But yeah, we'll go off now to some more books. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just don't want to hear Jim's voice And not hear Eric Shea Reviews I want to hear Jim's reviews Hear Jim's reviews of <laughs> yeah, we are back. We are back, my friend. Uh. I saw Leprechaun. I saw Leprechaun in space. That's when I saw my Leprechaun. What about Don't that? that Leprechaun. What is? Which one is that? Four. Four. Leprechaun. It's. Is it just Leprechaun in space? Is that yep. what they call it? Space Leprechaun. It depends. Sometimes you see Leprechaun four in space, or sometimes you just see Leprechaun in space. 
Is it, there's gonna be some haste when I get me shillings in space. Is that what he says? No, no. It, it's all about freaking marrying an alien princess and, you know, oh. achieving the riches of her father okay. once they that kill makes, him. That makes complete sense. Though. And when the space marines <laughs> show up to take him out so they can bring back this alien princess. Indeed. And you know, what, you know what she does then? Because she's what? all about the leprechaun's plan. She what? does the one thing that promises death on her home world. She shows them her breasts. Oh, that's what happens? All yep. right. So it has everything is what you has everything. God, All right. Everything. You know what has everything as well? This section of books, Eric. We got three books coming at you right here. I'm not going to dilly-dally anymore with Leprechaun Talk, Eric. Time's a-ticking. If what only is got my the, interest peaked. What is – well, I'm going to interest you now in one of your favorite stories, part one of Raptor's Revenge, Eric. What book are we talking about? Nightwing number 30 written by – did I write Sam Humphreys? Tim Seeley. Yeah, it's Tim Seeley and some other people. For some reason, I I put the wrong goddamn credits on here. You jumped ahead. Well, here we go. It's written by Tim Seeley, penciled by Miguel Mendonca, inked by Diana Agea, Chris Sotomayor on colors, Eric and Carlos M. Thank you. For some reason, I put the credits of Dawnbreaker on this one. It's weird. I actually was just on the credits page looking at Nightwing's ass. It's what I was looking at, but the credits were there as well. Uh, sorry for the more intricate spelling out of the art team. We don't usually go that intricate, but in this uh, you know, case, I think it is warranted, Eric. I don't Raptor's know on the loose, and it's up to Dick to take him down. But since the villain is working with Cobra soldiers and willing to hurt innocent blue-collar workers out of nowhere, it seems that he's changed his game up, and Dick is forced to go to everyone he knows to see if they can help. But they all turn him down. So in the end, Dick is forced to go to Blockbuster for help because it looks like he's on his own. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I don't really go uh, that much with variant covers, but the variant cover by Casey Jones and Hi-Fi, I love. <laughs> I'm just paging through it. It's kind of that cartoon. Yeah, it's a very look. interesting one. I, I really, that. really like that. But It actually uh, makes Raptor half decent to look at. Yeah, he looks pretty cool. Uh, what happened to Soyalak? <laughs> he doesn't even mention Soyalak's it. Soyalak's still there, but I'm saying he's it's mentioned Soyalak enough. What, what's he going to keep talking about Soyalak for? He's well, said everything does... that needs to be said about Soyalak. I know that Soyalak has a bunch of pints of blood in there, Eric, just in case you want to fake a crime scene. That's so like was nonsense. Uh, this is another one. We already had talked about the Green Lanterns with Sam Humphreys. We did talk about Tim Silly leaving this book and kind of uh, having Sam Humphreys join in. I do believe this is going to be his last like, arc. I'm telling you, it's I, like my credits were like a preemptive strike because I had Sam yeah, Humphreys really. as writer. You're already out. But I do think that, like I said, where I think that Sam Humphreys was kind of given the, oh, you know, hey, you're off the book. Oh, no, when? Next week. You know, you finish up with one issue i do think that it shows i think tim seeley is given a more of a, a lead way and i think that he is going to use this as kind of his goodbye to the whole character even well, almost leading it to getting out of bloodhaven which maybe they've talked about it and they want him out because it does seem like this is going to lead to that but it's also getting a lot of things in order to me with the runoffs and things oh, like yeah, that I'm getting it, involved. it has a lot of stuff to set up in this issue and because of it though with the progression we have like you know it's like we're doing this and now we're doing this and now we're doing yeah. this. it really feels like this issue has adhd because it doesn't know what it wants to do because it just i do keeps think it has around. adhd i do think though where if you look at it in a way of okay what is he trying to do why is he setting up it does seem like he's trying to get everything that he had laying around kind of wrapped up and out oh, yeah, before the, the next team box. comes in because you do have like raptor 
And to me, you could have left him in the toy box. He Seriously. didn't have to come out and be put back in. I mean, to me, he was already done. But he's not here because obviously he's going on. But yeah, you start Which is off. It's odd though because you know I don't know how long Tim Seeley has left on this book. I, if it's this last arc or whatever, because I, I think it is. He had set up a lot of stuff that he has left over, like the whole blockbuster arc in general. Like even when we first got to Bloodhaven, that seemed like a setup to get Blockbuster back, to have this whole big Blockbuster is in charge of Bloodhaven, and we yeah. haven't really done anything with it. So, like, you know, jumping in now where we're going back to Blockbuster for help, it just seems odd because we haven't done enough with the character. Yeah, I, I agree. And with that, you also have the runoffs thrown in here. You know, I, we, we've had them, but the even East, that and is... And Whalers? Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it really does seem, and I, as we're talking, I'm trying to go to see if I can kind of make heads or tails of what we're going to get coming up, because I do see the December one is when Sam Humphreys is on in December, the Untouchable okay, so yeah. Hunters. So I do think, yeah, this shows this is his last deal, and I do think he's trying to tie some things up and, and get things going, because let me just look, as we're saying, I know this is the great thing, but even you can even start with it. Yeah, you have Raptors revenge finale this is his last story so it's going to end the first issue in december so he's we'll bringing back it, you know he's pretty much throwing everything he's put into the series into his last arc where we yes. have raptor we have the runoffs and we have blockbuster and we have forward. blockbuster and we have what like i said it appears to be like he says you help me I'll leave fucking Bloodhaven, and I think that and maybe that's what we'll get. I don't want to think that's going to happen. I really want this to somehow be a ruse where he does not leave Bloodhaven. Yeah, but again, you, you have a new like writer, and you have a new writer, and maybe that's what he, you know, Sam Humphreys will want to make a clean break. You kind of stay in Bloodhaven, and you're going to have to deal with the same characters that aren't your characters. You're going to have these runoffs. They're not going to leave. You're going to have Blockbuster, unless he kind of gets, you know, shoved aside or arrested or whatever. I do think that a new writer will one. Well, it, it, even that, again. like the one thing, like you know, uh, Tim Seeley is setting up. It seems like the runoffs may leave. Yeah, so, they may. Like, but even like I said, by the end, Nightwing says to Blockbuster, "You want to help me, and I'll leave." You help me here, we'll clean up the city, and I'll get the hell out. Now, like I said, whenever this happens with a new writer, the thing that I always think of is a when you get a new coach on a sports team. Say, right. we'll go football, we'll go baseball. The new coach comes in, he's never going to keep the old coach's you know, assistant coaches. You're always going to bring in your own guys. Yeah. And I you always have your go own with way that. to run the play. Yeah, and, and I have that. Like that. That's why I think that you always end up seeing these guys, unless it's, you know, Batman's a Gotham. That's going to be. But I think that maybe Sam Humphreys will change it up a bit. I don't know. I'm not Sam Humphreys, and I don't talk no. like him, as we heard earlier. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, even at the beginning, you do have almost, well, you don't have almost, you do have a walking or swinging tour of Bloodhaven, where, you know, you have Dick Grayson going around and kind of showing this and i think this is the start of him kind of going like you know what kind of love this town but it's not really me you know it's not yeah. my town anymore and it does seem that it's setting that up but then like you said you have the uh the whale you have all of these thrown in where they go to it seems that all of the small organi like crime organizations in bloodhaven are now working for blockbuster because he orchestrated yeah. the whole second hand and the gun selling and shit like that from yeah. tiger yeah. shark so like and now since you know the freaking uh, Mr. Minos is done it seems that all the freaking secondhand guns don't work anymore Yeah, they don't disintegrating. work. Yep, they're so just like disintegrating. Everybody is pissed at Blockbuster now or Roland Desmond as they know him as because you know 
their turf is in danger now. People from Metropolis are coming in trying to fucking kick their ass for actually, you know, yeah. pushing them out of Bloodhaven previously. So they're in trouble and they want fucking answers from Roland, who's about to say, you know, look, play the game. I'll take care of you because if you don't, he beats the shit out of Orca and turns in the oh, freaking, yeah. you know, he uh, blockbuster. He turns in the blockbuster. Would would you have liked it if those guns were God tech and turned into salt, Eric? If they were, no. if they <laughs> from that jail, if Aegis I, comes in. Yeah, yeah, I don't want Aegis that shit. comes in. These are I forget the exact term that Steve Orlando used. That made me fucking nuts when it turned to salt. But yeah, you see, blockbuster is you see the steel where I think it's a well. I think it's set up pretty good where he is kind of like. The, the people are starting to kind of, you know, the cracks are showing. All the yeah. shit, the, the runoff, you know, the second-hand deal. Nightwing has been freaking screwing up Blockbuster's yeah. plans left and right. And, you know, it's seeing that Roland Desmond cannot be the freaking leader that he says he was going no. to be. And he has to put his people back into place. Look, you yeah. bought the ticket. Now you got to take the ride. Yeah, and I like it because it does set up later for him to have a reason to kind of join with Nightwing as well because shit's gone wrong. But yeah, then you have uh, the Snake guys, you know. And that's right, for... we, we jump from Blockbuster. Now we have Cobra infiltrating yeah, a Cobra. goddamn political gala fundraiser kind of yeah. deal. And they're led by Raptor, which seems odd as hell. Even the wraparound, we find out later that the Cobra, la like, Lance heads were working for him because he promised to bring around the fucking chaos and their fucking snake god and shit. Like, yeah. that's weird. Like, you know, he just came. Hey, I, I promised this. Okay, you got us, boss. You we're mean Kali Yuga? Kali Yuga, they're yelling. And uh, this whole thing where it's kind of forced in where you do have Raptor. And when Raptor shows up, y y Tim Seeley's going to have to kind of reintroduce him a bit because that was at the beginning. You know, some new people have jumped on. So he does go full out with the whole deal with Raptor. You have the brand kind of thrown out there as well. That was his big catchphrase. But it's more about the he's a guy of the, you know, the of the poor. People. He's yeah. a working class guy. He hates the one percenters and he considers nightwing to be one of them because he knows who he is yeah. if you don't realize dick he Grayson, knows you know, that it's grew dick up in like a life of luxury yeah. because of bruce wayne he made you soft because yeah. of that yep he knows exactly who dick grayson is and always has put it against him and it when you have you know nightwing like he was my mentor and he was this and he kind of pushed mm. it, but you know it, you, you guys hung out that. for like a week or two it was whatever. the better than batman arc that started yeah. all this where you had that it never really ended up being like ever that we were fooled into thinking that he was that good a guy he just no. seemed so you like her but yeah and in the meantime you have this and you do have the runoffs you have sean uh watching the news and she sees you know dick grace and you know nightwing well, the on thing. the news like, and Ra she doesn't want to see going, it raptor's going to this political fundraiser to kill the freaking mayor because the mayor has like you know made this he's passed this new bill which screws health care for the yeah, freaking lower screw class for working people so raptor's gone there to kill the mayor and Nightwing's there to stop him, which puts the mayor on this whole anti-crime bit for some reason. And that means he wants – I'm not for some reason, but Doesn't for some make reason sense. he decides – that the, like you know, crime will be stopped if we shut down the rec centers and the yeah. shelters. I'm that like, doesn't make sense. That's usually no. the opposite. Yeah. Usually you're like, got to get these kids off the streets and into some activities with rec centers and things like this. And he's like, nope, it's bad stuff. It's so funny because nothing in this or this attack is about you get attacked by lizard snake people yelling for Yalu Khan or whatever. That doesn't mean to me you close the rec center. No. I don't know where you get that from. But and he's the big thing of this, this Raptor attack as well is that Nightwing realizes that, you know, Raptor's changed up his game because in order to get away, he puts a waitress's life in danger, which yeah. Nightwing then saves. And he realizes 
you know, back in the day, Raptor would never hurt yeah, somebody who's a fucking working class somebody. lady just trying yeah. to earn tips to fucking, you know, pay yeah. the rent. So something has changed, and I got to yeah. figure out what the hell is going yeah, on. Yeah, he's, he's up this Raptor game or something's dangerous. going. Yeah, and that's where I said, yeah, the runoffs, they're watching, and it's like, you know, they're there. Sean runs the, you know, the center, and when she sees that where he's going to run with that platform or he's going to do this, she's like, oh, shit. And then, like I said, this seems to me like everything is trying to and, uh, exactly. get everything in order for this end scene to scene because then yeah so we can wrap everything up you have a quick scene with huntress they're making out on, on the balcony there and that it it still makes me kind of like oh, i don't like this this is no, a I don't little like that off either. from what we, and then it's immediately interrupted by detective sabota so and Boda, at this point yeah. huntress is like look i'm gonna be second to nobody so i'm on the out yeah, and even that before when Huntress is like, when are you going to come back to Gotham so we can track down the remains of the Fenice Mafia? You did that, the first arc of the <laughs> Bat and the Bridge of Prey, so, It is down. so done. Why are you bringing that up still? I mean, somebody has to get a hold of these editors and say, that shit is gone. That ship has sailed. But yeah, then you have Sabota out of nowhere. She's there, and she kind of throws in a, hey, you know, I get in trouble with my husband with that kiss we had. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on Really. Here. It comes down to a Sabota since she freaking, you know, arrested those officers that were working yeah. for Tiger Shark. And that's what like, Nightwing internal told Internal affairs is all over everybody. So she yeah, can't they're on their ass. with Nightwing. Yeah, and yeah, you can't have a vigilante out there, especially he is the vigilante yeah. in town. So he is kind of he, – he wants to figure out what's going on with even Cobra but mainly Raptor. He's got to track down see why Raptor is up this game and things like that. But he knows he can't do it alone, but nobody wants to help him. He even has Sloboda who before may be able to you know, slip him some info and things like that. Right. And she's like, no, no, no. It's funny. She just shows up. To tell him, but it's seen with it's a little wonky the way they I'm go. I'm really characteristic out of the, out of Sabota out of nowhere. Like I know you're warm from my form, and yeah. the less I see of it's your sex, weird. little bod, the better. It, it, that was never her. She was the female female bullock who was smoking those stogies and being like uh, really, that you know, CPR freaking, you know, kiss or whatever they had. Yeah. That, that really changed her mind on a bunch. I of didn't even know she, she was married she started, before. I maybe guy, I, she started having feelings she hasn't felt in years, Jim. In years, <laughs> look at him. The guy's sexy. But then he goes to the runoffs, which we love. That that is basically of all the Tim Seeley things we thing like the runoffs, done. and especially Stallion there, who we really really like. And they go, and he's like, "Listen, I know you." guys you know hey sean you know i know we have some issues but i need your guys help we need to do this and i love hey and it's two books in this actually i think it was green lanterns and now nightwing both used the term skedaddle in them this week eric that is my term of the week because i love it i say that all the time to my kids we're about to record hey skedaddle and they just i just want to know what the so runoffs old. are doing in costume across the street from yeah the i don't set. understand it's like they're like okay let's take it to the streets i, I don't know but they're like, just were they standing getting there. costume to go to rec center to have one of their meetings but at this point i think they'd be beyond having to be in costume for yeah them. they shouldn't be in costume i think that they're in costume so that everybody knows exactly what they are who they are and like what, even and gorilla grim you haven't seen a lot of him he's just I know, hanging no. out gorilla grim just have, doesn't have much of a costume he's a gorilla yeah no he's just a gorilla with a, a fucking wife beater and a hat on it looks like wrong turn actually as a gorilla and yeah he's like hey come on guys you can help me and that's where Stally's like no I, I, damn it i mean it when i said skedaddle and he hits the ground and then that's where he's like okay well i better get going yeah. and then he goes off and he doesn't really have many so other the options are gone yeah and now we have yeah. to go to freaking blockbuster who's his last like the only other yep. person he knows in fucking blood yeah. 
So yeah, look, and it just I happens that... I need your help that, to find Raptor, yeah. and if you do this, I'll leave Bloodhaven forever. Yeah, I'll leave Bloodhaven forever. We'll clean it up, we'll get it there, and I'll leave it, he says. And, and right now, Nightwing's the biggest thorn in Blockbuster's Raptor. side for what he wants to do. Yeah, so that's... He'll get, you know, rid of... You, it's a win-win for both sure of them. Is. He'll leave, and then Except Blockbuster will be I'm gone. not winning, because I like Dick and Bloodhaven, and I like these I characters. I do, too, I but I, I need more. I, I know. If you're going to be in Bloodhaven, be in Bloodhaven. You don't have to be in Bloodhaven and then go off to goddamn Egypt, where you're going to find Dr. Hurt. You know, stay there. I really enjoy the runoffs. I think that they're really cool characters. I like them. I like just about everyone, especially Stallion. I love him. I think Stallion's he's great. Cool and Mouse, I really really like and that's basically what they say we kind of glanced over it but when he goes to them and he's like hey i need your guys help and he's like you know what before we'd get in kind of trouble doing things but you know what helping nightwing gets you killed uh, we're not doing that because giz died and he's like no no giz went a little over the top i didn't ask him to do that they don't want to hear it they're like you no. know fuck you get out of here uh and i'm he telling had you while the- i really like the art in this entire book when nightwing goes to the runoffs i think that art actually takes a step Ahead of what it's even been doing yeah. the rest of the book, everything looks even better when he goes to the runoffs. Like, no, I don't know I if do the too. colors just pop more because of all these different kind of characters, but everything looks amazing yeah, at this part I, of the book. And I, I always say it, you know, Nightwing is my favorite character. Dick Grayson's my favorite character, and I just. Each time, like, you get the runoffs in here, and I have it, and even the stuff with Blockbuster, I don't mind that. I actually think it's pretty cool. I, I like it's, Blockbuster a it's lot. It's almost to the point where I'm almost able to grab onto it and go, you know what? I'm in. I yeah. love that. You know, I really want to love this book, but it's just, there is something just holding it back, and I don't know what it is, and it, it always, uh, the other arcs, it always was the kind of, you know, let's kind of get a uh, Grant Morrison feel in here and whatever, and we never really, to me, got the Tim Seeley feel, even when you had the stuff with Huntress and, you know, you had uh, all the, the Grayson stuff and right. the Spiral, that's him and Tom King's thing. He never really got his own identity here, even with him being in Bloodhaven. So and it's even the first shame. Raptor arc felt like a lot of the whole, like, we're, we're, dry, we're gonna try to do a lot of stuff that we did back in the Grayson book still. Yeah, that's here. what I'm saying, yeah. And it just, and Raptor, yeah. Raptor just seemed like a knockoff of Tiger. Yeah. Right away, when we got Raptor, I'm like, okay, this is just another version of Tiger and from another, the Grayson. another version, because they yeah. made that Soilac nonsense and no, the working know. class no, stiff thing. Really and I just find it all just terrible, honestly. Remember I how, hate how many times he said branding? Like, you got to get your brand, and you got to uh, do your brand, and you got to. I like Russell I, Brand. So and I said, really nobody likes Russell Brand, no. Raptor. Nobody. But yeah, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10 because I really enjoyed the art. And the thing is, I actually struggled with the score because I actually I didn't even realize that Tim Seeley this would be his last arc or anything like that. So yeah. the actual progression of the story I felt very just it was I just didn't like it at all because it felt like it, like I said before it had ADHD. It just kept jumping from scene yeah. to scene. I'm yeah, like, I, Look, I you're, actually you're trying, to tell, you're trying to tell a lot of stuff, but overall I don't know what you're trying to tell me really because yeah. we just we're dealing with too much stuff in this one issue. But I had to give it a 5.5 out of 10 because. I don't like Raptor. It didn't make sense for me the whole Cobra bit just jumping in there. We got enough of Cobra and Bane conquest this week. I didn't expect it in Nightwing. But, yeah. like, I, you know, even now, just tying everything up, it just feels like a really quick tie up, and I don't like that. It feels sloppy to me. Yeah, I, I'd give it a six. I like the art. Uh, like I said, there, there are parts that I like. I even, it's weird, too, because I like Swoboda a lot, and but not the Swoboda. And even seeing her, though, I'm like, you oh, man. Pop so- form, Jim? 
Yeah, I, I don't like that Swoboda. I like that tough cigar smoking Swoboda who like would pretend that she really detests, you know, Dick, but actually, you know, kind of liked him and stuff like this. This you warm for my form business. I don't even just like, man, she's really stepped up her confidence. <laughs> like, I don't get it. But yeah, actually, when you go from Swoboda, I'm just paging through it as I'm talking. When you go from Swoboda, and that's where Dick is swinging through the town, and he's like, I'll give Swoboda one thing. She's confident. That page, and that's where he does go to the to runoffs. The runoffs it's right awesome. At that point, that, that whole amazing. that deal with him swinging there, that it looks and great. And even that freaking, so. you know, that just that like straight up face shot on the next page, that looks great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I really like. Yeah, really. I'm looking at that now. I really like it. But yeah. And then when you see I'll, all the I'll colors it... pop when the runoffs yeah. show up, Jesus yeah. Christ! I'm like, God yeah, damn, it's Miguel, really good. Freaking stay on this book. Yeah, stay that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'll give it a six out of ten because I do like the art. But we're gonna move on to the next book. Is one of my books, Eric, and I gotta get my notes out here. I will get them, and that is Deathstroke number twenty four, <laughs> written by is it Christopher Priest, Eric? Or should I just say Priest? What do I say, Christopher Priest. Christopher Priest, art by Diagenes Nia. Eves, Jason Paz, Trevor Scott, Jeremy Cox, and Sweet Blind Willie Schubert. The Stroke Squad continues with the Wally West heavy issue that is part Harriet the Spy and part My Three Sons, Eric. <laughs> you know what happened? I'm writing that. I'm like, it's part Harriet the Spy, and then couldn't come up with what the second part was. <laughs> you, you can't have one part, it's and like that's Harry the, the only thing. The, so and like, just the ten of us. And my three sons. Where's My Chip? two dads. I love the art, and Christopher Priest writes a great kid flash, but it's the ending that had me excited. And furious at the same time. And I, you even said it's funny because you kind of said the same thing to me uh, because you you throw a secret society in there and, and Eric Shea is squealing I'm with delight. You, like, like, I like to think about all of the different things that DC Comics has that really made me a fan over the years and the things that I look forward to seeing. Like like when the crime syndicate was introduced in Forever yeah. Evil, like I love the crime syndicate. You give me any mirror version of a freaking character but evil, I'm all about that bullshit. But yeah. the thing that I think I love the most about DC Comics is the secret society of supervillains because yeah. the team is always changing. It's like the Justice League of Evil, and it makes me happy whenever I get to see them presented. Yeah, yeah and we're going to get them. It's just a weird selection of characters to start off with. Oh, but yeah. we do start out where we're going to keep getting uh, Claire and Willow. And it's Willow here where Willow's looking. Claire has disappeared. Willow's going sexy. Eric, walking That's around with all these right people. Right away, Jesus I just Christ. don't like the progression of the story very much because this character, you see her show up, and half the time, I don't even remember who she is right off the bat. Yeah. It takes me a minute to jump on the trolley it's again. The White but Willow. There's just nothing going on with this part of the story. Like, we get more about the freaking grocer later on and all of that stuff, but we still know nothing about this character. Even the character, Claire, who takes care of her, I know nothing about that. Yeah, character. well, obviously, they have got Claire. So they, they have put together Claire. And Willow, so they have kidnapped her, have her, uh, you know, with a knife there and have given that, you know, Willow a uh, address to go and meet and they want to kill her. And that ends up wrapping around. Is that Did you realize that Clara was like a nun or some shit? Yeah, I think that they uh, they spelled it out at one point because there was some sort of thing with the kitchen and stuff like that. But yeah, we have this where you are going to get where they're going to have that confrontation with the grocer's son who has come in from, you know, China to try to fix things and basically says to Deathstroke at that point. I don't give a shit about this fucking shit. You know, I'm comfortable now. Mal, you know, Mal Satan, he's dead. We have McDonald's and Tiananmen, and Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen you know, Square, All yeah. these things. Shit's I drive good. a Chrysler. He's like, I, 
I have the good life here, but these motherfuckers always make me want to, you now know, this tradition and honor. Something because of honor. Yeah, Jesus and it's Christ. honor, and he's not into it, and he's there. No. And uh, But be, as we go from that scene, because that kind of ends up later, we do see that Power Girl and Kid Flash are walking around Wally West, and they're walking around, they're, you know, shopping or whatever, and there is a sniper. And they go off, and I, I have to admit, a lot of people were on their reviews or even talking, like, they knew this was Deathstroke right away. I always forget that he's so fucked up that he would do this. I actually yeah, thought, I thought there was, was a sniper. Right away. No, I thought there was a, a sniper, but yeah, Kid Flash, he jumps in, the, he goes right to town. And it's funny, too, because he's all upset with what he did. Power Girl didn't emo chuck herself up there. She could have just emo chucked and scooped him out. She just kind of got knocked over by him. And I really like this. I love this Wally West because we don't get a lot of this Wally West kid Flash, even in the Flash book. And me and you have been, we like the character. We like him yeah. since New 52. And I, was I love this. I surprised, though, that he wasn't in his Defiance uniform. Yeah, yeah, he's just himself, and he goes off, and I do like the whole deal here where he has the whole inner monologue about talking and even says, you know, I'm going there. I got to make this decision. There's the sniper here. Uh, you know, there's Power Girl. I went, I'm kind of showing off. I didn't take the stairs. I have to go. And then he says, I have a choice, and he knows it's weird, too, because you do get a little inkling of the training that they have been given because he knows what the gun was or at least kind of the gun that's been shot and things like that i yeah, can his, only take this idea of the ar-15 is a little exaggerated yeah well i can only take that as him kind of paying attention to when they yeah. get lessons of things and he may be wrong he may be off but he said you know there's eight seven to eight shots are fired should i go after the bullets if i don't there's seven and a half people that are going to die it's just you know he's just doing quick yeah. math and kind of you know a joke kind of thing with that or I take out the sniper. Later, he does say that he was going to go after the bullets. I think that that's bullshit because he goes up on top of the roof to like, get what, the what are you sniper. Do at this point? You're going to go up on the roof for the yeah, sniper. Yeah, why wouldn't he go right after the deal. bullets? You're, you're a liar, Wally. And again, this is, you know. Whether or not whatever you say his powers are, I don't even know that he could do anything about the bullets. I know he's fast. He can kind of go. Maybe he can. I don't know. You, you have the whole thing where they even spell where he says, I can control my velocity. Uh, I can't control my rate of descent. So even if he's fast, I don't think he can really. You go to touch a bullet. That bullet's going to hurt you. It's it's going to do something. And I think that that's kind of why they were spelling it out. But even so, he, he ends up tripping on some snow that was there he goes in and it is deathstroke that it was he in the meantime just freaking falling right into the sniper instead of stopping yeah. him or yeah, something like actually falling, falling off a building which i would have liked to see in the aftermath of this yeah. because yeah. you know they both got seriously hurt from this. oh yeah yeah because he does say that he you know really that he knocks him off the goddamn building i mean luckily deathstroke has a healing factor he'd be dead yeah. uh but this all wraps around that it was kind of them going over what had happened in the lesson and they're talking to wally and they're like hey Hey, you know what? Uh, what do you, what did you learn? Wintergreen even says, you know, what did you learn from this experience? And Wally's like, uh, think before you run. And like, okay, tell me more, Mister Wizard. And that's what Tara says. And they're like, hey, easy, Tara. This is how we learn. 
And then that's where, uh, you know, Deathstroke comes in and says, rule number one, you never leave your wingman ever. And he did. Meaning he Power left Girl. Power Girl. He left her there. And then he says, the minute you left town, you're behind. You killed seven and a half people. You said so yourself on this recorder. You've been using the spy on us. And, and they're I'm like, you, let's take point, a list. Deathstroke becomes that teacher that makes you read oh, that note you are passing out loud. And this he's is the such biggest, a Out of all dick. the pieces of shit moves that we've seen Deathstroke do to his family, his friends. Yep. All the things throughout this entire series, for some reason, even killing Tanya. This dog, gets you this so upset. This is the upset. worst for me for some yeah. reason. Yeah. It makes me feel so awkward and like. Nervous Do you think this is this. worse than old Roscoe? I think Roscoe's it's the worst than Roscoe. It's funny too. Later, he mentions people killing dogs. I'm like, yeah. oh, you you are a cold son of a bitch, there, Destro. But yeah, even before Adeline, cold you know, ice. she's like behind. Yeah, and it's like Slade, don't be a Richard. But yeah, you go through the whole thing, and and basically it is all of you know Wally's inner thoughts. He thinks that Power Girl has a hot booty. Uh, he kind of likes her. He actually does like Jericho and does uh, kind of he, – he sees himself in them. They they have a lot of similarities with their fathers and things like yeah. that. So you get that where Jericho is there with them and Jericho's trying to pick up dudes and using Wally to kind of be his wingman there. I, I love that too because the way he uses Wally, he makes Wally just look like a dick so he could come in and oh, be yeah. the freaking savior. Yep. Kind of That's what oh, he does. Oh, don't mind my friend. Yeah, he, doesn't, he didn't realize you were deaf. I, I, yeah. Like, you know, he starts – signing this whole thing so now yep. he's just this guy who comes out of nowhere and looks great yep and in the meantime you have power girl who had kind of the hots for jericho and now realizes that he's at least bisexual but that yeah. she doesn't have anything you know wrong with that she's just like oh my god but he had a fiance a lady fiance and, and they're the just trying to pick it up deathstroke is trying to build a team and build trust him yeah. playing what fucking wally thinks about everybody it is just opening all of these freaking is. places for everybody just to be mad at each other. I kind of don't be a part see of them being so mad, except Tara and Rose are are furious with each other. But as it's going on, I thought that it was starting out as a like. I was like, poor Wally, like you're setting it up for him to be the bad guy that everybody rallies against, but they kind of go against each other. I think that it's going to turn around and Deathstroke basically, you know, next issue, if, if it continues, this may be whatever, but and even it's though, like, like, you know what? Rose and Tara, it's like, I know two kinds of girls, girls, you know, they're hot, but they're nice anyway. And then girls, you know, who make your life hell. And like Tara is yeah. one of those ones. Yeah. Tara is one of those that makes it. Helen Rose is a nice girl. So he's like, you know, and, and that's funny too. Booties. Because at that point, you have Wally, he's eavesdropping on them, and they're getting in a fight because that's where Rose is like, my sword's gone missing, Tara. I know you stole it. You're the only one who doesn't bunk at Defiance headquarters. You're the only one who could take it out of here. They're about to fight, and Wally tries sneaking out, and he's like, oh, this isn't the trickster's lair? Oh, my God, the darn John GPS. GPS. <laughs> it made me laugh. Skedaddle. But yeah, they're just screaming at each other, and then it even says, you're not the only ones who've had your privacy invaded, and you see where you have Deathstroke. And again, this is kind of like Christopher Priest having an issue where he wants to show – it's not just Wally eavesdropping to the point where they're mad at Wally. It's just another way to have a narration to show oh, the, the team is, in different really situations, and I thought that was neat. Because while it made me feel awkward as fuck reading it yeah. because you know I just really felt bad for Wally – you do see this whole thing while you have all this stuff being laid out in front of you. You yeah. also have the idea that, you know, he is still kind of with the Teen Titans and a hero. He wants to find yeah, out what yeah, Deathstroke yeah. is up to and is getting yeah. as much yeah, evidence he's as he doing can, this. even though yeah. he's terrible at it. And I think the greatest line in this entire issue is when 
Wally is talking to Tanya, uh, Power Girl, and he's like, you know, why are we doing this? I, do we really believe? And T- Tanya says, listen, Jericho said it to me, and this is what we have to do. Whether you believe Deathstroke or not, if you believe he's had this epiphany, he's changed, whatever. Every day that we're with him is one less person, if more, who he isn't killing. If he's training us, he's not killing other people. So take that as a win and let's just go with it and we'll see what goes on. But at least he's not out murdering people. So that's where they go. And that is a very good explanation of why these heroes would be around Deathstroke. Uh, I still feel for Roscoe, though. That poor dog. I still think that Power Girl at one point should go nuts on him. But yeah, and you have this. And again, you have it where you have like – Deathstroke then goes off to talk to the grocer's son who has come in from China. And we could have this just being a scene with Deathstroke with him. But I like the fact that we're actually getting the scene because of Wally eavesdropping and kind of, you know, trying to think he's spying here. So I I like that as a weird or a neat way to have the scenes play out. And it ends up being almost like a day in the life of defiance of things happening while Wally is, is spying. But the whole thing is, like we said, this is where he this guy's like i had to come all the way from from china just because of this nonsense it's a matter of personal honor and i don't really care and that's where deathstroke's like you know hey or that's where he says to deathstroke i heard you got sent for the society figure maybe we could help each other out and that's where deathstroke's like hey no one refuses the forgotten and but he won't do this he's actually coming to deathstroke listen can you help me take care of this nonsense so i could just get back to my goddamn life and deathstroke's like i'm not that guy anymore i don't do that you know i'm sorry i can't do that and so he's pretty much this would have been a pretty good out for him and really shows you how much he's committed to this life as of now because he probably could get out of this whole being served by the society by doing this helping out and really killing what appears to be just killing willow who was the guy you know she killed the grocer so it would just be killing this girl but that's not what he wants to do. So, you know, you have that, and that's where they know that Wally the whole time has been there. And that's where basically Deathstroke gives him a thing. This is kind of the My Three Sons, Eric, though it isn't. But he says, you know what? You, If you want to be a hero, be a hero. Don't worry about what your dad was. You know, you don't just wake up and decide to be evil. Not me, not your dad. Now- it's one part here where he says he didn't know his father. Yeah. Did, wasn't Deathstroke on the team? Yeah, when he was, Flash but I don't, was the- I don't think Reverse Flash was on the team yet because that was the team where you had Deadshot, Deathstroke, Joker's daughter, Harley. Remember they had them playing off of each other? Yeah, Everyone yeah, was an amalgam of each. I was each. trying to think back. Like, no, sure Deathstroke, Deathstroke left it pretty team. quick. Deathstroke left, and then I think Reverse Flash is when he showed up because when he showed up, if you remember, the team was kind of already set, and then they had everyone like, why do we need him? He can't even run fast yeah, he's yeah, yeah. you know he's not even that good so yeah and even so even if it was he's kind of not going to tell him that but he's like no I but curious, i know the i type. couldn't remember offhand yeah i don't th- i think that he got off because they kept switching up the teams at that point like yeah, the because, squad well, was going through a lot of changes if you remember like the one the one thing that you might remember is when they changed up the team where reverse flash showed up was when boomerang showed up and he went in that room and deadshot was there he's like oh my god deadshot and deadshot god damn it not him <laughs> and then freaking boomerang was so excited to be there uh but yeah at the beginning of that you had that whole interplay of let's get the characters that hate each other the most or the most similar and see who was better 
but that, yeah, and it all wraps around then where you go back to where they're doing this lesson. And they're like, you know, and that's what Rittergreen's funny. He's like, hey, young Wallace, you make a terrible spy. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you're stealthy. And then he says, and so, the gunman or the bullets? And that's where Wally's like, listen, I was actually going for the bullets, but the roof was icy. I slipped. And then they show, which made no difference. The minute I left my wingman, I killed seven and a half people. The only good thing about it is it was only another one of Deathstroke's test. And then you see that. But you do see while Wally's talking about it, does seem like the team is kind of walking away from each other and they're a little despondent so we'll see oh yeah they're all going off in opposite directions that really you know that really shows you what the team's dynamic is right now they're they are not a team and then i i actually thought that this was the tie-in that kind of is a subtle thing where as deathstroke's walking off he's like the math's simple the hero goes after the bullets the villain is less romantic about things takes care of business goes after the shooter i think this was a test to see what wally was and if maybe wally was a guy who thought more like a villain than a hero but when he said i was gonna go after the bullets and i slipped it's kind of like one of those things and then he's like you know they, they start just yelling at each other and they're like hey next time i find you in my place i'll turn you into a biotite is what tara says look it look up look it up yeah and then tara, uh tanya's like wally i just don't know what to say and then there's an explosion a big thing i really i'm telling you when i was scrolling down and i saw this freaking huge get ass dialogue across, I, I was really afraid i was gonna say boom like everybody's got Poop, yeah, I know. I actually boom. thought it was too, but then you have Deathstroke's mask, which is odd because when Deathstroke walks off, he does not have his mask. Yeah. Uh, but the the mask is there. It looks like a Riddler card yeah. on there. And then we go, and I, actually, if anything, and I, I always think that Christopher Priest writes a hell of an issue and the pacing's always good. I think the pacing's off here because you get that. You have this big zoom. You have this thing. And then you go back to Claire, which, like you said, hasn't been set up enough no, to actually make it. I don't know enough about this and it doesn't really it doesn't, care because yeah. we're dealing with the whole def- defiance thing and now you're going to stop this awesome freaking like yeah that, i think that this was yeah i think that this was this. a misplay i think that this should have been before and then have this scene and then go back to wally talking about what he would go after the bullet or the, the, yeah. the sniper and i think it would have played out better because and i'm telling you i like claire i want to or not claire willow and i want to see she more about out. it but she yeah she's ass. so hot but we don't know enough about about it for me to care so much yet so we'll have to see but in all of this she's there looking for claire and you do see the guys there and they're like hey send our guys down there and take care of her looks like they've already taken care of she's already this is a very matrix thing with the your men are already dead because you know they were already in there and then you have a little this thing forgotten where, guy i want to know his line of thinking though. yeah on the same day i talked to deathstroke yeah. this happens well i'm gonna have to go after deathstroke then i'm like what yeah, it's weird because, like, he thinks that Deathstroke said no and then kind of helped her out, but he didn't. It, it, so it seems like in my mind he believes Deathstroke's behind this whole guy. Yeah, yeah like, I think he do does. And I'm telling you, he may be. Who knows? But yeah, he's like, you, know, yeah, you never know with him and this. Point. Yeah, yeah, and they're going, and then that's where you get the whole, you know, I will apprehend the stroke of death, and that's where Deathstroke's there, and he's like, oh, hell, forgot I got sent for it, which is odd because he has it. He He has not forgotten about it, so this is where I don't know if this is what we're seeing is really what we're seeing or whatever, but it seems to be, and you have the society, you know, and it is weird, and, you know, you have Ultra Humanite, awesome. 
You have Vandal Savage. Awesome. You have uh, And uh, I'm telling Black you, Vandal Man. Savage being here just makes me so excited because yeah. in the last issue of Metal, we saw that Vandal Savage had set up the Legion of Doom headquarters yep. for yeah, the society. Said, yeah, said that I have this for some other plans later, but right now I'll so use it for this. And then seeing yeah. it here, I'm like, all right, the society. Yeah. I'm like, so, Ultra Humanite. I love Ultra Humanite. Uh, love Vandal em. Savage, Black Mana, Hector Black Hammond. Hector, Hector Hammond, okay. Forever. Raptor. And then, and then I scroll Deadline. down. Deadline. And then the two worse. Reverse Flash, Reverse Frost, and, and Killer Raptor. Frost. Yeah. I don't care about Flatline. I don't even care about Raptor. That that doesn't upset me. And uh, you know, Deadline we had in this yeah. series. That's why he's involved. Why is Killer Frost in Reverse? What well, fucking Reverse Flash? Jesus Christ! And it's not Daniel West Reverse Flash no. either. This is you know Fawn Reverse Flash nonsense. Killer Frost just does not make any goddamn sense. That, that is right there. What the fuck is going on? Unless and I'm you, something I was wraps to around. Make this freaking like makes sense in you my can. mind because earlier on, Wally's talking about the, the snowfall and how it was an odd yeah. snowfall yeah. because it happened in springtime. Like springtime. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, yeah. why are we dealing with springtime in a book right now? Like, this, the whole timeline of Deathstroke is so weird because, like, you know, two issues ago, I think it was. I thought you were going to say that you thought she might have, year. she may have made the snowfall as well. But I don't know. Nonsense. Nonsense. This better wrap around that she's, uh, you know, uh, an inside job the there is going to save him. I'm telling you, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. None at all. And just seeing Raptor, I'm like, and there's Soyland. And just, you know, Reverse Flash reverse is back flash. again. God really? damn it. Yeah, really? You're going to bring him back again? Oh, my God. If you just take those. It, actually, you just have Hector Hammond. Man, even he's goofy, but I'll go with it. But he no, looks Hector funny. Hector Hammond, I'm all about. We have not seen Hector in so yeah, like, I, 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 He makes me I don't me even laugh. know if he showed up in the New 52 at all for not thinking yeah, back at it. Like, it's a cool character just to throw out there. Yeah, and then Vandal, Ultra Humanite, and Black Mana. Just have them, and I'm good. You haven't handled like a real And we're guessing the Riddler's part of it, too, because we had the card. Yeah, yeah, and we had the Riddler card, so he should be involved, so whatever, but... We shall see, Eric. Uh, you what... sound so like sad now that you're describing this society. Like you're yeah. so happy throughout this Deathstroke yeah. book. We get to what should be my favorite part, and now you're just sad. Yeah. Well, what would you give it? Because I forget what I gave it now, Eric. Well, I gotta look up. That's the thing. Is initially I was gonna give it a seven point five because I thought that the freaking well, I love the art. I thought that the pacing was off with the whole Claire bit because you haven't done enough to set that character up to and like you know. Uh, stop the progression of the story to fucking throw her parts in. So it just felt weird yeah. and disjointed. Even the parts where, you know, Wally West, I, maybe it's the thing is where I felt awkward. So maybe it's a lower score just for my own yeah. personal view of I it. I still liked but it a lot. I would have given it a 7.5, but once we get to the end and I see these fucking Killer Frost and Reverse Flash, it really almost just killed it for me. But I will give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I actually gave it an 8.8. .8. I was going to give it over a 9. I really liked it. And I love Wally West. So I love – and also you have this book where – we even said the pacing at the end. It, it was a shame that happened. But this is a slow burn yeah. you know, book. So I don't mind that. And I'm, I'm used to that so I can go. But I really, really liked uh, – the Wally West, and even I'm looking at my blurb here, and I even said the only thing stopped me from higher marks is the slow-paced nature of the overall narrative and then that ending. And it, it kind of, you know, it gets me a little uh, – that ending just threw me off. So, But I still liked it. I think the art was great. And I went positive, Eric, with and an 8.8. I forgot if, if completely we, what I gave it to. If we didn't have the redemption of Killer Frost in the JLA book and all the oh, shit we've been, been dealing with with Reverse Flash, I would have been so happy to see yeah. these characters on the freaking – in the society. 
society. But since we have these things, it doesn't make any sense. And we've just seen Reverse Flash come back and forth and back and forth. And last I, I was ends. hoping we wouldn't see him again for a while. And for him to come back to be part of the Turns society and not Hunter just go Solomon. Out. Yeah, well, whatever it may be. But if it is Thawne, why wouldn't he come back and go right after, you know, his negative speed force with Barry and whatever? I it throws know. things out. So we're going to go to the last book of this section, Eric, and what is it? Batman the Dawnbreaker number one, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Ethan Van Skyver, Jason Wright, and Tom Napolitano. This is the credits I had for Nightwing, Jim. But yes, now I was going to say, I've heard these. I've back heard the, these before. Back in the dark multiverse, we see a world where Thomas and Martha Wayne are shot down by Joe Chill. But instead of Bruce going from there to train to become Batman... We see that a Green Lantern ring immediately comes to him because while he's become empty on the inside and can't feel a thing, the ring takes us as him being able to overcome great fear. And we see this little psychopath go around killing everyone who gets in his way, including the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians, before he becoming the Dawnbreaker himself, destroying the world. And I have no goddamn periods in this writer for some reason. Before just becoming <laughs> Dawnbreaker, destroying wait. the world, and then going to our world where he immediately takes out Hal Jordan, who was saved by Dr. Fate. It was like a bullet points almost in this Bitch. Oh, good stuff, Aaron. Good stuff, Shut my up. friend. <laughs> You're like an old woman, that one. No periods. Gross. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I I have a lot of problems with this one. So I know even you was... got yelled at on the site by Manship. is like, can't you just have fun? First of all, I, when he said that and I read it, I hadn't read it yet. You know, right. I read his comment and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what the fuck he thinks fun is. This is not fun. I mean, no. I can sit there and like, oh, man, this is a dark thing, whatever. It's so forced to me to have what happens. I have so many problems with how this goes and everything happens because it does. I mean, at least have a reality. You have – you're going to tell me that these dark multiverses led from nightmares of our universe, uh, bad decisions, but whatever. But they are based in our reality. Yes, you still have to have a reality. When Bruce ended up taking Flash's speed force, it, they even spelled out, look, I, I looked at your cosmic treadmill. I kind of got the Batmobile, and I got that. You, you go with that. When you have the Alfred AI, yes, I had a problem that a computer virus AI seemed to infect a human being, but I could even go with that. When yeah. this happens – Everything that Bruce does with the ring, including how he gets it, and then how he goes about and even everything. Even the idea that at this point, you know, a young Bruce Wayne, when Abin Sir would have still been the Green Lantern of this sector, a ring comes to him. I'm like, yeah. I don't yeah, know why. Even then, you, you don't know why he would get the ring. Why is there a ring flying around for this sector? Doesn't even make sense. All it is is force. Does I don't even think it even says the sector. I think it just goes to him and says, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Green, Green Lantern, Lantern Corps. Yeah. And then from that point on, also, hey, you know, this is nitpicking or whatever, but not only does he not train. No, he, he immediately he can use this immediately this goddamn yes. thing and, and the, the problem thing- i have is if this was batman if this was batman who was an older batman like most of these others are like oh i'm so old i can't deal with it. whatever batman would have been able to say you know what I fucked around sometimes, and I watched Hal Jordan. I saw what he does. I get the concept. I've talked to him. I even have you know protocols against him. I have all this. This is a young kid. 
Did, and he in is, my he mind, he's nine years this. old. Like some yeah. people might say ten. I always go yeah. nine. For nine whatever or reason. ten, but still, this is, this a, is a nine or ten year old. It's a yep. ring, and he's immediately able to use it, and he has enough willpower at this moment to freaking over. Like you know, yes, he overloads the ring and makes it go against its anti kill policy and kills Joe Chill. Yeah, which the anti kill policy is just thrown in there willy nilly anyway, and it just. Yeah, and then he just goes to town. Like, why and then you talk about the lethal force that, like not permitted if you're not going to go with it? If you can yeah. immediately just go, it's over just to show you that spiking, how great Jim. he is. Yeah, it's and now it has the willpower spiking, which is nonsense. But also, this is the problem I have. If you are going to tell me that this happens, it makes me think the rings are half retarded because how he explains it, this young Bruce, this happens. This actually to me is something where he has an epiphany himself, little young Bruce, where he realizes he's a goddamn psychopath. His father and mother just got gunned down in front of him. He doesn't feel fear. He says, I don't feel anything. He is a psychopath. You you go back. This is why we haven't seen Ace around. He killed him, Eric. buried him in the backyard after he played with his bones he is a this is not overcoming fear this is like i said a psychopath yes you have the idea that you have to have him be a psychopath for what he becomes into the dark nights and into metal but you could have had it where he does get it he's a little kid work with that work with the fact that he's a little kid that has emotions where if this is a nightmare or a bad decision the nightmare would have been bruce at some time thinking to himself what if I had the most powerful weapon in the universe? The minute that my mother and father died, I would have wreaked havoc on everyone. I would have killed people. My my no-kill policy would have been right out the door because I would have been an emotional kid who didn't have any idea. But I had the most powerful weapon in the universe at my disposal. I would have went dark. And you and could I have went right with that. And I just think about it, though. It's like, you know, because we don't exactly know how the dark multiverse works with all no. these different worlds. Well, that's you know, the, yeah, is that's this the a, thing, just too. a nightmare? Is this a mistake because you know Bruce Wayne didn't become a psychopath at the moment of his fucking parents' death. And that, so that's like, the thing, too, is that's where I think that if you can go, and I, each one of these, and I try, and it does spell out Earth, negative 32, Gotham City, and the way they spell these out, you know, you kind of have this with a little bit of a wraparound where it is him talking and even writing a note, it looks like, you know, these are where the Dark Knight is, and he's saying, and he is kind of telling the story to us which yeah. i kind of got thrown off a bit from too because this is a very singular story this is a young bruce wayne that becomes a green lantern this isn't like and he has gone and ripped somebody apart point, to get it, really it seems as well that he should still be a nine-year-old boy for or 10 years old at yeah, the he most should be. for he what should we're be. dealing with in this story so when he comes over to the freaking he world, should be just he should be, he should be like damien him and yeah. damien at some point should kind of you know it'll be a little weird interaction if they play around with that but even like i said it just throws me off that he becomes a green lantern because he's a psychopath and just don't go that way because then he just goes to town he goes and, and he even just if that destroys is the case, joe Chill. because the whole idea that the overcoming it like you know without any freaking training at all he can just use his willpower and he can overcome the freaking no kill protocol yeah. And just go to town on that. And not only that, he then goes back after killing Joe Chill and makes the ring freaking bring his parents back to life. As yeah. He's fucking yeah. Terrible now the ring is doing things like, that it can't do. Like, you can't when, like, do. I really expected to go into this and have, you know, 
you know, at one point Bruce Wayne got a Green Lantern ring and he became the the savior. How Jordan? I mean, like how Jordan was. He went to uh, like Oa. He trained. He became all this stuff. Yeah. And it, almost like when Hound Jordan, when uh, Coast City was destroyed, he lost his shit yes. and actually yeah. went too far. That's what I expected. Not a psychopath yeah. right off the bat who can do anything he wants with the Green Lantern ring, whether it makes sense or not. And it's funny because I thought if you would have said before, if we sat there, and, and it's amazing we didn't, because this is something we would talk about at work. Like, hey, before these come out, before we look at anything, how do you think they're going to get the Dawnbreaker? Mine would have been very similar to what we already saw in Flash, and that's why I think we wouldn't have had it. I would have thought that something really bad happened, and that's where you have Bruce go and say, hey, listen, Hal – you got to take care of this. You have the most powerful weapon in the universe. You can do this. And Hal's like, no, no, this isn't how we work. The problem being, though, you can't just grab the ring. You know what I mean? The ring yeah. kind of doesn't work that way, so I think it throws it off. But just this, like you said, just him getting the ring doesn't even make sense it, logically of him just getting it. And it just it, it threw me off. And then he is just bad to be bad. He's bad to the bone, Eric. But also the thing that we hate a lot in comics, and this really does, it is this ring and little bruce can do whatever he wants just to make it into a story this doesn't have he's bringing his parents back with a green lantern ring and that doesn't and make even sense. when hal jordan tried to do that before you know they were just constructs of his yeah, parents they were constructs. Freaking guardians immediately stepped in and said yeah. you can't use your ring this way the idea like there is a time progression here because he does become the hero of gotham before he starts doing terrible terrible shit and people yep. catch on to it yeah so the core and the guardians should have showed up well before any of this because he's already abused to the ring to the point where they should be getting there immediately because shit's yeah. gone wrong. Also, it just throws me off like, why did he change his outfit? Because at the beginning, he just looks like a Green Lantern. He's yeah. got the deal, and then he's got his well, outfit. E- it kind of even changing the outfit, like you know, when when we see him there in the Dawnbreaker outfit in between panels. That yeah. is in the present time. What yeah, it is. destroyed the world. It's just I'm oh. just wondering why he did. The, you know, oh, why is he just a green or lantern? Or even how he did it? Yeah. Because out of nowhere, you see him go around and you see him killing just he's just these killing villains of Gotham. Yeah. And at, you know, he's talking to Gordon because he has murdered freaking Penguin, and the freaking Gordon wants to know what did you do with the Penguin? Oh, yeah. he's up there in space. You can see his spleen. You can see his fucking brain. You can see. It. Yeah. And while this is going on, he's initiating blackout as he calls it, which just seems like. He takes all he the takes light away the light because he's embraced the darkness away. and the void yeah. within him. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're trying to convey. Yeah, to and you have up. this whole thing where you do have this darkness where is this the darkness inside him that's manifesting through the, the light? Is this something that is around anyway and it can kind of gather it where you do have like the whole idea of Gotham being a real piece of shit town even and a dark town that he's able to embrace that? But yeah, it doesn't make it's any sense It's the void within me. him that he makes all yeah, light go yeah. out. And I'm telling you, at the one point it when he's going this sense. monologue about what he's done with the Penguin and shit like that, he just makes a giant Green Lantern battery on the top of the freaking yeah. you know, GCPD, I have to imagine it is, and just has it sitting there, kills Gordon. The Guardians yep. and the Green Lantern show up. To and he kills him. Gordon because he, Gordon's figured out that it's Bruce. He figures yeah. out it's little Bruce, and once he knows that, eh, you're done. He kills him. He's like, oh, and it's then, a shame you have a daughter. You're dead. And then the freaking, you know, the Guardians and the co- entire core show up, which he immediately murders all of them because he has darkness shadow constructs. Yeah, yeah. Again, it just happens to happen. It just happens. And And to go further into happens to happens, bats happen to be flying by after he murders everybody. He walks into the giant green lantern power battery thing he just made, 
and pretty much does like what Hal Jordan did, but it made sense when Hal Jordan became Parallax yeah. because he, he actually comes out with this new outfit too and looks and older. At, yeah, he comes out. He looks. He's the Dawnbreaker now, and for some reason, he looks older. I actually don't even know if he's supposed to be older or not. Because while I love the he art looks in this it, issue, because Ethan Lance Cover does yeah, a great, it's great job, art. it's not conveying the age and stuff like that. No, and I, I don't know what they're really playing with. No, even at the point where he is facing off against the Green Lanterns, now he looks like a teenager. And you can tell me, okay, he's been – where were they before then? Yeah. I mean, he's been using that. It seemed like the minute he used this darkness, they came and, you know, the Green Lanterns have to show up. But even before that, they well, should have realized what was going on. Alert should have been going off. Yeah, alert should have been going off. And then he even says when he's killing Scarecrow at that one point, and he basically says, I killed everyone with Without remorse, I killed without remorse or boundaries. Why did they deserve to live when my parents didn't? Why? Okay, I understand that, but he is a psychopath. And again, you're going to say, Jim, that's what these are all about. You're supposed to have that. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the explanation. All the others, even though they weren't my favorite stories, at least I got a little idea of what that Bruce Wayne, you know, can do and whatnot. And this is where I wonder where you have this now. now. It seems like this Bruce Wayne. Dawnbreaker can do whatever the fuck he wants, and yet we better see that in metal. We better see this guy do what he's doing because at this point – and we even got the idea that they're going to go against their counterparts, but I don't even know why this – you know, they even – and the worst thing is – how he's recruited. The Batman who laughs comes to him and says, "Listen, you know what? I'm recruiting. Yeah, and this, this is so after things are a little destroyed. The world. Yeah, the world's destroyed. Things are a little disjointed, even with the recruit. You know, whatever it may be. But it is the third one. He's like, "Hey, call me the man who laughs, and I'm recruiting. Uh, this is the Red Death and the Murder Machine. You'll be fast friends, I'm sure. You have so much in common. Your first name's Revenge Justice. But he says, if you come with us, Barbados, he'll bring your parents back." I'm like what? what? I I don't even get what the, now what they're going with. The rest no. of it was, hey, you can have a world. Your world's a world destroyed. that will We're survive since you're in the dark multiverse. I'll give you an actual world so it won't die and you can get to live. Makes yeah, sense. now it's I'm gonna yeah I'll give you what you most desire. Your parents. Now it's back, back to the, the magic line. wishing cards as far as I know. <clears throat> yeah. Oh jeez, I almost freaking I just but took even a drink the whole of coffee. Thing almost threw him, up here. You know, like you were talking about the murder machine and the red yeah. death. It made sense. These are Batman amalgam. That's what I'm other saying. Heroes that, yeah. to a degree because it sent it started out as Batman. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for the Dawnbreaker to have any kind of bats like symbols. Yeah, to that's get, why. Get anything yeah. to him at all. That's what gets me. In this world of his, there's never been a Batman. There is no Batman. Why does he come out of that bat battery with a bat symbol on or whatnot? He isn't. He's not. I'm choosing to be the bat here. He just ends up seeing bats fly by, and that's what gives him the and idea. And he becomes the Dawnbreaker, and immediately has a new costume and blows with up bat, the world with the bat symbol on, yeah. and then blows up the world. That's what gets me. And without knowing, I'm just gonna assume probably wrong that it is a nine-year-old kid there but it does I, seem you have to imagine that yeah but, but it does seem older, older as the dawnbreaker than, and then he ends up in earth zero as we see he goes there and he goes and his first thing he he wants to tag things eric it's you know the city well, without kids, light stuff it's funny too because that's going and i never got the idea that he did that until how jordan's like hey i know I no one defaces signs of my city 
I saw it, but I'm like, I didn't think. Like, he stopped. This is like, if anybody saw Cannibal Run, this is where I said, you have the chicks going in the Ferrari or whatever they're going. They're going 180 miles an hour and have to stop while being chased by police to get out with the spray paint and put the X over the, the speed limit. Why are you wasting your time? He's going in there and he's going to put that. That's nonsense. But yeah, he so, goes. Yeah, he's going to go and initiate City. blackout, whatever that means. It just makes you know yes. everything go dark for a little bit until it goes away for whatever reason. I'm telling you, no. I don't know the rules of this goddamn ring, so it's infuriating. Yep. And then Hal Jordan shows up. Nobody tags my city. Yeah, and again. then he immediately defeats Hal Jordan because he has these shadow monster constructs. Yeah. Because the, apparently the void and darkness can beat out the light. Yeah, and I want I want to bring up something else that you have said throughout these. Uh, why does he go to Coast City? I, this is Bruce Wayne. I, I have to imagine that Batman who laughs made everybody go to what other place I, they yeah, were. It's only because Gotham City is taken care of, and, yeah. and it's got the fucking rings and things. So they end up where you know he goes to Coast City to fuck around with Hal Jordan again. This is a guy. Hal Jordan's done nothing to him except no. the Green Lantern Corps tried to stop him, but he's insane, and he's not. It's just weird. He was never Batman. This was a kid. And, and for some reason, this dark monster constructs can just overpower the ring, like a Green yeah. Lantern ring, and make yeah, it so it, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, seems to overpower him here, and that's where Dr. Fate steps in again, and now it's getting to be a little goofy. Like, you're waiting at the end. Okay, whatever's happening, I, I'm not going to even think that anything will happen because Dr. Fate will jump in and grab it. In the meantime, he is terrorizing Coast City, kind of like And sucks how out the, all the light somehow. Yeah, he sucks out the light, and he's like, everybody's going to be, you know, in the darkness like me, though. I'll let them feel like me, and that's how it ends. In the I dark, hated which the is story it. so goddamn I did much. too. I like the. I do like the ending where it's just that black page with the panel in the middle, yeah. like me. I thought that was really cool. The art in this is great. Ethan Van Skyver. I love kicks Ethan ass. Van Skyver. I just would wish that he would have portrayed and, uh, again, each of we, that better, so I yeah. can understand what freaking Sam Humphreys was it's trying true. to do. It's true, and what we even we really we talked about it earlier, but I do want to say it again. Is the whole thing is based on these rings spiking in willpower again, where you have 180 percent 190 percent and the thing is i could deal with that in the old because it just meant battery and shit like that you know but like the world yeah, now it means you're spiking. more powerful that's uh, nonsense What'd i gave this issue a 4.9 out of 10 because I... I couldn't give it a fuck you five even though i really wanted to because i love ethan van skyver yeah. and i love all the work he did on this i am like i said my only gripe with it at all is i just would have liked to known the age range a little bit better yeah. because it's never spelled out and it doesn't yeah. make any sense I'm going to go 5.5 just for the art. The art to me is almost all that score. I was just so I just, angry these by are the time just, I this read this. This doesn't make me – no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make me excited for this. And none of these have, uh, but at least I got a little idea. But basically what I came you, about with this is that this uh, Dawnbreaker can do whatever the hell he wants. And, a- and after that, reading that this, though, in off. my mind, it elevates the previous two goddamn yeah, books I actually than saw, I thought to because I'll, at least I'll tell tried. you. If we talk now, it's weird because I, I'm thinking the concept of the murder machine, I think, was the better concept of them with that yeah. AI. I don't really like the way it was played out fully. Uh, I'm starting to think that <laughs> the Red Death is my Red, favorite Red now. Red Death is where it's at. Yeah, I think it is. So we'll see because it's the uh, the Batman who drowned or whatever they call it. Drowned, yeah. Drowned. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go off this mail now. Fuck you, I'm, all depre- I'm depressed now. But we'll go off now to the mail. If you would read my mail, Jim, 
What a tale my words would tell But if they tried to read it We'd hear an epic fail When you reach the part Where opinions come The hero will be Jim A hero to us all And when you read the mail again You'll see the nonsense never takes a break <laughs> I couldn't help it, uh, yes. I had my mic muted. I sang the whole goddamn thing. Uh, yes, actually, I was I was doing some other things, and if you could hear, I was fumbling to get it back on so I could do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Eric, and this is mail section number four. See, I'm going to jump in with this, too, but I'm always afraid of that delay. where the, If I think you playing, could read my mails, Eric, what a chance. Yeah, you have a delay. That you do have a slight delay on your on your mic. I could go full in. I'm full out. I'm from the board, Eric. Full I'm in ready full to out, go. Baby. I just went. It would be an epic fail. Epic fail. That's what I'm gonna do from now. This fucking Michael McDonald. The shit Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll just get back to. It's been such a long, such a long way to go. I'll just do that whole deal. That's from now on. But yes, uh, nobody wants to hear that. And oh. this, uh, this mail section. What we want to hear is J Man. We haven't heard from J Man in a bit. He says, "Hey Jim, what's up, Eric?" What's up, J-Man? It has been many weeks since I've written in. I've been a little down on DC Comics recently and way too busy to care. I'm mainly writing in to get some things off my chest. That's J-Man's last email. Yes, I just – well, he's, he's had enough. I just finished your podcast spotlight for Batman 32. Thank you for reviewing books like this one and other FU5 level books. As you have mentioned before and even in this podcast, there are way too many reviewers who only do reviews on comic book series that are starting or rebooting or they hear that this issue is good or controversial. Yeah. To the reviewers that decide what they will or won't review based on the above conditions, I figuratively shit on all of your reviews because you are going into the review with a fundamental bias, even if you sure. may have something credible to say about a particular comic issue. As for you, Tom King, who he's going to be served, Eric. You have ruined my joy of reading the main Batman book. Ooh, as well. You've been served. I need that. You've been served. If I wanted to watch something for the p- pretty pictures only, I would watch four straight hours of Telemundo during the middle of a weekday with the I'm sound muted. You've been served. I like that. That's one thing. Uh, that's a channel that we got at my old work, and that that would just be on constantly. And just walk by, and it would mesmerize I'm you. T- I got on a goddamn kick where I just put Telemundo on. I'm the, I don't speak Spanish very well. I can understand a few things here and there, but for yeah. the most part, I just ended up well, watching it. I got mesmerized. I will tell you that, and I don't know if it's still on, and I'm probably going to butcher exactly what the name is, but it was like Sabado Gigante. It was Ooh. this show on that was like a variety show, and all I know is it had this a guy who almost looked like a you know a talk show host, a kind of a, a older fella, and all he'd do is run around and yell, and scantily clad women would be running back and forth throughout the whole Amazing. deal. And I'm like, this is my show. I'm telling you, at one point they may have been jumping on trampolines, like the old man show bit. I yeah. swear to God. It was pretty good. I so said, I, I, I don't where I'd end up watching Happy Days in Spanish. Yeah, I'd say I don't speak Spanish, but they're speaking my language. Eric, this is what I said. I'm so speaking glad I stopped by. Yes, really. I'm so 
so glad. Where's Ricky? I'm so glad I stopped buying Batman comics at the beginning of the War of Jokes and Riddles and only wish I had jumped off a bit sooner. I still had high hopes for Mr. Miracle in spite of my reluctance, but then I read the nonsense of issue two and all my fears became reality. I'll tell everyone, just wait uh, with Mr. Miracle. If you're not really digging it right now, I, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I do think that this is going to read better in trade. The way he's writing it as this you know, mystery and not giving you things and kind of trying to fool you and all that, it's just going to read so much better as one story but that's and saying I, that I'd he like nails to say it. that I, as well but like you know I saw a Mega Man I don't I think know, that means better I trade. know but this is again uh, I'll play I'll play the devil's hand here Eric mm. is what happens is uh, a Mega Man ended and he did get a warning ahead of time I guess but he didn't seem to go with it so when it ended it ended abruptly this is 12 issues it's only ever been 12 issues he should have paced it and written it for 12 issues so I hope that with this this is going to show I, I really want this Mr. Miracle at the end to show me what all these other people are telling me that he is a genius. He's a comic book writing genius. If this if he nails it by the end, then I'll I'll like the story. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna go back and like, you know, I am suicide or I am pain no. any better, but at least we'll have that and I'll say, you know what? I like it. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things Bravo, of Mr. the past King, couple of years. Mr. Miracle together he, in the end. Yes. He wrote a uh, one-shot story called Black oh, Death in America. Thing, Batman? No, oh, Black, okay. Death, Black Death in America, which actually I think you can still go on the DC site in Comixology. It's a free deal. Uh, I tell you to read that. That is excellent. And that is one of the best things I've read in a while. And it really got to, you know, it, it hit me where it hurts, Eric. And, and I really ball? liked it. Yeah, it, my balls still do hurt. and uh, But no, I, so I, it's not like I hate everything that Tom King's done. I liked Grayson. I loved Grayson at one yeah. point. Uh, but we won't even get into that. But yeah, if, if you have the chance and haven't, go read Black Death in America. I think that you'll really, really enjoy it. This impending marriage between Batman and Catwoman stinks uh, of a spectacle event where DC is trying to rope in speculative comic readers. Welcome back to DC's retro version of the 90s. It, that seems what Rebirth is a lot. But yeah. it reminds me of the spectacle event of Oliver Queen marrying Black Canary, Superman dating Wonder Woman, and when Black Panther married Storm in Marvel Comics. This was during the shitty Reginald Hudlin run of Black Panther after the awesome Christopher Priest run that came before it. I did tell you that I started reading Christopher Priest's run on Black Panther, didn't I? It's yeah. good. I really like it. I just, I it, again, people are in the Slack chat, the Get Fresh Coop, boop, boop, are uh, begging me because they heard me say the other day that I haven't, li it was during our uh, Patreon spotlight for White Knight, that I said that I really have only seen one I episode of the Batman the Animated Series. And especially Mark, he's getting on me like, ah, there's this, and Bobby was even going, and like, there's only this amount of episodes. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you in seven years. I, I'm never going to be able to watch all this, but. That's just like Christopher Priest. I'm like, I read one issue every four months. So Scott Snyder's Batman can't even have a serious relationship unless he forgets he's Batman and Tom King's Batman is ready to marry the first hot pussycat that I'm comes you, I want skanking Julie around. To about what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, Julie's like, what did I? I had? I took care of you. I got you a job at the rec center. You son of a bitch for what? And also, I'm a little hotter if you like redheads. Which I do. Which, yes. And me and you have a theory about her, but I won't go into it because we never got it confirmed. Where's the continuity in that rebirth? I am done with Tom King. You've been served. I'll take Scott Snyder's overly complex stories over King's bullshit any day of the week. Now on to the more pleasant topic. I recently collected all the back issues for new Superman, and I have to agree with you, Jim. This series kicks ass. Yeah. What the fuck? You've been served. 
I initially was reluctant to read this series and may have made some ill-fated Ching Chong Kong jokes at the start of it. A lot of people did. It's nice that you're admitting that you did because that, that series is awesome. Now I want to apologize to Keenan Kong and the entire Japanese race for my racist asshole comments. No, wait. I meant the Korean race. Yes. Oh, yeah. All the all of China. Hey, I'm not racist because I have a lot of friends that are Orientals, Eric. This is, oh. this is going down the wrong path. Could somebody at DC just fucking cancel the following series already? Give the fans what they want. See if you like this. Cyborg. Eric? Um, cancel that? Yeah, he's saying cancel. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. You didn't hear that. me say the rules? I wanted you to tell me. Cyborg, let's, let's pretend. Let's rewind. Oh, let's no, 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 no. pretend like I know what's going on. All right. Cyborg. Cancel that one. <laughs> he was still delayed. You've been served. You tried with at least two different writers, and it didn't work. No, you don't have to have an ongoing series for every member of the Justice League. No, you do not have to pander to the black or minority readers, especially if you do jack shit with the character in question beyond making him look uh, more pathetic and useless than he already is in the Justice League. That's all it is. He's not a strong character in his own book. They don't know what to do with him. It's just nonsense. Superwoman. You tried with two different writers with Lana's stories from different angles, and it didn't work. I like Lana Lang when she had no powers and was an electrical engineer MacGyver type. So did I. By the way, I'm an electrical engineer and a MacGyver type. Oh. He doesn't say MacGyver type. He's an electrical engineer. And I thought that was a pretty cool version of Lana Lang. I, I loved it because uh, J-Man will know that throughout the whole deal, every time she got the chance, she would tell everyone she's an electrical engineer. It was so good. Everything that Steve Orlando writes, he says to cancel you. Do you agree on that, Eric? Everything that Steve Orlando writes, I would That's the thing is, I... I could see the JLA being good if it was put in competent hands. But, well, that's what he's just saying. If 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 Steve Orlando's writing it is going to continue, just get rid of it. He said. Oh, then, you yes. agree? Yes. Everything written by Brian Hitch. I, that'll I like be over the last soon. Legacy anyway. arc right now. I'm telling you, Brian I'm so Hitch twice in it, over. But he has not been strong in his whole JLA. Yeah. Honestly, everything he writes is the Hitch verse of the Justice League, and that's it. Stop giving him paychecks for his efforts. Why can't he write a good story about the present day Justice League members? What do the fans want? You ask, how about a Shazam series? How about a good JSA series? It's funny because that's where people are starting to get a little worried. And I've seen people get worried because of this JLA book and how Justice League or whatever. Now people aren't just blindly yelling for a JSA book. Most are saying, and most of what they're saying is, I want a JSA. Before it's, we need JSA. We need JSA. Now it's like, we need JSA by Jeff Johns. We need J- There's always the thing thrown in because nobody wants Steve Orlando to be on it. And I'm telling you, that seems to be either Steve Orlando or Brian Hitch seems now to we- be the ones that are pushing towards that. Say this. Say we had Tom Taylor. He was given a choice between JSA and a Justice League book. What would you rather have him Justice on? Justice League. I wouldn't okay. want to. I, don't, I think he'd do better with a, a, you know, the modern team. Yeah, uh, the thing is, like, I, I like the idea of him doing the JSA book just because what you know he was on the Earth Two book. Yeah, he was on Earth Two, but you didn't these, really like, like his Earth Two as much. No, I didn't like his Earth Two as much because it came off of James Robinson. It felt forced at times. Yeah. It didn't really all come together because of that his like quick departure and where they wanted to go with World's End. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Justice League is the way to go with Tom. Taylor, I say J- I, I say JSA is going to be James Robinson. There has to be some reason why he only is on those couple of issues of Wonder Woman. There really has to be a reason why when they announced it, it already had a set number of you know issues. It seemed weird, and we were talking about it. So I actually think it'll be James Robinson on JSA, but we'll see. How about DC proper universe where the Watchmen are either all dead or not interacting with our favorite DC characters in That's any way? That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. For the love of God, Jeff Johns, please tell your story and kill off all these Watchmen motherfuckers. I just wanted a separate thing. 
That's I, all I, just, I want. You can have the Watchmen universe. You can actually go forward and tell more Watchmen stories yeah. as long as you keep the continuity of what happened in Watchmen yeah, intact. Yeah, and, and I'm coming through and the deal. And it's its own thing because yeah. you already did before Watchmen, which people like, you know, they either didn't care. Honestly, I didn't see anybody come out and say they loved it. I saw like either I picked this up, I read it, it's okay, or I'm not going to deal with this because I'm not yeah. going to fucking have you bastardize the fucking Watchmen. Yeah, I saw a lot if of people If you go forward, it. though, where like, we pick up where the freaking Watchmen story picked left off. You know, Rorschach's dead, freaking comedian's yeah. dead. You can go forward. You could tell some maybe interesting stories, but don't make them interact with DC. You you didn't read that uh, they have the Doomsday Clock like intro. They they released the like seven pages. pages. No. Yeah, yeah. Something you said is is not the case, but I will I not spoil things, Eric. But the the thing that I I don't I like the Watchmen. I read it. I liked it. I don't need that much more of it. I'm not a huge, huge fan. I don't want to know what Dr. Manhattan would do in the DC universe, no, which we're already right. seeing the a bit. Is, I can't say I'm a huge fan. Like, I really like the Watchmen as a contained story. I don't want to see them do anything else. Well, this really. is like, like where you're to, saying. You to, yeah. If you I'm need just, to freaking, you know, get some money off them again, I could see them doing something for yeah, its yeah. own deal. But, but besides I, I, that, yeah. it would be ludicrous. And I'm not I'm not coming through. I'm trying to say I'm not coming from that that angle of don't mess it up. I don't care. I really don't. I know all these people, and they'll release uh, the picture of Batman reading Rorschach's journal. Ooh. And fucking people, I'm telling you, it's worse than these goddamn reaction videos at the NBA Slam Dunk Contest where people are fucking falling over like they just saw Jesus just walk across the fucking pond. And ah, everybody, you got to have somebody holding you up and stuff. These people react. I don't know what's going on with people. You can just go, oh, that looks cool. You know what I thought? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll see what goes on. People yeah. Sending us things and pictures. And what do you think? Oh, my God. Goodness gracious! Oh my God! The fucking mind's blown. I'm like, ah! You, you, you people with your goddamn, your minds are blown every five minutes. You don't got minds left. That's why I think you react like this. Your fucking minds are blown every goddamn thing you see. And I see this. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I'll read the the shit when it comes. The only thing that I think, as of now, we've had this whole year of this nonsense. Oh, it's Doctor Manhattan. Is it Doctor Manhattan? Oh my goodness! It's Adonis. All this. Uh, to me, I'm already past it. I'm past the, the craziness of, oh, my God. It's a, if you would have had that rebirth issue and then from there just kick right in, have a fucking whole month of then, that is what changes the – and it, it would be a mini reboot instead of this rebirth thing. It would be a soft reboot. The Dr. Manhattan comes. They got to fight him. Get that the fuck over with. And by now we're in our books. I don't need things interrupting shit and wondering how it's going to change and all this nonsense. You could have gotten rid of that. You would have already taken care of Superman Reborn before that happened. You, you would have had – everything fixed and then go forward and then see what the ha thing happens i hope that at the end dr manhattan has a goddamn fucking suitcase and he walks off and says i'll see you again i'm going off again to think on mars I see you and never it's what i want eric now i'm getting i'm sweating i'm getting so mad now i'm getting my mind blown you've been served can somebody pass a fucking bill that bans assault rifles and make it so at least, the very least a particular person can't buy more than two guns i hate guns I can't say. I don't care for him either. Fuck people who say our thoughts and prayers are with the family of the victim. Stop thinking. Stop fucking praying. Uh, write your local congressperson. Start a petition. Start a discussion with people in your community. Do fucking something. I agree with that. You know, get things involved. Try to figure out what's going on. You guys are probably, but that's also a thing. Like, when that came up, there's also shit. And it's, you know, more, I do not allow guns. I would never allow a gun in my house. I do not like guns. I don't even like to see them in person. I'm telling you, it's not even a scared, I'm not just scaredy Brian. When I see them, I just don't like any concept of them. 
I think that they're just things that they're they're just designed for what they do. And, uh, you know, I don't really enjoy killing anything. So I, I like to keep them away. But there's also that whole thing with mental illness and things like that. It's not just guns. It's not just this. There are so many freaking things involved. Now I'm getting political, Eric, a little. But, you know, that's the thing. It, it, he's right. JMM's right. If you want to, if you just. Just don't say things. And what I think he's getting at as well are people, again, the people on Twitter that just throw something out and then that makes them feel good because they think they're involved. Just, you know, actually do something. But that's the PSA right now. You've been served. You guys are probably wondering why I'm so pissed off. It's all work-related. I have something due this week. My coworkers do everything to impede my progress on said task. And my boss, who is supposed to be a manager, does not manage at all. That that's sounds fine. My familiar. My usually impede my tests. Yeah. Yeah, to freaking make the task not even just impede. It just I, I can't even explain what our bosses do. Just here's the thing, Jamin. Just just sit there and smile, knowing that you are also at a situation where me and Eric sit there at our work and, and realize that everybody there <laughs> like wrong turn, and we are stuck. Just I don't know what we're just lazy fellows, fuck smug assholes named Randy who like to demean people because he thinks he's smarter than everyone. Fuck you, you know, Randy. And again, yeah, fuck you, Randy. And uh, you've been served. The thing about this Randy is the people who are smug assholes who demean people, it's because they know they're not smarter and have yeah. to do that to try to make themselves and convince themselves that they are. So fuck him. Now I'm getting angry. All I want to do is forget about all my job deadlines and read some fucking comics. Yes. If you guys decide to edit or not, read this email. I understand. Probably not supposed to read this part, right? But he says, I really want to, uh, you know, just read this part. But no, you get everything on there. You guys rock. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. That is J-Man from Half Moon Bay, and that is the end of mail section number four. We're going to go back to books. So close, no matter how far. views come straight from the heart. Trust in Warner's words Cause Jim's reviews matter Jim never opens himself this way To his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane Cause his reviews matter I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you find Cause Jim's reviews matter Segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie. Hello, Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> give me give me some of that, Eric. Give me some uh let me hear you impersonate your drunk self saying segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie. That's pretty good. That is good. Have you been drinking, Eric? Give me no, a 
Give me a who is your favorite uh, creative team right now? Well, <laughs> uh, it would have to be Tomasia Gleason. Now wait a minute. D- get that and out of there. <laughs> Add it a little to it. Uh, Tomasia Gleason. It, it's just one word. Here we go. Good question. My my favorite writer right now would probably be uh, probably Tomasi. Honestly, it like I I get I give this fucking annual a low score, but I do love Tomasi Gleason together. <laughs> Who is laughing? I hate them. Tomasi Gleesey. Tomasi Gleesey together. That is good stuff. That's an entire bottle of gin, you sons of bitches. How about this this one from Eric Shea? Do we like this one? Why can't we have some goddamn black heroes in the regular universe? Why that do their own thing? There you go. And one last. And the milestorm comes out. And the milestorm comes out. I assume you guys talked about it in the news already, but you know the mild storm is news. coming back. <laughs> hey, oh, you just dropped the news right now, my there friend. There we go. Boom. Yes, we did hear the mild storm is coming back. Mild, mild storm's coming back. There, <laughs> the mild, right? mild storm. storm comes out, and the mild but, storm. But they're comes They're not going to be in a in the DC universe. It looks like no. it's not initially. That, well, they were saying that at first anyway, and when we, we did hear that news earlier this week and when we were talking about it, it just – everything now, I think that we're jaded from having to review these books. So when the news comes out where people will be like, oh, man, that's awesome, me and Eric right away – Who's going to review that is what we say. And I'm, I'm sorry to say, Reggie, we always say you. It doesn't matter what it is. You are always the initial one that we say. Eh, Reggie. Like I, am, I am the dumping ground. Yeah, we're like, Ragman, that's Reggie. Dead man, that's Reggie. We, so we were talking about all the things today, and we keep the – is that a Reggie book? Yeah, that's a Reggie yeah, book. A Reggie book. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if there's going to be – there's usually going to be some sort of a, you know, magic or a uh, spaced yeah. out element. That is that's, you. That's, that is magic happens. Exactly. Yeah, that is when the magic happens when Reggie gets on a book. But or, yeah, we're or when we're you guys are just totally sick of reviewing a book. That, you know, that ends is up true over, as well. Over I'm my arena, I have most of my books now. Yeah, yeah, oh. really. I, I think I have about nine books for you. Then, but yeah, we we were actually talking that. Uh, I hope that a lot of the books that you get now are some that you actually enjoy. So we've had some. And I think that some of the ones coming out. Superman is it pretty much for the ones that I review. And that is probably my most favorite, you know, DC comic also. But uh, I don't think it's a big secret that we would not be purchasing no, these, a lot these, of these. Uh, a lot of these comics if we weren't reviewing them. Yeah, that's I right. say that all that's the time. Right. This is where we don't go, and I was talking about this on the spotlight, where this is where we don't go with the concept of, hey, we'll review something we like. Now, granted, we do have some kind of fringe books, like a Flintstones. You did enjoy it, but you said, you know what? I'm going to review it till 6. I'm going to get done the first arc, and then I'm yeah. bailing on this. If anybody else wants to pick it up, they can, but you were going to give it that, that first arc. We would never do that with say a batman or anything like that but uh you know these side things even so i don't know i'm actually interested in the milestone stuff so i'll see how that is uh yeah we have to see as hell i just don't know where all the stuff's gonna fit in i'm telling you something's gotta break at this point some books gotta get canceled yeah, really. We, we I that. think that's that's definitely or or even up. if hey you you add the milestone stuff and you set four more books as just monthly. Now we now we can talk again because yeah. we just have that stuff. Which like I, I say, do like, think like that's drunk Eric up. was saying though, I'm just upset the fact that we have to take some of these great black characters and move them out of the main DC Comics universe Earth yeah. Zero 
and give them their own universe. Like, I want to see them mingle with the rest of the goddamn DCU. You're t- are you talking about Static Shock? I... Static Shock, Icon, Rocket, whatever, I can't man. say that to me uh, as it is. Here's the thing. You always told me that, uh, you know, there's not bad characters. There's only bad writers. But right. I have never read anything with Icon. And I don't really I, – I've read a little of the New 52 Static Shock, which sucked. So if you're going to take them into their own universe and treat them like a uh, wild story, storm deal i think that they're going to get more of an attention and actually more love and care yeah. doing it that way I'd so like i would say that that's the, the right Teen way Titans is what i'm saying again but you, you I, even I, have I see icon on like a justice league dark or like an alternate justice league thing myself but that I think, sounded you know, like a racist give statement me, <laughs> give them some time give them some time in their own universe you know i mean i don't know anything about icon into the jla I Isn't think that like you were being spawn? racist there, Reggie. Why would he uh, have to be on the Justice League Dark, huh? You can explain yourself. Oh, right. I always get Sorry. upset about things like this. I heard. I meant uh, I meant that in the Milky Way Dark sense. Oh, okay. Delicious. Yeah, I love. Delicious. You mean the goddamn best candy bar there is? Then I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Now I understand, and I am thumbs up for that because I yeah. love that. Is that a Milky Way Dark candy that is chilled in the refrigerator or just sitting out on the counter? Tell me which one. Uh, chilled in the refrigerator. Okay, now it's the number one candy ever. With a, with a tall glass of milk. I was just going to say, if it has milk, now you've won me, Reggie. You had you me go. at tall glass of milk. Uh, but yeah, we're here to <laughs> we're here to talk about a fuck. I, I don't want to get into this too much, or one of us will say something horribly wrong about Probably. candy bars. About candy bars, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think that we're gonna cover the milestone books, and it may end up being like a a wild storm where we have Jeremy doing that. Maybe the first arc. Maybe I'll grab some things because I do want to read a good Static Shock book because I have yeah, never I've read a good them Static all Shock. Shot. I mean. Whether yeah. I review them or not, I think uh, yeah. we all we got we owe it to yes. Eric and to the Milestone yes. universe. Yes, we do. Milestone universe. Oh, to, believe uh, me, uh, the show. minute that they announced that the mild now I'm saying it, Milestone <laughs> and Wildstorm are going to have a crossover, and they call it the Milestorm, and then Eric's reviewing it. I will force him to do that, oh, and God. that will have to be. But we are Eric here to talk about your one book. up if that happens. Yeah, he really. We have the recording. We already have the signal. Thomas called the signal, all right? Yeah, you already That's have true. the signal. So Eric's already doing that shit. He's already getting some residuals uh, in a uh, dark multiverse somewhere. Eric Shea is rich. But in this one, not much. Uh, so. But we are here to talk about your one book. You only had one book that we're going to talk about tonight on the podcast. You did have two, both Harley-centric, but one is going to be the Harley Ivy meets Betty and Veronica that we're going to talk about on the Patreon. We're going to have that as a Patreon Mm -hmm. spotlight. We're going to let Eric Shea not have to deal with that nonsense because it wasn't great. It really wasn't great. I hate to spoil the whole deal, but we will be talking about that. But here we're going to talk about what, Reggie? We're going to talk about Harley Quinn number 29, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Maraca Andalfo, My- Michael Caluta, Tom Derenick, and Alex Sinclair. Harley used to murder and shock. She had a big mallet and she'd clean out your clock so rough. So rough. Spoonsdale was the chief of police. Though the mayor's corrupt, he tried keeping the peace. Show enough. Show enough. 
He says to Harley, hold on to your perky tits. I've got a plan to take down Maddie Berkowitz and her boss, DiPerto, who's such a snot. Whoa, whoa. We'll give it a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, Quinn for city mayor. Ignore the fear gas. Harley, don't scare. Whoa, Quinn for city mayor. Yeah, I like that one. A little Bon Jovi, a little New Jersey deal. Kind of works in a little there. I like it. I like it. Yeah. This is uh, back to the Harley where I have to say right away before we even go any further. If you like Harley, (laughs) you're probably going to like this issue. Uh, I I enjoyed this issue. This issue would, it was an okay issue. And I really feel, I really feel like we had to steer out of this. Just week after, you know, by week of shit that we've yes. been getting. Now we're getting like a real story. I really liked the, we're going to talk about it more, obviously, but I really liked the crane stuff. It okay. kind of ran a little long, but his it whole. It did run demeanor, long, I'm telling you, but it was detailed enough to really get you into the yeah, character to make yeah. sure you knew who he was, what he was there yeah. for, and stuff like that. It, it did, it took its time to tell you what you needed to know. But because of that, like you said, it did run long. But also even running – Let's just get to the story all And even running long, I'm telling you by the time that, you know, he shows up, they hire him, you know what he's going to do. You know what's going to happen. You know that – you know, you may not guess the particulars of what her psychotic deal will be once he does this. But you know that's what's going to happen at this, you know, the whole deal. He really only does one thing. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, really. Fear gas or or fear injection or something like that. Yeah, even with it. It's funny, too, before this whole happens because what it is is they're going to have a debate. She's running. She's getting, you know, the polls. She's kind of raising up in the polls, and they're going to have a debate and spoon. Dale and uh, Madison, they don't want – I would say get Harley there. Get her at the podium, please. I would think that Harley would not want to debate only because she's insane and something yeah. is going to get fucked up. She is going to say something or do something that is completely bonkers that is going to get her out of this election. And it's funny because Madison, we can't have her do that. That's not what we want. Are you crazy? I'm like, no, no. I think that that's what you do want. You want the, yeah. everybody to see. the Plus, really, all you have Spoonstall has to say is, well, every time they're like, hey, Harley, what do you think about this? Well, I think this. Spoons of what he's, I don't know. Why are you listening to this homicidal bitch? Everything <laughs> you know, she does, she's killed people. She's done this. And I don't know why we're listening to her. Crop tops and hot pants, and her yeah. fucking hair is colored at the ends. You know, yeah. I, mean, I just don't. I understand New York's a funky place, folks. You know, I do yeah. live here. But yeah. It just doesn't seem political. You know, I no. really, she, should be, she should be in her Dr. Harleen Quinzel get up. Yeah. At the very least, you know, yeah. she should be looking like that. But. You know, this is a gag book. Let's, you know, this yeah, is, it is. Uh, it is. part of the historical record. But I'm saying, when you uh, do have this whole thing where you're kind of spelling it out, so you have to have something in there where you have Madison and you have Spoonsdale, where they're supposed to be like the reality part of it, where they're like, what do you mean? Get Harley there on the podium? Oh, no. I'm like, no, yeah. no, yes. If I'm his, you know, campaign manager, I'm like, Spoonsdale, please, if she's going to do this, we want She's done. And uh, just it's Mayor DePerto. Oh, DePerto. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Spoonsdale is the uh, the police the chief. chief. Of police. I always that's the only name I I remember. So yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Usually but, yeah. me too, to be honest. With yeah, and Sp- he Spoonsdale is with Harley. But then again, you would think that Spoonsdale would be the one who's kind of the 
guy on her side that's supposed to be the guy who has some wits to him would say, Harley, you don't want to go and do this debate. You I don't know. know he's I mean? the one who's been going around really just freaking being her big booster. Like, hey, look, yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn, she's here. We're going to vote for her because she's quitting up this. Well, that's where I think say. that's where you have that. But I'm telling you, setting up a debate, you don't want Harley at a debate. But it, it is a goof book and you're going to go yeah. with. So I'll go with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you even have a thing where at the beginning she's like, she's hanging out as a homeless person to kind of hear what the hips are saying and what the people are saying. She's keeping an ear to the streets. Yeah, she is. She has her ear to the pulse of the the streets is what she has. And you have have Poison Ivy in there for a little and she's talking. You know, you have that whole thing where part of the thing is, you know, the green and going with that where the people were saying that, you know, and that kind of ties in. And of course that ties straight in with Poison Ivy. And then you have uh, Mason shows up and they're going to have dinner and I you know, you get a lot going on, and I do appreciate it. It is one story. You have that whole deal going, and it seems like when they do get kind of a focus where they're like, okay, yep. this will be good. You I know what? I was just going to say that. The team can get together, and like yes. now they're all doing something. They seem yes, to be like there good. for a reason. That's what's yep. good. Where you do have off there. though is that like when Harley is preparing for the speech and she is in her hotel room and Mason shows up, to everything before this, it seemed like, Mason was going to be this character who was going to be written now like she wasn't interested in him anymore and she was moving on. Now the fact he shows up with food and they immediately fuck, I'm like, all right, is Mason back in now? Like, yeah. what, is this like a pity fuck, like a breakup fuck? What is oh, this? Harley's a bit of a slut. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I think that this is the tie-in of what's going to kind of go wrong because Mason is still a wanted man and all that sort of thing. So, And she points it out to a point where you're like, okay, this is where they're going to end up trying to get her with this. Uh, later. But, you know, you have this whole thing where she's going to have this debate, but you had Crane, and I do like him here. I, I think that he plays off really good. Uh, he even says, you know, I know her. I know Harley. I kind of know how she works and things like that so i did like it uh but you're just waiting for this debate and waiting for the fear toxin and that's what happens and go on reggie you can talk well you you just you just glossed over the big uh internet you you didn't see the internet explode on wednesday over the amazing scene when poison ivy walks in on mason and and harley in their afterglow after boning yeah. And then the internet broke. You don't remember the internet breaking? No, I, I do don't. Not. Nobody remembered that? No, no one no. gave a shit. That's why. Uh, <laughs> I did see a couple of people that were that seemed a little upset by it, but frankly, I always looked at it, and you can even see it. A couple people, huh, Reggie? <laughs> oh, really? Actually, no, I mean, here's hey, listen, the thing. I, what I what are these couple of people? Because I kind of know what the couple of people... What do they want? Her to, to get mad or, or get vines and kill well, Mason? I okay. mean, this is the whole thing. I, I, know, I know what you might be thinking about, that one person... In particular, was mad that she was even in the, in the book. book. You know that that yeah. that's one thing. But there, you know, a, a big Poison Ivy fan was not happy with that. But there were people that really do like the Poison Ivy Harley relationship. They think yeah, the two of them, I, but I don't together. think this ruins it. it, it this I, is I how it's always so. been. The, the two of them. The two, I mean, Poison Ivy's always made it clear that they're the two of them are too fucked up to have a relationship. Yeah, they obviously like each other. They get yeah. together, they hang out, they fuck. But you even see it on Poison Ivy's face right here, where. She doesn't look that fucked up about it. No, she's like, no, she orders she's food. She's happy for Harley. She has like a little smile, and she's like, all right, she sends them breakfast. Yeah, everything, yeah she everything orders food for I actually them. thought it was a great scene for Poison Ivy. Yeah, I, did I did, too. too. And, and to show a little bit about the relationship, but I have a feeling this will be something later on. We'll see, it might not be anything bad. Well, but and I, I, again, I like that she's like... 
oh, my cute little psycho. And she's like, yeah, I, I kind of get how she is. And and really, in, in all of this, even in the you know the past books, in the past, even in this book, and in the you know the Poison Ivy deal, it's Poison Ivy who's usually the saner one who tries to you know deal with Harley. Yeah. Harley's just all over the place, and you know, like you said, she's like, just oh, here she goes again, and you know, this is Harley, and I I've learned to accept this, and goes off. She doesn't get mad. She doesn't throw things or get crazy. I think it is a good scene uh, yeah. for Poison Ivy, and it kind of is a way to kind of get her out of the book for a little bit at least here, you know, just for a tiny bit here, because really, what else is she going to be doing? Uh, but I, have yeah. feeling, yeah, I have a feeling she might be shuffling off to us uh, elsewhere for a little yeah. while. That comes and goes. That's no big yeah. deal. But yeah, that's fine. So then the debate finally happens, and that's when uh, Scarecrow, and this is just kind of funny, he's like uh, I guess waiting up in the rafters or something, and he's in his. Yeah. It's so weird to see him. The whole issue, he's traveling to meet with Mayor DePerto and Madison Burke. Just scrawny ass Doctor Crane is riding around. Doctor Crane, he's in his suit. You know, he's look, he's being an asshole to people, whatever. But of course, when he has to do the job, well, you got oh, Scarecrow on, time, you gotta baby. Put on the mask. You got to go in the character. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's like a uh, remote control something releases or out of her microphone, I guess. Yes. Fear yeah. gas. And then yep. now this is something we haven't really seen in a while. The Harley Quinn hallucination uh, segue. I was happy about that. I was happy about it. I was. Uh, well, I, I have been happy about that, but I didn't mind this for two reasons. Number one, at least there was a story context for it. It wasn't Great. just. Yeah. Dream sequence out of nowhere. And I just, she's I love not Tom a pirate. Hart. <laughs> this is not, yeah, just like not just a weird fantasy that we weren't even sure who was dreaming what. Remember that one issue? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I remember. I was like, oh, right. Oh, it's not even whatever. I don't even remember the details. But yeah. uh, this is not, this is far from Tom Derenick's best work, I would no, say. Yeah, Although I think I, it's, he is stylistically keeping it coarse, but yes. I, I love the way this guy draws. Remember, he used to draw Secret Six sometimes. Yeah. And uh, he, he's, I, I was just glad to see it. So, yeah, I like it. It was cool. The the whole the whole weird dream sequence she has, where it's basically she thinks that Poison Ivy is gonna you know get with the Joker. She starts no, no, like the Joker has killed all of her pets, and now the pet skeletons are coming to attack skeletons. her. And Poison Ivy shows up and is there yeah. to say, "I hate you and I love Joker" and shit like that. It's it's playing on all our goddamn. Yeah, and fear again, you're talking about and, being taken away. And looking at it, you do have to remember. Yeah, it's a dream sequence, but it's also fear toxin as well. Yeah. So it can't be that cartoony type deal. I like the art choice in this of it being gritty and, and kind of like that because it fits more with the fear toxin than it would be, you know, an LSD trip that she's had on other times where it seems like she's gone. Even when she was in space, she was having these goddamn dream sequences and yeah, stuff like that. That It yeah, would fit more like than that. But, yeah. but appropriately scary yes. and kind of That's why I like it. Oh, it really I good. like it like that. Yes. Uh, I don't want to see it come back in every issue, but you know, yeah, this, this this time I was okay with it. But anyway, uh, she starts snapping out. You know, Harley's like frothing at the mouth. People, the the whole debate is fucked up, and that's when Poison Ivy comes, gives her a smooch, that brings her back to the little pheromone okay. lipstick. Little pheromone well, lipstick, you know, yep. Little, that little, gives uh, it. Fix, fixer upper from Poison Ivy's lips, and uh, now it is time to get your revenge on the scarecrow yeah and even that, that I, just the best because while she's trying to cure harley of the fear toxin with her fucking kiss 
all of the reporters are just snapping shots like, all right, this is all yeah. of the news now. This yep. is the best part of the issue of my and mind. And again, I think this is going to be where Harley uses this or everybody likes it. Look, she, she's open-minded and things like that. But I do – what I liked about it is you did see where Poison Ivy's like, what the fuck's going on? And sees Scarecrow and like you and acts right away very smartly and ver- saves her friend and by kissing her with the pheromone lipstick. And again, I, I think – and I know that – we said and it is poison ivy league where she does have a big problem with poison ivy in this book and i a lot of times i don't get it i i think that this is uh, not this is and it, it's more of the like i know that she thinks that maybe poison ivy's just there as you know arm candy to to harley but I don't see that here. I see her being a very big. She just saved her friend. I would disagree with that in general. I mean, to be honest, they have kind of a complicated relationship. You know what I mean? And it's it's. I wouldn't call it like so tortured that it's uh, you know compelling. I want to read about it forever. No, no, no. But in this book, it's fine. Just like you know, Poison Ivy is her like bedmate or anything like that. I mean, then that's the thing. Usually. Yeah. Usually when Harley calls Poison Ivy, it's when she needs a friend and when she is in trouble or, you know, at least she needs some advice and they are friends. They're, you know, they're best friends. I like it. But yeah. Uh, Yes. But that's about it. It's a very quick issue. That was cool. Yeah. I liked it. That was one problem I had last issue. Remember when they rolled up on the. Chop shop and like yeah. Harley, Ivy didn't use her powers for until like, she needed to, and it was later, when and she should have done it way before. Whatever, whatever, yeah, that whatever. was odd. But here, I even like that it's not just the the classic like all of a sudden vines come out and they start doing things. She has the pheromone lipstick. I like it. I, I thought that that was pretty good. And it, to me, I thought that Ivy was the best part of this whole issue. Uh, and I don't know why anybody would get upset about that, especially this one. But what did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, overall, I really did enjoy it. I wouldn't say I was like elated hopping in my seat, but I liked having one narrative. I, I don't dislike this Harley for Mayor story overall. My biggest gripe with it is that they kind of had a newer artist on it. The first one, Maraca Andalfo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure he or she, and I apologize for not knowing the gender of this person, but uh, a little rough at times. It, it looks like someone that, that might need a little more practice yeah. and that's, yeah. and that's what they they're getting and that's a good thing it uh, it wouldn't it didn't kill the book but it did like kind no, of diminish I, I thought it was okay otherwise I thought, yeah it's really just a middle of the road issue uh, yeah. a solid Harley issue what do we say if you're a Harley fan you'll enjoy it you'll but if you're not yeah. you'll give it a 7.5 out of 10 yeah i i'm going to go a little lower than that i did like the art it's just I really not, like the art. Not a lot happens in this book, and not a lot happens a lot of times. This is where you have Harley, you know, running for mayor, and really from the beginning of this issue till the end, not a lot progresses. Not a lot no. happens at all, though I really like Ivy in here. I do like the effects that happen with Harley. Even I, I actually even liked it where it went continued after, where they even show her, like, her eyeballs are all going over. Like, she is, <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't just her, like, the normal Harley where she'll be like, oh, oh, holy moly, what did I just see? She looks like she's going to die. I mean, this is full out going, and I do like that Poison Ivy jumped in to help that. And like Eric said, they're all clicking, you know, and, and the reporters are there. So it's it's another thing that they're going to have to deal with, which I think is pretty cool. But, yeah, and also that they're now going to go after the Scarecrow as well, which I like him in this book. I, I, I'm sure Eric's going to mention, though you don't get a lot of him yet if he continues on. 
Uh, Scarecrow's a guy that Eric begs to be in the books more oh, often. Yeah, you and never he see is Scarecrow. Not, you anymore. never see yeah. him. And it's cool to see him. And it is a Scarecrow here in a joke book that isn't a joke. I mean, he's yeah. pretty straight to the vest Scarecrow. He, he might this. as well be a goddamn hitman for hire. Yeah, he That's is actually. what he is. I, yeah. I, I, I like the length of time and the giving the attention to Jonathan Crane, too. I know I'm yeah. saying it again, yeah. but. I really appreciate that. When you yeah, do see it's funny he because he pops in, throws his bag of dust around, and that's yeah, about it. this is one yeah. of the better scarecrows that we've seen in a while mm-hmm. in this in this issue, and it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah, because of that though, I I can't go as far. I'm going to go six eight. I did I did really like the art, but again, I said not a lot happens. Uh, from point A to point B to the end, you don't get a lot of progression. But I did like what we got, and I really did like the art. So I could even go as high as a seven, but I'm going to go six eight because of the amount of things happening. Uh, Eric, what do you give it? I have not been into this whole like you know Harley runs for mayor at all kind of thing. I, I don't care about this story, and I did not think much about this issue going in. But because the character interactions were so strong, and everybody just felt really right from all the dialogue and all of, yeah. all the interactions in general, from Scarecrow to Mason to Ivy to Harley, I actually found myself caring more about the characters in the story and had a really good time all the way through. And I really like the art, but like you said, that we still have this whole freaking political story going on where not much happens just leading up to yeah. a debate. But even with that, I had a good time reading this book, and I give yeah. it a 7 out of 10. Nice. So I'm the Very lowest. Nice. When does that happen? And That's it's, a it's uh, you know, ever when Eric is actually above me. I think it has actually me. happened on Harley, though, before. It uh, may have, you never, yeah. You never know. Yeah. Some well, you know? again, you know when it happens when I have a stick up my ass and get upset about fu- <laughs> and I get upset about fucking Hellblazer or one of those books when I, I just you will never be able to convince me any otherwise and I fucking have to be a fucking stubborn bastard and just keep yelling there. shit. So that it does happen, but uh this one uh, I'm glad that we all kind of liked it and I like when Eric actually likes Harley cuz then I so do I, I, think, I really don't care about this book at all and going into the whole fucking mayoral race i'm like i don't give a yeah. shit at all but th- that was secondary to me for this whole issue it was cool. all about the characters themselves and how they interact the with, with one another besides i'm going seven too eric Whoa. shea he has done his own little campaigning and he's right. convinced me to go <laughs> i'm gonna look out is hail bob coming by is eric in his tracksuit ready to go and he wants Why to go on a positive note go. Come he's ready for it ancient chinese secret huh eric you have all this and freaking it's almost like you have the whole deal where eric's and lesbian we get freaking what is it end of days now eric liked a harley book oh my goodness gracious <laughs> and here we go but yeah reggie you don't have any other books do you, you don't even have nope, a, that's it for me Not there wasn't young even a young animals well that nope. that's the the bad thing about it is most of the young animals have pretty thinned out right you, you don't they're, have a full out pretty much dried up i'm gonna i'll tell you right now that we plan to do mother panic number 12 this month okay but as far as far as i know as far as i think that's the last young animal book until December at the yeah. earliest. So at the uh, earliest. And you had even said that we we might even shuffle some books around. We'll we'll figure out because this week you really you have the you know the Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica that we'll be talking about Patreon. I can't really say that you're going to be on that 100 percent till the end. Uh, you know what I mean? You it's may like you issues, may stick right? it out. Yeah, it is, but I'm telling but you. But still. I we, don't we can know. stop talking about it on the podcast, but I'll probably review them. No, all, we'll, you know. we'll probably you know still talk about it. it. 
I'm telling you, in the the badasses, that was the second pick, and it got a lot of votes. That's why we're throwing it in there for them as well, because it did get a lot of votes. So people seem to be either they're interested or they thought they were going to fuck Eric by voting for it and making him talk about it. Because if it was number one, we would have had to have talked with Eric Uh, because it was number two, and we're going to go. And really, it is a number two. You hear that, guys? If you want to make Eric read shit, you you got to hit that. Just yep. that book. Don't do that. Yeah, you got to nope. you got to put that Stop in. That. I actually we, we also thought that maybe they thought and Muttley with Eric if you did yeah. play your cards right. Yeah. Oh, well, God. that actually I think that Jeremy wants to do a audio review of that or me and you probably would have talked about that as well cuz we talked yeah. about the first one, right? Eric never went back to read that. There, there's Absolutely only so not. far Eric will go. And that's he is still busy. And really, I'll tell you, Reggie, I have to give you full kudos before we let you go and before we all go. Uh, You have inspired Eric. You've lit a fire under his ass every Uh time I play. And he either I read it or I play him audio of you saying that you'll take a dump in the middle (laughs) of Quakertown or something else will come up. And now that has become pretty much in your, uh, you know, walk of life. Anytime something happens like, hey, you know what? I'm going to win the lottery. Your response now is, is, yeah, if you win the lottery, Eric Shea's going to have 10 minutes of fucking stop motion. It's because. Yeah, the whole deal. Dead. That's the new hell freezes over. It is. It's Eric the new when minutes. pigs fly. It's yeah. a hell freezes over when pigs fly. When Eric Shea gets ten minutes of stop <laughs> a stop motion animation, Eric is inspired now. He sits there, and I said to him, "We're on break," and I said it again to him, and he's sitting there, and he just looks at me, and I'm like, "That's getting you fired up, isn't it?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah, it's getting me fired." Right, Eric, up. How many how many microseconds do we have so far? Oh, we don't have anything yet. I'm still yeah, building sets. And he's I still, still have building a lot of other things that are going into this whole deal Reggie, that I won't be ready until the end of it, this year. Yeah, still, Reggie, it is in the it's in the staging part right now. Though he did here's the thing, he's thinking ahead and he said his main issue he thinks is he's gonna set this all up and Jess is gonna come in, either Jess or the cat's gonna come in and knock shit over and ruin it because he's gonna <laughs> knock over that camera. It's done. So he oh. is thinking of he said he's so fired up they said, Listen, Reggie's really getting under my skin with this. More I am chilling. now and he's like, Listen, I can't kill Reggie, but what I have to do is he's gonna tell uh, Jess to hit the skids. He's going to break up with Jess, get her the hell out of the apartment so he has it all to himself. That's what he does. He should, he should rent a separate apartment to be his stop yes. motion studio. Oh, That's and I'll, I'll even say, I'm oh, going to throw it out there. I forgot I was a there. Rockefeller. Why don't I just do I, that? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there for the people. I actually planted the seed for Eric today in more ways than one, but one of the seeds that I planted was that he, one of the, the seeds I said, maybe he can get him and have the new podcast at the end of the month. Eric has issues with Jess, and I know Everybody will want to hear that. No, I, I kind of, and he never said no. He did not say no. So we'll see if that'll happen. He was yelling today about how oh she, how she stops up the uh, the drain in the bathtub. So when he steps in, he almost always slips and falls. Because then oh, when she dude. washes out her hair, the freaking all the soap just stays on the bottom of the goddamn tub because it never drains properly. Because no. she's not pulled her fucking hair out of the goddamn dra- drain because she's shedding like drain. a fucking dog. So yeah, I step in the next morning and a I immediately dog. almost slip and fall. He said, she's like, I don't know. I didn't stop it up. And I said, next time you go, who's fucking taking a shower? Sasquatch? What's he showing up at 3 a.m. and taking showers because he better start paying for the water? Fucking Sasquatch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, she Eric, yells at him. You realize that if you die from a slip and fall, that our, our deal is off. You realize yes, that? Yes, that is off. Yes, I do realize <laughs> okay, that. No, I actually. I'll make that clear. Really, you think if he, he won't come and take a shit at his funeral? 
just write on there say this is for <laughs> you buddy I, well, if I do, it'll be it'll be a love shit. It won't Actually, be a, if it, it if won't, he does have a slip and fall and dies, I will make ten minutes of stop motion animation for his funeral. the The problem is you don't understand that each each click is three minutes. So it's there's not going to be a lot of motion. You know, oh, I'll yeah. actually end up <laughs> very bad. Piece of stop oh, I'm telling you, it'll be very you know, it'll be fucking th- ten minutes, but it's actually just four shots. Yeah, it'll be good. actually. You know what'd be great is that you'll be able to use Eric's body for that stop is motion. True. You'll already, you'll oh, already that'd that be awesome. one of the hardest parts will be done. That would be good. I'd have him smoking pants All down. All of a sudden, I'm having one of those old Irish wakes where the body's just sitting in the goddamn no, just living sitting room. Sitting there, there. my stop motion. He's got a cucumber up his ass and he's eating a banana. That's what the whole thing is. End scene. There you go. Nice. I don't uh, think you yes. understand how stop motion works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling just you, making fucked up no, I understand. Porn. I understand fully how it works. That's what I'm getting at. You'll see it. Well, you won't see her. Hey, You'll look, be I'm dead. in motion and he can't stop me now. Yeah, look at him. No, <laughs> nothing's stopping. Yeah. If this if this coffin's a rockin', you don't come a knockin'. Is what I say to them. <laughs> That's what I'm. Saying. You mean stop motion is just me grabbing the back of Eric's head and pushing it back and forth? That uh, that doesn't work. That's no, not that, stop that's, motion. That's that well, I'm thing. telling you, everybody's yelling, "Stop! Stop!" And then there oh, you go. Yeah, stop that motion! Yeah. yeah that's stop that yeah. motion there. The commotion. Yeah, it's it's weekend at Shays is what it is. <laughs> me and you, Reggie, we have Eric's body going around. Somehow we start listening to clips on music. Eric starts dancing. Oh my goodness, this will be I the think, greatest I think Eric movie. would be bad if he was alive. Yeah, yeah, really. Us, us that might be true. Play, it is true. Eric like, said oh, one thing. Inhale and exhale smoke. Yeah, there he goes. That, he life. does that. Eric said the one thing he can't resist in life is the Latin rhythms. He has told me that before, and that's just the case. But we will stop with the nonsense. Like the wallpaper sticks to the wall. Like the sea shark clings to the sea Like you'll never get rid of your shadow Frank, you'll never get rid of me Let all the others fight and fuss Whatever happens We've got Closer than pages that stick in a book We're closer than ripples that play in a brook Wherever you find him, you find me just look Closer than a miser or the bloodhound still lies me We're closer than smog when it clings to L.A. We're closer than Bobby is to JFK We stick together like glue And when it's a sleeping time That's when we rise We start to swing Swing to the sky Our clocks don't chime What a surprise They ring A ding ding A happy new year And now to repeat what I said and at the start They'll need a large crowbar to break us apart Hello, good evening, and welcome to Crossover Corner. I'm your host, Jeremy Dore, 
and uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, The Shadow and Batman Issue 1 from Dynamite and DC. And we're also going to be having a quick look at Dastardly and Motley Issue 2. Uh, so perhaps we should be calling Crossover Corner, Crossover and Cartoon Corner. Mm, we shall see. I've got to be honest with you, uh, this Shadow and Batman uh, comic uh, really took me by surprise uh, in the sense that I was not expecting it to be released quite so quickly after the ending of uh, the Batman Shadow uh, series, uh, which uh, only ended last week. And uh, if you remember, I kind of uh, spoke about it last week on the uh, on the podcast. Here we are again uh, with these two characters. Uh, different setup this time around. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, and of course, a slight, well, actually quite a different creative team. Uh, the only continuity between uh, the two series uh, is, of course, our man Steve Orlando. And um, instead of just being responsible for scripting, uh, as he was in the Batman Shadow series, he's now responsible for the entirety of the writing. Uh, so that's that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. On art, instead of Riley Rossmo, you've got Giovanni Tampano. Uh, let me see if I've actually <laughs> actually pronounced that correctly, which I may well not have done. Uh, yep, yeah, Giovanni Tampano. He is uh, an artist that I am not at all familiar with. My understanding is that he's done some work uh, for IDW on their Transformers titles, and he's done some other stuff uh, for indie publishers as well. Uh, I don't I don't know too much about him, um, but obviously all I've got to go on really is this issue, so we'll 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 uh, bear that in mind. We'll start with the opening paragraph uh, from the review on the site, uh, which I only finished today. Actually, I'll be absolutely honest with you, I found this a hard issue to review, and I'm going to try and get through it as quickly as I can because, to be absolutely honest with you, I do not want to spend any more time thinking about this issue than I really have to um, and you'll understand why in a minute uh, this is the this is how the review starts I must admit this took me by surprise after all it was only last week that the last issue of the first miniseries featuring Batman and the Shadow came out and now here we are and there's a new title to consider this one has a title that puts the shadow first though and unlike the previous series it's set in New York City which is the shadow's stomping ground as opposed to Gotham. There's no Scott Snyder this time around, with Steve Orlando assuming full responsibility for the writing. Gone to is Riley Rossmo's artwork. Artist for this set of issues is Giovanni Timpano, whose style isn't quite so distinctive. The last series finished with Batman and the Shadow having somewhat uneasily worked together to save Shambhala, although the cost of its salvation was its place in our reality. While the differences between them haven't been properly reconciled, the two vigilantes had at least managed to come to a working agreement. The stage seemed to have been set for their relationship to develop and change. Let's see if that's what we get here. Uh, the answer to that is no. No, that isn't what we get here, because to be absolutely honest with you, uh, the two characters don't meet. Uh, or, well, maybe they do, but, but they don't meet properly in this issue. What we do get is we get uh, Professor Pig. Now, I'm, I'm a big fan of Professor Pig. I say a big fan. Um, I like him. I like his uh, his MO. I like the way he goes about things. I like him as a, as a foil to Batman. 
he's he's kind of um, he's on the sort of the more insane end of uh, the spectrum for Batman villains. And I, I kind of like that. To be fair, the art here is is actually pretty good. Um, basically, it seems like like Pig is doing something in New York City. Uh, he's on a stage. Um, his dollatrons are trying to put sort of masks on uh, people to bring them under Pig's control. Pig is is kind of uh, a bit exercised about the fact that somebody has brought his his creations back to life. It's not him. Somebody else has done it, and um, he's not happy about that. He he wants to regain control over over their over the Dollatrons. It's that is okay. That that has the potential to be quite an interesting idea. Um, it, it, it's it's just a little bit confusing to start off an issue with something like that. Um, it would perhaps be a little bit better to to have um, you know a villain kind of doing something that, that that's sort of a, a bit easier to grasp, if you like. Uh, because all of this is is kind of conveyed through dialogue, and uh, those of you who have been following the podcast for any amount of time, uh, or indeed uh, have been um, sort of listening to to me chatter on about um, uh, the the first series of Batman and the Shadow, will know that uh, Steve Orlando's dialogue sometimes is not the best, and the, the problem we've got here is is that. Uh, Professor Pig is a melodramatic kind of theatrical villain, and that is actually the style and the tone uh, that Orlando adopts as a matter of course, usually. So you've got sort of, uh, I suppose you could say Orlando's playing to his strengths. The problem is, is the dialogue does not communicate plot particularly well. Um, it communicates that, that that Pig is kind of up himself and and is is a is a bit insane but it doesn't really do uh, do much in terms of helping you understand what's going on if that makes sense there's there's a nice bit where sort of batman makes an entrance um over a double page spread and, and i've got to be honest with you that that does look pretty cool and it also looks cool when damien uh, appears now this is really interesting because of course in the first series uh batman was kind of on his own and uh that that kind of you know he 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 and the shadow worked together. Alfred was kind of involved uh, to a certain extent, but you know he he didn't work with a partner. Um, but Orlando's throwing throwing Damien into the mix here, which is kind of nice. I, I I'm not a I'm not as big a Damien fan as say Jim is. I, I know Jim's a massive Damien fan. Um, I like him as a character. I just haven't read much uh, much with him in it. Um, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but his dialogue sounds quite off to me. I had, had a conversation with Simon uh, on the uh, on the Slack chat uh, about this, and he'd actually read he'd read the issue as well. Um, okay, he he makes this Damien makes his entrance with this. I don't like it any more than you do. So he insists on this type of thing, no matter how often I threaten retribution. Is that a Damien thing to say? I just don't know. I, I it, it's, it's kind of. I know. See, Damien is. I know, I know Damien is arrogant. Damien is. It can be a dick. I get. I get all that. I, I'm not convinced that 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 automatically makes him pompous. 
and and that's how he comes across here. You, you can you can be arrogant and you can be a dick without being pompous about it. Don't get me wrong. If you are being pompous, then you are being a dick. But you don't have to be pompous to be a dick. Does that make sense? It's late. All right. And this dialogue is driving me mad. Right. Okay. He, basically, they, they dispose of, of Pig. They, they, they take him out. Uh, again, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, this is one of the problems with, with getting review copies actually is that, uh, you don't really get the full effect of the double page spreads, but a lot of this stuff is, is happening across double page spreads. And I would imagine it does look pretty nice actually. Um, so basically, uh, pig kind of is defeated and he basically says, look, Somebody's been messing with my stuff, messing with my creations and what have you. Uh, I'm not very happy about it. It's the Silent Seven. And he mentions this group, the Silent Seven. First time we've ever heard of them. Uh, first time Batman's ever heard of them. Uh, and of course, Batman kind of decides to follow that up. Uh, before we see him do that, uh, we get a very nice little... I mean, it is nice, actually. It's nicely done, beautifully drawn, actually. Um a, a nice page of uh, the shadow uh, kind of uh, attending Margot Lane's graveside after her funeral. And uh, it, it's beautifully done. It's, it's uh, four uh, uh, page-wide panels, um, one below the other, and the, the, the focus gets closer and closer and closer in on the coffin until at the end you get the shadow's silhouette falling across the, calf, the coffin uh, you don't see him. You just see a kind of uh, a, a, a sort of ribbon of his kind of scarf, his red scarf, and you you see his dialogue, Margot, and that's it. I, I I really like. I thought you know, as as a piece of kind of storytelling, that's really nice. It's really nice and elegant and subtle and beautiful and a bit poignant, to be fair. Um, so yeah, I I quite like that. Um, then we go to an interesting, interesting scene, actually. I, I, I said in the review, I, I'm tempted to say that this is the best scene in the book. Um, Pig is stuck in a holding cell. Uh, he's been arrested. Uh, the, oh, the action takes place in New York City. I think I mentioned that. Uh, and so he's been arrested and he's in a holding cell with two uh, New York cops kind of looking after him. Uh, and there's a little bit of kind of back and forth between the, the, the cops it, it, and, and and Pig. It, it's kind of entertaining enough. It, it, it's not amazing, but it's it's okay. Um, and then um, it looks like kind of time stands still. And from behind Pig, and this is actually pretty cool, actually, I will, I will say this. From behind Pig, bearing in mind Pig's in a big kind of holding cell, uh, comes the Shadow's voice. And uh, you see him, it, it's really quite nicely done in the, in the book. You kind of see him suddenly stand up and kind of loom over uh, Pig, kind of coming out of the shadows. I mean, I, like I said, Orlando does kind of portentous and pompous as a matter of course. He has, and, and a lot of the time when... Uh, when he does that, it's it's not entirely appropriate. So so you end up with with characters who kind of should be talking to one another in a much more um, sort of um, urbane or familiar manner. Kind of they they talk to one another in this kind of melodramatic way, 
which usually is is not great. Here, though, it works. So when when the shadow kind of looms over Pig and says the shadow will speak with you, I that I kind of like that. I'll be absolutely honest with you. It kind of sends a little bit of a shiver of of anticipation down my spine. That there's something really quite quite good about that. And then we have this this kind of dialogue and and. It, it, it's kind of cool, actually. Your shadow kind of roughs Pig up a bit. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't mind that. Um, and he kind of wants to know why why Pig's in New York. And basically, Pig kind of says, "Look, something's been kind of. I I, I found something out. That, that that's essentially what Pig says. Um, and he kind of says, you know." Um, I found a. I, it, it basically, what it, what he seems to be saying is 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 that the the dollatrons uh, have been modified in some way, and whoever's modified them has left a message in some way, and it's never properly explained. But in some way, there's a message uh, for the shadow that Pig has kind of memorized and is now passing on to the shadow he's kind of he's kind of putting it at the forefront of his mind so the shadow can read his mind and and see it there and the shadow is kind of freaked out by whatever it is that's that's in his that uh pig has seen in this you know in this message it, it, it's freaked uh the shadow out um and so he kind of he kind of backs off and then disappears into the shadow and again visually that's done really well the the the, the problem is is just that the dialogue is kind of i i just don't know that orlando knows how to write mysteries well um in in the in the sense of kind of give you give the reader enough of a tease to kind of be interested in what in what is happening and to do that, you actually have to be kind of clear. You you have to know exactly how much you're going to give away. You have to know um, exactly what you're holding back. And Orlando doesn't quite do that. He 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 tends to um, sort of have his characters kind of blurt things out, but they're, but but they're very kind of opaque and they're very um, they're very ambiguous. They're they're very they're very vague, and um, it, it it it's it's not it doesn't have the the effect that I think he wants is to make you kind of intrigued and and want to know what's going on. It it often though it, it's more frustrating than anything else, and there's a, there's a little bit of that here with this dialogue. Although I will be honest, there's worse to come. Speaking of which, uh, we then move to Batman uh, as Bruce Wayne having a chat with Alfred. Uh, this is just a sim a simple page. It's it's kind of nice, except I mean I'll be absolutely honest with you. If you are a Batman and Damien fan, you may hate this. Actually, I don't know because you got Batman kind of in, in you got Bruce Wayne in in uh, Wayne Manor, kind of looking at an empty room that would have been apparently, would have been uh, Damien's room. Uh, Damien, of course, at this point has moved out. Uh, we see him later on. He's in New York City uh, in an old Teen Titans safe house. Um, with that, that's kind of weird, actually, that, that, that 
the Titans get a call out in 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 this series. It, it feels a bit odd actually, but anyway, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, so he's having this kind of conversation with Alfred, and and basically he's trying in a, in a kind of slightly kind of emotionally constipated way. Uh, to say that he kind of would quite like Damien to still be living at the mansion. I think, you know, that's what he's trying to trying to get at. Uh, but this being Bruce, uh, he doesn't actually say that. <laughs> uh, dear, because it's Bruce. Uh, and so he has this kind of conversation with Alfred. And then the final panel is Alfred on his own, as Bruce has just walked past him and left him alone. And his last uh, four lines, uh, four words of dialogue are... Uh, represented by a shadow speech bubble so the, the 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 implication is that this is actually the shadow that 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 bruce has been talking to now this is something that that, that they kind of played around with in the last series this idea that um the shadow has been using sort of a, a variety of, of of kind of personalities and uh people that, that that bruce knows both knows very well or perhaps less well uh to help guide him uh to become uh a shadow replacement that was that was part of the the whole deal <coughs> excuse me that was part of the whole deal in the previous uh series so now you've got this kind of callback to that and this is alfred in Wayne, in Wayne Manor, okay, actually in Wayne Manor. So, so the, here's the thing. I said this in my review. That there's a couple of possibilities here. One is that that is just the shadow impersonating Alfred. If that is true, then where's the real Alfred? Uh, when Bruce speaks next to the real Alfred, if he refers to this conversation, because they've had quite a long conversation at this point, and Alfred just goes, what the hell are you talking about? Or words to that effect. Then surely Bruce will kind of know, you know that, that something's not right. Or is he, is the shadow in some way possessing Bruce? Is, is this kind of a, you know, some mystical kind of mumbo jumbo that's, 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 that's going on here? Um, I don't know. The, 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 the problem is, is I'd quite like to know. Uh, and nobody's going to tell me, are they? Because that's the way this works. Uh, then you get uh, a double-page spread uh, of the back cave. I am going to be honest with you; it looks pretty damn good here. Uh, Timpano's artwork is is pretty good here. You get like racks, and, and I've, I've seen this before actually, but but it, it does look good here. Sort of racks of uh, the various Batmobiles kind of uh hanging down from the ceiling well that, that's that's pretty awesome uh anyway th th this bit's both interesting and also a bit a bit pants uh bruce is uh as batman uh sort of in trying to investigate this this silent seven right um so so he's he's kind of narrowed it down to the to to sort of a, a few newspaper articles that he's looking at. Uh, what's interesting about this is they're all from sort of like the 30s and 40s, and they are newspaper articles that are featuring they're featuring sort of old golden age uh, heroes who are now dynamite property. So uh, Miss Fury's the the Black Terror is the the Death Defying Devil is the all of whom have kind of featured. I I, uh, I think. 
I'm right in saying that the Black Terror and Death Defying Devil are both were both part of the Project Superpowers line uh, from a few years back. Miss Fury, I know, has had a couple of series in it with Dynamite. So, so he's so there's kind of that sense of right. He's now kind of in the Dynamite world. He's not in the Dynamite universe, which is which is kind of um, uh, which is kind of interesting. A anyway, it turns out he he works out that the Silent Seven. Are, are this kind of group who haven't been active for a long time, but they've suddenly become active now, he surmises. Uh, their leader was, and this, this is kind of where I'm like, oh dear. Their leader was Moriarty. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, the guy who, uh, of course, was uh, Sherlock Holmes's uh, arch-villain. Sherlock Holmes, of course, uh, certainly was a dynamite property for a while. They had the license for Sherlock Holmes. I'm assuming they've still got it, actually. I, I don't know what they've done with it recently. But I know, I know a couple of, a few years ago, they had uh, a few Sherlock Holmes series coming out. Batman doesn't know who Moriarty is. Not heard of him. I have kind of one or two issues with that, really. Um, I have issues with, with quite a bit of this, really. It, it, a lot of it is like, he says things like, the Silent Seven, something moving in the dark, an invisible hand. Would you know you were living in a cipher if you didn't have the keyword? What does that mean? I don't know. On the one hand, it kind of, it sounds quite sort of clever and portentous, but when you actually think about it, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I, I guess he's, he's kind of trying to say, look, you know, there's this sort of hidden mystery, you know, uh, beneath the surface of, of reality or, or whatever, you know, there's people, there's a, there's a group out there that he needs to kind of deal with. It's just a, it's just a typically kind of Orlando-esque way of, of kind of getting that across. Uh, which is not very good, really. Anyway, then we move to um, Robert. Uh, Damien is in his hideout, and he gets visited by Batman. Or does he? Uh, you see, everything is weird in this, and and, and this is this is the final um, part of the, the the comic book. Batman kind of there's a Batman that that turns up. The the thing is, they kind of give the game away straight away because he's speaking in white on black word bubbles, and you know which which is which is like a big massive kind of giveaway that this isn't really Batman, um, and indeed it turns out to be um, some kind of Dolotron some kind of sort of artificial um, or sort of or possibly controlled uh, human being that is, that is being controlled in some way. It, it, it's it's kind of weird. The, the, the problem is, right, okay, you, you get that, that first speech bubble from, from Batman uh, and then one, two, three... Four pages later, you get the end of the issue. So, so the, the the whole the whole sequence from when you see Damien uh, in his hideout to the end is six pages. That's at least one, probably two pages too long. And the reason I say that is because the, there's just so much 
bad dialogue in, the, in these six pages. Uh, well, it's five, actually, because the, the first page doesn't have very much dialogue in it at all. Um, it's just not very good. It, 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 Damien is, is uh, again, Damien is being a bit of a dick. He's disrespectful to this Batman, but then it's pretty obvious that this Batman isn't the real Batman, so we kind of don't mind that. Um, he speaks again in this kind of kind of overly sort of portentous kind of melodramatic way uh, that I think we probably just should just call the Orlando way from now on. And the, the problem is, is that the end is he gives, uh, he's slipped, sorry, a, a bat grenade uh, onto this fake Batman. And the last thing we see is an explosion. We don't actually see what gets blown up. We don't see it, okay? We, it, it happens off panel. What, what we do see is uh, is Damien kind of shielding himself with his with his cape from the blast. Uh, the last thing we we've heard from the uh, this Batman uh, is uh, what no, and then it, and then the, the grenade that he's holding blows up. The, the problem with this, and I, I, I'm trying just to kind of explain this because it it, it does really, um, it's just it just. It, let me explain why this doesn't work. <laughs> Is that okay? It doesn't work because we already know that the Batman who's just been blown up, we think he, he may not have been, but we think that he has been blown up, is not the real Batman. We already know that uh, Damien has figured that out. So there's no tension here at all. What, what you've got is you've got a character who we quite sympathise with, which is Damien, dealing with something that looks like his dad, but almost certainly isn't. Uh, getting the upper hand, working first of all, working out that it's not his dad, and secondly, getting the upper hand uh, against him blowing him up and that's how the issue ends and and uh, are we meant to kind of go oh you know that uh, oh, what's going to happen well no because he's the, the hero has just done what he's meant to do hasn't he he's he's blown up somebody pretending to be his dad is is, is that suspenseful is that dramatic no not really just the fact that it has an explosion at the end doesn't automatically make it dramatic. I mean, it's a nice explosion, what we see of it. It's nice lettering. Fantastic. To, to end an issue on that? All right, look, I gave this 6 out of 10. L let me explain why. Uh, the art is pretty good. Um, there are times it, it's a bit... It's, okay, I'll be absolutely honest with you. Bruce Wayne's face... Um, which shouldn't be that difficult to draw, really. It just doesn't seem... It doesn't really work particularly well for me, the way he draws Bruce Wayne. Fortunately, that, that's not a major consideration because um, Batman keeps his cowl on for most of the issue. There are a couple of, of, uh, of images that are absolutely outstanding. Um, there's a, a, an image of Batman after he's kind of worked out what he needs to do next, he puts his cowl on and, and it, it just looks great. It's a great Batman uh, 
pose, great Batman image. Uh, so the art's okay. Uh, sometimes it, it, it's a bit iffy, but most of the time it's fine. The script is... <laughs> the script is the script. The script is, is Orlando. That's what the script is. Um, it works at times. At others, it doesn't. It's 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 all a little bit murky. It's all a little bit muddy. Uh, I w wish that things were made a bit clearer. I, I am. I'd like to think that I'm not a complete idiot, uh, and that I can work things out for myself. I'll be absolutely honest with you. Some, so I, I am not the sharpest tool in the box when it when it comes to uh, to being one step ahead of writers. I'm not. Um, I, I'm really not. But but I, but I can put things together. I can follow follow plot lines reasonably well. This was and I said this in the review. This was a chore to read at times, simply because the dialogue is is and look, it, it's not awful, right? But it just, in fact, in some respects, it's worse than than just being awful. It's just off. It 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 kind of jars. It takes you out of the story. It it it, it makes you feel um like the characters are kind of wooden and you don't want the characters to be wooden you want them, you want them to, to have life you want them to have kind of energy and and the dialogue kind of um takes that away a bit so yeah six out of ten i mean you know look it, it, as an opening issue it ain't bad uh, there is some kind of interesting ideas there uh, some ideas i i, I want to see followed through i i'm kind of really interested in the whole kind of issue of uh, the dynamite universe being being something that Batman can can, can now kind of actively explore. I kind of like that. Um, the whole Silent Seven, how it ties in with Sherlock Holmes, James Moriarty, all that kind of stuff. That's good too. I just want a little bit more fluency. I guess is is what I'm after. And I do think that ending is uh, nowhere near as uh, as powerful or as interesting as the writer would like us to think it is so there we go uh, that's me done uh, for this we're going to have a, <laughs> a short musical interlude and then we'll talk uh, a lot more briefly about dastardly and mutley issue two see you then that brings back childhood memories uh, I did used to enjoy that cartoon as a kid um, I used to like uh, the wacky races as well uh, so imagine my horror when I saw uh, what they did with it in wacky Raceland. anyway moving swiftly on um, definitely and Mutley I don't know whether you caught my review uh, on the website of, uh, of issue one issue one was a lot of fun uh, and, and I think basically what you've got here is you've got a 
uh, a situation where so Garth Ennis is having uh, just a lot of fun with these two characters. Uh, the setup is that you've got a kind of a kind of realistic sort of dastardly and muttly to begin with, and then very quickly things get sort of cartoonified as the uh, story goes on, and um, that seems to be the way the way we're heading. Um, issue two, uh, I would say, is a little bit less satisfying than issue one, only because really. It seems to be getting just a little bit bogged down. Um, there's, there's kind of the, the the basic sort of relationship with between Dastardly and Muttley is the one thing really that that's keeping the the the, the story going, uh, and the fact that they're on the run, um, that they're having sort of, you know, they 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 spend some time at a uh, a beer halle in uh, in Germany uh, because that's where their their base is. They're on the run from the base. Um, they they kind of hole up in this beer haller. They have a bit of a conversation about what's going on. The, the, there's there's probably just a little bit too much of that. Uh, uh, sort of trying to them trying to work out what's going on. Them trying to work out a plan of action. Uh, they decide to uh, bearing in mind they've escaped from a secure sort of hospital. They they decide to phone a superior officer who they think owes them a favor and in fact you actually kind of see that there's some kind of uh sexual misdemeanor that this general had been involved in and um they they kind of sort of stepped in and rescued him at some point in the past and, and kind of saved him from uh, disgrace or whatever and now he, he owes them uh, but the problem is is that he's the one who's in charge of uh, and has been charged I should say with with kind of getting rid of them uh, because they're kind of an embarrassment they 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 know too much about what Warpig won which is this drone thereafter uh, has been doing so uh, it, it, it's kind of it, it's a fun issue um, it's just not as fun as the first issue and it is as I said from a pacing point of view it just feels like it's slowing down a bit um I gave this 7.6 on the site I I, I enjoyed it I, I must say I think Morissette's artwork is absolutely fantastic um you've got uh, he's very good uh, at uh, facial expressions, and I think for for a comedic series like this, um, that's exactly what you want. And his 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 artwork is um, it is really clear. Um, it's uh, it's very inventive. It's very creative. Uh, there's a nice bit where um, uh, a soldier is kind of looking. Uh, basically, the, the the whole kind of um, the cartoonification uh, of, of this kind of, of world that they're in um, is is kind of presented in interesting ways. So so you see so you get uh, a moment where um, some soldiers get shot um, with like a, a loud halo, cartoon loud halo sort of bazooka, which leaves a big hole through them, you know, and and. Uh, there, there's there's a there's one nice image where where sort of uh, dastardly and Muttley are kind of getting away, uh, and sort of behind them uh, this soldier that's been that's been shot with like a 
uh, and then now has like a big hole through his torso is is kind of sticking his hand through through this hole in his body it is it is quite funny the, 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 there are some some great kind of visual gags um in in this series and it is a lot of fun and i and i, I would certainly recommend it i i i think it's it's an awful lot of fun i think ennis is a his his comic timing is is fantastic i, I just think it, in terms of the the story just the the pace of it is just a little bit uh it's just a little bit ponderous at times if that makes sense uh anyway um it, it it's worth checking out dastardly and Mutley. Uh, issue two um and if you haven't picked up issue one i would certainly recommend that it, it is fun it does yeah it, it's it, it, it's just a fun fun comic book basically uh, uh, so uh f- from dc comics um uh, at the cost of three dollars 99 cents uh garth ennis on uh on script uh alan, i think it's alan morissette he's a belgian um Belgian artist uh, he's on art and uh, yeah it's uh, it's worth checking out and um, you'll have a lot of fun with it and uh, comics are meant to be fun sometimes we, we forget that I think at times uh, comics are meant to be fun they're meant to be sort of disposable but lovable and they're the kind of thing they're the kind of things that you know you read the, a good comic is one that you read and you kind of remember it fondly um, because uh, it made you laugh, it made you smile, it it got to you in some way. And uh, I, on on that basis, I would recommend the Dastardly and Mutley series. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, I will uh, leave you now and uh, send you back to the guys in this in the. I keep on saying the guys in the studio. Uh, can we dignify uh, Jim's setup at home with with the word studio? Oh well, let's do it anyway. I'll send you back to uh, Jim and Eric. Uh, in the studio and uh i'll speak to you in fact actually i will speak to you next week because uh whilst all miss you eight is is coming out uh next week so that is going to be exciting as well so it's uh, it's all happening oh yeah i'll uh, speak to you later guys take care bye bye What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's installment of Vermilion's Visions. Uh, Coming to you guys this week, I'm going to be bringing Seven to Eternity, Volume 1 from Image Comics. Uh, It's the first four issues. It's written by uh, Rick Remender, art by Jerome Opinia. Opinia? Yeah, we're going to go with Opinia. Um, So, this is my first, I believe my first time reading a Rick Remender book um, that I can think of, but I knew coming into this, you know, how much everyone seems to love Rick Remender, especially his his image stuff and his his, uh, creator-owned stuff, so I was really excited going into this, you know, I like fantasy stories, things like that, so I was really, really hyped to get into this one and read this one, um... So just to jump right into it, I guess the uh, the first issue and actually all four for that matter, um, it opens with an excerpt from the journal of Adam Ositis, who is um, our main character here, and it explains just a little tiny bit of the backstory, but not 
really. Um, that's actually going to be a common theme going on throughout this book. It'll say things and throw names and story points out there, but it won't actually really explain anything. I'm going to do my best to give you guys somewhat of an idea of what's going on here. Um, but I honestly don't know a whole lot about this world or what is happening. I'll try my best, but don't expect a whole lot from me here, just because, like I said, it doesn't really give a lot to go on based on backstory. But uh, So I already said that Adam Ositis is our main character here, but there's also the ruler of Zal, and Zal is this world spelled Z-H-A-L, um, and the ruler is the god of whispers. Uh, but the Ositis family, they call him the Mud King. Uh, so when the Mud King was rising to power, he was enticing everyone with these quote-unquote whispers and basically turning them into his slaves in exchange for giving them something that they truly want in return. Uh, but Zebediah Ositis refused to hear his offer um, and fled to the faraway mountains outside of the Mud King's influence. Uh, so, si so since then, a war between the Mud King's forces and the Mozaks has been waged. Uh, Mozaks seem to essentially be like Marvel's mutants. Uh, they have different powers that can, you know, they can completely change how you look or not change how you look at all. Uh, they can have amazing powers or powers that aren't really too useful. Uh, just depends on the Mozak. Uh, but since Zebediah retreated, the Ositis family has been made out to be traitors, uh, cowards, weaklings by their fellow Mozaks. But they they seem to pay it no mind, and they've settled down and formed a little farming family. Uh, Zebediah had two kids, Adam and Peter. Uh, but Adam's mom and Pete have both died. Uh, but Adam has found a wife of his own named Naval, and they had a daughter named Katie and a son named James. So the main thing that Zebediah has tried to instill in his family uh, ever since they got away is to never, ever listen to the Mud King's offer. Like, ever. Do not compromise or bend to his will. Just don't listen to what he has to say and get sucked in. Uh, so now, finally, getting into the first issue. Um, this is probably actually going to go pretty quick on the first issue. Uh, it opens up with Adam and Katie hunting in the woods outside of their home. Katie has a shot lined up, but Adam has a coughing fit and throws off her shot. So come to find out that Adam is sick and dying, but he doesn't really want his family to know how bad it is. He said it's spread from his guts to his chest, so it's it, it's pretty bad, but he doesn't want to show that. Uh, so while they're on their hunt, Zeb raises the alarm uh, back at the back at the home over an in, over an incoming storm. Naval is at first she's confused, like why are you Sounding the alarm, it's just a storm, but it uh, quickly becomes apparent that uh, this isn't a normal storm. Uh, the Mud King has finally sent an attack out on the Asidus family. Uh, so lightning strikes and burns the barn and the house, you know, sets them on fire right in front of the family's eyes. Zeb tells everyone to go down in the bunker um, where they're safe and tells Adam to get his hammer and nails but we don't really know what that means at this point in the book. Um, you sort of find out later that it has to do with Adam's Mozak power, but it doesn't, still doesn't really explain it very well. Uh, but at this point, he just says, you know, get your hammer, get your nails. Uh, so Zeb talks to the Great Father and asks him for help in this battle. Um, and when he does this, his eyes light up blue, and a larger blue eye forms above his head. 
this blue eye speaks to him and gives him two blue energy swords um, that actually look pretty wicked. Um, but you're just kind of left to assume that this is his Mozak power, even though at, at this point in the book, Mozaks still haven't really been explained, but you're just left to assume that that's his power to talk to this eye and use this eye to help him out. Um, so now we see who is here to take on the family, and it turns out to be the Mud King's son, uh, called the Piper. Uh, the Piper's this tall, scrawny, demon-looking dude, dressed in red with a, with a helmet over his entire face. Um, he plays this flute that causes mud dogs to rise up out of the ground and attack, um, and while he's fighting, there are, there are little red spectral demons flying around, talking to Zeb, you know, telling him, you know, you're, you're not good enough, you're not going to win, you need to hear his offer, he can he can help you, he can save your family. And they're just like these little red demon things that are flying around. Uh, so Deba, Zebediah does his damnedest to fight off the Piper, uh, but eventually the Piper causes the ground to open up um, and kind of swallows Zeb in mud, suffocating him underneath the earth with only his hand actually sticking up through the ground. So after this, the piper looks right at Adam and tells him to come hear the Mud King's offer. Uh, and then he, the piper takes off and he leaves. Um, and the next section of this first issue is all about Adam doing just that. He loads up this horse-ox hybrid-looking thing grabs his nails, and takes off to either listen to the offer or kill the Mud King. Uh, when he gets there, all of the surrounding Mozaks, you know, they berate him, calling him a pig and a traitor and saying that the family abandoned everyone else. Adam doesn't really pay too much attention to them, though, and just kind of walks by and doesn't even react when one of them gets killed. Um, the issue ends, actually, with our first image of the Mud King as Adam walks in and the Mud King says to him, Will you hear my offer? Uh, so yeah, that's the first issue. Um, the rest of the book pretty much follows Adam as he takes on the Mud King. I'll spoil, you know, one more thing from the rest of it here. Uh, he does indeed listen to the Mud King's offer, uh, but he doesn't accept it and instead decides that he wants to destroy the Mud King. Um, but that's really all there is to the rest of the book. It's just about him taking on the Mud King. Um, there's a lot more characters and concepts introduced, but I... To be perfectly honest, I can't really explain them here because it's all very confusing. Um, this is one of the most dense, packed full stories I've ever read. Um, but that would be okay if some of it was explained. Now, I don't know if things get explained, you know, later on in the series as this is only the first four. Um, but I know that Rick Remender and, and this book seem to be universally loved. Um, but this just isn't something I could get into. Uh, and I'm I'm someone that loves fantasy stories, and I don't mind being confused with a story as long as there's something to hook me and things are explained, you know, at least at least somewhat explained. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd have to give this book a 6 out of 10. I guess this, this isn't just isn't for me. I have no idea why this even came out as a trade because these first four issues don't even seem to be a complete arc in my mind. You know, there's a beginning, and there's a lot of middle, but it just seems to kind of end in the middle without a clear ending or a hook to keep me reading. Um, it seems like, I now, like I said, I haven't read further. I don't know what issues 5 and 6 entail, but it seems like uh, this book would have benefited from having a couple more issues in this first trade, maybe with 
more explanation of what's going on or just a little bit more story um, to keep me interested in it. Um, and I just, I still have so many damn questions that would have been easy to explain. I mean, every issue opens up with, with two pages of this journal from Adam, but I still don't know what's happening. Like, what exactly are Mozaks? Is the Mud King a Mozak that took, that, that just took over, or is he something else? Uh, how does he take control of these people? And what the fuck are these fucking whispers that everybody talks so much about? I just, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't tell me. I, I'm just left with too many questions and not enough reasons to want to keep reading to give this a good score. And now I know that six isn't necessarily a bad score, uh, but it's not great. But almost all of that is from the art. Uh, Jeremy Opinion's art and Matt Hollingsworth colors are absolutely fantastic. The only, the only issue I even had with the art is that there wasn't a big enough change when it comes to a flashback. It took me four pages to even realize that it was a flashback because there weren't any, really any indicators in the art to be able to tell that just by looking at it. Uh, but despite that, you know, it this book looks beautiful. Like, there are plenty of, you know, spread pages just or just big splash pages where looking at it, you're like, that's something that probably got signed a lot by Jer- Jeremy or Jerome Opinia. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, the art just isn't enough to make me love it. And I actually kind of like the last issue of the book, but only because it sets up some cool stuff to come later. I think this world has a ton of potential, but this book just didn't live up to my expectations whatsoever. If you're someone that doesn't mind, you know, not knowing things that are going on for sure and don't need... Don't need all that backstory to like a book. You might you might get some enjoyment out of this, but that's just not me. I want to know what's going on so I can understand the story and be able to guess for myself what's going to come next. Uh, but you know, like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this book is absolutely terrible because some people might like it. I just don't. Um, it's super dense. It doesn't explain anything. If it wasn't for the great art and the cool setting and this cool world. I, you know, me personally, I would be at like a three, but as it stands, you know, with, with how great that art is and, you know, just the potential of everything, I, I have to go with a six out of 10. Uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end here. You know, wasn't my favorite thing that I've ever reviewed for this, but it wasn't my least favorite book that I've ever read either. You know, like I said, some people might be able to get something out of this. Uh, not really sure what I'm going to be bringing you guys next week. I know, uh, people are talking a lot on Twitter about this Dick's book, so I might have to give that a try, see what that's all about. Um, but, you know, I'll figure it out sometime this week, and I'll be back next week to give you guys another one. Uh, so thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, shout out to the Weird Science guys. Go support them on Patreon. Love the Patreon content this week. Um, it's been great. These past couple weeks has re- been really, really good. Been loving all the Patreon shows and stuff, so you guys seriously go check them out it's awesome you're you'll definitely be getting your money's worth um but that brings us to the end here so i'm gonna send it on back to jim and eric thanks guys So when I'm talking to my wife, wife. and shaming people who are lame, 
We're back. All right. <laughs> That's a little remix. Uh, this is mail section number five, and it is a short one. It's Chisanga all by his lonesome. And Chisanga says, hello, everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Zoopity zippity zoop. First off, the reveal was bullshit, like I said in the last email. If we were supposed to be shocked by Joker stopping Batman in some vain attempt to make a reference to some other Batman work, then King failed. This is why I'm starting to think I missed a other email. From Chisanga, but maybe he was saying last week. I went through the mail a couple times, so if I did miss one, Chisanga, I'm very sorry. This was a waste of four months. Maybe we just don't remember it. Maybe not. You've been served. Maybe this, or this was a waste of four months in Batman with the worst pillow talk ever to Selina, who was fucking there in Gotham during the so-called war. I also agree with you guys that James Bonney seriously needs to be given a book at DC. I know. Which book would you want him to take over the most? My pick – here's the thing. Jasanga, he's dropping in on us because <laughs> I was talking to you earlier this week, and I said this exact thing is what I think. It's a perfect book for him, and this was before I got Jasanga's mail. He says his pick would be JLA, and that's what I said to you. I was just sitting there thinking. I'm like doing the work, and I'm like, you know what? He'd be awesome on JLA. I really do think he'd be awesome, and maybe that will happen. I, I, I even see think James Bonney on Green Arrow. Uh, that would be pretty good too. I think even like a book like a uh, a Supergirl, something like that, or if they have a Catwoman book, or Suicide hell? Squad. Yeah, you, you have to. He really, uh, he is a very action-oriented writer. He really Can likes to write things. Can you imagine how cool it would be if Green Arrow became an action-oriented series? Well, that's what it should be. Felt right, though. Yeah, and I you would say ho- that this whole you know hard-traveling hero was action-oriented, but it no! was bullshit. It was bullshit. And I, I'll tell you, if he gets announced on JLA, if he gets announced on Green Arrow, I'm going to write to him because we do talk to him. He's a Hollywood guy right now. Sure right? is. He's Hollywood. Uh, I would write to him and say, listen. You don't deal with this nonsense that, that we've gotten up until now. Please, fresh fresh take. Just go. Go with it. Action. All of a sudden, the JLA is hit with a memory wipe beam, and now we have to start yeah. fresh. Oh, no, no. Wait, I want you to open it up, and they have a fucking memory beam fucking wiper in the comic that wipes my goddamn mind of everything that happened. I'd like that, and That's then just get on though, with Jim. it. Yeah, get rid of the ray. Yeah, that's that's my chair. That's that's called you know night night juice. I would get rid of the ray, and it looks like the ray is leaving uh, the book, which only scares me that they're giving uh, Steve Orlando a six issue mini with the worst character in the goddamn book. Yeah, but we'll see. But he's leaving. Uh, I would probably. 
It's funny, too, because there is Killer Frost, and she's really part of that team. I don't know if maybe she should leave, too, because that just you keep getting back to that whole thing of, you know, is she a killer and all that? Maybe we'll be done with that. I don't know. I'd give her I a Black know. Canary just because she's too all yeah, over uh, everything. Yeah. I get, know, she's not really whole new team. purpose there. I'd have a whole new team that is and led Lobo by— out. Yeah, no, Lobo has to go. Maybe led by Simon Baz, as you always want. I would is love that Simon what you Baz want? on that team, yeah. I think Batman hires somebody else. You get El Gaucho. He shows up, and now right. we're talking fun. I like him. Get all of Batman Incorporated, guys. So, so and I love is it. now Batman Incorporated. Yes. Get Grant Morrison on this. We Choir, are good. I actually was going to say earlier when we were talking about the JSA book uh, when J-Man was talking, too. I really uh, – I don't know. They they were really talking it up with uh, Grant Morrison this weekend at Comic Con, and I uh, you you think that maybe he's going to be on a book, and you can only think it's a big book. He's not going to show Wonder up Woman for Earth nothing. Two volume, I mean, Earth One. Well, it is that too, but they're really they you know he's back in the fold, but he's doing that heavy metal stuff though. I may I'd like you know would you like him back on like a JSA something like that? I no. know you're not a big fan of Grant Morrison. I think that if he came back to DC in a regular ongoing book. I think that possibly you would like him more because the nonsense that we're getting now, it's nonsense that isn't even imaginative. And that's the I know thing that, is, it's everybody trying to emulate freaking yes, Grant Morrison and, and but not they can't. actual Grant See, Morrison. See, that's the thing. Grant Morrison, we it drives us nuts because he just goes bonkers. But – that's kind of that's better than what we're getting. We're getting boring. We're getting Grant Morrison foe uh, instead of getting you know all these ideas thrown at us and whatnot. So maybe that would be the case. But that's it, Eric. That's the mail. That's all just right. Sanga. But I would like uh, James Bonney on JLA. I think that would be a pretty cool deal. I want James Bonney on Green Arrow because I want something to make that book legitimate. Also, make JLA a monthly title. Start with that. Announce oh, that James right. Bonney's on it. Make it a monthly title so I don't have. I get one less review a month. I need the. I need a break. Eric, these things just keep going and going. But that is it. That is the end of the mail sections, and we're going to go off and finish up this podcast. Eric Shea. I'm Spoon James, and I came to say... Fuck Spoon James, we all about that. Shay coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass. Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not. With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees. Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these. If it wasn't that, it might be wouldn't have no fame. We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame. And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit, the only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick. Speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now Did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions out your ass like a colonoscopy Make way for MC Clifton with his brother Robinosity From the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew Word to Eric, Jim and Reggie for all you guys do On behalf of all the fans who hear the pod Every day we love you motherfuckers But mostly Eric Shane Just a man and a man knows a man uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man he is the And man. you know he never fails No one but the pure at heart May smell just stinky fart Sing it, Dustin Oh, Eric Shay. What? What? You like my little additions? I, I don't think they needed a backup <laughs> singer there. These heavenly lyrics are coming it. straight into your ear holes, and you got to go in and try to ruin them? Hey, Come on. I forgot all about doing that this week, so I had to do this since it's the last and segment. I forgot all about it, too, so I was oh, so angry when I I'm had telling to hear you. you. The, the only reason that I shouldn't do that is because it actually makes me giggle to myself. <laughs> 
Telling you the whole time, I'm keeping myself from giggling. I crack myself up. I crack myself up, you know. You fly boys, crack me up, Eric. Ah. Oh, my goodness. We have two more books left. We have a final section of books that only has two books. Uh, we saved the best for last, though, didn't we? Did, did we? No, we oh. didn't, Eric. That is, I was testing you. I really was testing to see if you were paying attention. And, uh, you know, you surprised me. You were. And, and the thing is, even with the <laughs> books that we talked about before now, uh, I can't say that we loved every one because obviously people have listened to them and yeah. know that we didn't. But at least they were big books for the most part. Like I even said we were getting the podcast together, and this is where you know we'll go back and forth. Hey, what is this? We have the green section. We said earlier that's yeah. that's golden because now yeah, we yeah. know. And actually, we kind of know what usually is the first two. It'll either be you know Batman, Superman, Detective Action, whichever week it is. But we also have that little deal where we do have the badasses picking a book for the Patreon spotlight, and that kind of does kind of throw some sections, you know, willy nilly or especially if they pick anything sometimes. of the green section. Yeah, really then, then we off. don't know what to do. I'm telling you, it's it's a two day panic for Eric Shea and Jim Warner. But when I don't we're have doing a lot going this, on in my life. I'm writing all these books down. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, boy, you know what? I, I hadn't read your books yet or whatever, but I still said, you know, with these titles, this is a strong week. There there really? wasn't a lot in my mind at that point, a lot of, you know, big books that came out and also the weekly books, which are going to be the bigger stuff. So I'm going with all this. I'm like, boy, this is really good. You know, I have this, this, and I'm reading them off to you. And you're like, wait a second. You forgot Bane, Conquest, and Cyborg. I'm like... There goes Fuck. the fucking neighborhood. <laughs> I write those, and I'm like, they're at the end by themselves. And I did laugh because Brandon said that one of his favorite reviews each week is whatever the last book is because he <laughs> likes to see if we have checked out or how furious we are because we usually do leave the, the worst book for last. Unfortunately, I hate to admit that, but that's kind of what we do. Unlike when you said earlier about Superman, we like to you, you like to end the night – by reviewing a book, when we're writing and review our reviews, you want to review the that good one to go to bed so you don't be furious. Yeah. That's not how we play the podcast. The podcast no. usually is, you know, we get to this point, we're like, okay, this these are the Danny DeVitos of the twins of uh. the podcast, if you know. This is the shit that's left over. Though, I saw people talking to one Eric Shea in the Slack chat, a lot of the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, boop. and they were talking to you about Bane Conquest. And I even had some people People say that they had read it, uh, you know, when it came out and they hadn't read your review yet. And they said, I, I can't wait to read Eric's review because I think that this book is kind of getting back to turning the corner and being half decent. I agree. One yeah. of the things that I like about this issue is it's over quick. It's very quick moving. You don't have a lot of nonsense. It's right there, though. There is a little bit of nonsense that will go in. I'm going to stop yapping, Eric. I'm going to let you tell you the blurb. Go with it, Eric. Go! Bane Conquest number six, written by number Chuck six. Dixon with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, Nolan. and Carlos Emanuel. In this issue, we learn all about Cobra's <laughs> leader, the Naha Naha, who is reborn exactly at the moment of his death. And with this death. knowledge, Bane and Dionysus intend to kidnap their leader so that they can intercept the newborn right after killing him, essentially leaving Cobra leaderless and powerless. But maybe powerless. Bane shouldn't have his foe this, underestimate, underestimated his foe you this time. Up. <laughs> 
Uh-oh, I like that. I think that from now on I'm going to go and I'm going to play back when I edit the podcast, which takes me all goddamn Sunday. I'll sit yeah. there and I'm going to have a, a third track of me, you, and then the third track of me just Your ending everything vocals. with backup. I'm going to do the backup. <laughs> backup whispering uh, is better than the backup vocals. You know what I think is the best song that has backup whispering? What do you think it is? Do you know what no it would be? Idea. There is a song that I really, really like the way that it, it works out. And if you, the next time you hear it, you're going to be like, holy shit, Jim is right on. You know what it is? It is what? the Doors, Riders on the Storm. Yeah, it, all right. He actually whispers every line with himself, and it's awesome. Ma, Eric. Ma. Perfect. Yeah, this issue is better. I actually <laughs> like the art a lot better than what better we've than gotten. The doors. Not better than the tours, Eric. Better than what we have gotten from Bane Conquest recently. Uh, the way that that last... Uh, and again, this is a continuation. I keep wanting to say this is a new arc. And it, honestly, it obviously the thing isn't, is, but it, it might feels as well like it. Be. I'm telling you, yeah, we talked like about it before, because I hate calling it a new arc for a maxi series, but yeah. we are getting in the new territory, even though it's picking up kind of where we left off, because previously we had, you know... Bane and Dionysus making a bet who could take down this Russian crime family organization quicker using yeah. brains for Dionysus, brawn for Bane. And that I don't really out. know the outcome of it because no, Dionysus is trying out. to fuck Bane out. And Dionysus is still how, involved. That, that's exactly. What Dionysus is still involved, but I don't know how us leaving with that gets us into this whole thing where the whole world has become this game now. Like, I don't know why the game is continuing because we had this one thing. Nothing leads us into Bane now going after every criminal organization leading up to Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. And and really, if you want to think about it overall with this being the sixth issue of, like you said, the Maxi series, this has Cobra in it. And now it's gotten to the point in the sixth issue that I kind of um, – I don't even bother with that. And I hate to say it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to read this issue and have fun. I'm not going to worry because really you don't even get this idea. Idea. You do have Dionysus still with him. He's kind of helping them, uh, possibly begrudgingly, because you don't really know that. But He's Bane doesn't trust him. Bane doesn't trust him, him so Bane yeah. is keeping an eye on him. But you don't really get the concept of exactly what's going on. What I do like is just the the, the deal. I hate Cobra. Me and you so both I, hate Cobra, and we're getting a lot of Cobra recently. It's funny because you always hated Cobra. You never liked it. Cobra as an organization, all that. And recently you did some looking into Cobra, probably for this issue. And you were, you know, why don't I like Cobra? Huh, huh. And you found out that Jack Kirby. Jack you know, Kirby created, created Cobra. Yep, and then so you're like, there you go. This all makes sense now. Yeah, Another reason yeah. I don't like Cobra, I think, is because one of the first Batman issues I bought as a kid, like with my own money being all proud and shit like that. Yeah. It dealt with Cobra as well on King Snake, the whole thing when King Snake okay, was yeah. the freaking leader of the organization for that time. Like, it all just goes back to that. And now that I know that Jack Kirby created freaking Cobra, I'm like, ah, you know what? It all makes sense. I, yeah, but I don't this... think I'll ever like Cobra. The Naha Naha here, I actually like this little deal, uh, though I kind of think that they really tried to rush this whole thing of how the Naha Naha comes to be and what that, and that's really what they're centering on in here. But it, this isn't just the generic what we usually get with Cobra. It, there's a little twist with that, with this Naha Naha is, you know, this playboy actually reminds me a lot of the guy that we heard about in Deathstroke, the grocer's son. Oh, yeah. Who, so what, and, Remind me of exactly what yeah, I read there. Yeah, it really reminded me of that. So when we go in, I, 
I kind of like that. It's just like the, the grocer's son, the forgotten. He does not want to have any parts of this. He's happy no. to have Cobra oh, as yeah, his he's backer ha- yeah. to give him the yeah. money and the yeah, power. Yeah, he likes the money like and the power, he but he doesn't want to be the leader of it, though. Yeah, he doesn't really care about it. He just wants to go around and you know jet set around and have Drive fun. Drive fast cars and freaking bang yeah. loose women. And bang loose women. And in the meantime, though, it does kind of – you have that interplay where you have Cobra, who they're full in, right? And this Naha Naha, that he's the chosen one. He has the tattoo, all that stuff. And they have to deal with him while he doesn't really want to deal with them and, and this. And I, I do like it. But, they, you know, he's driving around with this chick. They're having some fun. And then all of a sudden a, a Cobra freaking helicarrier comes and teleports them up in there. Tractor beams yeah, them up yeah, in there. Yeah, tractor beams. And he's there's just like, hey, we have some deal. We have to, you know, the re- hey, Reverend One, you have to help us deal with this. And he's like, okay, just get rid of this shit over here. He means the chick. And when they throw out the car, I didn't mean the car, you idiot. like, I didn't mean the car, you idiot. Mimsy. But yeah, (laughs) and all this, you know, you have the deal with Bane showing up, and Bane's badass. And again, this is one of those where it starts off, and Bane looks great, and I think this is the best art since Graham Nolan started this this Maxi series. I just wish they'd get rid of that goddamn exposed nose. It bothers me every issue I see it. But I just like it too. It's like one of the badass deals where this guy's like running in like, oh my god, he's coming, he's coming. Bane's already there. He's already killed everyone. And I like it. He's like, who is coming? <laughs> like this guy's like, oh shit. But yeah, they're trying to figure out all, you know, what's going on and to take it down. There really isn't a huge story. The thing except- of the story that I really enjoyed though is that we have this du- like dual thing going on where Bane is taking out these other criminal organizations yeah. and he's dealing with this freaking Chinese one. And uh, at this point, he's finding out that all these like criminal organizations that he's been taking out, they all pay. They all lead to. I can't even talk now. They all pay tribute to Cobra. Yeah, they all lead to Cobra. The head of the snake, and these are all the lesser ones. So obviously, he's going to go after Cobra now. And Dionysus is trying to tell him, look. You can't underestimate this group. These are more than just a cult. You know, this is a freaking worldwide organization. And while this is going on, the freaking Cobra is trying to tell the Naha Naha about this character Bane. You can't underestimate all these other. You cannot underestimate. Yeah, I really like it. They aren't shit to each other. Oh yeah, they both think that they just can do no wrong. And I really like it. I like the back and forth where and and obviously we know Bane. And, you know, Chuck Dixon is going to remind us that it doesn't matter how many guys you have. Bane will come and just slaughter all of you. So you have this Naha Naha who's basically also he's kind of checked out as well. Like we said, he's kind of been on the side there. He just wants the power. He wants the the benefits. You know what? He, he, He likes the money. He's like Homer in the Stonecutters. He just yeah. wants to, you know, he's doing all this. But what they figure out then, what Dionysus and all, they figure out that this Naha Naha, when the Naha Naha dies, the minute he dies, they prophesize that his soul goes to a baby. So a baby that's born at that point and has the, you know, the deal, that'll be the new Naha Naha. So their whole plan is to pretty much take care of the Naha Naha and then grab the baby that'll be the next one. It is a but they gotta keep Naha Naha alive for a bit because Dionysus they can needs to freak, you know, 
figure out who is being yeah, born who's at a certain be time yep. so they can figure out where this freaking child will be born yeah. so they can snatch it up so, before the freaking Cobra can get it, which would, leave, yes. like I said in my blurb, leave them leaderless and then powerless yes. so they can just be taken down. Yeah, because and then they right can be now they're a down. powerhouse of an organization, but they are vulnerable when they don't have a leader. Yeah, because they're, they are a kind of a cult and they yeah, do like have Ray a leader. Blitzer. And the leader means more to them than just a, hey, you know what? You're in charge now. This is a spiritual thing for them. Yeah. So if they are left leaderless, it's not like one of those where they'll say like, okay, well, Henry over there, he's been here for a pretty long time. We'll get him. That's not Ooh, how it works. Promoted. Yeah, that's not how it works. And really, at that point, I wouldn't want to be promoted because that means Bane's kicking ass. Uh, but really, it, this is a very, very quick-moving issue. Yeah, the- but because of the way they actually dealt with the Naha Naha and the freaking, you know, how Bane is interacting with the idea, not interacting, but it's thinking about the idea yeah. of taking out this organization and not really caring. I actually found the progression more enjoyable than I have any other issue. Yeah. I think up to this, besides for maybe issue number two where Batman and him were in the prison together, like, you know, yeah, that, that was, was that really was cool probably my, I like this just as much though. Yeah. I like that interaction in this issue, but this whole thing, I really like it. And even to the point where the Naha Naha again, he's like, eh, what's this guy? You know, I don't need to hear this. I have yachting to do. Exactly. <laughs> he just, he just goes off to go yachting. And, uh, you know, you have these upper level Cobra guys like, should should we follow him? Should yeah, we, yeah. Should just we go? Don't let him know. Make and sure he's, you yeah, be very discreet. Be discreet. But yeah, yeah. Just, you know, he still is the chosen one. But yeah, you see Dionysus through this, and it just makes me laugh. Dionysus, how fucking fucked up he is. He's I don't like just looking at him. And he does, you know, Bane still, he's never going to trust him. There's no reason to. Uh, but yeah, he, there's a little humor with the where the whole deal where they said, listen, Bane's going to go off. He knows he's going to go and, and take care of this. Nah, nah. And he's like, listen, two of you are going to come with me. One's going to have to keep an eye on Dionysus. Nobody wants to keep an eye on that monstrosity. And it's like, hey, gracias, zombie. And zombies I just imagine, have... too, because it's oh, one of those things where back. you see Trog and Bird freaking yeah. whistling. And the thing is, yeah. it's one of those things like whoever volunteers to watch Dionysus step forward and oh, Trog yeah. and they Bird step to back. step back. I thought right away. Oh, thank you, zombie. Yep. I thought right away that they did that old trope. <laughs> you know, they step back. And that's when Bane's like, oh, right. It's so yeah, it's so funny. But then you go to Dubai, and that's where they're having this whole yacht thing. And this guy is just, you know, he's a jet setter. He likes to go and do all these things. In the meantime, Bane's there. He's a badass. He's going, and they just go, and they pretty much, you know, there's a big fight. They grab the guy. He shoots a bunch of people, and then they go off. And this is where the guy says, you know, you can't fuck with Cobra. I don't know what I'm you think so you're doing. There because when Bane comes up and everybody, like, you know, he just starts causing a riot. Everybody's trying to take off the Naha Naha standing. Do you have any idea who I am? And Bane just pounds him in the yeah. face. I'm like, he's dead. And they even say that because they're they're texting to each other and they do have the bio monitor data that, you know, zombies looking at and they're like, listen, you got to keep him alive until the search program is run, which Dionysus is running. And they're going the whole thing where Bane has him. They're getting shot at. He's kind of guarding him off. And he's like, you know, Bird, are you in position and all this? And they're ready. They have Bird like and a truck. They're off on a freaking plane waiting for Bane to come back. Yeah, they have one of those raft. sea planes that are just waiting for the raft to come up. 
They're going to go in. In the meantime, you have the na na just basically keep saying, you don't know what you're doing. You know, they will, you know, you, you guys are fools. Cobra up, will not stop. The wrath of Cobra, you have brought it down on yourself. They will move heaven and earth to find me. And that's where Ben's like, he? And it, it is, there's a giant thing. And it's a, a pretty cool progression. emerges from the underground, like under the water and even has the raft that's up on top. Yeah, the raft is on the submarine. Come out. And I'm like, Bane, you should have listened. You underestimated yeah. these people. Now they're going to yep. get fucked that's up. That's what he did because, yeah, they're so badass that he has this boat that's going out with the Naha. And basically, they raise up the goddamn submarine right over it. Submarine, yeah, Bane. yeah, and they're all there. But we know that he's just going to go through them like freaking a hot knife through butter. But I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I This is one of those things where I could take it or leave it. You know what I mean? If yeah. we weren't read, if I, if we weren't doing this podcast, I never would have picked it up. You probably would have. I, I don't know if you would have continued. I would have dropped it after issue yeah. number three probably. Yeah, so I, it's one of those. But that's where I like to be pleasantly surprised with stuff like this where all As of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I like that. And Graham Nolan's art, like I said, is, is a lot better to me in this. I don't know why. I thought, But the panels were really big. So you're getting a lot of pages with three big panels, and it really flew. I mean, this thing was it a flew fast, by fast read, fast, and I enjoyed You got it. a lot of stories setting up Cobra and the Naha yeah. Naha. And like, you know, the one thing I wish it would have dealt with more is why Bane is going after all these organizations Yeah, that's now. I it wish they would have had like it at the beginning. Got from point A to point no. B, and there was like not a lot of explanation but and all you really needed to do now. was him talking shit to dionysus and then you know hey you know part one of the contest is over or hey listen we kind of let's kind of go from this contest into let's just take everyone down well, let's, let's get is, rich this is the whole idea of the bane conquest where bane goes around yeah, the world yeah. and takes out all these but it's just out of nowhere it became exactly. less of a contest and we don't know now the other thing that i kind of and i know that this book has kind of stressed Bane being from Gotham, but when they do say, hey, where's he from? Oh, that guy's from Gotham. I, I thought that was a little off, but that's fine yeah. with me. That was fine, but what did you give it? I gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I was really pleasantly surprised with the whole thing, especially since I don't like Cobra going in. So yeah. when I actually started this whole thing off, I'm like, well, this is going to be a quick thing where I'm just yeah. not going to like it, and Bane Conquest is going to be a series it. that is quickly forgotten, but I was pleasantly surprised. Like you said, I like the art, but I need a little bit more because I was a little pissed off that we didn't get you know, the explanation, like I said, about why we're doing this now, yeah, but I, I, I'm happy to go forward with it. Like I said, I'm just going with the flow, so I'm going 7-5. I, I liked it, and I, uh, I said this thing with Cobra, if it's just Cobra going in and, oh, we're Cobra, you know, how we had in Nightwing this right. week where the it's just heads. them and they're yelling and all that i i like this where it's a little twist where we see the leader of cobra being a guy who hates cobra it seems as much as we do so yeah. i i really like that and now he's kind of forced into you know acting and now cobra has to protect him and all these things so i, I really did enjoy it but we're going to move on to the last book I didn't enjoy. I really no, didn't, enough. and it's just I am done. And I with haven't this enjoyed book. anything from this series no, in a long I time. Either. I haven't either. Go on. Cyborg number I'm seventeen, depressed. written by Tim Seeley with art by I'm. Um, God damn it! I did it again with my goddamn. Did for you? some reason well, I just put the Nightwing freaking off. You say, even on separate days. Here it is, written by John Semper Jr. Art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunez, Rob Lee. There you go, Eric. Give me a blur. And that's the problem too, because it's not a separate <laughs> day. Because I did this stuff yesterday. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then you didn't come back I to it. I saved it. That's what gets you. Do you have a blurb it. though, or you just Messed no, up no, the... I have it. So now the cyborg okay. has figured out how to rewrite the code of the Digiverse and convinced his evil doppelganger to give him the Otech virus cure. Cyborg has taken the fight to the two anomalies for their final showdown. 
which since Cyborg pretty much has the God Code on, he easily does. But hopefully they can get out of the Digiverse soon because back in our world, Anomaly Cyborg soldiers are planning on starting a war against humanity if they don't get their leader back. Yeah, I, I hate this book. I really so do. do I. It's just I I don't want to spend worst too much time we, we on talked, it. But... We talked previously about, you know, in the last issue when we found out it is the Digiverse. And in my yeah. mind, that takes all tension away because they tried to say, even though this is a digital verse, this is real to the people within them. So they yeah. tried to add that yeah, forced tension. Now care? when you have Cyborg actually being able just to be a god and can do whatever he wants. But you still, that's everything like... out. They still have – he's still working on this like roadblock though that I can't do too much because these people are – you know they think they're real. Also, you have a thing where Cyborg seems to be able – if he wants to turn my goddamn fucking penis into a croissant, he will and Delicious. can. But at the end part is – XE is turning into a goddamn O-Tech, you know, fucking, you know, metal monstrosity, but he can't change that. He can do anything else. Yeah, it's too complex, and it's just thrown out there. It's too complex, and this story is definitely to a part where it's going on forever, right? So how can I say that this is trying to rush to an end? But all of a sudden, it seems like John Semper Jr. is like, yeah, I'm getting bored with this. Uh, you know what? Cyber can do whatever he wants. People will agree with whatever he says because we have the other cy- cyborg, the red bad cyborg, just out of nowhere because of, of a situation that we'll say well, in a minute. Not, it's like, like okay, I trust you. Not only do we have all this stuff with, you know, and the anomalies and the freaking hell that this Digiverse world is in and it becomes too easy there. It just becomes too easy in general because out of nowhere we have the evil doppelganger. Oh, yeah. Why are you so why are you so mean, dude? Like, well, yeah. I had a fiance once, Scarlett Taylor. She was killed by humans. Hey, I know a Scarlett Taylor. She's here. She's oh, yeah? here. Let me and get that she's captured. And yeah. for you, hey. What was that you said before? What did you want? Oh, the, the cure. Oh, yeah. You know what? I said no before, but hey, here you go. I'm not a bad guy. I was just mad. Especially where you even at that point makes me mad because you don't know if that Scarlet is good, bad, and different because things are all over the place and change. It's just nonsense. This is all and and really when you're reading something and you have to keep throwing in, oh my god, this is Cybergeddon and this is the Digiverse and this is I'm Mega like, Battles. Really? Let's get back to a you know, let's get just tell a story. Don't don't go with this. The whole thing and I said it before last month when we talked about this. John Semper Jr. kind of seemed like he was coming on to be more of a like a human story other than yeah, but now it isn't cyborg. now it's not it's not it's just the same old goddamn shit that we always time. get and it always ends up because it's this digital and the digiverse and the cyber getting and all this what ends up happening is it just gets ridiculous you don't have any basis for anything they are basically in There's an no ai simulation with no rules where cyborg has figured out that he can just do whatever he wants and rewrite code at the you know split second and do all these things you know turn guns into goddamn fucking flowers and this into a spoon and all these things that it does you're just going and your head's spinning with the nonsense that we're getting and it's just not interesting you have a thing that i thought going into this one of the keys to this story this digiverse nonsense and anomaly all this was the addition of having beast boy i thought okay this is where we're going to get something good all beast boy's there for is to be someone who thinks he's alive when this is really a simulation that's all he is he doesn't do anything really and it just it's not very good but go on tell me about it eric give me the tit for tat 
Oh, all the tit for tat is, you know, like I said, you know, Cyborg convinces the evil Cyborg doppelganger to not be evil anymore because yeah. there's a, another version of his dead fiance in this world. And like, OK, with that knowledge, I'm going to give you the Otech virus cure. And at that point, the anomalies come out and say, hey, guess what? We got your girlfriend. Or at least somebody who looks like yeah. her. And if you don't come and fight us one more time and have a mega battle, we're going to kill her. I'm like, you're, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. We're going to kill her like I did the last time. And I'm thinking to myself. He just told us before that the yeah. humans killed her, and that's it why he was like against the humans. It seemed like the humans killed it. It was like a, a Frankenstein thing that she got injected with the she OTAC the virus, OTAC and then virus, they killed yeah. it. But really, that's like me setting you up to be killed. I'm pretty guilty. This is what I said when we talked about Batman earlier, and I argued with people uh, where they're saying, oh, the Riddler set things up so Batman's you know free and clear. No, no, no. You know, when, when this red cyborg, everybody's guilty. You know, don't just say the humans killed him, so you're going to just wipe out all humanity because they happened to attack her when the Otech virus went on. I see these things that are infected with the Otech virus. I'm attacking them the second I see America. They scared the shit out of me. I'm running, actually, but... Yeah, I might, too. I'm not that crazy. But, yeah, just in this, though, like, it's weird because you're going into this Digiverse, and you do have an opportunity where what I thought they would do is you have this other cyborg. Make it so that cyborg, our cyborg, sees... That why he has struggled with, am I human or, you know, that's basically the 101, Cyborg 101. Am I more human or machine? You see a doppelganger of yourself in the Digiverse, which would show Cyborg, you know what? I, I am more human. Like, I have feelings. I have this. They they kind of deal with it, uh, like, just a split second. Like, hey, did you go to school for this? Yeah, I played football. Hey, I, I avoided sports where, oh, we're not as, as as the same as we think. But that's just glossed over to and get to Cyborg. it turns out the thing that makes Cyborg more human than football. human is football. But, I mean, you could have really dealt with that whole deal where because he's doing this and even the way he's figured out the program and how he can program. And he says later, like, listen – you can't, uh, you know, you can't attack me, Anomaly, because I am human. My hacking is a humanized version of it. You can only do what's logical for a computer. I am doing it a little illogically because I, I, I have, have human emotion. imagination. Yeah, but it, it ends up just so glossed over and quick that that's where I said it's such a weird thing that to me this whole entire arc really has been this entire series. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. You've you've had arcs, but the story that's, has that's just the gone on. Problem and on. I have with the series, it yeah. doesn't. And a goddamn no. arc. Well, they and, might say they changed the new arc. They have not. No, and, and this isn't like a Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman in the New Fifty Two, or like, oh my god, it's this long burn, you no, know, slow burn story. That's good. great. It's not good. And so, why in this issue where you finally get to something that you've been setting up and something that seems like at least a little bit interesting? And you just fucking go. It's one fucking line. And then you go. You have fucking Blue who shows up for fucking a cameo here to just fucking speak nonsense and just go from there. And it's all like the whole thing where you have them and they go and they do save Scarlet. They do get her. And they go to her and she is trapped. You have Anomaly like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to inject the thing. What? With a spoon? Because Cyborg changed the, you know, the, the. Fucking what is it? The syringe into a spoon, whatever. And then all of a sudden he just throws him out the window. And then you have Scarlet like, oh, I can't move. They wouldn't like, oh no, you can now because I I made you. You now know, let's I can make meld you do so this. you can freaking do what I can do. Yeah, yeah, and let's mind meld so that uh, that Beast Boy doesn't hear 
what's going on and that he isn't real and we'll do this and we'll do that and now I'm going to change that, you well, we you have, have powers and- the anomaly from our world he's pushed out the window then and when cyborg mind modes with uh, variant and then because of this whole thing anomaly realizes Huh, if Cyborg can yeah. do this, we must be in a digiverse, and yeah. he can probably rewrite a code. So I'm going to do that, too. So, so he now does it giant, just because of that. And then Val, uh, Variant and Cyborg fly out because, you know, they can fly now because they can do whatever they want. Yeah, whatever they become they giants want. as well, and then freaking immediately take him down because while he's just a machine, they have the human inspiration and yep. imagination to rewrite code differently than he can and quicker yep. for some reason. Yeah, for and some reason. And so they reason. take him down and let him go. He runs off, and they go back to the bed. I'm like... Well, he knows now that he is a goddamn in a digiverse, and he yeah. pretty much is the other most powerful being in this world because he knows how to rewrite code. Why would you let him go? Well, and then uh, you know, I guess lucky for them, he runs lucky. into Blue. The the blues the, the, there. The digital mastermind of this entire thing, digital god who just takes on the persona of Blue, goes yeah. and just whisks him away, and he's gone. Yeah. It says, hey, where are you going? Going somewhere? And like, huh, I remember you from when I had Kilgore spy on Cyborg for me. You're Cyborg's musician friend. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, you know what? I, it looks like Cy- I look like Cyborg's friend, but it's only a disguise. Come with me. Bloop, they disappear. Gone. So you're like, really? This is what's going on? And then you have the rest. They're fighting. You know, the this Digi versus uh, Cyborg's Anomaly. mom shows up. They they show up to fight and all these. And they're just fighting everything. Then Cyborg looks like at one point he becomes a giant behemoth that has frost oh, no, breath. I don't even know saying that they, They've on. been giants since they fought that yeah, Anomaly the entire yeah. time. And like then because he can rewrite the code, he can see that the Anomaly of this Digiverse is underground trying to get away. So he just smashes Reaches the ground bucks him up and says all right war is over everything's oh and then i make him disappear from existence as well because why not yeah and then we get to the goddamn end with the cliffhanger we find out that they're they weren't actually sucked into a black hole or a wormhole their bodies they're only their consciousness were yeah their Their bodies are still there and sarah charles and black narcissus are keeping them alive while they're in their coma and they have they they can sense consciousness from somewhere very far away what does that mean Ay, ay, ay. And then they're talking, I don't know what Anomaly's Infernal Machine did to them, but I'm thankful you yanked me out. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? But Anomaly Cyborg Foot Soldiers are going to start a war if they don't get their leader yeah. back soon. Yeah, they want yeah. the leader. And, and that was where we you know, pretty much started the whole series, where Anomaly was gathering the ditched you know, machines and this and that that were kind of shoved aside and that's what are going to attack now and they're going to attack the real world. And then we have next, Reality Bites, but with a B-Y-T-E-S, Eric. Ooh, that's clever. Oh, Reality. Only if the story was as clever as their titles. Reality Bites, but that's it, Eric. Well, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 4 out of 10. I really enjoy Will Conrad's art, but the story yeah. is just goddamn nonsense. This whole God Code thing, it's just like you've taken, like, all of the fun out of this book because it's too easy now. There is no drama. There is no tension. There is no danger at all. And it's yeah. just a quick read where it doesn't amount to anything. I'm telling you, it's I'm, just sick, a quick of, way I'm to sick of giving it a, a pass. I'm sick of giving it the 4 out of 10 pass. Because that's if a book continues to be a 4 out of 10 to me, that's just enough to put it down a little too. Because why can't it be better? Why can't this be better ever? Well, I had been giving it a fuck you 5. <laughs> I'm giving it a 3-5. I'm just saying it so I can go lower. That's that's the only reason, Aaron. But that is But I do like podcast. Will Conrad's art a lot. Yeah, I do too. That is the podcast. Eric, tell me what is your 
book of the week. What could my book of the week is a tie between All Star Batman and Superman. Yeah, mine. I said mine was a tie between White Knight and All Star Batman, but because White Knight was also a Patreon only, and I said I kind of did like All Star just a little bit better, maybe because it ended that series as well. So I kind of you know had all that. Uh, but I'm gonna give it to ah eh, screw it. I'm gonna have a combo White Knight Batman White Knight as well, and All Star Batman. So I will keep that tie as well. But I'm gonna tell you what we have next week, and the reason why I was stalling a little, Eric, is because the oh, I know exactly fresh why. well no the fresh Fresh Comics does not have a full updated list, so I'm going to have to go by the review copy list. So it's going to be a little disjointed here uh, because I'm going to go with this. Uh, We're going to be talking next week about Action Comics number 989, continues the Oz effect. We also have Dark Knight's Metal number 3. We have Detective Comics 966. I'm just going down here, and then I have to go out to another file. And we got Justice League of America number 16, Eric. I know I usually say what's in most of these, but right now my mind is is a freaking haze. Crisis in the multiverse. Yeah, this is where we see more of uh, Dr. Ott and why he may be the worst thing to show up. Well, at the, it's about at the time end. because I still yeah. don't know why. We still really don't see that much. Uh, Mr. Miracle number three, Eric. Woo-wee. Mr. Miracle number three. Who knows? He's Mr. Miracle. Uh, new Superman number 16, where you weren't around the last time we talked I about it. Me and Reggie. I actually have to go back and read that last yeah, issue. Yeah, we have to talk about it. And uh, that is where you had uh, Keenan uh, shoved into the world of the racist detective comics type deal that oh, we good. thought about. So we also have Red Hood and the Outlaws number 15, where we guess that you would see, uh, you know, that the smart. Alec, uh, what, Smarty Pants, Pants Smarty Pants Bizarro, if he's going to maintain that. We also have Supergirl number 14, Superwoman number 15, The Flash number 32, Wonder Woman number 32. Now I get it back. Continuing James Robinson's arc of the freaking, you know, finding out about Wonder Woman's brother, Jason. Yes, indeed. And somehow I ended up at a weird spot because now I have to go to this other file. This is the worst. Jesus Christ. This is the worst. Wait, here, just give me a second. And we. We also have Background on the Birds of Prey number 15, which is – I forget exactly what the arc is called, but is where all the men all the men get a, a virus. virus. We also have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. We have Ragman number one. Turns I don't out like, it's yeah. herpes. What's that? <laughs> it turns out it's gonorrhea. Ragman number one, Eric. Suicide Squad number 27. And to wrap things up, possibly you will hear Jeremy talk about the Wildstorm Michael Cray number one. That, you know, the first uh, kind of solo book from that Wildstorm is coming out. So that's a lot of books. A lot of books coming out, Eric. I think I said I have 28 reviews to do this week is what I counted. I, think you I may be a little me, off. But I may be a little off, but I think it was 27 now. You're huh. right. I only had 27. But we'll be talking about those. Uh, just to mention everyone as well, again, that we have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash science where you can go and support us. And the badasses are already voting on what will be next week uh, for the Patreon-only spotlight. And I didn't see yet. I'm going to tell you right now, though, the one that is in the lead. What do you think of all those 
that I've talked about her. What is in the lead? And actually going to a commanding lead. What do metal you think number it would be? three. No, it is not. Metal did number three. Did you say three. metal number three in your list? Yes, I did. But okay. now I'm looking at my list of what I've oh, yep, Dark Knight's metal number three. Nope, that is on the list, but it's not the most votes. The most votes, Eric, Ragman number one. Oh, that makes people sense. like the I number one. Yeah, so that's what that is what right now is in the lead after 14 votes. So there's a lot more voting to go, but yeah, one of the ones that we talked about will be Patreon only. So if you want to hear that, you can go and support us and get a lot of other shows as well. Uh, I think this weekend, tomorrow, as you read the or listen to this, I, I'm starting to. I took some cold medicine, Eric. Oh, and I'm starting it. to get a little loopy. Goddamn junkie! I'm starting to get a little loopy here. But this week we are going to have uh, Mr. Terrific Part Two on the Patreon only and on the regular feed. You will get the Batwoman Volume One of the New Fifty Two podcast. You're drinking cold medicine again? again. It's the weekend, kids. I'm, Daddy's hey, happy. Kids, kids. this Let him is what happens. Do what he wants. Let Dad drink the lean and leave me alone is what I say Eric Jesus Christ kids you know what I act like a dad six days of the week let daddy have his fun it's time for the night ball for daddy daddy yeah, hey, we better end. I'm going to end up freaking. We still have some stuff to do for the podcast. Yeah. So you will hear me get a, a very goofy. Or you would have already heard me. See, I'm losing it, Eric. I am I losing it. What do we say at the end, Eric? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird and we'll see you at seven. Thank <laughs> you.